Welcome to Eric Shea's Weird Science DC Comics Podcast featuring Eric Shea. This week and every week, you can hear Eric Shea and his sidekicks review and discuss all this week's DC Comics. So get ready for Eric Shea's Weird Science DC Comics Podcast featuring Eric Shea. And now, here's the star of the show and your host, Eric Shea. This is all for the Get Fresh crew. Don't forget to say boop boop. Boop, You can be a part of it too. Or would you rather be Todd? Todd. Welcome back, everyone. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Todd. No, I'm Jim Werner, Eric. I don't want to be Todd. you're currently listening to the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 146. Listen to you. You're a crooner. Everybody else gets to sing on the show. I want to do a little bit, too. I don't want to sing. How about that? When you're... I don't know. Hello. Welcome, one and all. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, you're Eric Shea. How about that? You like that one? A little serenading you. Uh, Hello and welcome one and all to the official unofficial podcast of WeirdScienceDCComic.com for our October 21st, 2016. Eric Shea, we are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, the Batman Podcast Network, and the Tangent Bound Podcast Network. Yes, we are. We are on Facebook. Not even proud. We're not proud anymore. We're just, yes, no, we are. Today. It's just a, a, a claim of affirmation. Todd likes those We networks. are on Facebook at Weird Science DC Comics, on Podbean at Weird Science DC Comics at podbean.com. We have a Twitter account that is at Weird Science DC and a website, Weird Science DC Comics.com, that has won a few awards, possibly one. Okay. <laughs> That's it's one, but we've won it every single day. I see sure that banner up there, so every single day it just keeps on a winning. They asked we us also, to take it down and we said no. Yes. We also have a Patreon account. My voice just changed. What am I, Peter Brady? Oh, it's we time do. to change, Eric. It's the <laughs> Patreon account is patreon.com at weird science. And I mention that mainly because the Patreon spotlight this week, as picked by the bad asses of the Get Fresh crew, beep boop, boop, boop is Superman number thirty-three, which I will—I'll spoil the fucking thing for everyone already by the end of this podcast. That is my book of the week. So Mine and your well. so our our favorite book of the week is a Patreon only, but not because we did it. It's because it was picked by the badasses, Eric, and that leads to. The badass roll call. Sure does. Oh yeah, Eric, listen to that. Still have not got that volume right. Not at <laughs> all. I'll never get it though. I did start off low, right? Yeah. Uh, that's not bad. But here is the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. We're gonna start with a new one. The ultimate badass, Toby Hagen. Oh, Eric. We, then we have Lone Wolf Marv. We have Andrew in Belfast. Dave J. New Dave. Uh, Dave. Uh, blah, 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 blah. 
Mem Proms, Rob Lewis. We have all new Dave Dave J. Rob Lewis, Richard Richardson, Simon, G Man, Monty, Hakeem, Jolly Drew, Manship, T Werner. We just call her T. Ian Job, D Man, Reggie Hancock, Brandon Murray, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Vermillion with the voice of an angel, Eric. We also have Missy T, Bobby, Jazz, Haviland. Pete from NYC, who just loves to hear Reggie sing Same it up. Batman more. Beyond, Mark, and the OG, Christopher Hyden. And we give you a salute to you, all of you guys, and everyone else who supports Especially us over boop, at Patreon. Be the boop. And yeah, if you want to go over and check us out at Patreon again, it's patreon.com slash weird science. We do have a lot of different shows that you guys can check on out, and we'd really appreciate that, sure would. don't we? Yes, we would. But we also have a badass thing as well. I'm trying to get my notes, Eric. I'm trying to oh, stall. God. I forgot what okay? the guy. No, I forgot what the rant and rave line is. I will tell you, I did have to take an allergy medicine about 40 minutes ago, so go. expect the worst. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's going to be the worst because I, I cannot do. take that. Yeah, really, so do I. That's why I'm never disappointed. But yet, I still am always disappointed. Uh, yeah, but yeah, we have a rant and rave line, and that rant and rave line is 641-715-3900. Enter extension 452-328, followed by the pound sign, Eric. It's just that easy, folks. Welcome to the podcast. You know it's gonna be a long one. But when you hit your word up, you know it's gonna be a strong one. If you're thinking it's a nonsense, then it's time to phone it in. If you want to share your problems, then you can tell them on the gym. You can think about your car, bitch, and bitch about your job. You can bitch about a hoodie, because heck, it's a slob. You're right now. Uh, yes, on. and we're going to start out this. Yeah, but no! We're going to start this out with Rob Lewis. I'm so sorry, Mr. King. <laughs> Even if this apology is only temporary, it's your man Rob Lewis coming up, to Rob? you from Albany, New York, to tell you Tom King has finally done it. He finally wrote an interesting Batman story. Right. In my humble opinion, of Wish course. Wish I could have read it. When I first heard what the follow-up to the Riddler and Joker art was going to be about this Batman traveling across the desert, soul-searching, I said, oh, God, here we go again. More bullshit. But I was surprised. With The book opens up, and he's not traveling alone. He's traveling with Selena. Traveling with one horse. 
Only um, one. <laughs> okay, this might be interesting. There might be a reason why the two of them are traveling. Let's find out why. But then as I scanned down, we got Selena killing a horse. And I said to myself, yep, I forgot. This is the 21st century. We got to get a gun in a Batman story some kind of way. We got to get somebody in the Batman family pulling the trigger some kind of way. Because you got to have a gun in a Batman story here in the 21st century. But I digress. As we go along into the story, we see that Batman is infiltrating the country that he has no business being in. And I said, oh, here we go again. Rogue Batman keeping secrets from everyone. Here we go again. But it was balanced out. And the balance began, I want to say, on page seven, where we see all of the former Robins at Wayne Manor with Alfred. Except him. And that that was fun. It was character building, and it gave balance to the book. What was even more interesting is when Alfred finally told them about the proposal. The looks were fantastic. That one panel with them all standing at Alfred was amazing. Even Ace gave a wonderful look, I want to say. (laughs) But, you know, I tell you, I said to myself, they're going to drag this on. They're going to drag it on. They're going to drag it on. And we're never going to get to the just or meat and the potatoes that Jim and Eric would say. But, wow, <laughs> sure enough, at the clu- conclusion of the story, after much angst from Damon, we find out why Batman has gone rogue. He has to confront Talia with Selina. I don't this understand it. It's going to be interesting. King has finally written a book. That I have enjoyed. Right, Rob. Now, I hope that he's let's right. Let's see if Jim is right, and see if that drawn-out proposal arc is going to lead to some interesting books. For me, this book was a seven point five. See, hope he's still seven point five is still not, you know, that's no ten. So Rob is at least he's being realistic. I told yeah. him on Twitter that I was glad that he liked it. That's good. I'm I did. Like to do. Uh, and maybe I've been sullied by the rest of the series, and maybe I, I think that me and you We're and everybody skills. out there reading, I think everybody out there listening right now and reading Batman, uh, that Tom King owes us to show us that he's good over a couple issues. I, I'm not going to go and say, okay, this is what I waited for because of one issue. You're going to hear us talk about it in a little bit, but I need – yeah, he does. We deserve better, and he better give us better, Eric. I'm gonna find. I don't know if we That's just that. Maybe this is the Batman writer we deserve because we're not good people. <sighs> that is true. I am not a good person. I don't think I deserve anything except the misery that is Kick you, Eric. No, you. That's what I deserve. I got what I deserved. Uh, a goddamn <laughs> co-host uh, that fucking infuriates me. There you go. Actually, it's even isn't it weird for me to call you a co-host? That yeah. seems very pretentious. You are more. I, I call you a friend, but you're not. So I don't I, know I, what term. I, I what term should intro, I say? Jim. I am associate. The host with my sidekicks. Associate. Oh, I'd I'd rather be a sidekick. I told you I always wanted to be a Robin rather than a Batman when oh, I was too. little, and I'd watch Batman '66. I wanted to be Robin, and I had don't awesome know. Awesome legs, right? 
No, it just oh. seems like Batman, eh, he's got too much on his plate. I don't need to do that. I just need to go around and like, holy double dildo, Batman, like shit like that, and and get the laughs. I always like the laughs, Eric. That's why I'm here, the laughs, <laughs> the good times. Here we go. Here's the next one. This is for you, Eric. Richard Richardson oh. here, and I know how much you've missed me, Jim, and yeah. Cellar Dweller. Yeah. Who's that? Richard Richardson <laughs> is back, and tonight, my, I'm going to... Would you, would you be happy to know, Eric, that Richard Richardson got a hold of me and said that he loved the Cellar Dweller show? Would, oh, would that he? make you... Yeah. Yeah, would that wow. make you happy? Would that make you? Would you make make me happy? Well, he didn't, but I knew it would make you happy. No, he did. I'm not joking. He did. So yeah, yeah. There you go. You got a fan. You got a fan. Telling you, get Josh on the line. We need the cellar dweller here. I think there's a controversy going on. (laughs) Do something that I haven't done before. Yes, that's right. Richard Richardson's going to do Billy on the Street with Richard Richardson. Billy on the Street. Who's Billy? I don't know. Did you hear that correctly? <laughs> Billy on the street, Billy on the street. With, Richard Richardson. with Richard Richardson. It's going to be called Richard Richardson on the phone. All right. Yeah. Makes more so sense to me. Okay. Richard Richardson has his phone book here, and he's going. He's to just going to call a random number. Through the I'm phone down. book I and love find a good number. It, find a Billy. Who's a good number? Billy Zane, so possibly. Here's a good number. We will dial this number on the phone. Do it. Are you ready? I am. Damn it, I'm so ready. I am. I'm ready. I'm ready. Richard Richardson is calling now. Okay. Here he goes, Eric. You just hang up the call? Richardson is calling. He's calling. He's calling now. Here we go. And that's the end of the call. <laughs> yep. Yes. <laughs> Richard, that's not, uh, I, I have to warn you, that's not the last that we will hear hey, Speaking of Billy from Zane, him. though, I was a little upset that because he was in this week's episode of Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, was P.T. Barnum. And I was just really upset because, like, you could have had him as Lex Luthor, you sons of bitches. That's all I yes, want. Yes, yes. Here is the next one. That's another call in, Eric, from a famous man. Uh, here we go. Hello there, boys. Hello. This is former Hollywood big shot, Harvey Weinstein. Oh, oh here God. we go. <laughs> hey, you may have heard I got myself I have, into a, yes, bit a little of bit of trouble recently. Heard some things. All false allegations, of course. Of course but so. I've been forced to lay low for a little while until things blow over. So I've been thinking, what's what the future of entertainment? And the answer, of course, is podcasting. I thought it was Eric Who Shea. are the hot young starlets of podcasting today? That's I'm Jim young. Werner and Eric Shea. Yes. All right. I heard that phone sex bit you boys did a couple of weeks ago. I got mm. so excited I had to lock my office door and take Forgot out the about that one. Piddling. Oh, you see, I know the characters from your comics. You know I'm hip. So I want to meet with you boys and talk about your futures. I don't want right. Unfortunately, I don't really have offices anymore. Oh, no. But I just bought myself a Winnebago with tinted windows I that I call the Harvey ask for a massage. Star Maker Express. Yes. I'm going to drive the Express down to Quakertown, oh, find a good parking spot by the Walmart. <laughs> Why do we tell people where we live? my future stars. I know you boys like to come by after your show. Yep. So next time you do... Just give a knock. All you on need is Harvey's one of those door. pizzas. 
We'll make sure. I'm telling you, you get one of those pizzas that Brandon hooked me up on. Yeah, I'm there, Harvey. Frozen or just pizzas. drive a food truck Talk over. Talk about comic. Uh, yeah, or just give me a piece of gum. I, I don't care. I'm desperate. a couple Eric. wine coolers. Yeah. Yeah, who knows what happens. Bartles and James? That all depends on how much you boys want to be stars. Yes. I don't want to All right, be I got to get going. I got a 1030, and I have to make sure my <laughs> pants are unzipped before she gets here. But I'll talk <laughs> oh, to you That's soon. inappropriate, Eric. And uh, doodle doodle to the Get Fresh crew. Doodle oh, doodle. The hell don't you doodle say. them. Yes. Doodle doodle. That is Harvey Weinstein. I, I, I did not I know. I doodling them than diddling them. I did not know that he was a fan, Eric. I was not well, aware of on. that. True. I don't. I don't know who. I know this man is a fan, though. And here we go, Eric. Richard, Richard, been here, <laughs> and I know how much you miss me. That's the worst thing. Harvey Weinstein calls in, and Richard Richardson, and most people are more annoyed with Richard Richardson. <laughs> Something's wrong, Eric. Jim and Seller, I know how much you miss me. And Richard Richardson is back. He told what you Billy he say? would be back. And Richard Richardson has a new segment. And it's right. called Richard Richardson on the phone. It's this again. And what am I going to do right now? I think maybe that first one failed and he had to call back. As I'm leaping through my phone book, <laughs> this, is a sec- this is a second call. And I will interview this person. Yes, Richard Richardson on the phone. He had to hang so up the phone to call someone. He He's calling him again. Richard Richardson on the phone. Love Arthur's Richard Richardson. Worked out his head. Richard <laughs> Richardson on the phone. <laughs> he got cut off again, Eric. Oh, no. We, we've problem. learned. It's the future. Why can't we have a phone that has two lines going at the same time? Is that like, a thing? I don't know. I pen, don't pen. know. All I know is I got in a fight with my wife today. And I blocked her on my phone. What do you think of this? <laughs> I you went, I left her. the house. Did, you, oh, did no. you put your relationship status on Facebook? No, so I didn't do that. I got mad. And uh, she wanted uh, RC Cola and potato chips, Eric. So I was going to go get those. Well, it's a party then. Come on. No, and I got mad. And I, I walked out and I, I was upset. So I wanted her to feel the wrath of Jim. And what I did was block her number on my phone. And she tried to call me six times and it didn't go through. Though I was only gone for about 15 minutes. So I yeah. can't. I I try to put my foot down and try to, you know, let the people in this house see what it'd be like sans Jim. But I can't do it that long. I, I only have a couple friends in this life, Eric, and most are in this house. But I did. It just made me think when he was talking about the phone that I did not unblock that number yet either. So there you go, Eric. And this is the I next to do that. You're going to be in trouble. I know. I know. I told you. Uh, I forgot. To, I keep forgetting to tell her because at work, they're making me take pictures of things that we do like we pack up some crates things like that and i have to take pictures of them and when i do that i take the picture i usually now i'm taking pictures of the crate and then a fashion shot with you and then we send it to my boss and i i know that somehow she's going to see that i've been sending pictures to a number and not think that it's stuff in a crate she's going to think they're dick pics and i will get up so she'll get upset at some point so i i gotta nip that in the bud that you're like sending so many pictures of me well, that's the thing. That is a dick pic, right? Oh, okay. Boom. That makes sense. I realized yes. because I said I just set myself yes, up. Yes, you did. And here we go. We have the next call, and it is St. Patreon. Oh, shit. St. Patreon. I love St. Patreon. That's right, boys and girls. It's... 
speaking of guys who has problems with his family, every time St. Patreon calls, he's got issues with his wife, so we Saint will see. St. Patreon! The patrons say no more! Patreon accounts! For Santa Claus. Yes. I am not a distant relative of mine who makes a different sound that goes ho, ho, ho. Oh. But that's <laughs> just a that cheap rip-off of... I think that he's listening in on you. <laughs> now I'm scared. Shut up. It's been a while since I've checked in with you, boys. Yes. Have you been good no. so far this year? I can't stop Let me check my good and bad list, not the knockoff naughty and nice list from my <laughs> asshole brother-in-law. I told you, he has always has issues with his family. Let's see here. Eric Shea, Jim Warner, mm-hmm. uh, yep. Yep. going yep. down the list. Hard workers, Doesn't seem to those be in two. The good cause. Oh, no. Mm. Here we go. <laughs> Why don't we check the bad column? Woo-hoo! Ooh, Jim Warner and Eric Shea, top of the list of the bad okay. column. I wonder why. Top of the list? Woo-hoo-hoo! I know why. It's because why? they discontinued the Weird <laughs> Science Pop Culture Podcast. <laughs> what the fuck, guys? <laughs> Come on. We got to get popped up in our ass with culture or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> why do I think that he shouldn't curse like this? He's too much like Santa Claus to be cursing like this. It really <laughs> seems odd. But on a more serious note, I'd like to wish everybody in the Get Fresh crew a happy holiday, because guess what's coming up? It's Halloween! Halloween. (laughs) I didn't know that was big for him. The holiday of St. Patreon, because there's candy, candy, and more candy. I love candy. Oh, jeez. (laughs) Here we go. I said, get back in your cage. <laughs> no matter, no matter. of the mind. That was just my pet animal. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shut up. I want to know Shut what this dinner up. music is in the background. I don't, I don't want to know anything Sorry that's going on here. That. I'll have to cut that out in editing. Yes. Uh-oh. <laughs> He's got a dark side. Okay. Um, what was I talking about before Nothing I was good. so rudely interrupted? Candy. That's right. I wanted to direct everybody over to the Weird Science DC Comics Patreon page right. where we could really use your support. Jim is too bashful to ask for handouts, but I'm not. I look bashful all the time with my uh, rosy yes. cheeks. Remember, he gets a percentage, same Patreon. Let's see. If you don't subscribe to the Patreon, you won't be able to listen to Far Out Sports Nuts nope, with Brandon right. and Jim. Yes. Ooh, boy, I love to hear about the the betting lines on Monday Night Football. <laughs> yep. I love to hear about the uh, the CTE and and all that stuff. Oh boy, what a great time! What he actually said, Eric, is he wants to see if I maintain my perfect record of Monday Night that Brandon will never beat me on. That's all what right. he's actually saying. Well, come right on, here. guys, just donate a little bit. You can donate five dollars a month. That ain't much. That's like a, a ham sandwich. That's the <laughs> price of a 
ham sandwich or candy. So just give up one ham sandwich. That's what Wrong Turn likes. And guess True. what? You're on the list. You can listen to Far Out Sports Nuts. <laughs> and really eat pushing some that. Far Out Nuts, too, yes. if you like. What? We could really use the support because boy do Jim and Eric and Reggie, too, put so much effort and time and energy and now he's going enthusiasm into the podcast. Now he's going Everybody to show their That's all you want to hear. Boy, it's time for me to get going back into the hat. With me, he lives in a hat. I will tell I you, same Patreon. <laughs> I don't think there is rules. Uh, same Patreon actually sent that before anybody would have been aware of the Cellar Dweller show, Eric. Oh, so hopefully, right. so hopefully sense, his next time that then. that actually came in earlier in the week, and nobody was aware that the uh, Cellar Dweller podcast cute. would drop out of nowhere like a gift from heaven, Eric. <laughs> it came amongst us all. To Again, lighten I our Wednesday, the poor quality of the cellar dweller put out. The, the Wednesday of of the cellar dweller began. The reign of the cellar dweller started. Though uh, we have talked all week because we did end the pop culture podcast, and the thing is, me and Eric had no idea that anybody liked it. No, <laughs> we said all week we're like, never heard anything from anybody about that podcast, and it's just kind of we're like, eh, you know what? We'll just end it. Nobody seems that into well, it. And then you know it's it's like the, the uh, it's begins. Cinderella. You don't know what you got till it's gone, baby. Right. But yeah, then that. I start going, and then I start missing it, and I have to keep almost like no, no, no. I promised Eric. I promised Eric we wouldn't get into this. So it's all Eric is what I'm saying. So if oh, you okay. if you that don't like sense, that we don't have it, but we did say we're we're figuring out some things, Eric. I, I don't know what that means, but we it are was. trying to figure out something. But here is the next rant and rave from across the pond eric what up jim and eric this is your boy toby calling from the uk um sorry about the sound quality of these calls first and foremost ever since i called you drunk and was screaming (laughs) um i've been uh, using my phone to send these messages the reason i don't want to get into all the details but basically there is another computer in front of my computer at the moment um, and that means I, I can't that use means. my sweet recording setup. So my oh. dulcet tones will return to normal as yes. of next week. Um, uh, but yeah, just for now, I'm having to send these via the power of uh, my cell phone. So yeah, um, I finally joined the Patreon. I'm really happy about that. It's nice to be able to uh, give back for uh, all the... Uh, well, Appreciate I was going to say all the years of entertainment, but I've only been listening since uh, the Rebirth uh, Universe yes. special came out, whenever that was, over a year ago. But yeah, it's still over a year. That's uh, plenty of time Ooh, to be uh, listening to your shit. Toot your own horn there, my friend. Don't toot and, um, horn. I don't know. I actually uh, I actually listened to your Cellar Dweller show. Yeah, that, that seemed like a yeah. fucking year. I'm really uh, <laughs> p- uh, proud, of, proud to uh, be involved with you guys in, in, uh, in that respect. Um, I've been enjoying the um, Patreon-exclusive uh, podcast. Necessary Nonsense is... Where you guys truly shine, I feel. I love that oh, stuff, yeah. like the uh, the more getting... <laughs> you were just sitting there waiting for Toby to mention that <laughs> Cellar Dweller. I know, that's all you want to hear. You will not hear. The minute that he says Cellar Dweller, your ears are going to perk up. To know you guys kind of stuff, like that's that's the 
the milk and the cheese that I crave. Sorry, Dancing Mike. Um, well, coming up, we are going to have our family stories one, yeah. and I, I do think that you will get to know us a little better, including uh, the fact that my mom and dad wanted a girl, Eric. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and so those have been one. fun. Yeah. Jim has issues with his kids is brilliant, um, but the one with Tonya was absolutely amazing. I had completely forgotten that Dancing Mike had uh, said to her, fuck, marry, kill, Jim, Eric, or Toby. <laughs> so when you read that out to her and her gas the floor and i was absolutely terrified and then i was absolutely dying of laughter because her very audible gasp in, <laughs> yes. in, in genuine shock at that question uh, hey, so i funny. said i'd, I'd ask so, her yeah, anything. Uh, props to tanya yeah. you need to get back on the uh, podcast soon because uh, yeah it, it was a great listen hear that um, tea? Already, any of the, uh, tea was asking me today when we're recording again <laughs> never uh, See you and never. Now I said next week. The uh, best song ever ones, although I did hear a couple of the free ones that went out on the... Uh, yeah. um, See? That's before the seller. Uh, now the, my ears have perked up, Eric. That's pop right. culture podcast stream. And those were great. Uh, so I'm looking forward to hearing the rest. But the one that's really surprised me is oh, the no. Sports Nuts one. Oh, because God. Eric, you thought it was coming, didn't you? You thought <laughs> yeah, that I he was going to say that. You, Toby, you would have made his life. He would have been – just imagine everyone listen, like Mr. Cool Eric Shea over there smoking like a badass. He, he put – he ends up giving me the file for the uh, the cellar dweller, and the next day every se- – check the phone. See if anybody's saying anything. Are they talking about it? Yeah. I, I, I broke your heart by just saying no. And actually, people were. And then you ended up talking about to Repairman Jack a lot about it and a lot oh, about yeah. it. Uh, Brandon had a new comment on the site today on the Patreon did site. Did you see that? I did not. See, because you already gave up. You already got so discouraged that you weren't. You never went to that Patreon page. The minute that cellar dweller hit, you're there every two seconds refreshing. I um yeah I don't Wish know shit about American wrong. football and I was kind of I don't know anything about baseball either but I was kind of scared that it would be difficult to listen to um and yeah like right away Brandon is like okay his stats are 39 45 <laughs> Exactly. Uh, 196 and nope. four down touchdowns and that's some good quarterback stats right like, there. The that's a good all these game. numbers mean. But, um, a lot. Yeah, if you can get past like the statistics, because I know Americans are obsessed with statistics. Four out of five Americans are obsessed with statistics. Sure. Did you know that? Um, which is why you create an insane sport like baseball. But um, yeah, the uh, the point is, is like those those podcasts are really enjoy just genuinely enjoyable as someone who doesn't like sport or no sports and um, i can get behind them like i'm learning a lot i didn't know who I colin know. copernicus was before uh, <laughs> i started listening copernicus. to that i think he's the guy who uh, took a knee and now everyone else is <laughs> uh, following his footsteps but uh that's fine i'm learning uh, a little bit about like you know all the 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 different teams that are in america i only know a handful um, normally ones that have like a a giant um, you know stuffed animal as a as a yeah. team mascot like those are the ones that are on my radar but I'm here like oh, I didn't yeah, even know there was a team like the LA Rams or whatever they're called um, so that was pretty cool um, but yeah anyone who's uh, dubious and sitting on the fence about them like definitely check them out because if I can learn you know who Calvin Cornucopia is then you know <laughs> you can too yes That's, you uh, can the point I'm trying to make we all can uh, learn turn, so yeah check out the sports nuts podcast check out anything on patreon guys if you're not paying for the patreon 
you're missing out. There is so much new content on there. It's it's absolute gold mine of brilliant <laughs> stuff. Um, what else is there to talk about? Um, I've got nothing really to rave about anymore other than those pods. I've got plenty to rant about, but I feel like this is uh, getting close to another just meandering ramble with no direction. So I'm going to end it here, and then uh, maybe I'll get back to you with my rants next week. All right. Um, I feel like I've been a bit... Uh, grumpy about like new jack swing and yes shitty blink 182 and green day cover band yes. so, yeah i'm gonna keep this on a light note and just say that i love the uh, the patreon only pots so yeah uh jim eric reggie and everyone else over no there mention get fresh of the crew. cellar boop, dweller boop. eric uh love you guys and i will boop, boop. speak to you soon um <laughs> was it dancing mike says in texas <laughs> see you in seven there we go see you right. in seven. Peace. texas oh uh, yes unfortunately no mention of the cellar dweller, Eric, but I like well, it. Nothing more I, to rave about. I liked it. And yeah, we, and me Brandon and Brandon. says on the Patreon feed, God damn job. Yeah. Made me hunt down it on the stick. Pretty good flick. Yeah, that's what he's saying. I, I don't know that that said anything about the podcast, but he did no, say. It's a goddamn job. No, he it's said, God damn, I thought he, it. to me, he was just talking out loud because he was working. Goddamn job. I, he just talks. He just, he is a stream of conscious guy when he's typing. Uh, yeah, me and Brandon do uh, the Patreon show, the Far Out Sports Nuts, uh, and we've taken a couple weeks off. I have, I, and we're going to get back to that. And I think that me and Brandon were talking at one point, but I got to talk to him some more. It is going to be more of a kind of a sports pop culture deal, mainly because... Because I do. Uh, people seem to like it, but we might be getting a little too much in. And I also told you that I can't watch sports 24-7. So if we're trying to catch up with a, a podcast that does that, I never will be able to. So yeah. I think we're going to do it more as a fun podcast. I'm going to institute two new segments this week. I don't know if you heard them. Uh, one's called The Keeper or Crapper, Eric, oh. and the other one's What You Talk About, Willis. I that think. sounds like an amazing segment. <laughs> uh, yes, but we're going to go to the next one. And thanks so much, Toby. I'm glad you, you enjoy the stuff, and thanks for joining up on the Patreon. And we're going to go the next Rant and Rave is Dancing Mike. Hi, Jim. Greetings, Eric, and Mike. hello, mother. So anyway, I'm calling you from the ATL, or near the ATL today. Yes, we're visiting Six Flags over Georgia for Fright Fest. Although all I posted last night on Twitter was a picture of me looking oh so sexy in my new Batman hoodie I had to buy because it's very chilly down here. And also posted a picture of the Hall of Justice, and awesome. Cyborg was indeed so on you. duty because that's what he does. Yep, he was on monitoring duty. The, uh, Justice League is monitor duty. So it does. That being said, um, last week I did talk about having a beer flight at Kroger, and also posted a picture on Twitter <laughs> of the wine and beer station at our Kroger. Yes, you can drink beer at the Kroger it's in that crazy. area only. You can even order some food over from the deli. Nice. And so we had a Sounds beer like flight a sandwich. Ham and cheese sandwich. sandwich. decided we liked the Wiseacre Oktoberfest and the best and got a growler of that, which is now gone. One of the many Oktoberfest beers which are out there right, right. now. And there is also one from Yingling, your local-ish brewery. So I have not tried the Yingling Oktoberfest yet. I'm sure I'll try to get that before it's gone for this year. Anyway, like I said, we are visiting Fright Fest. And a young Eric Shea or a present-day Eric Shea would really, really, really enjoy the heck out of this place right now. Lots and lots of gory, creepy, scary so stuff bad. here to see. Yeah. They really do it up right here. 
and we're about to head out today because they're open from 12 noon till midnight so got to get in early to be able to ride that justice league uh watchtower ride because it or i'm sorry battle for metropolis ride because it is awesome and it gets really really crowded later in the day so um i bought one and a half dc comics this week for anyone who is new to the podcast which i know some people are joining on this is what you do every week you buy your comics either digitally or at your local comic shops. Like, True. let's say maybe your yes. local comic shop is called uh, the Golden Age 1942 the Age in Monday, 1942. Maryville, Tennessee, possibly. Why wouldn't it be called? Anyway, you buy your Why comics, then you uh, read your comics, go to the award-winning website, weirdsciencedccomics.com. You read their reviews, possibly uh-huh. post some comments if you want to. Or the read the other comments. And I, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I was just listening. He has me mesmerized. Comics on Patreon. Yes. So that's how you do it. Um, so I did buy one and a half DC comics this week, like I said. Uh, the first one, the half, was Wonder Woman Conan. And uh, just I got to give a big shout out to Jeremy's review. It mentioned everything I had problems with or enjoyed about the comic. Uh, he pretty much everything I was thinking, he mentioned it, including nice. that Gail awesome. Simone really is better than some of the stuff she put in this issue. And also there was one panel where Conan went from sounding like Hulk smash or Grundy kill you dead to more like. I don't know, he was, he was pontificating with this self-awareness you usually don't find except in characters on Dawson's Creek. But that being said, it was I a like great Dawson's review. Creek. And uh, then there was uh, Batman number 30-whatever, this new arc. Yeah, they killed a horse. And what I want to talk about is the way the uh, Robins and Damien look. So I've, I mentioned this on my uh, comment on WeirdScienceDCComics.com. I don't know if that was actually the Robins or if that was a I think it was like Alfred and these three other middle-aged guys and they were recording a song for about their erectile dysfunction for a commercial I think they were getting the, the jam in one of those ED bands and the 20 or 30 something year old guy that was hanging I've got out with herpes, them but I don't let it bring which I me think down. was named Damien getting out of he the was pool. their sound guy that's all I could surmise from that art and anyway it is a Batman story at least it's getting somewhat near uh, it's getting better than jokes and riddles. That's about all I can say for it. So we'll see if Mr. King can get anywhere back on track. And that's about all I've got for this week. So until next week, uh, let's see. Keep it weird. Yes. Uh, spotlight Wait. out. Turn that Patreon spotlight out. And see you in seven. Boom, Eric. Boom. See you in seven. Thank you, Mike. And thanks, thanks Mike. every buddy who uh, called in. We didn't get... Uh, what's his name? Falcone, Big Daddy Falcone from last week. And I was afraid that we're not really sure who that might be. Nope. I guess he's just Big Daddy Falcone, Eric. But I do want to tell whoever that was if they weren't aware. Big sensation. Everybody loved Big Daddy Falcone. In fact, Brandon is on the uh, on the Mixler right now. We are recording this live, and when I when the rant and rave started, he was hoping that there was going to be a Big Daddy Falcone, and I had to say that he wasn't. Also, he wanted to tell me that what he meant to write for the Cellar Dweller was actually. Good, good damn job, not goddamn job. <laughs> it was supposed to be good damn job, Eric. So, in fact, you, it was accolades to you. I just thought he was there just typing shit. Goddamn job made me God hunt. And then I'm thinking, job. why did his job make him hunt that down? And you thought that it was just the podcast was making it into a job. To, I don't know. But yeah, this is worth it, to get through shit. 
Yes, he's like, God damn it, I gotta listen to this shit. Everybody on Dancing Mike and the Fear Fest at Six Flags Great Adventure. Two hours ago, he sent me a picture of him drinking again before the really scary stuff. Yeah, yeah, and he said that he was gonna wait. The scary stuff was coming later, but the scary drunk stuff was now or something. He, he put one up. He is probably blitzed right now. And we usually, when we do record on Mixler, we do go live usually on Saturday night while we're recording the, this intro and some of the mail. And Dancing Mike is usually in the chat. He is not, so I assume that he is drunk as hell right now, possibly in Kroger after leaving Six Flags. I just don't. I don't understand how i know you know around the country that you do have you know uh supermarkets and things that are allowed to sell alcohol and liquor yeah. and whatever but actually drinking in the supermarket seems very very weird to me but it's that funny to is me too because the- i like to imagine at the 24 hour mars like god damn it all the freaking like the bars are closed now let's yeah. go to kroger yeah let's let's go get uh, some ham sandwiches and some booze but yeah After that is the end kroger everybody that is the end of the rant and raves, and that's the after-hours party at Kroger. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're going to go off to the mail. It's mail with Jim. Hallelujah, it's mail with Jim. Oh yeah, it's mail with Jim. Hallelujah, it's mail with Jim. Amen, it's mail with Jim. Hallelujah, it's mail with Jim. Amen, let's hear section number one hey how you doing uh yes yes, this is the first mail section of the night if you want to be involved in the mail all you have to do is mail us at weird science dc comics at gmail.com and you'll be part of the show eric the lights will shine on you just like they did on wednesday night of the cellar dweller all right Yeah! And this mail section is brought to you by Hakeem. Hakeem says, What up, Jim Eric and the entire Get Fresh Coop? Beep boop! What's up, Hakeem? There are some questions I have regarding some of the missing DC characters so far in Rebirth. These characters were what I thought to be central and well-known personas in the DCU, in which after 18 months after Rebirth, I have yet to see. Can you guys tell me what happened to the following characters as the new 52 wrapped up? Number one, Martian Manhunter Eric. Martian Manhunter just went off to do Martian Manhunter things. Yes, he did. He actually, that book just ended. I'm expecting uh, we'll see Mr. Bix- Biscuits sometime to infuriate. We will never see Mr. Biscuits again. Thank Mr. goodness. Martian Manhunter should show up. If, you know, he yeah. might be one of these people. That's one of the things well, going on Well, we right did now see his the... outfit in the vault of the Justice League, of the Watchtower. So we yeah, did see that. Yeah, you saw a lot of shit that didn't make sense in that Yeah, but we saw vault, that. But That's I'm telling you, the way things are with Mr. Oz and his freaking, you know, prison right now, and they're like, even the idea that Tim Drake has no idea who Connor Kent is, he has yeah. no idea what they're doing with the storyline. So actually, a lot of these questions might be like, you know, filled up or like it might be filled when the, the clock. thing go. Yes. Number two, Shazam. We have seen him in Rebirth. He was we in the him beginning in one panel of in the Constantine yep, Rebirth. In Constantine one. Rebirth number one, he was there with Wonder Woman in London. So we have seen that. Now the next one is very, very uh, interesting. The way it plays out. Cassie Sands, Mark Wondergirl. She was in Rebirth, but yeah. not in a Rebirth 
book. Exactly. That's the weirdest thing is that the Teen Titans book carried over into Rebirth. I forgot all about it too because I looked it up. And when up until the point, the last issue was a kind of a remembrance issue for Tim Drake when Tim Drake, you know, quote unquote, got killed. uh, That was the same week was the last issue of Teen Titans. That was one of those books that carried over without the Rebirth branding. And then after that, Society and Batman Beyond. Yeah, yeah. And then because of that, that's why we didn't get a Teen Titans Rebirth book until a little bit later. Uh, But yeah, she technically then was there. And basically, I read the issue. I went back to read the issue after Akeem sent this. And basically, she just said she had to take some time off. You had all of them really saying that. Like traveling with her mother after that stuff because everybody disbanded the Teen Titans. Like disbanded at that point after Tim died. Now we have some of the characters showing up in the new Teen Titans, but. Right now, like, you know, Cassie Sandsmark, we have a lot of stuff going on with Donna Troy, who was, you know, known as Wonder Girl in the this continuity, it seems like now. Yeah. A lot of stuff's going on with her in the Titans right now, so she might end up being like a freaking Superboy Connor Kent, well, where we'll you know, Tim might not even remember Cassie Sandsmark as yeah, Wonder well, Girl. Yeah, we'll knows? see, because what happened at the end of that was funny, because it did lead into the, the Teen Titans book with uh, Beast Boy, because he yeah. just said, I have some friends in Hollywood, I'm going off, and that's how the Teen Titans started with that. And yeah, that last issue was them, and obviously Power Girl kind of went on to be right in, now, yeah. in Deathstroke and stuff like that. I'm saying, you know, the, the uh, what's it called, the new 52 power girl right. and say yeah they so we have seen some of them she just said she needed time off and without tim that to her there was no teen titans and was going to go off so i he said you already answered as best as one could on what happened to connor kent really it's not it's just as best as you could he just went off into the future that's yeah. what he, he went he went off with, with bart trying to figure out more stuff yeah. about himself into the yeah, future to and figure that's out the last about himself yeah, so it, it, it's kind of like he just was out of the picture anyway, and now they've made it. I, I really think that with that, who the hell's Connor? They do want to bring back a pre-Flashpoint Connor Kent, but I also wonder if they just don't want to confuse people like they had. Uh, Superboy is so convoluted in all the things. That Superboy goddamn book was so all over the place. It confused yeah. the hell out of me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Maybe it's maybe it's for the best. I know that people like Connor Kent, Superboy. You like Connor Kent, Superboy. I love but Superboy. Maybe, maybe it's better to just leave it at John and go forward with that and not confuse people right now. But we'll see. But he says, uh, uh, "What's it called? If you have, uh, bah, 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 I gotta go. Con, just curious if you can clarify what happened to those characters and hopefully provide any explanation as to why we haven't seen any of them yet. But like I, I said, said, we have seen two of the three. The Doomsday clocks concluded, or even in that, that you might get your answer. We may. It's weird. It's almost like one of those things. To me, it's one of those things where we had been yelling for a Shazam book probably since 2012. 2013 yeah. and we never got one he ended up I on really the justice league those justice league backups yeah. that and explored his origin yep. we would it'll be leading towards and all it led for him was to play video games with cyborg in the watchtower and, and because of that i i've said this before i think that day is is past i yeah. really do i don't hear people that upset anymore because now the distance of how long they've waited to get a shazam book out there or to even show us shazam i think that people have just been like yeah whatever i I've well, moved and on. even with the idea of Shazam from where we left off, besides for seeing him in that one panel in Constantine Rebirth number one, where we left off in the Dark Side War, he had a whole new set of powers from the new gods. Yeah. Because, like, you know, his powers were taken away from him. They were like the freaking gods were shut down that actually granted him. Yeah, and powers. we wanted so to see that. Shazam had to get him new powers, and he loaned that he got them loaned to him 
by the new gods of old. The new actually, gods. The he gods was actually the, the old gods of a you know of apocalypse and and uh, new genesis and that sort of thing. The fourth world stuff. And that's the last we saw of him. So I don't know if that continuity yeah. still stands where yeah, he would still know. have these fucked up powers. It's like it uh, the way that Shazam is and how we haven't seen him. It's almost like Eric, you had an ex girlfriend. You really pined for her for a while, and then you almost run into her going into Wawa, and you just go by and don't even pay her any heat. That's what it seems like. Eric. <laughs> I'm telling you, I don't know <laughs> that why. Happened the other day she has the power to ruin my whole goddamn yeah, day yeah i tried not to let it ruin you usually you can tell when i try to cheer you up whenever you see your ex-girlfriend uh by just fucking bad mouthing her yeah. <laughs> that's all i say and then i, don't I start calling her name when you do that all i think oh god she's gonna hear him yeah i don't care i start yelling by the way is the far out sports podcast canceled no it is not and yeah, I, we just talked about that in the intro uh, at the end. Uh, yeah, it's not canceled. I just have to take a couple weeks off. We're going to come back full bore. Me and Hot Brandon going at it. Haven't seen it on the Patreon for the past two weeks. If it is, it's understandable. You guys have so many podcasts going on. I had no idea how you managed to do all of them at the same time. And then he lists them just to uh, you know get me miserable. Regular, New 52, Back Issues, Weird Science, Pop Culture, Necessary Nonsense, Issues with Kids, and those are other ones that I can't even name. He did not say seller dweller, Eric, nope. but yeah, the Far Out Sports Nuts is still going on and will be back this week. It would be a bit of a bummer if it's canceled. I used to listen to that show on Friday mornings and seemed to pump me up for the Sunday NFL games for the coming yes. weekend. I also want to do, because I found it as a public service, that I would tell everybody the bets that I would do so that they don't do those bets and then save themselves some money because I'm awful doing any sort of bets. And finally, What's it's a spread? No, oh, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't tell. My favorite spread, Miracle Whip, Eric. And finally, is episode 150 going to be an anniversary episode like 100? Kind of. We've been talking about it. Actually, it's more uh, for everyone else. Every episode's just another episode, but if you want 150 to be an extravaganza, uh, we'll do it, right? Yeah. And he says, I, will I'm it be? I'm drinking again, but yeah. Will it be live? Probably. Most importantly, will there be alcohol? And, and I said, I think it's my turn but the thing to is, get stinking drunk. I just did get a whole bottle of gin for being a freaking oh. groomsman at my buddy's wedding. Oh, some gin. You and that gin and iced tea. That's your yeah. favorite. Yeah, I, I'm thinking I might try to drink for I don't need the to first time in a long time. Lamp, though. Yeah, that is true. Thanks for everything for you, you guys do. Take care, he says at the end there, Eric. But that is actually the end of mail section number one. And thanks, Hakeem. But now we are going to go off to the books. Now we have waited for far long enough for the part of the podcast we love. The meat and the cheese that we
Ooh, it's time for those reviews, my friend. Uh, I was going to say something when Hakeem asked about the uh, the 150 show. I think it's going to be around Thanksgiving, and I was going to throw something out for people maybe to call in the rant and rave and tell us what they're thankful for. I was going to say if they want to do that, they can. I was going to do something. Uh, usually each year I try to do something when it's around your birthday, which I still think I might try to figure out something for that, but it will be. The, okay. the 150 episode, I believe, is the week of Thanksgiving or right around that. It's coming up, obviously, and uh, so maybe that will be something I'll think of more cool. and and let everybody say and not just I you know I don't need anybody to call in and say they're thankful for the cellar dweller because nobody is I nobody want them more to now. say like you know I'm thankful for this book or that book or that you know DC loves you know us so much Eric that they actually that give us you know voice exclusive previews <laughs> that voice there that voice right there that you love but this is the books so we're gonna start out the meat and cheese I would say. Uh, the meat to me, Eric. We haven't done this in a while. Do you like venison? Are you a yeah, venison I do, I do fan? Enjoy venison. I hate it. I can't stand it. Uh, something came up that somebody was saying. I think it was Arby's was going to have a venison sandwich. Get out of town. Get out of town, Eric. I'm not going to go and pay for any venison. Nonsense. I, I find venison very. I find well, yeah, I, one less time now. I guess. I don't know. You don't have to eat the venison. You can eat other things. No. When they have a special, I have to get the special. I went and got – remember they had that pork belly sandwich? I had to get it. And it made me goddamn sick every time I got it, all five times. I I told you I went there, and I'm like, you know what? I I got to get involved in this. I got to check it out. So I did check it out. And it 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 got to, it made me sick. I I almost threw up at work, but yet I think three days later I had to go get it. This is where I have a lot of problems in life. Where I told you, and we've mentioned it before. With your weight? No, oh, not with right. my weight. With my trying to. If something sucks, I have to keep eating it just to see if it sucks all the time. Get me your weight. Now you brought me down. I'm not even talking to you now. Huh? Huh? What? Huh? What? Go yeah, like on. What are you stuff. saying? You get the hot and ready a lot of times. Like it has been sitting there for a bit. I love a hot and fresh freaking like Little Caesars pizza. But if you get I thought you were talking about there, Jess. <laughs> the hot and ready. That's what you call her when oh, you come home hot. at five thirty. Rough and ready. Ooh, that's going to be coming up next week. Uh, yeah, I. You have a real obsession with the Little Caesars recently. I'm that you, is I like don't know why, but thing. I do. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, but we're going to get on to these books. Hey, I, we never said the cheese. I'm just going uh, mozzarella for you, Eric, because right, you're a big fan. How about a mo- mozzarella ball is what, since you had that this week, you were eating something that Jess had, like some goddamn salad from hell. And, uh, the way this Jess salad is right, fucking ridiculous. It is she a makes salad, a salad like, like you did. Like iceberg lettuce yeah. or anything like that. Has no. Has these fancy leaves, like an actual spinach saying. leaf and all this other shit. And then I'm eating this salad, I'm like, the fuck is this? Some egg? And I eat it. Like, I don't know what this is. She's it like, wasn't oh, it's an a egg. Ball. I'm like, it was a mozzarella ball. Oh, what's this over here? Oh, it's, it's like somebody salad. making a eating a salad. She can't decide the what the salad. fuck she wants. It's everything. It's everything under the sun. That don't make no salad. You can't make friends with salad, Eric. That's no. what I heard. I heard that I once. That. Uh, but these are the books, Eric. <laughs> We're off to the books. 
And I'll, I'll apologize right now. I am not in a very good mood this podcast about these books. I think that the books this week really got me down to the point where I think everything seems to be treading water and possibly treading water to get done with metal and the Doomsday Clock, even though the Doomsday Clock is taking place a year ahead a year in, the future, in the continuity. But maybe it's one of those things that when Jeff John started writing it, he has an idea of what this continuity is. So to go forward in a year, you have have to have a you can't build a house in uh, made it on a sand uh, what am i saying <laughs> on a foundation of sand <laughs> but yeah i don't know what's happening these books seem to all be treading water and it's getting me upset but we're gonna start off with what should be the big book of the week and that is batman batman number 33 written by tom king with art by joelle jones jordy belair and clayton cows our rules of engagement arc starts here and with it Batman and Selina kill a horse for no reason while making their way to a forbidden land of Kadim or Kadim so that Kadeem. Batman can confront Talia Al Ghul for some reason, even though it would make him an international enemy. While all that's going on, Alfred lays the news on the Bat family about Bruce's wedding plans and Damien starts crying for some yes, reason. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed, Eric. And uh, what we just said about some of the stuff in even jokes and riddles, and I can't, even people liked it. Even I saw, you know, some people, you know, it's padded. It was a bit padded. Uh, uh, yeah. This is the next arc going on, and boy, this thing, issue was padded. padded. But it had nothing going on. How can it no. be fa- padded with nothing? Well, this is like this is padded. This is so padded. I could jump off the Eiffel Tower and land on this and not hurt myself because it's so padded. Eric, can we start off? And you do have what people seem to get excited about, that it seemed that the Batman Nightmare outfit from Batman v Superman is in canon. You know what I, I care? care. Uh, uh, it, a rat's ass, Eric? Is, is that it? Does that explain it? Because all it is is an outfit, people. This is a, you it's know, a trench coat reference to a movie that Tom yep. King is just keeps putting in every yeah. goddamn issue. It seems it, that this it is makes his, him look like yeah. he's a part of the club for some reason. He just has to make these references because he has nothing else. Yeah, and this is what it seems like these are supposed to be like a wink wink, like I'm a fan as much as you guys look. And he's in this. Now, there you have him. He's there in this outfit. Okay, he's got the goggles. I really could care less. He's on a horse, he's in a desert. He has a shotgun. He has a shotgun. Why does Batman ever have a shotgun there is no way no reason he doesn't carry guns he doesn't use guns he hates guns but obviously here he doesn't use it anyway he hands it to selena because they're in the desert on these two horses this poor horse is dying which i understand if i'm gonna go he is dying of thirst i'm thinking yeah. the heat Exhaustion, thirst is getting there heat. a lot of fucking so, elements are going to this horse's death and yes. i just have to ask myself why? Why? And and before we even go into the real why is the scene is he hands the shotgun to Selena. Selena says she was a good horse. As she is about to kill him, Batman just takes some slugs of water. I mean, how can you can you be more cold here that he's like, here's the water. You yeah. didn't get horsey and starts drinking it. Yeah, because she said she deserved better. She did. She deserved to never be in the desert. She deserved never to be any parts of this. Batman has vehicles. Batman has the Batwing. Batman has doom. It, well, you name what Batman has, and I'm he probably you, has we, 10 we things more. Stealth, like we could freaking put a goddamn stealth cloaking device on yeah. the Batwing, fly in, parachute yeah. in, whatever. Even if we have to freaking drive... Like, like you'll fly in and then drop down in a bat dune buggy, get yeah. across the desert. Yep. It's better than killing an animal to start yep. this goddamn freaking work. We're, we're, we're pretty with a much, gun, which makes no goddamn sense. Yeah, we're like five pages in of all it is is basically them in the desert. 
Selena has to kill her horse, and then they say, listen, we have 14 more hours. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm no yeah, veterinarian. I'm no horsephile, if that's what they're called there. But if one horse is dead, that other one is not lasting 14 more hours with another person on it. Yeah, is that what it's called, now, equestrian? I am my pee. I, I don't know her. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm not. I'm not the horse whisperer, Eric. Because and actually, nobody's yeah, whispering whisper. that. It's dead. But yeah, in this, you you are taking another horse now that has to walk 14 hours. One is already dead, and you're adding another person on top of it to go. It is utter nonsense. This it's is dead. the nonsense that I have complained about since pretty much the end of I Am Suicide. Everything before that, Tom King was really good at explaining things, I thought, and really wrapping things up. Since the middle of I Am Suicide, this is the sort of scene we get. He produces a scene just for an effect of that scene without being any sort of logic before or after. He just does it for a scene, and why does he give Selena the shotgun to kill this horse? And Batman yeah, you can say, guns. listen, no, Batman, he has a shotgun here. Why? Why? You must have thought that he did it. Just I don't no, know. I, like, I, we have I thought maybe because he knew the horse would die here. Just hanging out. Why do they need a shotgun to take care this, this, of anything This is around. a guy. He plans for everything, yet he took two horses. He knows where he's going. He even says to Tiger, and spoiler, Tiger shows up later. He says to Tiger, he knows sure. how long it'll take. He knows what he's doing. So basically, he set up this horse to die and it's nonsense with everything that he has at his disposal and you can say if anybody's arguing oh he wanted to go in stealth well uh, number one stealth he just shot a gun in the middle so if, if you're going stealth you hear that but also you can get closer to where you were a stealthy way and when it goes to the point where it seems like the rules and why is to go in stealth wise is because the JLA and Batman has set up rules why For didn't he just go in the JLA which I don't yeah get. And why? And at the end, this is where he's like, when he goes in, and we'll get to all this. But when he goes in and says to Tiger, basically says to Tiger, "I know that they're going to be waiting for me outside. I know I'm going to." So he knows he's going to get caught anyway. You, you killed yeah. a, a horse. You and asshole. pretty much walking out of Kadim means you know pretty much death. It seems yeah. like yeah. So you know whatever. But you go then, and we go to the manor, and you have a scene with the Robins, and I do think that this is where you have the this is the continuation of the Bat Burger scene that we had earlier in a Tom King's run where he gets the Bat family together and they all have to joke around and make fun of each other. I really think that he does not understand the interpersonal relationships of these kids, especially Damien, Dick, and Jason, because what happens is, and you, you have a fun scene here. First off, I love Joel Jones' art throughout this issue, except the actual Robin's faces. Uh, Dick I, Grayson I looks crazy. Yeah, and they don't look right. I love the way Duke looks, though. I, I really do. But the actual Robins look off to me. And you have Jason. He, he's playing tug-of-war with his coat, I guess, with Ace. And they're, they're just sitting there. Dog's going to win. Oh, definitely. Duke's there saying, oh, definitely. The dog is not going to win. And they're going back and forth. And Where's there Titus? is Damien. Yeah, and there's Damien, and he is reading The Lady Killer Murders, which is a cool Joel Jones little yeah. Easter egg of the Lady Killer book that she does. I thought that was cool. Up until this point, of these Robins here, 
pretty good because as they're fighting and they're yelling about Ace and he's Jason's having the tug of war, you have Damien's children. And, and that's pretty good. That is pretty good. But then they just start talking and it falls apart for me because Dick's like, hey, he's lucky it's not the cow. And there's the, there's a cow. You haven't seen the cow. All this is is fan service. This yeah, is I'm fan service Duke, to the extreme. The you Duke the has it's been in the back there. cave. So, you know, he has been there. And this is just, this is basically, they should have said, you know, hey, do you see his uh, Batman's collection of shark repellent? Because that's all this is. It's only fan service, and it didn't get me at all. This is way past that time and where you, the bat cow mentioning. Service, now that we have introduced Ace, and I think it was a Batman annual or a Christmas special. Yeah, I can't remember yes, what it was. It was the Christmas like, special. He actually, that was the Titus story he got. Because we have not seen Titus in a long time. I'm yeah, what about really Alfred the Cat? That dog. Yeah, what about Alfred the Cat? We have a bunch yeah. of these things, but it's just basically that Bat Cow's just mentioned just to be a wink wink. I know about that too. And that's when Alfred comes in. And, and I do like the line with like, how big is this place? Duke says, which, how big is it? You've been around. You you were actually the guy who's pretty here. much living there. Uh, you, what are you talking about? And Alfred's like, let the mansion like this family as large as it needs to be. Kind of a Doctor Who little, you know, almost like something like that. Or it's almost like a Lord of the Rings. A wizard shows up when he, you know, when the time I is needed. I think it is. I think it's a rich man's stance on anything. The house is as big as it needs to be. Yeah, really. Yeah, section, a wing. And this is where, yes, and that's where you have, you know, Ooh. Alfred say, "Ace, let go." I actually like that, and this goes with because it was Alfred who sat there and trained, trained the dog, Ace yeah. over and over. So I like that. I thought that that was pretty cool. He says good boy, and then that's there where are Dick. Problems then. with this whole Robin section in the manor, but overall, it's my favorite part of the book. Because I hate at least it to a degree. It makes sense. It, like, yeah, you know, it doesn't I make sense to me at all. And I can think to myself, well, all right, at least I can understand what they're doing there. Well, I know what they're doing, but to me, every character. So we've already said, you know, Duke lives there. He should, how big is this place? He's the one who's living. They're visiting. He lives there now. Like his it, parents it, it, live off at a freaking place on the grounds to yeah, take care of their goddamn yeah. jokerism. That's why. So to me, yes, I can see what's going on. It's not a mystery, but I think it's still off, and I, it gets worse for me. I, I'm telling you, as it goes on, their interactions. There's a huge thing that I, I just want to slap somebody. But you see, you go back to Batman and Catwoman. They're still going. What What gets me is they end up at a town. Here, you know, you have them. They find Tiger and and now, say. Am I supposed to think this is like Kandahar for because it's Tiger? I guess he's the prince. That's of what I'm saying. I guess because they just get him and then they walk off and now they're going and and you have Tiger just walking. And so I don't understand because they're there well, and then they're knows, in the middle he knows of the, the desert again. of horses in the desert. He doesn't yeah. want to kill a fucking horse. No, but you, you have him there and it's like. He's like, hey, we got some business to see to in Kadim, so here I am. And Tiger's like, well, you know, what's the, the that is not a country for business. It's a country for war, sealed off, abandoned by your world, by your justice, leagues of justice. Which uh, you, you're, you're Tiger. You've been around the, the way he says it, but as you well know, it does not welcome superheroes. And they, you know, they go with, hey, Dick Grayson said to be here. You're the Tiger King of Kandahar, a man who knows what needs to be known. And you get the idea that this Kadim that they're going to. Uh, was sealed off. Like nobody's yeah. allowed in or out. It's almost like you would have North Korea. Where to okay, me is that it's sealed off. New York, but whatever. Yeah, I'm saying it, it seems like a country that is bad. So it is sealed off from anything. You can't come out. We can't go in. He has yeah, to like go in now. York. It just yeah. It just is crazy. But yeah, they're going, and then you have to have more or fan service. Where, from L.A. I'm sorry, Jim. If I'm no, no, no New here. York. Don't ever go L.A. And there he's like, hey, Dick Grayson said you're the best guy. And as they go off, you have to have Tiger. Dick Grayson 
is an idiot. And if you read Grayson, the series in the New 52, you'd be like, okay, he says that a lot. Yeah. I get it. I get it. But you, you go you, whatever. to whatever. So that's where we go then. And, and we go back to the manor, and that's where they're talking. And they're saying, like, listen, there's some things going on here. You know, Batman is on an illegal mission to Kadeem. That, you know, that's one thing because Superman tried to call and he's not answering the call. But also, he's like, there's, a, there's something else. And then they're all joking. Like, let too. me guess. Like, he has to, like, he's, Alfred's almost like a wife when the boss calls to find out where you are no. if you don't go in for work. He he's lies. Like, you have to make him, oh, he's sick today. Like, Oh, he's got the the scarecrow fear toxin. Real yeah, bad, yeah. Mister. Yeah, it's real bad. It'd be funny if he like he puts his hand up to the phone. He's ah, he's yelling. Ooh, See, listen he, to him. He's still screaming, Superman. He'll have to get back to you in a maybe a couple of days. Something he just starts sneezing. Like that's something that should should matter. But yeah, he's like, there's something else. Uh, and they're all like, they're all joking. Let me guess. Batman didn't tell us something? Oh, my God. He didn't tell his friends and colleagues who trusted him? He's been keeping a deep, dark secret. Now, this is okay. But the problem is, through Batman and especially into Rebirth and all this, one of the main themes of Batman going on for a couple years now is that he has kept dark secrets. And he has exactly. and he's trying to open up more. Openness ever since the death of yes, the family. It's been he is openness. trying to be a better mentor and partner to these even, people because even to me, he almost yeah. killed them because of his secrets yeah and death of family in the new 52 that was his secrets that did that it even goes into batman and robin eternal which ended pretty much near the end of and into rebirth and yeah. also you had the other things even I the jla the jla to me even goes with the whole deal of being more open trusting getting more people to help but they're Except like oh man ray because ray's a jerk yeah, yeah, and they're like, you know, there's Jason like, and now that secret threatens to destroy everyone and everything, and Damien's like, obviously, so they're all chuckling, they all think yeah. it's a goddamn fucking, you know, who, and that's where Alfred says, now Master Wayne proposed to Miss Kyle, and she is accepted, and you have everybody stunned, okay, that's a pretty cool thing, they're like stunned, and that's where Damien freaks, what the hell did you just say, and then we go back, but really, when, when this continues, I really have a large, a huge problem of how they react. And I know that people are saying that they love the reaction. I just don't get it. But as this goes on, you have Tiger has led them to the gates of Kadeem, uh, Selena, and Batman. There's a guy there. He looks like he's at least 10 feet tall. I'm he's saying, a he's muscular 12 feet guy. tall. You can blow yeah. him standing up. He's that fucking yeah. tall. Yeah, you can. And Tiger's a big dude. He's like yeah. right at the waist. And he, you know, this is a guy he knows. He knows, you know, Tiger, but he also knows Batman. He's like, listen, I, I'm here. I, the money you offer, I'd let anyone in this game. But that's no man. That's Batman. So he can't do it. And then you just have this these panel progressions of Batman. Yeah. Then cat bat cat. Please. All right, but nice. I'm always nice. And then she goes over to this huge twelve foot guy, meow. I'm like right there. The guy should get his fist <laughs> and hit her over the top of the head. That's all I want. Boom! You're dead. You're, you're done. And then he's like, listen, I'm a guard in the desert appointed the just. He's appointed by the Justice League of America. I don't know that we'll ever find out why, no. but he's there. I have to turn away everyone. Heroes, villains, I turn See, away I armies. It too. It's like, I don't know what we're dealing with now because, you know, when the, like, I had to think that Talia was put here, like, you know, after, you know, yes. Robin's son of Batman or something like that, because it's the last time we really saw Talia al Ghul. And at this point, the Just League of America was not, like, you know, banded like together. Like, she, is, not a she is under country arrest 
Like, she is in there. Like, it's house arrest, but she gets this country of hers that she can do. That's all I can think, uh, just like you. No, I'm just – it's just going into this I, this whole idea that, you know, we have this forbidden land, this forbidden country where people are like, you know, escape from L, uh, New York about yeah. it, where you have this yeah, guard who I want to call Hassan because it reminds me of the freaking Hassan chop from the Bugs yeah, Bunny Yeah, it's a Hassan chop. But uh, – this is the whole idea that the justice, he, like we say, the Justice League of America has set this set whole thing this up, up, which is just an odd thing it to begin odd. with. Because now America's got its goddamn toes in other countries' businesses and whatnot. But why wouldn't it just be the Justice League? I really think this is a goddamn typo where it should just be the Justice League and know, not the Justice League of America. Because he says it's, he's like he was appointed by the Justice League of America, which is fine. But really, it's a weird like it's what is this? One of those like the clockwork deal, the the clockmaker that like I'll set you up. Like it's Batman. Batman leads the Justice League of America, and yeah. it's like the UN and the Justice League of America together, but. Batman's the head honcho, so he must say, okay, now you start guarding and runs away because he, he's going to be guarded. Woo, woo, woo. He runs away, okay, because this is like Hassan there's shot. not even a talk about it. And then he's like, but you, little girl, what am I supposed to do now? Do you want to dance? And she, ah, uh, yes, I want to dance. Somehow the whip comes out, and somehow a 12-foot man is defeated by, by Selena. I don't get it. I don't, I, you don't see it. You never see it. You just see him Next then laying all bloody. Foot guard, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Now, now you're like, hey, you're not so tall now as he's laying down. There are rules. We agreed to the rules. And, yeah, they're like, there are rules and walks over them. It's like AI stepping over somebody. And then they, they go in like, is that nice? That's what Batman says. And then she goes, nag, nag, nag. I'm like, what is going on here? What, how did this happen? What is going on here? Oh, my God. Goodness gracious. But they're like, you know, and then they just go, you know, there are rules. I know. I wrote them. What do you mean? If you follow them in, and then Batman's like, what does it matter? Because what I'm happening, what's happening now and what I'm going to do, I'm going to be killed when I go out. So why would I worry about my super friends? He said there'll be armies. There's going to be the superheroes. They're all going to be there to kill them when they come out. Now, I know there are rules, Eric. you got to stop doing this nonsense. And and just the whole thing of I know there are rules, but Jesus Christ, you basically say that Superman's going to just kill you as you come out or whatever. I mean, I want to know what the rules are based on. Come on. What are they there for? We've been Tom King to give us the rules of things for a long time. We are never going to get it. I know, but maybe we will get something more of that but really if you think about it the whole thing like you said you're trying to wrap your head around it all we see is them walking through the desert they get tiger selena beats up a a 12 fucking foot man and they go in and there's an orgy going on with talia by the end we don't see anything else but we do go back to the mansion this whole story is going to boil down to this where at some point you know Damien came like came forth. He, Batman realized he had a son, Talia's Bikiba, yeah. and it's going to be some ridiculous thing where oh, Talia and Batman had a secret wedding to sort of like you know to make you know Damien uh, yeah, legitimate I, or some shit. And now that he wants to get married for real, he has to go and have Talia sign the yeah, divorce I, papers. I, and in order what to do that, I get, have to what I get, fight. what I get is that just when she killed Damien, uh, they were going to kill you know. See, People would have taken Talia. Maybe Talia was in trouble at one point. Somebody was going to kill her. And because, you know, it's fucked up, it is Damien's mom. And I think that at one point he said, listen, I, you have to, I'm going to take you. You're going to go in this country or you have to go into a goddamn mountain, it looks like. I, I don't know what kind of country this is. But I am going is. to protect you. There will be rules to protect you. You cannot die. Nobody can kill you. They're not going to be allowed in. You can't come out. You start doing shit and coming out, though. We have seen her 
come out. We've seen her in the the rebirth. So well, it that's just, just have we seen her in rebirth? Uh, we saw. Now that's what I was thinking. When was the last time you said I that we saw? I believe the last her? time we saw Talia was in Robin, son of Batman, at the end of that arc. Okay. I mean, the well, end then, of that yeah. series going into Well, then rebirth. it would have been the end into Rebirth. So we have, but we have like seen we her. We saw her die at the end of Batman Incorporated, but we yeah. also saw her brought back. Yeah, maybe, to life and that the might be. That Damien was brought back, and then but she yeah, was helping him the, out against the friggin' uh, I can't even remember what the freaking cult was that it was against the Al Ghouls, but she yeah. helped them out. So I can, I guess, you know, to keep her safe, we set her up in this forbidden country to make sure that nobody could, Yeah, like, but it's know, weird at that point. That was the point that it would have been. Because it seems that. If you give this guard money, he'll let anybody in, yeah, but you just can't leave. Yeah, I, I just, I, I, again, I, I don't, I don't get it. But yeah, you might be right. That would be the the, the beginning of Rebirth, the end of the DCYOU. Yeah. Uh, we did see her in Robin, Son of Batman. But with this, so I don't know if it's something where, because you go back to the the mansion, and this is where the point is, is that Damien starts crying because they start throwing fault at each other. You have Dick, you have Jason pretty much. Hey, this is your fault, says the Duke. Now, the problem is, is where I really all right away have problems with is the fact that they are talking about pretty much the biggest, baddest superhero in the DCU. In their universe, Batman, there's nobody's fault of what he does except his own. At this point, they're just, it's your fault. No, it's, I, I I'm not even wrong. It's your fault. Oh, it's your fault. It's Batman. He hasn't talked to anybody. And and what I get from this is you have them all saying, oh, it's your fault. Robin's supposed to brighten him. Oh, Robin's supposed to do this, this, that. Where in Rebirth, you had going into Rebirth, like we said earlier, that Batman was opening up. Batman was going to be more open to the Robins, to everyone, but especially the Robins. In the Rebirth, how many times have we seen him dealing with the Robins, and especially Damon? You have him Never. there with Damien a little in Super Sons. He's in Super Sons a little bit, and like that whole like, the prologue to Super Sons in the Superman book. But besides yeah. that, we have not seen him really interact with anybody no. except for when like they're being yep. hung or they want to go ahead and get yeah. some fast food at fucking Bat Burger. Uh, has he talked and opened up his heart's desires to Gotham Girl? No. Yes. Yeah, he did. He's oh, the one that, yeah. I, no, no, I'm sorry. You're right. He, he talked on that goddamn rooftop. Yeah, that's why there. he that's went right. to Selena. He, that's, if it's anybody's fault, it is Gotham Girl. Gotham because Girl. She, she's the one who said, do what you want to do to make yourself happy. When he said, I don't want to be Batman. I have to be Batman. It makes me sad. You well, know what, do Gotham some, Girl? You're remember, so and then Gotham Girl said. These Robins. Yeah. I don't know why I have any Gotham Robins Gotham Girl said. Gotham Girl said, hey, just do what you want to do. Do what makes you happy. Then he sat there on a goddamn bed for how long telling the story of the jokes and riddles to Selena. He has never in Rebirth, in Tom King's run, has sat down with Dick, with uh, with Jason. With, he did have the hamburger with Jason in another book, in The Outlaws. But in this book, he's never burger. sat there. Why wouldn't he have gone and said, because you have a little boy. Damien is a little kid. I don't care if, I, if he acts like an asshole. I would, too, if my dad ignored me completely through this whole thing. He is a little boy. He's 13. That his mom, it, it, the whole situation is fucked in the head. And know, he has to Damien still deal with it. I think emancipated himself because it seems like he's living in San Francisco now. At the yeah, he is. But why, why would you sit here? He doesn't talk to you. But he's never sat down and talked like, this is a little kid, and this is beyond comics. This is a little Eric Shea, where Batman didn't Aww. even seem to care what his 13-year-old would think about if he got married and, and got married to Selena, who would be his stepmom. He's, she, he's never said 
anything, never asked him anything about it. So, yeah, I'd cry too. And in this, they're like saying this like, hey, it's your fault. It's your fault. And it, it all goes back because you have the good line with Duke. Like, I'm not even called Robin, so fuck you, Jason, uh, you know, you tire-stealing genius. And that's where da- uh, Damon's like, Thomas is, he's right. I'm Robin. It's my, it's my fault. He starts crying. It's not. It is not his fault. He, Batman asked somebody to marry him. This is nobody's fault. This is just something that's going to happen. But then Damien starts crying. This is a kid who doesn't cry. He doesn't show emotions at all. If he does, it's big. This is World War V when this happens. But if you are Jason Todd, yes, I know that they throw insults at each other. They throw Tom King fucked up here because this is the greatest moment for you to show that Jason Todd cares about his little brother and goes over he could be in the middle of a joke and stop and then go over and go listen but it's not your fault you know and and then you could have damien uh, damien would just go ah shut up fucking red hood you yeah, asshole that's fine but jason continues with a joke while his little brother is crying and blames himself for what seems to be the worst thing that could happen to him and jason, jason says so okay upset because when damien came back he made sure that he painted himself in that yeah, family portrait don't go but he did to not paint jason on that family no, portrait no it's, it's you have the you have jason who is part of this it, to me these guys these robins are brothers that that damien is a kid who wants to be the best and is going to throw shade at everyone but when all it comes down to they are number one on the same team but they are brothers damien doesn't have a lot of guys jason is there he's a bigger brother he's the the black sheep of the family but still he should have went because uh okay don't panic this is happening that's a tear we're all dead while his brother's sitting there crying and dick is trying to console him it is nonsense. I hate it as a Jason Todd fan. It infuriates me. And as a Damien fan, it infuriates me as well because this is should be, to me, a very emotional moment. He makes it into a cheap joke, and it really upsets me. This is why I said the Robin part to this – I, I, it's fucking nonsense, and it, it really ends up being a cheap joke. And this is where he knows, and he says, I know what's going on. He's going before he gets married, and, and it is, still doesn't make sense to me. I don't know why Damien is crying because he says he knows what's going on. I know why my father's going to condemn. That's where mm-hmm. my mother is. Yes. That doesn't mean anything to me. That doesn't and tell me why you're I crying. I know. Well, yeah, and this is the thing is you have him crying, so you could have them like, what's wrong? And he's like, listen, I know where he's going. He's going to Kadeem before he marries that woman. Kadeem is where she's hiding. Who? My mother. And and so now he thinks she's hiding. So it it goes against the thing. But the problem is, is this something that Damien, who has no reason to love his mother, there is no reason at all, but she did raise him. This is not like he was a test tube baby. You don't want to ruin the the, the equipment with that. But that that is somebody that really through years – uh, he knows her more than he knows anybody in this room. This is his mother. Yes, she set him up to die. She wouldn't call off the, you know, fucking heretic and, and do that. But he did know her for years upon years. He may still, you know, still love her. It's it's his mom. And it's a fucked up situation. But what is going I, I on? Maybe. Say, it's fine that he loves his mom still, even though she, she she's fucked up and killed him. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I just don't know the reasoning behind it. No, like, well, this oh is what God, I'm saying. I know why that, he's going there that's what I want to say like, is it I, I may – he may know that if Batman goes there, somebody has to die. 
this is where I'm getting it is that he's kind of saying, I know that's where she's hiding. You know, Talia Gold, the daughter of the demon, my mother. And with him crying, I think that possibly it's leading to like he thinks either his dad or his mom will be dead and probably thinks his mom. Uh, you know, that that's why the There's only reason no Batman would go Batman there. would allow his mother to die. I know. But th- this is what I'm saying is he's going in. Really, tell me, you, Batman's going to marry Selina. He waits all this time to tell her this deep, dark secret that he has about the Joker made me. And, the, you know, I would be a killer without the Joker. And now, you, hey, all right. Yes, I will marry you, uh, Bat. Hey, Cat, by the way, we got to go to this desert fucking place to, to find the to woman. The it. woman who I didn't I didn't marry, I didn't have relations with. She kind of got my sperm and made a kid. Uh, you know, that's Damien. Now we got to go. It, it's just nonsense. All it is to you know, me love. is continuing more fan service because when they sh- they show Talia, she's there. There's a big orgy going on, and she gets word that Batman is there. Okay, I see. Get my swords, and we're going to get a sword fight in the desert and instead of being Raish versus Batman, it's going to be Selina versus Talia. And I, I can almost guarantee it. Out, so they better be topless. Yeah, they better be topless. Both of them, you said. I said, which one's going to be topless? Both. Both. But yeah, I, I, I hope that people realize why I got upset with this thing. Like this makes this issue makes Jason Todd a piece of shit beyond pieces of shit. This is beyond coming back from the dead and being mad at Batman and using guns. This is just an uncaring asshole who should not even be part of that painting. Now I'm with him now, Eric. He doesn't belong. No pain. Doesn't bother me that much because I know a lot of people like this who use like they see a fucked up situation like this and they need to use humor to get past the oh, emotion do. of it all. I didn't see any through. humor when Bizarro was dying. I didn't see Jason doing that or when Bizarro would, people would say something. He was all fucking guns a-blazing to save him and be nice to him and now here he's just making a joke as his little brother who again, this is a 13-year-old kid. This is a little, little kid. Yeah, he's a Robin. He's an asshole. He knows all this. He's been trained to be one of the deadliest people in the world. Still a 13-year-old kid who is crying. Don't fucking sit there and make jokes. It's nonsense. And what I said to me at the end of that is that it could have been a very, very emotional scene, almost to the point where when Damien died and he sent that tusk to Dick in the New 52 after he died, and Dick got that, and it was such an emotional, one of my favorite scenes in the New 52. Did you have any emotions for Damien? Because by the time you even react, all you said was, I don't even know what the fuck he's saying. Because of that, you don't even get any sort of emotion because of these jokes and things and what he well, wants not, to it's just not throw even the it. jokes in my mind because I don't, I'm telling you, Jason Todd, he, this is the way he reacts to things, but I just don't understand Damien crying out of nowhere over this because I don't understand what Well, he said it's his fault. And, and it's like he broke down because he starts crying when he said, it's my fault. And then, uh, you know, you have Dick go over. Hey, Damien, kid, you okay? And then Duke, who you know, I don't think Duke either way, because Duke doesn't really know them. He's just, you know, getting to know them. Is he? He doesn't. And then, okay, don't panic. This is happening. That's a tear. We're all dead. Like, now, shut up. I wish Dick would have sh- fucking stood up and punched him right in his fucking face. But, yeah, there you go, Eric. I did like the there art. You. Besides the Robins, uh, the I is, thought the art was I, great. It was such a mixed bag for me because I love the art with Batman and Catwoman in the yeah. desert. Oh, I love Talia like at the end, too. That story. I like the stuff with the Robins, but I didn't care for the art in that section. Yeah, so it yeah it kind of goes back, back and forth. Yeah, uh, what did you give it? Well, on the site during the review, I gave this uh, issue the benefit of the doubt because it is just setting up a new arc. I don't know what's going on yet, but like just talking yeah. with you, I, I'd say I gave it a 6.3 out of 10. I can't remember if I said that now, but yeah. talking with you, 
I got so angry just thinking about all the situations that are going, the dialogue, the fucking just killing the horse for no reason. And, and like, while I don't like mind the whole Jason, you know, like making a joke at uh, Damien's expense, it's just Damien's reaction and just like being so goddamn generic with his answer. It's my mother. That's why it's my yeah. fault. And I'm crying. Yeah. Why didn't he tell us more? Like why I, Tom King wants to give us the scene, but doesn't want to give us any information. But if I'm he says you, since, that, I, even the, even with the art, though, like I said, I like the stuff that's in yeah. the desert because I think, oh, it's like, but even that can't save this for me because now I have to give it a fuck you five because it just yeah. angers me because it's all this nonsense well, over Eric, and over then, again. Then you're with me, my friend, because I give it a fuck you five. I, I just, it, it, it's this, this just is what happened because when you and I were talking, I told you I gave it a six point uh, three out of ten. You're like, ah, I think I've gone around a six out of ten earlier when we talked yeah. about it. Now after talking yeah. together, yeah, you got this, me down too. And that's the thing, Eric. I'm a very persuasive, angry man. Yeah, they, luckily that I'm anger. I'm myself. To luckily that anger, though, reason, is like I got past that whole thing. Like when I was reviewing this book for the Sun, I went through. I didn't even really think about Batman with the gun, even like like I, yeah. I saw like Selena kill the horse. It bothered me, but even Batman having the Holding shotgun that gun. and handing it to her, yeah. and just the whole fan service, like, oh, don't worry, it's okay because it's the Nightmare Batman outfit. Fuck you. Yeah, Don't that's what it seems. That's character. what it seems. People seem to be like, hey, that's cool because the Nightmare Batman and Batman v Superman had a gun. It's the whole thing, too. No. It's like, I just got done the War of Jokes and Riddles where I think you fundamentally ruined the fucking character of Batman. And then we go in the first issue of this and it's Batman with a fucking gun killing a goddamn yeah. animal. Yeah. like. You just don't want to stop hurting my favorite hero, do you? Yep. Yeah, and like I said all along, like I've been saying in the this whole run, a lot of things he sets up these scenes as like fencers. But I always said before, uh, it's the shock in all of it. It's the hey, here's a big scene. Now what do I have to do to force myself to the next big scene without any sort of explanations and stuff? And that's what happens when Damien's crying. When you have that. When you have you know Selena there brought no down reason. a twelve fucking foot. What, man? No, 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 Eric. Please, no. But that is it. That is the spotlight, Eric. Not a very positive one. I was really for looking us. forward to the rules of engagement just because I thought once the war of jokes and riddles, like Tom, yeah, King maybe had an he'll idea. get back to it doing something. It didn't pan out the way he might have thought. Like it didn't turn out complete the way he might have wanted yeah. it in the end. And I thought, okay, we're done with that. We're going to move on with the arc. We're back in the present day. We can move on, and maybe he'll yeah. be able to tell a story yeah, that let's I can have get some, in, yeah, like, involved let's do with and something. be happy with. It's just not that there. Yeah. And Selena now is a horse killer. Eric, a horse killer. I just, uh, I it's funny because killer. it's like Tom King had that and he wanted that horse to die, but you, you can't have Batman do it. Then people would really get upset. No, I, I would hope Still that many people would get it no because Batman, Batman jet, set it up. Hey, set it up. But yeah, that is it. Who that Batman. What about that? How that did you something. like that? Oh my God, Reggie, you're here. You are he here, Reggie. <laughs> Hello. He was drowned. No, no, he wasn't, unfortunately. Oh. Boom. Oh, oh we we have oh. one of the one of the first. We haven't had all how of these tie-ins. Huh? Oh, robins. how about them? All these tie-ins, the metal tie-ins, these one-shots. We haven't had them. At first, it seemed that the badasses of the Get Fresh Crew, be de boop oh, on oh. Patreon, had decided that these things were so important they wanted them to themselves. They had been picking these, and then they read them and realized, yep. oh shit. Yep, that's we're wrong. my point. They they read them and thought, oh my goodness, let everybody have this garbage. Uh, now the problem with these things is, and I actually. 
Before we get started with the Batman the Drown, uh, which Reggie is joining us early to talk mm-hmm. about, is Trevor actually messaged me today, and he's like, hey, how are these books? And I thought to myself, and I'm like, if you, Trevin, weren't, reading, if you weren't reading metal and you went into these as just these little stories of Elseworlds Batman that are, have gone bad, I actually yeah. think you can enjoy them. I, I think I that agree. they could be enjoyable. As part of an event that has had rules more and more spelled out, especially in the last issue of Metal, spelling out the rules of these Nightmare Batmans and where they're coming from and all that. Batmans. Uh, yeah, Batmans, the Wolfman. Uh, they're they're becoming infuriating to me. They actually are, and even like art they're a little and whatnot. On that level, except for in Trevitt's case, since he probably likes about ninety eight percent of all comics, he would love <laughs> yes. these. it's so true, and and I don't think just. If somebody's going to, you know, if he's going to ask me about them, that means he's just kind of wanting to jump in and read them. Uh, I think that you can have some fun with these. I, I really this, do. This sort of reminds me of the uh, Gods and Monsters one-shots. Remember, yeah, I did those, but I does. wasn't yeah. reading the Justice League thing. And I actually enjoyed them more than you guys because I didn't know any of the rules. To yeah, me, they right. weren't just like Elseworlds weird one-off stories. So yeah, yeah. You yeah, might these... have something there, Jim Werner. You might I have might. something. Yeah, I, I, I tried to, and when I read this... Tried to have some fun, and this one of any of them, it's like the opposite way. If you go into this as you just want a one-shot little story deal and have you, you can have some fun. But if you're here for the tie in the metal, uh, you get nothing at all. And what or you do you get, just like the design of these dark, yeah, or you do that, characters. but going just, just in with the pretty pictures, this just kills the rules. It, it throws yeah. just the concept of it throws the rules out the window. And then with what happens, I'm I'm going to know as we go through. I want somebody to explain what hope fear or nightmare uh this aqua woman you know aqua woman versus batman version whatever you'll call it is yeah. because i can't it's see female batman aquaman yeah, yeah. Well, what, why is that what, so no, hard so well that's the problem is all i can think of is batman is laying there uh fearing that he might be a woman that's all i could get from this because i don't know what fear would ever happen that would lead to a dark multiverse from our batman being made well, into well, this Jim, from there obviously dan abda didn't get the rule book so he decided no, he, he didn't. was just going to go with the batwoman of earth yeah. 11 yeah. and see what he didn't get the rule book that that the he, problem he, he is this thing back in june that was, that was a long time ago the problem is i do think that what happened is he there is no rule book because no. i think they made up designs for these nightmare batman with no <laughs> intentions of really spelling out where they came from or anything like that so you had the aqua woman batman hybrid here that looked cool it kind of goes because all of them you know it stands out and then they had to kind of make it work and it doesn't for me and it, this it's story... funny because i'm thinking to myself it's one of those deals where like you know all right we have this event coming up and we need all these different nightmare batman yeah. from like their counterparts of people in the justice league and freaking dead out well mara's gonna be in the justice league soon so i'm just gonna make a mara yeah. batman yeah and it's just but then people, to tie it in a- female batman aquaman what is so hard yeah. about that to understand uh, yeah. it's so hard to understand because it's supposed to be a, a fear or a nightmare of the bruce wayne of our reality yeah oh, this doesn't you make guys sense. are such sticklers for continuity <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, see that's what i'm saying to us in the three issues of wait a minute reggie oh, reggie well, just changed my whole attitude rules. my attitude's done you and your rules I, I i'm telling you <laughs> 20 out of 10 now uh, reggie has explained it all to me <laughs> There it is. I'm in. Oh my goodness! Come on, well, Eric. I just. I. We have to go back and re-record everything we've done. I've now have a positive. Oh God. Spin. 
See, this is, I want Reggie to give me a positive spin. I don't think he'll be able to. He's going to tell us a song or sing a song soon. Uh, I, and, I didn't love it, but what we're talking about is yeah. Batman the Drown, number one, written by Dan Abnett, art by Philip Tan and Tyler Kirkham, Dean White and Arif, Arif Prianto. Their freedom is always better in the other multiverse. They say I should smile much more, but how could it get much worse? Just look at the world around me. The water overshoot the cup. And the worst thing about this flood is that I just puked it up under the sea. Under the sea. It's not always better down where it's wetter. Take it from me. On Earth Zero, the sun do shine. While we down here covered in brine. Our fun is bervoting down where we float in under the sea. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> that is good. Uh, so yeah, is that, uh, everybody in Amnesty Bay dead now? I guess. Yeah, on Earth, on well, I guess. Yeah, yeah because it starts yeah. off on Earth Zero. I actually really like the pacing that this goes through. I like that it starts in Earth Zero, and we kind of get like see the destruction of the drowned Batman, the Batman I who also drowned. Thought, even though, even though it's a little bit pompous, this is some of Dan Abnett's best writing. Like the, I just okay. like the way the story unfolded. Uh, just I'm talking about just straight words. Yeah. I don't I don't think he was given together. the rules. This this uh, happened with Future's End. Before we go on, when they had the Future's End event, and they had all those tie-ins and stuff like that. Some of this shit didn't jive, and I ended up getting a hold of one of the bigger writers that did a book. I, I don't want to throw him under yeah. the bus, but I, I got a hold of him and said, "What were the rules?" They, because half of the books that happened in Future's End, these tie-ins yeah. went against each other. They didn't really tie into the event, and I, I said, "What's going on? Why? You know, what were you told?" And he said, "I wasn't told anything except to make a cool story that I like." And he went with it, and his story made no goddamn sense. But yeah. this is what I think happened with this. Said, hey, I, I, I agree. I think they yeah. basically said, I'll come up with mean, mean Batman. And I think yeah, here is right, your character, and go. Input, like, into, and Dan Abbott heard this. Know, He's like, oh, my God, I can bring Deadwater back. Yeah, dead I know. Water. Well, there was that dead little water. nod. So there was that, you know, for the people that read Aquaman, there was something. Well, that's why uh, these are good to get the actual writers of the books. You usually have been involved in these one-shots. You right. have the Aquaman writer writing this. So you can tie it in pretty well. Well, but that's what he's bringing, Deadwater. He's bringing the Deadwater army. Great. You guys got your answer. You've been waiting for since like, what April happened? Of 2015, yes. I think is how long it's been. Yes, and it's nonsense. But uh, tell me about it, Reggie. Tell me. Uh, I mean, what, what I'm talking about with the writing, though, I mean just literally the writing. The way he has the whole thing is basically narrated by Bryce Wayne. That's the yes. female Bruce Wayne of Earth Negative yeah, uh, yeah. Eleven. Now Earth Eleven is the Earth, where all of the you know, heroes are the female counterparts. Yeah. So there's there's still gender reverse here, but it's a much darker world, and it sounds Which like it, Bryce yeah, Wayne's yeah. husband and son were killed instead of you know. Uh, you know, Bruce yes. Wayne lost his Now, parents. again, He's I just want to point parents. out that most of the others haven't had that negative of an actual Earth. Uh, right. You have just been thrown willy-nilly. This one actually lines up, and that was one of my problems at the beginning, that I wish they all were like this so that we could have a basis. Because if you have the gender-reversed, uh, you know, Earth, then it, it sets up – you already have a setup that you can kind of grasp from the beginning. I, that's what I wanted. We haven't really had that, so having it here after three others really threw me off and in the last medal again the, the Batman who laughs completely laid down the rules that all of these Batman were from the fears of our Batman and said I mean, this or this could be a fear of Batman that, that Aquaman would decide 
fuck it, I'm gonna I'm taking over the Earth, and that's a very scary prospect because Aquaman and Atlantis could very well do it, as we but saw. But then like, why is it why is it a female? Exactly, <laughs> I just it's, don't it's get a it. Bruce Wayne fear, not a Bryce Wayne fear. Yeah, it just well, it doesn't I, make know, any sense. And then so also, first of all, this, first of all, this isn't this isn't Mera. This is no female it's Aquaman. Aqua woman. Okay, but, what, well, yeah, right? No, a female Aquaman. Yeah, well. It's called Aqua Woman, though, in that world. That she is called yeah, Aqua Woman. But here's my point, though, of the thing is what the Batman who laughs said was specifically to the, the, you know, the members of the Just League and the heroes that were there. These are the fears of Batman, but are they really or are they the desires? And this, to me, through this whole issue, all I kept thinking of, like you said, maybe the fear is Aquaman will take over the world. That's very, it's Still a minor. Fear. It's so. But the other, what would be this to wonder what the desire is that he can breathe underwater? Uh, and then you, know what I mean? you throw in I've that, always kind of wanted to breathe underwater. You throw and, uh, in nice the today's. hello. Yes, you throw in the Sylvester Kyle there as a, a wink, wink, but never really get anything from that either. And it, it just this is a very quick read anyway. I. I couldn't yeah. believe when I was done. I was like, "Holy shit, I'm done!" Guys, they're big. I love the art. Just I, I didn't get anything well, from the top it. Top but... thing you guys mentioned it too. The, the thing I really, really liked about this was the character design for yeah. Bryce oh, yeah. Wade. Oh yeah, she was cool as hell. Batman, Aquaman, you know, female Batman, Aquaman. The drowned Aquaman. Reggie. The drowned. Oh god, she looks. I mean, I thought she looked awesome. Pirate Batman, whatever the hell you want to call her. I, I liked her from afar. No. I like her up close. This is a character I wouldn't mind seeing more of. I don't know about. We needed to fold her into the main universe, but I just like her the way she looks. Yeah. Like, yeah, man, give me some more of this. But you know, there's other ways they could have gone about this. I think than to stuff it into a Batman pocket. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. She could have just been like crazy pirate. Yeah, woman. she just looks like a pirate. You know? Yeah, that's all it looks like. But the basis of the story is on her you know, world. You say that like you see pirates every day. Is that like yeah, a normal I thing do. in Quaker Town? Pirate nah, Pittsburgh. Uh, I, the, the I thing wear a headband every day, Reggie. And, oh, and you also. The yeah. other thing that gets me in this is that it's also been spelled out that these worlds have, they have problems. They, they have, you know, they are nightmare versions that shouldn't exist. And most of them have had that kind of a, a thing spelled out that once they get into the dark multiverse, you, your time is very limited. You, your, your world is falling apart because of the nightmare or the fear that created this deal. This issue seems like that this world goes on for like a year because of these wars going on and all these things. And then we do see the very end but where is like, oh, just, we've never doesn't... had it laid out for us how long these worlds exist no we don't but this seems this up. this seems as if it's the it, that it has to be years it, it, they be years. have i mean there's, there's structures there's all kinds of stuff and there's wars going on surgery to make her you know aquatic make her into breathe underwater and whatever else i'm just saying uh, and even these meta this meta war that's going on seems to have right. different waves of it and things were you know oh there was going to be peace but then it, it didn't end up and then they attacked and it got worse and i, I just I want, don't get it i want it. you to consider something about the batman who laughs though who definitely is supposed to be you know jokerized batman yeah. if that's yeah. the case He's also the Batman who lies. Yeah, he is. So but I'm I saying think this anything is... he says really has to be taken with a grain of salt, or in this case, a grain of strange water. A grain of, a grain oh. of dead water. Is like that, I just... coming grains? I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, it's just Leaders. it goes on, and you do have this meta war that ended up killing a lot of people. It killed Sylvester Kyle, you know, Bryce's lover. And yeah. uh, 
she gets upset and pretty much decides to fight fire with fire because, you know, there's no peace. And the only way that's going to happen, the world pretty much gets drowned. And she ends up doing some experiments on herself to become a, you know, a water-breathing freaking Batman. And that's, you know, again, is that the fear that Batman's afraid that he's going to do some surgery on himself to become a water breather? I I, don't know, but I love I really like the idea of it. And that she did it to herself, like, while she was still awake all all in pain yeah. and shit made her seem very rugged. She yeah, reminded did, me of that scene from the. Rag. Did you guys watch that flick Prometheus where that woman had that freaking there was that surgical table that's all like automated and shit? Oh she yeah, just yeah, yeah, Like yeah. I know, like it cut the like the thing out of her like it was a C-section pregnancy kind of deal. Yeah. So that's what it really it. reminded me of. Yeah, it was like that. You know, and, and I dig that little scene. There are like a there are a lot of bits of this that I like, except where it connects to metal. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't and connect. It's, well. it's just like you said when you disconnect it from metal, you're like. Yeah. Wow, there are a lot of cool concepts and scenes yeah. in this thing all of yeah, a sudden. Yeah, there is. And I like the art. I actually I just, didn't realize. You, the, one, the one thing is, though, we did all this surgical stuff to ourselves to make her almost like Atlantean to a degree. But, like, the whole idea is, like, all right, I've made myself into this, and now I need an army to fight the Atlanteans. I started. She started messing with the Deadwater thing. I'm like, how does she puke out Deadwaters? Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. It's all know. part of her thing. You know, one well, thing she didn't fix, she the, didn't do surgery on was her titties. Yes, yeah, wow, and, and, and the whole deal is she, you know, she's been fighting. She ends up killing the uh, female Aquaman, the Aqua woman <laughs> of that world. And uh, so she ends up killing him, and then, yeah, she just has her own thing going on with the Deadwater, and then meets meets uh, the Batman who laughs, who says, you don't trust anything. That's why this world is dark and whatever. So now you're getting the point where they're kind of spelling out that this is Batman's fear of not trusting anyone. And that does not go well with this issue. It doesn't even really tie into this issue because, number one, everything that's happened, I wouldn't trust anybody either. You had the, the person who may have even been your husband die. And, they, you know, you have the Aqua woman taking over the world, whatever. But that's what it seems to be that he says. The Batman who left says this world is doomed to failure because you don't trust anybody. And then, yeah, there's this reality up there and i see dan abnett's going with the full deal of a this dark multiverse world is kind of like an underwater it's under and the light above is the regular mm-hmm. multiverse and it, i like the way that he ties that in but again i i don't even know why this what this you know bryce wayne is going to be even wanting to do when he gets there except just destroying everything there's nothing I think, to well me. it seems like that's basically what happened yeah. you see that bryce fights against aquaman america kicks their asses drowns amnesty bay as we know if this if yeah. Bryce is puking up strange water, which I yes. assume the Atlanteans can't breathe in that, so that's yeah. essentially a murder yeah. right there. Yeah, it is. Um, that's that's okay, and that would have been a cool way not, to. This might be one of the uh, alternate Batmen, or you know, in this case, women that may, may turn may turn tail later on. In I, the think story, the story. I, I think they all will. I actually think they all will. Yeah, I actually think they all have will. That Batman, you know, wanting to save everything. Yeah, instinct, yeah. whatever. And you have them go to, like you say, this would have been an actual really cool tie-in to explain how originally Dark Water came to our Earth yeah. would have been pretty cool. But Just now it's kind of, it's out. retroactive it like another, now. And like it, a pirate, a crazy pirate woman yeah. on well, alternate the, Earth the, made the this. The thing like, is, yeah. it's, it still doesn't make any sense because when we went through that strange water rift to the world that it originally came from, there was all these prehistoric freaking, you know, well, things. Well, I'm saying like if this would have originally been it, this isn't yeah. originally it. This is now. So it doesn't yeah. make 
any sense. I'm saying if this would have been three years ago and that would have explained it and then he went, would have touched on it later in the Aquaman book, but it's the reverse and it really is all he's doing is throwing it out there to make us go like, oh my God, yeah, okay, I see. This makes sense. This Aquaman had the wow, dead water. I'm like, I don't know. Years. Wow. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah but, so long ago. No, it's stranger to think about what was the fear besides for like, you know, obviously this Bryce, uh, like this bat woman, she became an Atlantean kind of thing to take on this whole deal and, you know, did all this cosmetic surgery to herself, but more than cosmetic, but. You know, what was the fear initially? Because it seems like the metal war where, like, you know, Sylvester Kaya was killed was the thing. And if you want to take it like that, where, you know, Batman's afraid that, like, things will escalate and, like, uh, Catwoman will die because he goes off on, a like, you know, a freaking rage war at this point and starts killing off all the metals. And then on top of it, we had the Atlanteans show up. And at this point, I'm not actually positive because, it, like, you know, Bryce says that. Do like the Atlanteans came and they said they wanted peace, but I didn't trust them. Yeah, it turned into yeah. violence. I'm like, well, that's I'm what the Batman who laughs says. Of this world did, didn't actually go for peace, and Bryce just went right after them. Well, that's them what the Batman who laughs says is that's what he says caused the Dark World that he didn't that she didn't trust anybody. He says it, but like you said, now you're going for okay. He Batman's fear is that Selina will die. When he's a woman on a, a planet that gets drowned by the uh, metahuman Atlanteans. It, it's too much of a step for me to think of what went on. We had the Red Death earlier, the first one, where we said, Batman who wonders, oh my god, if I grab the Speed Force, I'd be afraid that I'd overuse it. I'd overdo it. When we get the Devastator one where they've spelled it out in books, it was a Batman who wondered what would happen if he experimented with the Doomsday virus. This, uh, it, it, There's so much of a stretch to He's try to wonder what it would be that's, yeah, that's that's I, what it seems I look, I look at it like the fears go into the multiverse they land on an earth and they kind of have to take the cast of what is already on that earth yeah but that's but, not uh, what it says it says that these are created from fears in this dark multiverse that they these these worlds are formed from the fears and so it's it's it doesn't make sense it just gets me upset uh, I, think and, I think your old enemy reading comprehension is rearing its head again, Jim. No, gotta, that, Eric, am I gotta, wrong? Gotta, is that what they said? Like every other, no, I mean, you're, you're comprehending. No, well. you're saying it's too good? I wouldn't yeah, go that far. Every third word, like I, I just, do. That's I, how I get I, through them so quickly, too. That's true. I, I hate to be fucking miserable about these because it can be fun. That's why I said I, it I at the beginning. I don't hate to be miserable because I want a coherent story that makes sense all the way no. through. Yeah, and it's not. But then they go and you do see her attack. She ends up taking Mara and Aquaman. And that's the other thing. You get to the end. I'm going to guess that most of these, first off, okay, it's an Aquaman you know, uh, amalgam with Batman. So either you're going to end up in Amnesty Bay or in Atlantis. We, you know, when you have all of these, you end up at the exact place where the other hero of our world would be. And then at the end, whatever, uh, you know, hero we've seen in metal will get grabbed by Dr. Fate or somebody with Dr. Fate's help. But uh, yeah, except Cyborg. They left him out to dry because obviously there's something in there that they want to use later. But yeah, it's really cut and dry now. And by this amount of or is issues it, cut and it's, wet? it is it's wet and dry because you know Ooh. there's the surface world as well and it just ends up at the end like okay let's get on with it and by the end i just like okay i don't really care either way and i just want to see what these actual characters do in metal and that, that's not me because each of these individual issues you have the exact the exact same formula where you get a background on the character and then they come to this world because the joker last brought them I'm yeah. sorry, the Batman who laughs brought Batman them. Batman who laughs, They fight yeah. their counterpart, they win, and then freaking Dr. Fate comes and takes them away. For the most part, this is the exact same formula. Yep. And all they have to do 
they alter that formula for like for each thing for like each individual one is have the characters make sense for the freaking rules of metal that have been put in place and this one and failed. they don't yeah it failed it failed and it just it just upset me being the last one now again i want to point out the rules that they failed in being an earth negative 11 is what i wanted from the beginning this is I what i well. actually wanted i wanted it to not just be the fears and and dreams of our batman i wanted them to be the dreams and fears of the multiversal batman and have it be different and then when you say earth negative 11 i already have footing to go forward okay it's going to be the gender reversed world okay Okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. You have maybe, uh, you know, any of the other worlds. You have an Earth 3, and then you have that, and, you know, all that nonsense. At least you have a footing. But here, I, I just feel like I'm lost for a big part. I spend all the issue wondering what the fear or hope is that caused this world, and most of the time I never can get it. And they don't spell it out, which I wish they would. I they wish didn't we write it. Seen They're it. not writing <laughs> I know. Well, I'm saying they, they have to because if you – First off, they always start. You don't even see like you could have just had the start be Batman showing us the Batman and what his fear was that caused this world to be created. But they don't go that way. Yeah, that so. was invented after Dad Abnett wrote this. You know, yeah, they're, they're making yeah. this up as they go along. Oh, I know. You know That's what infuriates me. It's like all their other things that it just points that these are just money grabs that they decided at the last second to do, and it didn't have anything. They never got all these guys together on a conference call or a one room would be the best and kind of hash out what each one wanted to do and what they're going to do they're all just running roughshod with it maybe and have one editor control them but they kind of see yeah. them out to the individual editors yeah. you know it's, and, just, it's uh, upsetting whatever. to me it's upsetting i'm upset reggie i'm sorry I'm <laughs> i thought sorry you were supposed to make it a 20 out of 10 side, on the plus side today's yes you know yes I mean? and so and yes that. and the art's great i actually was going through and philip tan i'm like okay i get it and then all of a sudden i'm like what the fuck happened? This looks like Tyler Kirkham. And since I didn't review it, Reggie, you reviewed it. I don't yeah. really look at the credits. At, you know, I just jump in. It does switch up. And then I look, and I'm like, holy shit, yeah, that looks good. I love Tyler Kirkham's art. Yep. So I really like the art. I just wonder why you had two artists on and this. This was my for... favorite, so far, my favorite character design for all these characters. Okay, yeah. The where yeah. I was like, damn, this is my, I might need to get the uh, eventual action figure on this one. I yeah, just really like cool. it. I know, I know it's just pirate monster Batman, but... Those those words yeah. together make make me it's a happy cool. man. I'm saying, yeah, it's out cool. of all the freaking like characters we've had in the one shot so far, like we still have the Merciless and the Devastator coming up, but yeah. out of all the ones we've had so far, this is definitely the best design we've seen. Yeah, yeah. I like it, and I I like the art overall. I thought it was great. But uh, what did you give it, Reggie? So based on those things, and like I, you know, it's it is highly disappointing. I'm I'm you know needling you guys and especially Jim, but it is highly disappointing as a tie into metal. It basically only you know connects in the most surface ridiculous ways but it seems like it connects in the ways if you were to tell someone about what metal is in three minutes yeah you know what i mean yeah. like i've been feeling snyder pitched this to abnett in june or, i think so know, too May, and said oh it's gonna be about this this and this and then in that time he wrote a whole bunch of other shit but abnett wrote this so connected to that you know i i probably drop it a full point but disconnected i liked a lot of it and that included the art the character design and the way abnett wrote it and the the basic conceit of it you know the the idea of this other world that was so drowned that it's like a water world, and here is yeah. like fishy Batman controlling it. So I ended up giving it a seven out of ten. Yeah, I uh, I thought the art was great, so I I can't go that low. Uh, again, if if this was a Tales of the Batman, uh, you know, the multiverse yeah. Batman tales, tales of a the Dark Knight gone wrong, and that's all it was. I would have thought that this was really, really good. I, I mean, like you said, I don't mind the writing at all. 
I, I like the narration, but really that's the other thing. Most of this is just full-out narration of this happened then, and then this happened then, and then this happened then. I know they all mostly are, but this one just seemed so much. And, and with the big panels, it was a quick read. But at the end, because of the the you know not following any sort of rules, not really giving me any sort of background, if, if you told me, like we said, it, you said about if you're going to explain people, if you had to have me explain what the Batman the Drowned is, and I had to really go through them, what would happen with this character going forward with metal i have no idea because i really don't get anything except that she was mad that her husband died or you know lover died and the metas did it so you know you get and did some surgery but yeah because of that i give it a five five but what would you give it her um like we talk about disconnected from everything with metal right now i want to go this 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 like thing that you guys are doing but like i would go like a six out of ten at this point but i i love the art no matter like the art is the really the freaking the point of like uh, i can't even talk now the art is the real draw pointed to this freaking issue but it's just i've seen this formula over and over again every one shot follows the same thing and i'm getting very bored with it but if you like so i with that i'll give it a six out of ten but since it is a part of metal i'm gonna give it a fuck you five because it doesn't make any goddamn sense (laughs) i just now it just now it just seems like a uh it's a money grab all these and it's very obvious now that's what upsets me but i do like the art too much money grabs as long as they make sense in the long run in in a way every old comics are somewhat of a money grab everything's a money grab isn't it eric shaking his ass on the street is a money grab that that's all it is (laughs) have you ever been involved in a money grab like when you get in that that big thing where the money goes i haven't either i do not want to be in one of those but we're going to go off now to the next book who that drowned how about it? Drown. Uh, sometimes I drown in your eyes, Eric. Those baby whatever color eyes you have that I don't know. And then I realize <laughs> you're staring at me for a long time. Then I go to the I bar and drown my sorrows. Yes, I don't really look at your eyes a lot. And I don't even want to hear, oh, because you got to look up too high. I wasn't even going to go there. How dare you? you got to go to Beep Hey, Eric, do you know... Have you ever heard what taco meat is? Can you talk? Oh, God damn it. <laughs> uh, today at work, we're sitting there, and the guy at work, the guy who pisses out the back of the fucking warehouse, says to us out of nowhere, what is taco meat? <laughs> it's ground meat, you, you dumb fuck. How do you answer that? What is taco? I mean, it's one of those that, yeah, you, hey, it's it's ground beef. You have it in. You put the spice in, But really, it's one of those, like questions that's like the answer is it's taco meat you stupid asshole you're in your 60s you don't know what taco meat is then later on he tries to throw shade at eric by walking over to where we work and eric has a lot of toys over there because he's a man child yeah and they're there and he goes hey anywhere in this mirage of shit is there a rubber band i'm a, a mirage is it, is it <laughs> like, not that really shit's there? real that, that stuff is there learn the goddamn language Oh, Eric Shay, it's been bothering me all all day. I, yeah, I need this podcast. Thankfully, I forgot about it until now. No, I'm not gonna. That's why I wanted to say it right away, uh, because and and right away being the third book that we're talking yeah. about after an intro. But as we record this right now, it is the first bit of a night that we're doing this, and it just bothered me. It bothered me all day. I what bothered you more? His misuse of mirage or not knowing what taco meat is. It's honestly just him in general bothers me. So yeah. like anything he could throw at me, it won't surprise me anymore. No. 
Yeah, then he's talking about this story about this woman who founded IZOD, which is nonsense. She, it's fucking bullshit. Like, oh, this woman, she opened this pizza place over there. And like, no, this guy and his mother, you know, she invented one of those shirts. What do you call it? You have this thing, like an IZOD shirt? That's yeah. it. And then you could have said anything. Yeah, you could have said Because then I, you just look it up and write a thing on a piece of paper and just hold it in front of me. <laughs> IZOD <laughs> found it in like, what, yeah, 17, like, bullshit. 93? Yeah, like bullshit, my friend. But yeah, he uh. just goes on and on. Yeah, so basically, somebody who founded IZOD, uh, shit went wrong, Eric, because then the family went from owning the IZOD Corporation to going and opening up a pizza place in Trumbarsville. There yeah. you go. Yeah, that how the mighty maybe it was a woman fallen. who started the brag and dragon gym no she don't even start if that was i'd say where is she now i want to slap her for all my misery i used to get the sears brag and dragon shirt and it's one of those where when and i try to you know be very wary of this with my kids that if you do have a brand thing that's popular i mean it's it's just like transformers and then you get the GoBots. that's Ooh, that's exactly what that. it was yeah who wants the Bragg and Dragon shirt? It's a dragon. I'm like, well, really? You might as well just have the shirt. I am poor. That's yeah. all you need. Please, just do that. I probably would have been more popular. Oh, Eric, what are we talking about? What book is next? Eric Shea. Nightwing number 31, written by Tim Seeley, with art by Miguel Mandanka, Diana Egia, Chris Sotomayor, and Carlos M. Mengual. As we continue to move through the who's who of Bloodhaven, we see that Nightwing may be taking things a little too far by working with Blockbuster to take Raptor down. And because of this... Looks like Huntress is finally leaving this title and moving on. Fine. Raptor, Raptor isn't about to stay <laughs> hidden, though. And after we see him fucking with Blockbuster and then DeFacer finding out that he may be working with Pigeon, Raptor shows up at Dick's casino job to make his workday harder than it has to be. Finally. Yeah. Finally. That, that whole deal with Huntress, me and you both thought she was gone. And yeah, she said her goodbye. It really seemed like, all right, it's goodbye then, because I won't be playing second fiddle to anybody, Mr. Dick Grayson. Second fiddle. And then she also was like, she keeps saying, yep, heading back to Gotham to deal with those mobsters and get that, fat, you know. That no, I may no, or may not have that I, already That I already with. took care of. And you know, yeah, it's just odd. But yeah, it starts off. And, and you do get the idea that Blockbuster, uh, Roland blockbuster uh in this book is a guy who does have a at least some sort of moral code like yeah. nightwing says he does want people to like him he does want the kids in bloodhaven he loves bloodhaven basically he's a hometown that's boy. the yeah that's the bottom line and he it starts off and he's having a big thing like he's going the to be business leaders of tomorrow the, yes forum the business leaders of, of tomorrow. kids show up to the casino so we can talk to them in a freaking yes. open forum Yep, and they're going to talk because he was a guy who kind of had some problems, came back, the casino, now he's a big shot Build and all that. out of nothing, Yeah, Jim. so he's going to do that. And I, I ended up thinking at one point that it was going to be like, oh, Jesus Christ, these they use these damn kids. It, all he says is like, why am I so nervous? You know, I, I've been talking to mobsters and things, and it's, it's a pretty cool deal. Well, then you see uh, he has a guard kind of waiting outside with the worst mustache ever. I really thought that was Dick Grayson with a phony <laughs> mustache i i really did and he gets has better disguises than well he gets pulled mustache. away this guy gets pulled away and then i thought oh now it's dick grayson and i'm thinking why, why does dick have to grab this now oh, that's, and, that's the best part too because while this guy shows up he's like you're on sir he's like just a damn second stupid friggin' tie and roland's working on his tie and i, I was really confused at first just because i don't understand it to this day i'm 35 years tie. old don't know how to tie a yeah. tie so when yeah. he starts saying Make a noose, hang the little man, and you You're see like, the guy in the back of you pulled away. I thought yeah. he was having that dude killed at first. You thought he was giving uh, uh, orders. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was trying to tie the tie, and then in Raptor comes 
And I will say that I am not, hey, this issue is okay. By the time we get done, you'll hear my score, obviously. But my biggest problem with this book, which I have a problem with a lot of books, especially this week, is that it's not moving forward, really. It just kind of is happening. And when I see Raptor again, I'm like, God damn it, I, I just I want Raptor to get the hell out of this book. I want this book to be about Nightwing. I just want this book to be about Nightwing, and it seems like Nightwing continues. I've argued about this, or not argued, but complained about this since we've been talking about Nightwing, especially recently, that the book is not about Nightwing. I need a Nightwing book to have some Nightwing in it. And there's just too much going on. We have on. a large cast of characters. There is a large book, cast. You know? And the thing is, though, now that, like, being in Bloodhaven, I do care about the characters that are in Bloodhaven. I like, don't. the runoffs. And, I, like, I don't ca- I, I didn't care about the runoff. I, I don't care really about Roland. Stuff, so as long as we stay in Bloodhaven and we're dealing with this, I'm actually finding myself really happy with the book lately. Yeah, I'm not. I'm telling you, you have the the uh, whales and uh, like these things. Yeah, the runoffs. The runoffs are in three pages. You have, you know, Raptor. You have Huntress, who shouldn't even be in this book anymore. Yes, we yes. thought she was gone. You have Blockbuster, who to me is not interesting anymore. We've already seen what he has. We have, like I said, the whales and guys or whatever. The whales enders uh, guy. Yeah, not not interesting to me. We've already seen them. They don't seem to disappear. We keep going on and on. I well, mean, I'm surprised Swoboda. I'm surprised Swoboda just doesn't walk in. But again, this is a Nightwing book. This book isn't Bloodhaven Central. Swoboda just shows up. Hey, that huh. guy, you warm yeah. for my form still? Now, and I'm going through this, and actually, you know, you don't get the runoffs, who I do like. You get the runoffs for a couple pages. They are actually just at the, the very end. Out of town, yeah. Yeah, they're in the last four pages. And even then, it seems like it's just set up for Sean to face her. Uh, probably the most. Now, I know that she's kind of the linchpin of them, but yeah. really, to me, the most uninteresting one of them but unfortunately we have to keep dealing with her i like the other runoffs i like the whole deal yeah i love stallion but we're not getting that and and in the meantime we have you know raptor attack freaking roland desmond and then going out to these kids and yelling about branding again i i've had enough of that you know like you know Raptor is for the lower class people, and he sees yeah. all these kids who want to become these corporate hotshots and, and will become the freaking one percent yeah, that awful. he just fucking loathes. And like his whole idea, because he knows that Roland Desmond is blockbuster, so he yeah. wants to show these kids yep. what it actually takes to become, you know, the successful people that they want to be when they grow up. Yeah. And he freaking forces Roland Desmond to become blockbuster in front of them, yep. and just like blows their goddamn minds. And, and here's the thing: I'm looking, and I, I could, ca- I'm not going to count through, but there's about twenty kids there. Yeah, yeah I, I just expect fifteen to become supervillains now because this is why they're there. They're very you driven. Though. Casino? Oh, yeah, right. they're like, okay, a casino and take this drug that makes you into a blockbuster. I'm in. They have steroids. Count me in because yeah, he basically says this is what you need to do. I think he is sending the wrong message. I really do. <laughs> it's like it's a really after-school special that has gone completely wrong here. Uh, it just is odd. But a- as you go from there, and, and again, Raptor is all about, like you said, the the lower class about branding. Well, that's the thing is, he has been in the past, but once we saw in this, the last issue or the first part of Raptor's Revenge. Yeah. He was willing to put that waitress in danger to freaking get away from Nightwing. Yeah. So right there, it was he was off his game a bit. He was out of character. Yeah. And we didn't really deal with anything in this issue about that, though. No, and I don't think we're going to. I, I just think it's Raptor who's going to go around and start yelling and screaming until he gets put down or sent away again. And I just, you know, it was okay. But then you go to the Blue Blood Labs and Chemical the Transport. Blue Blood Labs. Now, this and part now- was a little, like... 
not heavy handed. It was just a little over explained because we had to have yeah. this whole thing about who, how horseshoe crabs are used to freaking make pharmaceuticals and yeah. shit like that. And I'm like, and testing and stuff. They, they use kept that. Talking like all of a sudden it was like a History Channel special. Yeah. I'm like, oh, ah, it, you're going a little yeah. too heavy into this. It, it was crazy. And, and yeah, it's a thing. They save, and even the editor's note says, "Look it up." I'm not gonna look I'm it up. I'm not about to look you're, it up. Look, listen I, to me. You're not running my world. Tells me something. <laughs> Who am I to say it's not yeah. gonna happen? Listen here, Chris, the editor. He, you ain't telling me shit. I got my own life to lead. And he's like, Google it. It's weird. Okay, I'll take that. What I'd rather have is the whale and group come and say like, hey, let's get this, you know, gizmo gasmo and go. I don't That's really thing, need Chris, anything editor, in real life. Understand. I went to go look it up, but then I got sidetracked looking at what celebrities who once were famous are doing now. That's what careers. I said. I got really uh, sidetracked. What happened to me? I went to look it up and I saw the why Toby Maguire cannot get a job in Hollywood anymore, and then I was down that rabbit exactly. hole, Eric. Shit I was happens. done. Yeah. So, yeah, Chris, I'm sorry it didn't work. But, yeah, they go, and, and really, it's almost like, what agenda do you have, Chris? Why, why are you making me do this? Well, it is weird. It's weird that you're pushing it on me. Crab. Yeah, don't tell me how to live my life, my man. Yeah, it's right. not happening. These horseshoe crabs. And it just... It goes on and on for no reason, really. And they just start fighting, but it ends up with you find out that, or or uh, Huntress finds out that you know Dick is working with Blockbuster. But before that, the you know they use the serum on themselves. And be, I don't understand. Now we're getting all my, it's venom. I, I mean, well, it's it's full of venom. venom. The whole thing was is that the whales enders now that they know that Roland Desmond is this Blockbuster, yeah. and like pretty much. Now that the secondhand guns aren't working anymore, they're like people are coming in and like gangs from all over are trying to take over the yeah. Wales Enders turf in Bloodhaven, and they need to up their game a bit. Now that Orca's been taken out, they found out what you like the formula was that Orca used become Orca, and they're trying to recreate that. And they need this horseshoe crab serum to freaking become these over the power, like over the top, like yeah. fucking whale supervillains. And the freaking Avery Martell, who's the gang leader, she goes and, like, you know, just freaking grabs a syringe, like, shoves it in a barrel and fucking yeah. pulls some stuff out. I don't know if she already had some stuff in her. Injects that's, that's herself the thing. And starts yeah. becoming a, a whale Yeah, there's woman. nothing there. This is blood work again from Flash. Yeah. It looks like she just gets horseshoe crab blood. That's all that looks like is really there. Because this was supposed to be the last part of the formula that they needed. And she does start to yeah. turn into a whale woman. But it's just ridiculous. she just starts burning up, it looks like. She just falls and possibly dead yeah but it, even then it just it to me it just seemed ridiculous like all of a sudden it just happens well, well, like is, you said the, the, the situation that we got out of it is a little ridiculous the idea that the whales enders need to up their game i like that because shit yeah. has gone wrong and blood up their game i think they're up. done now i think yeah, they're completely they done, done so yeah that's what i'm saying it's just to get them out of the way and it go big then, or go home jim yeah, yeah, and then the one guy home they went too big. he went home and the one guy that was with you know or kind of like hey Hell no, I, I give up. And they go, and this is where you do see Roland again, and he's he's pissed. He's kind of pissed that, you know, these kids got to see him. There was kind of a funny little bit here where he's like, listen, we got to take care of these kids. And the guy's telling him, what? All right. Okay, boss, I'll take him out. What, do you want me to crash a bus? He's like, no, no, no. I mean, we're going to pay for them get to go to school. Yeah, if they talk, then they don't get their scholarship. You know, it's kind of like a, you know, it's blackmail or whatever but still he's like hush money yeah i don't need you to kill them uh but yeah and this that's is where we where... see blockbuster's moral code where yeah. he does care about yeah. these kids he does and like while he doesn't want his secret being outed 
he doesn't want to have to kill these poor kids. No, he doesn't want to have to kids. kill them. And and while this is going on, you get this weird deal where Huntress has bought a thing that she can listen to the phone conversations, and yeah. and basically everybody is walking around pressing their temple like we all like it drives us nuts all the time. But that's where Huntress does hear that uh, that Nightwing is working with Roland Desmond, and because she the whole reason like they it. went to this Blue Bloods facility that was yeah. doing the horseshoe crab is because it was freaking information that Roland provided. That Rolling gun, and it was legit. And he said it was legit thing. Raptor set it up to go and take care of the guys that were in his way and things like that. And even says to to Roland, "Listen, Raptor doesn't, you know, telegraph his moves that much. So, you know, yeah, he was not going to be there. But we took care of things. And that's where uh, Huntress is listening with the device that she got at Shop Mart." Yeah, a Mart. really, really forced fucking thing that ends up coming into play Shop later Mart, as Shop well. Mart. Yeah, Shop Mart. But uh, he's like, I listen. She says, I listen to all your conversations, and you do see Dick's like, is that some spiral device? She's like, no, no, I just bought a Shop Mart. And then he's like, why don't you trust me? And she's like, no, no, you know what? I I can't trust you. You, you a fucking you're you're working with a you, bad you're, guy. You're fucking a mob boss. the line of your morals yeah. at this point, freaking acrobat. You need to calm this shit down and be Nightwing. You're working yeah. with the goddamn yeah. villains. It's That's what like- I want. I'm with her. Yeah, and he's like, really, if you're going to do anything and Helena is involved, you can't do something that's with a guy who pretty much is a mob boss. She's not going to like that. That's what she supposedly still has to fight. But, yeah, she knees him in the fucking nuts, punches him in the face, and now – is she gone now, Eric? In my I, mind, I'm she, not I'm sure. You, I really thought she was gone last issue. I really think she's gone this issue. Yeah, I think she I is gone. This, I have to assume she'll be back next issue. Yeah, well, uh, you did have that earlier while they were fighting. Uh, you know, the the bad guys, they did mention how she, like, gave Dick a little bit of a wink-wink of how good he is in the sack, though, Eric. So well, I, yeah, think that's why, I think that's why she keeps coming back. But then we go, and you have the runoff mobile going. <laughs> and, again, like you said, I'm watching. I'm like, okay. I do like them. I just need more of them than Sean. And Sean is dressing up as Defacer. Uh, she owes Pigeon, you know, a thing to tell that shit's gone wrong. Well, that's in, the out of town because Nightwing told him yeah. the last issue that shit is to get going out of wrong town. in Bloodhaven. Yeah. And super powered, like super villain people like you, super powered people, should really get the hell yeah. out because there's a war a coming. And they took, they're taking uh, like Nightwing's advice because Gorilla Grimm's like, I don't like Nightwing. I don't know him to be a liar, though. We need to yeah, get he's out. Not she's a like, liar. look, I owe Pigeon freaking this whole thing, too, because she might not be a great person, but she was there for me before. So I need to tell her to get out yeah. as well. Yeah. So what happens is she goes, she wants to stop, and she says, listen, I have to tell Pigeon. I'm just going to tell her to get the hell out. You know, I'm not going to do any. I just want her to be able to get out. She goes up to her room. It's like, what the fuck? Looks in, and the bed's all messed up. There is more tech. I, I would want to grab one of these TV monitors and take it with me because there's more tech in here. And it's all just pictures and, and video screens of freaking Dick Grayson. And then on laptops and, you know, newspaper clippings and stuff, stuff about Blockbuster. And she walks over, and they're on the bed, you know, with uh, actually on a chair next to the bed with a bunch of clothes there's raptor's mask and she's like, oh pigeon's working with raptor like, what, what, what do you mean it's it that seems more than pigeon is working I'm for raptor you, when i, I raptor. read this freaking you know when, when sean goes into pigeon's room and we like i don't care about all the pictures of dick grayson and nightwing no. on the freaking monitors or the blockbuster stuff when i see there's a bunch of like like bras and different yeah, panties on over. the bed and then freaking raptor's mask yeah. 
for There's some reason, going my on. mind immediately assumed, oh my God, Pigeon is Raptor. <laughs> I thought they were, I, I just thought they were getting down, Eric. You're like, oh no, I, I, I just Pigeon's went, oh my Raptor. God, Pigeon's Raptor. But yeah, and, and the funny thing but is, no, is that's they, not the case. Uh, but the thing is, earlier, pretty much Dick told uh, Roland, listen, Raptor does not, you know, leave things out there to be thin, but this mask really seems like a very big what oversight for Raptor. Goddamn mask around yeah, that's for what I'm saying. And, and with that, I would have thought that this is a setup. But we then end with Dick at the casino. He, you know, he's got a glass of water with ice on his face because he's all beat up. But he goes to start his, you know, his table as a dealer, a card dealer. And Raptor is there. You see Raptor and he doesn't have a mask. So I'm like, okay, it must have been where he took it off. But to me, Raptor would never just leave his mask or anything. That's his brand, Eric. And I know that he really cares about that brand, but he left it, you know, at Pigeon's apartment. It, it seems odd, but yeah, you have that where soil act though. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have where Dick also has that shop mart thing yeah, where he's, he's like, listening into Roland Steele. Beat the shit out of him for not having the moral standards that he she yeah. believed he should have. He and before I came to work, I ran out the shop mart and bought me yeah. one of these so I could listen in on Roland's conversations. And that's where he hears him talking to the guy like, "Yeah, take care of those kids. What? You want them whacked? Maybe a bus no. crash? Whoa, whoa, whoa! He goes, for God's sakes, man, you don't touch a hair on any of those kids' head. So you do see." That Dick's like, okay, at least I was right about him. He has a moral code. What always uh, makes me laugh about things, because Huntress did it as well. The minute that these guys or gals get the one thing that they want to hear, they take that device out of their ear. Why not keep it in there and listen to more? But she takes it off, and then you have, hey, you know, deal me in, Dick. And you see that it's Raptor with a fancy suit. He looks weird. Also. Also, uh, I maybe, but you see Soyulek going through. But also, he kind of was a little messed up in the face at points. Well, that's, and the had, po- that's the whole part before is that the reason why like, like him and his like Dick's yeah. mother became friends is because he had leprosy that really yeah. scarred up his yeah. fucking and face. And that's and, why like, he wore that mask. He was a fucking monster. Yeah. So I'm like, why does he look handsome as fuck? Yeah, that's mask? what I'm saying. Why, why wear that mask? You're a handsome fella there, buddy. But yeah, it's, that was like, a big now thing. Now I just have to assume that the only thing messed up from him from the leprosy – it's the Soyulak hand. That's why he yeah, never takes the glove the hand off. And that, yeah, and and soon that'll come off. Eh? Yeah. Because, yeah, that was a big thing that he was pretty much scarred from leprosy. He don't look scarred to me. Maybe it was all emotional scarring, but it really was pointed out that he kind of looked like, uh, you know, the fucking elephant man or something, but that is not the case. So. He was Rocky Dennis. He was, but that that's the end of it. It's a very quick issue, and very. I said at the beginning, I, I want more Dick Grayson, but I can't really fault this book too much because I I don't know if it's one of those that not enough happens i don't get angry when i was writing my review for it i wanted to talk about it because like we went around and we saw different characters and the progression of the story it's more of a slow paced story a slow burn but we are progressing like there was really nothing inherently wrong with this no there's nothing wrong it just nothing happens what i wanted so even with that like I enjoyed it enough. It just was like the slow pace is really throwing yeah. me off because we just keep dealing with like a lot of the same things over well, and over I'll tell you, a lot that's... of progression, but we are yeah. progressing in the characters themselves, which is odd to say. Kind of. 
I'm telling you, I, I didn't get any progression. The runoffs haven't progressed at all. They're, oh, they they're just right. They're getting out of town. That's just them leaving. Now they're going to be out of the book, it seems. And Dick Grayson is just I, – I just don't – nothing happens. This reminds me a lot in our next section. We'll be talking about Green Arrow in the green section. Kind of reminds me of the same thing. You keep having the same characters pop up. Uh, they're gone for a while, then they'll pop up again. And there's, there's nothing really going forward that I could sit there. If somebody said to me, hey – Tell me what the Nightwing book is about. I, I probably could tell them pretty much everything in two sentences. I, I really could. And he's in Bloodhaven, and he met these guy, these other villains, the runoffs, and he's having problems with other guys. <laughs> I don't know what he's else. He's banging cause... a lot of chicks. No, he hasn't really done much. It, it's just him kind of going, and it does seem that when, when – uh, Sam Humphreys gets on the book, he might be taking him out of Bloodhaven and, and going from there, and it'll be a shame, because, but nothing really happens in Bloodhaven. They're just kind of hanging around, so I don't know if it'll be good or bad, but what did you give this? I gave this issue a 7 out of 10. I really love the art in this issue, and I'm telling you, I'm a big fan of Blockbuster and Roland Desmond, and just seeing him have this moral code that we're really like, you know, pounding in here, like, he is the big bad of the book right now. Like, in my mind, Raptor's a secondary thing, because yeah, no, I think Raptor's the, big the mainstay. Bad. And it's one of those things where I actually really like Roland Desmond, and he's not that bad of a guy while he still is the bad guy. But oh, I, yeah. I found myself enjoying this issue, and the thing is, I didn't really know why, but by the end, I wasn't disappointed in it. Now, I, I mean, obviously what they're doing, whoa, he, they are changing it so that Roland Desmond is not the big bad. He's not the bad guy. I'm assuming that at some point he's going to step in and get hurt saving Nightwing and then whatever happens. But I don't think that it, they, they've made him now, you know, a gooder guy, a better guy, a gooder guy. A and uh, guy. you have Raptor, who now Tim Seeley's pushing him as the bad guy again. I could care less about it that's, i give it a 5 8 uh, i really didn't like it i it's enough it doesn't infuriate me to get, to make it a fuck you five but it's just nothing's going on nothing at all and you just kind of go with that and i thought huntress had left and she didn't but that's that but we're going to move on to mail section number two right about now It's time. Mail section number on Mail with Eric. Mail with Eric. Also with Brandon. Brandon says, Sup, fellas? Sup, Brandon? Okay, I would like to start off this email by addressing something very important. I need to apologize to Jim and Eric, first of all, because everything you two said last week was secondary and now has escaped my brain because of this new show stealer on the scene, Mr. Freak Daddy Falcon. <laughs> I almost pissed my pants listening to this the first time, and I wasn't even drinking. Well, maybe I was a little. Is there any I time that Brandon were. is not drinking? Does this freak he's Daddy not, Falcone... He's only not drinking when Dancing Mike's not drinking. That's true. That Never. Does this freak Daddy Falcone remind anyone else of the hide your kids, hide your wife, because they're raping everyone out there clip from the internet <laughs> a few years back? Or is it just me? You got to watch I out. Did. There are... 
they're all in a I forget the park that I think it might have been Lincoln Park that he says that, I think that it was guy. Lincoln Park. Yeah, I think they were in Lincoln Park and you know, you're you're really dumb. You're dumb is what he kept saying. Anyway, oh, you're use, so dumb. You're so dumb. Anyway, to use a sports analogy, I would like to see a freak daddy could repeat such a classic feat again. But as of now, this one hit wonder might be my favorite whiner line to date. Look <laughs> out, Big Tony. Freak Daddy Falcone is coming for your crown. Do you watch sports, Freak Daddy Falcone? I need to know more. He needs oh more. Did we he just needs become more best Freak friends, Daddy. Freak Daddy Falcone? We just did. Eric, tell that bleacher creature fella you keep chained up wherever. Pretty goddamn good. Pretty good damn first episode he had there. Oh, yeah. I even almost said goddamn the way he said it before. I usually rank straight out horror flicks just slightly above Star Wars. And I'm telling you, this is one of the things. I actually, and this is from the bottom of my heart, uh, I actually look at Brandon as almost like a brother. The, the yeah. way, that, like all of his interests and stuff. He starts talking that Star Wars shit. I want to beat the shit out of him. I, I'm I'm just saying, I got mad that he's throwing shit at horror by throwing shit at Star Wars. Like, I, I, I just fuck, everything dude? else with Brandon. I'm telling you, spot on. That I, I think Brandon could come to Quaker Town, live next door, and he would be our best friend of all time. This Star Wars shit's got to stop. He says, on an interest scale of things to check out, but this basement Buddha that did the podcast got me pretty damn interested in this new It movie. Man. Now, will I watch the old school miniseries to compare the two? Hell no, you won't, because you can't find that on the stick now. I that know, thing crazy. disappeared. That's what the podcast is for to fill me in. I'll take the things, uh, take that thing's word for it, but I'll check the new flick out on the stick for sure. And he did. He actually, after this, he did check it out. Uh, I just want to tell everybody, you have to talk to Eric. Eric needs constant reassurance of his no, stuff. One doesn't. thing, but I need. Well, you do. Not the cellar dweller. He's a pretty confident fellow. What right. I do want people to talk to Eric about this is what Brandon's saying is kind of what I've been pushing you because we do have these arguments. Now I don't know why I'm arguing with something I'm not I'm a 0% involved with but you tell me ideas and I get so angry because I say to you hey why don't you talk about you know the, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies and you're like oh so many people already talked about them why would here's Brandon telling you exactly what I said these people are interested to hear you talk about these movies so that they don't have to hear or all do right, anything all else right. your next up episode you get some pumpkin head don't yeah, worry Jim. no not pumpkin head god <laughs> damn it yeah, I'm telling I say to them, like, I, I said to Eric, hey, listen, why don't you do, like, one of your things with the continuity kid deal of a timeline or something? Oh, so many people have already talked. I don't, they don't care about these other people. They want to hear you. The, the light's shining on you, Eric. Future Ooh. ones. Throw a random segment or two in there. I need this podcast to fill at least 30 minutes of my work day. I got 50 hours to get through here a week. Buddy, feed my ears, he says. So he wants some random episodes. Also, if there's not something playing in my ears, even with soundproof headphones, I can hear these women around me talking endlessly about their dogs. Oh, and the new one in front of me smells like wet dogs and cigarettes. Oh, Somebody good. please save me. I think that what I'll do is I'll just – I'll have a mic with me, and I'll just turn it on, and you can follow me around all day, and th then you'll see I, I barely talk. I don't say much, and if I do, it's me yelling at Eric at work. That's all it is. Books. 
Batman the Drown, eh, story, great art. But I'm really on the bandwagon of all these heroes, villains having uh, puking-type powers now. Between Croc and his ice vomit and Bryce Wayne and her dead water vomit, I'm on board with this new trend. Not so much the surgery to turn yourself into a fish person, but the vomit I'm down with. Still, I didn't even mention it, and obviously we've already listened to that, uh, talking about the Drown by now. But I didn't even know, like, what is this surgery? Like, it's so just glossed over. It's gill surgery, dude. Come on. that's, I, I think that Dan Abnett was using the fact that it was the quote-unquote dark multiverse to kind of go with that anything can happen there. It's dark science, Jim. It is dark science. It's, it might even be weird science, Eric. Maybe. Although I think I might now uh, know what the problem is, why they're all throwing up. All this metal, metal cards, metal weapons, metal armor, different kinds of metal, including Batmanium. I, I know Bobby's shaking her head right now. She hates it. <laughs> it's making people ill, especially Bobby. And they all just need to say a real fucking doctor get some z packs or something <laughs> problem solved event over boosh I, I i'm expecting that brandon is talking a z packs that's for genital warts i i don't know batman first the good talia al ghul while no rihanna is one sexy mama cedar i told you i was at work and we were bitching and moaning about batman and i said and and talia at the end and we don't ex- understand why she would even be involved and i'm like i don't yeah, care I she, she, she was so hot now she might be kind of sort of an asian descent possibly so i know eric has a problem with her but oh, can Jesus. you name another comic book character they draw as consistently stunning do you ha- do you have any idea eric i, I like catwoman Zatana. almost every time i see her yeah, Satana's pretty good, too. I don't want to hear any Wonder Woman nonsense arguments, either, because there are times the artist can go all rogue on Diana and give her a butch look. Now, I just think that when I see uh, Wonder Woman, she would not put up with any of my nonsense and beat the shit out of me, so that that's why I get excited. Now Ooh. the bad. Most of the rest of the book. Was it terrible? No. These stories King is writing just don't feel like epic Batman ideas. I get he likes to ground the heroes he works with in reality, I guess, but he's been doing the same shit since Vision, and it's just getting tedious and old at this point i shouldn't feel like i'm still reading vision when i'm reading batman god damn it tom Agreed. king you have turned reading batman in my new watching the buffalo bills or sabers that means awful but yeah. uh yeah uh repairman jack said the same thing as he reads batman and whether like that wasn't his exact point but his point to me was you you can tell he's using that same formula well that's the thing it's, is he has a formula for everything he writes and he also has to do this whole thing where on top of the formula, okay, what what kind of pop culture stuff can I throw in there so the kids know that I'm down? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, and uh, just got word, Eric. Bobby has not heard the cellar dweller yet. So that's oh, why. Right. And I will tell Bobby because she's in the mixer right now live. Uh, Eric has been waiting with bated breath for your oh, review. <laughs> he really has. Uh, and he kept saying, uh, and, and Bobby, you have to know, just she'll never say anything bad to you. She's too nice. But he actually, with you not responding, has taken it as a negative <laughs> review and is really, really devastated that you hadn't heard it yet. Well, Superman. Jim, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything That's right. <laughs> Superman, I love any of that. That's not the case. She hasn't listened to it yet. She did say that she loved your Mixler show, though. Awesome. So, and you know it. Points. She was the only one there. So there nope. you go, Eric. That is true. You all. You used to come in and you'd say, you know what, the the Mixler show, whatever. But I was glad we did. I did it because I hung out with Bobby. Yeah. Superman. I love any time threads are picked up from Dark Side Wars. So that's all I needed to know about this to be in. I'm I'm with you. I'm glad. Tomasa Gleason. I was all about it. Tomasa Gleason. I'm going to have to get that as just that soundbite. Or back on the book, too. It just flat out makes the book feel more important again with that change alone. Wait a minute, Eric. i got to find it. Here we go. 
It's a good question. My my favorite writer right now would probably be uh probably Tomasi. Honestly, it like <laughs> I, I get I give this fucking annual a low score, but I do love Tomasi Glitch together. <laughs> Who is laughing? I hate them. Uh, drunk, yes. uh, fat, uh, drunk, is yes. drunk and stupid. There's no way to live your life, Eric. That is not any way to live your life. I I listen to that. Maybe I should not drink on episode 150. See? Now I have a decision I need to make here. Soon after Oz is over, what is the first Superman book to get rid of Action or Superman? If it if I was to theoretically after Action 1000 think about trimming the pull list a bit, I mean the problem I have with deciding they both go through their own highs and lows. Story wise, really I'm telling you, I was all about Superman problem. when. It started, then got really into action comics when Superman was taking a lull, and now I'm back to like now that Tomasi and Gleason are back on. I'm Tomasi really excited Gleason. again because so, I, like all those freaking two part stories. Besides, I, I like yeah. James Bonney's one, but they were, really weren't needed. Now that Tomasi and Gleason are back on, we're doing doing the dark side stuff. I am all about that Superman yeah. series, and I can yeah, care I less about action comics. At this yeah, point. and it's funny because uh, well, so which do you guys think has been better overall? I'm leaning towards Superman. I think my issue, and when I think about it, and all that I go with. It's very odd for me. Wherever Lex goes is where Jimmy follows because right. when I like the beginning action comics, it was because of Lex. It really is to me how much I enjoy Lex, and I'm afraid that they're going to screw this all up by just giving people what they seem to want, or at least DC seems to think people want, is the bad guy Lex back. I don't want that. I like the good guy Lex, and I, well. I don't know. So – to me, it'll be where Lex goes. It's where I follow. So we'll see. But Bill's home game this week. Look out! This Look week out. in Bill's history, five years ago, a girl was caught on film and put on Deadspin for blowing somebody in exchange for a Kiko Alonso jersey, who Sounds actually like was Buffalo. then he was then traded to the Eagles, got hurt, had one of the best interceptions I've ever seen. Uh, one-handed in the end zone interception, got ended up, and I, I believe he is still now in Miami after getting traded off of the Eagles as well. But that was in the uh, deal with LaShawn McCoy, which, uh, again, it was Chip Kelly nonsense. But, yeah, uh, that that is five years. It's so funny that that's what the – Bills fans have right now is five years ago a girl was blowing somebody for a Kiko Alonso jersey. That that is like me blowing you for a goddamn cracker with a piece of cheese on it. It's you I'll want do a it. Eric. A piece of cheese, I do. Yeah, I do. Uh, right. I gents Brandon at Beamier three six six zero, and we're gonna go off and listen to uh, Brandon and Trevitt talk for the Marvel Minute uh, on the Mighty Thor. Number seven hundred. Hey, that's what I voted on. I mean, I, I actually, I think I voted for Deadpool versus uh, uh, Old Man Logan, but yeah, I, I didn't win. I wanted that, Eric. I didn't know. I see these seven hundreds. This is my problem. Now I kind of, I, I kind of get the concept of what Marvel's doing with these. So all I look and I, if I see something that's numbered past like three hundred, I know it's a legacy title. Yeah. Still though, I don't know what's going on. I don't. But Mighty Thor number seven hundred, we will know what it's about because they're going to go and talk about it right now. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar. All right, guys, welcome to the Marvel Minute. I am Brandon, as always, joined by Trevitt. Trevitt, how we doing, man? Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. 
All right, you've been watching uh, Curb, the new the new episodes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that show. It makes me feel a little awkward when I watch it, but it's it's funny as hell at the same time. It's, it's crazy because you have so many of those moments where it's like hard to watch because you're like, oh, I can't believe he's doing that. Yeah, right. Um, I read I read somewhere <laughs> that he said uh, that basically the moments he uses in the show are things that kind of happen to him in real life, and then in the show he just does what he wish he said when it was all over with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not what he necessarily <laughs> did in his in his life, but it, he goes with on the show what he wish he would have did. I so, um, yeah, I saw so, I saw this thing on the news. Where uh, I I guess they have this thing where this guy uh, goes to famous people and he shows them if their like descendants were slave owners or Confederate soldiers, and oh, he was one of those guys. And uh, one of his like his great great grandfather was like a Confederate soldier and he owned slaves. And his reaction was like exactly like something you would see on Curb Your Enthusiasm. I was like, oh my god, he's like totally that guy. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah, he's pretty funny, that dude. Uh, but anyway, back to Thor. Uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm <laughs> is a different podcast. Maybe we'll start one day. But uh, Mighty <laughs> Thor 700 uh, won out the vote over three other books we threw up there, which was Incredible Hulk, Invincible Iron Man, and Deadpool vs. Old Man Logan. So th- this one edged everything out, and it is written by Jason Aaron. The art team is literally everybody, so I'm not going to read all those names. Uh, I think anybody that works in comics wrote part of or uh, drew part of this book. Uh, even people that aren't artists. Um, of course, this is a Marvel yeah. Comics production, and this was a 5.99 joint because it is. Well, we'll get it, we'll get into that in the blurb here. Uh, Thor 700 has re. Or, let me start that over. Well, Thor has reached issue 700. Ironically, right around the same time, a new movie drops. So with a huge new number, along with that comes a celebration of all the various Thors and a double-sized issue. So let's dig into this behemoth and unpack what all these different Thors are up to. Also, Marvel, if you're listening, me and Trevitt will take two tickets to the Thor premiere or even an early <laughs> screening. Uh, you know, help a couple bros out here. Um, anyway, just a forewarning before we get into things here. Uh we're going to do our best uh, to tell you the best we can what's going on in this issue. It jumps around a fuck ton. So uh, you might hear a lot of words you don't know because uh, the the locations and things are hard to pronounce and spell. But uh, that, that's it's, it's, it's all over the place, this issue. Not necessarily bad, but it just jumps all over. Um, you open up the book and you just get classic Thor kind of flying in the sky. Um I don't know what the hell is is this giant thing in the bottom right corner of the panel. Is that like a mushroom growing in the sky, or is that his leg? I don't. That's his Doesn't foot. it look weird as hell? It does. <laughs> I don't That's know. Like I, as soon as I open the book, I'm like, what the fuck is that? Uh, it's Walt Simonson, and and his other leg. Oh no, it's not missing. I guess it's bent back, but it looks like it's missing. <laughs> Yeah, like his other leg. It, it's like he's got these giant fucking boots on that are take up his whole body. Um, yeah, <laughs> but but anyway, it that, really has nothing to do with the story. It's just like narration starting, <laughs> and then we jump into our current time period, um, and this is old school Thor, Odin's son himself, uh, discussing things with a chick named Carnilla. She is queen of the Norns, so this all takes place on the Norn Keep, 
which is at the roots of the world tree. So uh, you following along with me here? This is how crazy this issue is going to be. <laughs> um, she's thumbing so Thor here because someone, somebody, quote unquote, uh, Malachi, seeks to slay the fates themselves. Um, she tells him the whys of Malachi's plan, and basically Malachi wants to start this war, uh, destroy these fates, so he's free to forge his own future, no matter uh, any consequences. You know what I'm saying? Like, like this will allow him to do whatever the hell he wants, basically, right? Yeah, um, yeah, it'll break destiny, so nothing will be written for him anymore. Right. Uh, all of a sudden, while they're kind of like discussing things, and she's w walking Thor down to these fates, um, the the attack begins, and and you know this giant army of frost giants and a little bit of everything really uh, starts attacking this uh, world tree and chopping at its roots and and fucking things up here. Um. Then we jump to Midgard, which is or no 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 I'm sorry. Yes, right, Midgard. Yeah, Midgard. Yep, yeah, Midgard. Um. I scrolled too far down and I, I totally lost track for uh, where I was in comparison to the book from my notes here. But uh, Midgard, which is just plain old Earth, and we're checking in on Jane Foster. Now, these first two panels here confuse the hell out of me because she's standing with a hot dog stand like over her head, like she's bench pressing it. And the dude in the next panel is like, oh, my God, did you see what she did to that bus? What bus? Yeah. <laughs> What? Um, I, I, I just assumed, I just assumed it was something that uh, She-Hulk destroyed before that. I guess because it was threw there me was off. Like too. a bus attached to the front of this hot dog cart. I, I had no idea what was going on. See, do you see the second panel from uh, from the top on the left? You can see the back of a bus. <laughs> yeah, but but you're right. She's throwing a hot dog cart. So I'm like, why mention yeah. something that happened? Before the hot dog cart, it does throw yeah, so you off. Even in my notes, I'm like, confusion runs rampant for me at this start. <laughs> as Jane Foster Thor stands atop a pile of rubble with a hot dog stand above her head. The crowd confuses it for a bus. What the hell is going on? I wrote. I wrote. So, anyway, um, we find out very quickly what's going on when Thor gets hit with a fire hydrant. Um. <laughs> And she is apparently fighting She-Hulk. And She-Hulk is a little different nowadays. She's kind of got like the Hulk madness ever since getting hit with um, a rocket, right? By Thanos or something? Or, or all that went yeah, down yeah. during Civil War Two. Yeah, Thanos beat the um, shit out of her. Yeah, so so she's kind of been like uh, anti-She-Hulk lately. When she, she hulks out, she's more like the classic Bruce Banner style Hulk now. Just mad with rage. Um, and she's taking this all out on female Thor for some reason. We don't know yet. Uh, so the fight just basically goes back and forth for a little bit. There's a cool bottom panel where, uh, I don't know, uh, Hulk comes in with like a Superman punch, like a MMA style Superman punch and Thor meets that punch with the hammer and, uh, kind of fucks she Hulk up for a second. You know, it's kind of strange cause you don't usually yeah. see a Hulk getting hurt. Um, but but anyway, uh, she Hulk she Hulk eventually is just causing too much destruction, and and Thor realizes she's got to get her out of this area. Um, anyway, we we flash back to a little earlier in the story, and we see, I see McKenna, awesome! I love your ponytails. 
Uh, <laughs> we see how this all started. Basically, um, when Jane arrived to the hospital for a chemo treatment and she saw Jennifer Walters, right? Yep. That's her name. Um, Jennifer Walters, like just going crazy on this hospital bed with these doctors trying to hold her down, which sent her into this uh, Hulk rage. So now that we're filled in about why they're fighting, just Thor basically trying to stop the Hulk. Uh, she flies her like up into the sky to get her out of what I thought was public view, but but we'll get back to that in a second. Uh, because then we flash to Asgardia, the city of the gods, and we're dealing with Volstag here, who was formerly War Thor when he had the Warhammer. And uh, he looks like he's being to like, I don't know, is this jail or he's going to counseling or something? I'm, I'm not, it's not I, really clear. I think it's jail for his own good. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're just like separating him from, you know, everything he's done and he, he's going to think about it for a minute uh, in jail. <laughs> so, um, you <laughs> know, speaking of the devil, they hear this, this huge, like, karaboom. Um, and, and Volstag's like, uh, you guys better get the hell out of here. And uh, come crashing through the ceiling is the Warhammer, which Thor sent away uh, in what the previous issue or the issue before that? Uh, yeah, the previous issue. Where he's like, "Get out of here!" Go yeah. Home. And it, we <laughs> thought that, that was the last we saw of it until right now, where it it hunted Volstag down apparently and drops right in front of him. Uh, the guards are like, "Oh shit!" And Volstag goes lunging for this hammer, and and he's just normally a big dude anyway, so it takes you know all these five guys to <laughs> do their best to keep him away from it. And they don't. Um, so the he Warriors gets three. Yeah. He gets the Warhammer, and he's Warthor again. Uh, I like Warthor personally. Uh, <laughs> so I'm a, I know he's a little crazy, but I, I'm glad he's back. <laughs> Makes um, things interesting. <laughs> yeah, he certainly does. Uh, we flash to a flashback on, New Midgard. So I, I, this is just like the beginning of Earth. It's like uh, 896 AD. Um, and we just see young teenage Thor going through just various trials. And uh, I don't know. It, the, the art here is what throws me off. Really, I kind of like the story they're, they're telling here. It's just a flashback of Thor reminiscing about uh, the trials he went through to become worthy, basically. But the art looks like it's yeah. pulled straight out of a uh, Disney kid's version of a comic book. Like, it, it looks yeah. not good. Becky Cloonan. Yeah, Thor looks a little girly. Um, the legit looks like a teenage girl. Like, it, it looks more like Jane Foster. Look like t- it looks he like does. Jane Foster without her helmet on, you know, with what she looked like without it on, even though you rarely see, like, her with the long hair and stuff without the helmet. Um. I do anyway, like the way Loki looks, though, in that second panel where he, with, with Fenris. Yeah, I'm down with that wolf stuff. And, and Loki with, like, I don't know, it looks like a skin mask, like he's Buffalo Bill or something, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Lord Loki. Yeah, so, so this is about the halfway point of the book here, the flashback. Um, and that's really all it is. I don't know what else to say about it. Just um, Thor becoming worthy, and, they, and that's all you see. They explored this in God of Thunder, right? I think I remember. Yeah, this was all the flashbacks story. before Thor, Thor became unworthy. Like, he yeah, was going yeah. through all that stuff. This is really like a catch-up issue if you haven't been reading any of that stuff. And a moving forward issue all at once. Um, 
you know, it does, if you haven't read any of the Thor books up to this point by Jason Aaron, which it's really like one long story, uh, th- this does a good job of kind of filling you in on all that. And I think that's what that part's for. I don't, I don't know the purpose yeah. of it other than that. Um, so then we flash forward now. We're, this is something he did in that God Butcher story too. Like we were dealing with the three yep. time periods. Um, and this Thor. is, yeah, this is future Thor and his daughters are up in the sky, just causing some chaos and thunder and shit. Um, King Thor, as he's called now, looks a lot like Odin, you know, he's, he, uh, is just talking to what looked like civilization starting all, um, on earth. New. It's like the stone age. It's like pilgrim time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, new Adam and Eve, basically. Yeah, and then they're asking him what's the purpose of life, and he's just like, to start a life on Earth, you know, and you, you get to do whatever you want. Um, I was like, you know, he's like, do God, he's like, you know, throughout history, man has always asked that question. He's like, do gods answer that question? He's like, not typically. Gods are bastards. Like that. <laughs> yeah, right. So he basically gives them the best answer that he can. Like, he's like, we don't really have a purpose for it. It's just free will. You get to live a life. You know what I'm, it's basically his answer. And then we get a glimpse of future Galactus fighting future Ego. Um, that was crazy. Yeah, it, it co- kind of comes out of nowhere. It's it's weird. This feels like it should be in the Ultimates book almost. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that, that's what it is. Black Galactus, as they call him, the Butcherer of Worlds, is infected with this Necro Sword, and Ego comes flying out of nowhere because he's destroying solar systems and fights him. He initially takes a planet to the eye and gets stabbed through the mouth and then eats Galactus's arm and takes the necro power for himself. And now he's like this necro being, I don't, I don't, that's best I can sum it up is Loki looks on through it all. You know, <laughs> that's the, that's the weapon that uh, Gore, the God butcher used. Okay. All right. That's where I, I was like, this necro thing sounds familiar. Uh, but I mean, we've been dealing with a lot of that, um, ghost rider stuff, which, which is what I was kind of like, my mind was going, but now that you said that, yeah, that all rings a bell now. Uh, anyway, we then flash forward or not flash forward. We go to, this is current time, right? Um, yes. With Loki and, um, his real dad, his dad. Yeah. Laffy King, King Laffy. Yeah. Um, so they, they look like they've just retreated from a battle or somebody's chasing them. Laffy's suffering from injuries and exhaustion. He ends up just falling down and Loki's like, all right, I guess good place for a nap. And <laughs> we, then, we then go to a different scene. We're back on earth. We're in central park, New York, and we're dealing with Throg, which is Thor frog. Um, he overlooks the park. So yeah. It, it came out of nowhere. I'm like, oh, I had no idea we were going to see Throg here. Uh, (laughs) he mentioned something about like the great war of the rats has possibly finally ended. Uh, so so he deals with (laughs) problems on a much smaller scale, obviously. Uh, and he's flying through the park and he, what's he noticed? Is this a dead body? Yeah, it's a dead body. Okay. It threw me off a little bit. And then the second time I read it, I think I connected the, the dots there on, on what this leads to. But we only get one page of this, and then we jump again back to Jane Foster, uh, Thor, and She-Hulk fighting. And Jane took her out of 
the city and into an airport, and they almost crash into <laughs> an airplane. <laughs> uh, then we jump again, and we're dealing with real Thor now. He's just fighting this battle uh, with the fates. I'm sorry, not with the fates. On like this uh, Norn Keep, protecting the fates. Um, and we see the queen send the fates off in different directions with guards so they can't be harmed. And she takes like all these strings of fates uh, for her, not for herself in a bad way, but like see what's going on basically because she senses something bad is coming really is the gist I get of it all, right? Yeah, yeah, she does it to disconnect the other Norns and then, you know, and use it to protect uh, the Norn Keep, which, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does, won't end up working out in the long run, but uh, yeah. we jump again from, from that scene and we go to Jane and She-Hulk continuing to fight. And this time they're deep in the gullet of the airport and just kind of on a runway. Jane's trying to, like, still take this fight away from the people and goes to Mil Mil Milnior. Go check out that watchtower and make sure it's empty. And this part was weird to me. I was like, okay, I guess it can do that. Uh, and well, they, you. they explored that um, oof, maybe like five or ten issues ago where Milnior is, is, is a being itself. Like uh, there's this thing called the Great Storm. It's part of its magic power. So it does have sentience and it can do okay. things there was a point where it saved Jane from uh, being her identity being outed because these shield agents were like after her, like trying to prove yeah. that she was Thor. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's what it's doing. It's like weaving its way through this uh, radio tower at the airport and it, it comes back to Thor. And uh, is this like a energy blast it's going to do, or is it telling her it's safe to whatever? There's no people in there. Uh, I think it's the energy blast to take it down once it knows that it's empty. Okay. All right. So, yeah. And the I was cool a part is, um, I, did, I had know. no idea it could do things like that. I read it the second time. The yeah. first time I read it, I thought it was like knocking it down, like, you know, going through it to knock the metal supports out of it. That's what I thought the first time yeah, yeah. was happening. Oh, um, you know what I like about it is that. He, it's not like exactly like Jason Aaron made it up that it has sentience because the hammer chooses its user, right? Because in order to be worthy, yeah. the hammer has to think you're worthy in order to let it pick mm -hmm. it up, you know? So I was like, that's pretty cool. It's a cool idea. Yeah, it's a cool twist uh, Twist on the, the legend there of Milnior. Um, we then flash back to regular Thor on Nornkeep, and he's doing his best to, again, keep this... Uh, you know, battle away from the stronghold. Basically, uh, we we see Thori, who is Thor's, you know, pet dog companion, who's like murdered, murdered out. out. He's like no more murder. Yeah. He's laying on top of a pile of bodies. Uh, I love that damn dog. <laughs> yeah, and then like, is this two bad guys get through? These are like dark elves, and the queen ends up killing yep. them with these strings. Um, and then we get. This is a vision she's having, a giant splash page of, like, everything she foresees yeah. happening. We got Loki with the Infinity Gauntlet. Not good news. It's kind of like a tie to the uh, Legacy Guardians book. issue because you see the, um, you see the, uh, what are they called? Fuck. Names, Miss Escaping. Celestials in the bottom left oh, the corner Celestial. there of that yeah. panel. Yeah. And that's like, the last we saw of Loki. 
it's also a connection to Guardians because he's the guy in the background of Guardians. Like, do we uh, like you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little everything. behind. The last Guardians issue I read was uh, the one we did on the podcast. I got to catch uh, up. All right. Yeah, yeah, he's the guy. Um, he's looking for the stones, so it ties into legacy. It ties into guards. So they they are definitely planning something big in the background with that. Uh, yeah, and, and just some other visions we see. Who we'll find out later is Magog. We see Thor becoming worthy again. His arm is golden, and so is the hammer. I don't know if that's miscoloring or something cool that's going to happen. Jane looks Maybe dead. Um, there's frost giants. Uh, what else we got here? Jane beat up, uh, Loki with a sword. Uh, just just a bunch of shit going down. That's cool, um, Loki with the necro sword. Yeah, I wonder if that's got to be the future. He look that looks like Loki from the future, right? Like that. Um, it does, yeah. Because he's got he, a sash, he, he looks old. He goes from the Infinity Gauntlet to a necro sword. None of that is good. Um, th then finally, these frost giants start like you know making progress on their goal we find out what they were really doing which is not necessarily coming for the queen in those strings of fate but they were chopping away at the roots of this keep to just destroy it and knock it down and that's what they end up doing is it collapses thor goes running back to the rubble and at the same time the uh the hammer milnior takes down this watchtower and it starts collapsing down around she hulk and thor and, and Thor is separated from her hammer as the rubble comes down from her. We flash again. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> we, go, we go back to uh, uh, Throg, who looks like he's found the killer and is like cast this spell on him where this rain cloud follows him around everywhere he goes, even indoors. And he like confesses to the police. Um, we flash <laughs> again. This is Loki and his dad. His dad wakes up from his nap. Loki tells him he's treated all his wounds. His dad's like, oh, they're going to be killing us. And he turns around to find a pile of bodies that Loki has defended them as well. So he seems Ooh. to finally be proud of his son for what could be the first time ever. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. For murdering a bunch back, of people. <laughs> yeah. We go back to the, the rubble of the airport and we see Thor's power is like fading because she's separated from her hammer and for some reason Throg has arrived to save her <laughs> um, so he gets her to touch his little piece of Milnior to give her enough power to get to the hammer I guess and then we flash back to regular Thor who's did I miss something uh oh hold on one sec <laughs> hey buddy Hey, uh, give me one minute. <laughs> Middle of the day, kids are all over the place. Um, we flash back to regular Thor picking up Carnilla, who is who is basically dying in his hands. And the final message she leaves Thor with is, Jane, don't let Jane obviously die, is what she's trying to tell him there. Yeah, um, that's what I think. Yeah, then we go to the realm of the Dark Elves. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that word. Starvarkomhain. <laughs> I say, um, yeah, I fuck it up, but it's Svart. Uh, I can't say it either. I say Svartelheim. That's Okay, <laughs> whatever it I is. I drop the F. Uh, I drop the uh, F and say Svartelheim. <laughs> yeah, there we go. We'll go with that. Uh, it's uh, Malachi, <laughs> who's just happy. His plan is falling into place. Just laughing. 
And we get kind of a little bit of a movie tie-in. This is the villain that's going to be in the Thor movie, isn't it? Hela or Hela? Hela, yeah, yeah. Um, that's Loki's daughter. And then uh, she is just murdering a planet. We see Thanos <laughs> and them make out, and they're going to go murder more people. Um <laughs> <laughs> We then get back to Earth. We see Jennifer Walters um, running away from all the destruction she caused. Uh, looks like she almost steps on Throg. Um, <laughs> and then Throg is surrounded by rats. So his rat of his rat problem is not taken care of, apparently. So he, he will also be dealing with some shit. Uh, we see Jane Foster Thor flying away. She's um, all well and good. Everything is okay. And then we get to the, the part of the issue that makes me very sad on the inside, hmm. where Warthor is flying to go continue his, you know, his mission of ending this war by destroying everybody. Um, <laughs> he, I think, accidentally gets run into by Toothnasher, right? It's not something Toothnasher yeah, yeah. to do. I think Toothnasher um, realizes that the hammer is gone, and on his way back to old Asgard, knocks Warthor out of the sky. Yeah. So they run into each other and fly into old Asgard. Warthor really thinks this is like an attack at first, and he's like, well, if you want to go, let's do this. <laughs> and then they, they get interrupted by a giant crash, like a thoom, like that. And something is pissed off Toothnasher because he goes charging into this just what's a cl giant cloud of dust right now. Now, either what dots I'm connecting is either Toothnasher was after this thing to begin with, or this is what he was trying to run away from, and now it's caught up to him. And he's just like, all right, let's go. Um, but anyway, he gets kind of close to this cloud of dust, and this hand comes flying out of it and grabs him by the throat. You just hear this nasty sound, like, and then yeah. blood squirting everywhere. And this head comes flying out at Warthor, and it is poor Toothnasher's head. <laughs> he is dead. Uh, so Toothnasher was Bay, but R.I.P. Toothnasher because uh, yeah. he's no longer <laughs> with us. But um, it's like a ten yeah, thousand so, year old goat. With <laughs> yep. Thor's old buddy since eight ninety six A.D. is dead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, we get back. And we get the reveal of Magog, who is one threatening-looking dude. And he goes charging after Warthor, Warthor's game, as he throws uh, the rest of Toothnasher just off to the side. And the issue concludes with just a panel of Jane Foster Thor flying to help out, I guess. Uh, she senses something's going on is is because she's leaving Earth, right? Yeah, yeah, she's leaving Earth. Oh. And that's... That's our issue. <laughs> Heavy shit. That was a that was a lot. I mean, that was a was fifty six pages of jumping around and craziness, and th there wasn't Tying really a part everything. I didn't like uh, as far as buy, borrow, or forget goes. I, I would firmly be in camp of buy. I just wish the story didn't jump around so much and the art didn't change so much. Those are my only two beefs with it. Other than that, it, it was really a great book. I do like Jason Aaron at Marvel. Um. And, you know, I'm excited for what he's got coming up the pipe next after Thor stuff. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a buy for me. I, d I don't have much bad to say about it other than what I said. It it jumps around a ton. So writing the review for this will be 
a giant pain in my butt. But other than that, uh, what did you think? I really liked it. Um, I really liked it too. I uh, highlights were um Russell Dotterman's art, uh, which was fucking beautiful. I think he's probably one of the best artists in the business that nobody knows about. Um, because he's only really done Thor, and before that, he did uh six issues, five issues of Cyclops with uh, Greg Rucka. Um, the Daniel. Kuna art was really beautiful. The the She Hulk and um and uh, Jane Thor stuff. Uh, I love his colors. Like he does his own colors, and it like when she's walking out of that fire and like swinging the hammer on Hulk, it just it looks gorgeous. Everything looks gorgeous. The Chris Burnham art, he uh, he did a really good job. That was the Ego and Galactus stuff. I really like that. He he did some Batman with Grant Morrison, Batman Incorporated, and he also did an image series called The Nameless. Uh, the James Heron art was pretty cool. That was like the the fucking um, Volstag stuff, and then the stuff at the end with Mangog. But there are some low points. Like, I mean, Becky Cloonan is cool and all. I, I like her Punisher run. I mean, she writes it; she doesn't pencil it. But it, it did look way too cartoony. Um, yeah. Thor did look like a teenage girl. So, <laughs> but uh, but other than that, I really liked it. I really liked it a lot. I liked how everything was going on at the same time, right? Like the Loki stuff, the Throg stuff, the Jane stuff. The, the Odin Sun stuff, like as all that was taking place, I got the feeling that it was all taking place at the same moment in time, no matter where it was. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I like how he, he was tying everything together from everything he's done from God of Thunder with like the Necro Sword and uh, the future All Father King Thor and all that stuff. I really enjoyed it. It's definitely a buy, most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been one, it was probably one of my favorite legacy books that's come out so far. Uh, so you can count on that one to be, you know, pretty strong. It's, it's, you know, one of Marvel's best, best talents on, on the book. So story has been telling a long time. There, there's not much not to like, uh, if you're really a big Thor fan and you haven't been keeping up on this series, you should start from the beginning and read forward. Uh, but uh, this is also just a really good jumping on point for anybody new as well. You won't, you won't be lost and wondering what's going on because they, they fill you in and, and keep you informed about what's occurring going forward. So, should be pretty fun. I like this Magog dude is pretty scary looking. So, so this will be a, a cool story that I'm going to follow. Um, but yeah, that's it for us this week, guys. If you're looking for some more Marvel talk, we will be doing this and three more books on Marvel Madness. So you can find us there. Uh, but until that time, um, we're on Twitter. I'm at Beamer3660. Where are you, tw- uh, Trevit? I am at Afronatic. And we will catch up with you guys next week. Uh, look for the vote on Monday. So party is over on this end, and we'll talk next week. Later. Ooh, Eric, Mighty Thor number 700. Number 700. Seven zero zero. Man, I don't how know what seven hundred is. How is that possible? How how is that legacy numbering possible? I, I hope that we found out. God, I hope so. It seems like a little fudging of the math uh, to me, my friend. I, I, I don't know. know. Thor's been around for a long time. If you put yeah, all the Thor's together, uh, yeah, I'm sure you're going to up to a 700. Is it always the same Thor book, though? Because I, you could sit there and say that Batman is at so many. Oh, well, there was Batman Incorporated. There was Detective Comics. There's Batman. There's no, this the and that. Thor the other might thing. be able to go up to a 700. You think 700? That is a so. lot. That is a ton. 
ton, 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 Eric. What do speaking I know? of speaking of podcast, ton, what do I know about Marvel Comics? I don't know. I asked you a couple things. What book did I – oh, I, I asked you if when uh, Legacy hits full bore I – I don't even know what I'm saying. I, I What I'm saying might not even make sense. But when they eventually do come to their senses and have a Fantastic Four book, I asked you if you were going to read that because we were talking today at work about kind of Marvel stuff. Yeah. And I was telling you about the Legacy numbering and, and some of the things that were going down with like say the – New Planet Hulk, the Return to Planet Hulk story, but it's on the Danish show and the Venom book and things like that. And I was kind of checking out some stuff and talking out of my ass to you because I didn't know what was going on. Uh, But I would say like, hey, you know what? I'd like to get involved. I always love – I like to read comics. And we talk about DC Comics all the time, so I would love to have Marvel be the books that I have a couple that I'd grab onto to just read and have fun. Never talk about them. Just just read them. I, I don't ever have the time to do that it seems oh. but i asked you would you read the fantastic four book when it came out and you're like eh, i might <laughs> i really thought yeah, well, I, I i'm like this because i really do enjoy the fantastic four it's like i would love to tell you that i would yeah. honestly jim i don't want to lie to you funny, cause though, i probably we, wouldn't but i'd like to me and you were getting all excited man i, I even said I, it was almost like you were almost kite man because i do think you said hell yeah at one point when i'm like boy you'd be excited if fantastic four came hell out yeah. you're like hell yeah i would be and oh would you read it yeah, maybe um, <laughs> it might happen. I may or may not, but yeah, I told you. That I love reading at Marvel back when I was a kid. It was like uh, like a, a bunch of different Spider-Man books, yeah. uh, a bunch of different X-Men. Actually, mostly just Uncanny X-Men was my favorite. Yeah. And I love the Fantastic Four books, and those were my big books going. And I'm like, yeah. honestly, like the whole thing of like the Avengers becoming very popular in the 2000s and shit like that because of the movies. I was never a fan of Iron Man, yeah. Thor, even Captain America. Like I like the idea of Captain America, but I never collected his books growing up. I, the only role of Avengers that I cared about was uh, the Incredible Hulk, which I grabbed yeah. a few of that when I was a kid as yeah. well. Now, I, I said to you that I was going to – hey, right now, me and you, we're going to start reading all the Marvel books, and we're going to wait a year of reading them. Then yeah. we're going to have a 17-hour Marvel podcast. Weird. And I don't we know said why you that, do that. That is not going to happen. Not going to happen there. I did ask Brandon at one point. Said, "Hey, if I if I get uh, you know my P's and Q's in order here and know what's going on, could I be on your Marvel Madness podcast, their actual Marvel podcast?" And he said, "Hell no. You know, no. he wants no parts of me." He said, and I said, "Okay, I get it. I get what you're saying." So, <laughs> actually, it's like you could come on any time, and then I'm like, I don't think I'll be able to. No. <laughs> I'll just go on. I said, I just want to get on and yell at Trevor. That's all. I'm going to do it as, as me and Trevin will get in a fight because I won't understand something. And honestly, I don't <laughs> even think you would me. try to get into a fight with Trevin. I think I think what you would do is try to like say stuff that you would know that would just piss off Trevin just for yeah. the sake of pissing to, him off. Yeah, just to get, you know, get just his goat. Get all angry and start yeah. yelling. And the next time, he'll then he'll just start screaming at me and then I'll giggle. <laughs> <laughs> Mission accomplished, I'd say. Yeah, <laughs> all right. I'm like, I'm bringing them down from within is what I'm doing. Uh, yes, but we're not here to talk Marvel, Eric. Uh, we are here to talk DC. And this is one of our favorite segments, not because of the books involved, but uh-uh. because the synergy. That is the green section. We love it. And uh, we sit there, and I, I've talked about this before, but this week we're trying to figure out the books. And I'm like, okay, we have Green Lantern, Green Arrow, obviously. 
actually, uh, Green Lanterns and Green Arrow. And I'm like, why? You know, Trinity seems like a going. There's you. Don't you fuck up my green section. You're Don't yelling you at me from it. across we the have deal. one like, solid section that stays the yeah. same. Every goddamn like, time it shows okay. up, I don't need you fucking it up. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll do what you want. We'll do what I Eric need, Shea wants. I need wants. these staples in my life. I yes. constant to keep me freaking you know, sane. Staple, staple your fucking forehead. But yeah, oh. he, he did, this is your section, Eric. It's your time to shine, even though two of the books are mine. Yeah. But obviously, we start with one book all the time for the green section, and it's a little special one because it's a first issue for the new creative team. And what is that, Eric? That is Green Lanterns number 33, written by Tim Seeley, with art by Eduardo Pansica, Julio Ferreira, Alex Salazzo, and Dave Sharp. Simon and Jessica are on a mission in space to save some chuds from a sun-going supernova. But while all of that's going on, we go back and see the hardships of these characters as they struggle to find work on Earth. And if that wasn't enough, the Ungarans have shown up to see the Lanterns in action as they save the underground people of Maul, but have only really put themselves in danger, forcing Simon and Jessica to split up. Yeah, and uh, the Britney Spears of space seems to have I, died. I, I uh, don't or know, Tony. This was a real. I really was enjoying this issue, and for some reason, the inclusion of that character just yeah. out of nowhere, this really threw me off. I, like, I, I didn't I really enjoy this. Did I didn't really enjoy it. The, the basically, when I read this, I thought to myself, okay. Tim Seeley just wants to show us with this first issue that he has read the rest of the issues because yep. basically you get the you know black and white versions of these characters. You have Simon. He's going to tell us that he re- he knows he's read up on Simon. He stole some cars and he likes cars and he, he was, was a terrorist. known terrorist before. You know he was say you have Jessica who has her anxiety and it's fine because we did say and I I applauded Sam Humphreys before of how he stressed that this anxiety doesn't go away that's fine that doesn't mean you have to have a whole half of an issue based on it i understand the anxiety doesn't go away and i do like there but really jessica's there with a therapist and things like that where i I would like to think that she is trying to get some help with you know the problems that she has the problem being is well what happens when you go off into space for seven months i you know what it's not really and and this whole thing of hey i think you should get a job and and then, you know, Simon's sister says the same thing, especially her. She knows. And he says, I have a job. I protect the universe. And then she's like, no, no, a paying job. She, she knows better than this. She really does. This is something that you're either accepting your brother and letting him live with you. You can be mad that he doesn't pick up after himself or whatever. But you can't demand that he gets a paying job knowing exactly what he does. I thought that was off. And also, Tim Seeley in one issue makes uh, – is it Sarah? I I always forget her name. I, I believe it uh, yeah, is. I but believe yeah, uh, makes her kind of a bitch here, and she's never been anything like that. She's never. She is one that is really the peacekeeper between Nazir and Simon, and really wants to, you know, figure out what's going on and all that. And it was always Simon who had to protect her or have to try. And this, it just seemed off. It seemed very forced for her to just say that whole "you got to get a job," and, and then we go from I there. Think they said that pretty well because you know all she asked Simon to do was like to do the dishes and he decided no. nah, i'm gonna go work on this engine instead and doesn't bring anything no. into the household or anything like that and they're like oh but i'm a peacekeeping cop of space yeah you're working on a goddamn engine right now you're not doing a goddamn thing no. go yeah get a and job. also before this issue face. he was gone for probably seven months and they get he's to me they've only been back for two weeks at the most and she's already pissed she's already yelling at him knows that in a second she may not see him for two years i mean these are things I with the green lantern a couple weeks 
Yeah, still, I mean, you think that the Red Lanterns and all that and past that, that the whole rebirth has been a couple weeks? No, Because they were gone, gone for a while. They would pop in for a second, but he wasn't talking in his ear, so they'd go in. He would visit, but he wasn't living with them full out, like, okay, every day. He, he was living with them pretty much until they, the whole thing where they actually went to uh, MoGo to start No, training. I know, but That's I'm saying that, that at one point, but I'm telling you, to me, they've still been gone. I think it's more than a couple weeks that they've been gone since then. Uh, even so, they, they could... It just is off to me that she would say, like, you get a job or get out of here. Yeah, she knows that he's a Green Lantern. This this uh, person who's talking to Jessica, this therapist, has no idea. So when she says you got to get a job, it's very hard for a Green Lantern to get a job. I mean, oh, I this agree. is fucking Hal couldn't do it. He just yeah. like, you know what, fuck her. I'm well, go what happens where you're in while. the middle of your shift? What, what you know, you're at in a pit crew is what Simon's trying to do, and in the middle of a race, they get called and they have to go. I just yeah. she Superman is makes it work somehow. Sierra has never. Yeah, because he's a reporter. He can pretend that he has got everywhere they go. He's going off to a story. Hey, Perry, I got to go check the story. And then goes as Superman. I just thought it was way off. And all this is to me is Tim Seeley just trying to go. Look, I, I see guys. I know Jessica's anxiety. See, I know Simon and it's nothing else. And the rest of it is all 100 percent filler. And this is part one, which to me is ridiculous. But yeah, they go to save. Now, they get a call. When, when Jessica's talking to her um, her therapist, and she's talking about how like you know she was you know had, was an agoraphobe for a while and wouldn't go out or hang out with anybody but her sister. Like I saw my friends die, and I used to pee in human kitty litter. Can you tell yeah, me what human kitty litter is? No, I don't know what they're talking about. I have no I'm like, idea. I'm sure your apartment had a toilet, Jessica. I don't know yeah. what you're doing. Yeah, I, I guess maybe she's, she didn't want to go in there. But, yeah, they, this is where, you know, I think you should get a job. And, again, you have two Green Lanterns of Earth, and in the same fucking afternoon, it seems, they're both told to get jobs. It, it just To me, it's just forced. It's so forced. But in the meantime, they do get called off, and, and they have to save this planet from the planet supernova. And I, do, and I do think it's funny because when they get the call, you know, Simon and Jack, they're both like, you couldn't have called us earlier like this has been happening for thousands of years a supernova just doesn't happen overnight yeah. and they're talking about like oh we didn't know there was life we on the planet discovered the life under, on the Again, underground of the forced, planet so forced and uh, you they go off and you keep going back and forth with what they do on earth and then what they're doing in space and like we, we already also, talked about I don't about. know if it's just me being a piece of shit or what but if like for some reason Jessica's therapist being this hippy dippy looking girl I don't know why. If I showed up to a therapist who I – for some reason, I expect them to look all proper. I need a couch to lay in on shit like that. Yeah, they should I, be wearing a suit for whatever reason. And I show up and she's wearing a goddamn like a, a beanie on her head to showing her me her shoulder tattoo. I'm like, I think I'm well, going to go for first a higher class uh, First off, a it's not – well, she's not in an office. I, I would think that she's a alternative medicine type thing. She has a lot of different religious artifacts around and things like that. I, I get that this is just something that Jessica found out about and went. Uh, like I said, it's in this lady's house. She's got some pillows on the ground. That means she's relaxed. And, I don't know. Oh. But she, she just wants Jessica to go get a job. To I me, don't know why. For some reason, look at her. I'm like, you have to show me. You have to wear something that like yeah. you're making sure to show me your 
tattoo on your shoulder and wearing a beanie and you're supposed uh, to be helping yeah. with my problems? Who's helping you with your problems? Yeah, well, again, I don't see, I don't see any degrees hanging on that wall. No. <laughs> I don't see any diplomas. Uh, but, yeah, they're doing that. But really, to me, again, it's just a forced way to show Tim Sealing knows that Jessica has anxiety because whether or not she has worked through it, uh, she has gotten a lot better. I guess she thinks she needs some more. But to go to this place when she knows that she nothing can be stable in a Green Lantern of Earth's life. It really can't. This is why the job thing to me is just a ridiculous thing, especially when Sarah knows that he is a Green Lantern. You know it can't happen. You know he's going to get fired. You know that he's not going to be able to hold it down. All you're going to do is get your brother to just like, screw this. I'm going to go live. You know, I'll make a construct house. I don't know where he'd live, but, you know, hey, I'm just going to go, go back and forth. I'm, yeah, I'm going to go back and forth to Oa. I, I don't know. I have to be here on Earth, Mogo. but really, uh, to me, yeah, Mogo, I, I think that there's probably a fund. I would think that the Green Lantern Corps actually has set aside funds for all the different planets that, hey, if you need to have an apartment, you go through this. I don't know, but they go I off. I imagine that every day the freaking Green Lanterns are just like make construct money to get by. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like pulling it away with the string. It actually yeah. just disappears. But yeah, she, Sarah says you got to get a job now while they go into space to help this planet and try to get these people out. You do have, you know, the, the whole deal with uh, the Ungarans showing up and want to see. And it's this uh, leader, you know, military leader who has a this, daughter this who's the region. Yeah, yeah, and has a daughter who's like Britney Spears. It's like Lady Gaga of their planet. And this is, you know, and this is the planet, obviously, from Abensur. So they yeah. have a connection. It's almost like they consider it like Earth is their sister planet it's, because it's, in my mind, Abensur. It's like Earth meeting the Vulcans for the first time. It's the yeah. first contact, so there's this sort of like repertoire between them. Yeah, and, and in the meantime, I think this is also Tim Seeley just, hey, look, he knows there's different, you know, it's just not Earth in this sector. Yeah. I really think all of this is pretty cut and dry of Tim Seeley trying to convince us or just showing us that from now on going forward, he knows what's going on. Unfortunately, one thing that he did read is that the these rings continue to not have a charge. They are run by pure willpower. If your willpower it's goes down, really you're done. I was really hoping that would go away yeah. when Tim Seeley came. But that's, that's the thing that we must be going with now. These rings do not get charged. Why even have a lantern anymore? Because we never see them charge up. They just go up and down based on the willpower at that. But the region wants to show her daughter, hey, she wants to show the power of the Green Lantern Corps, show her how you know the things work and the beauty that isn't just the music but what she does as well, and shit goes wrong. The supernova happens, and their ship just starts getting ripped apart. And these goddamn assholes, because like, we had the battleship there, like, oh, like, well, Shouldn't we get out of range of the supernova? This is a battleship. The shields will be fine until yeah. the freaking nope. you know, the supernova hits and it immediately damages the ship to the point where the freaking the goddamn Britney Spears girl she goes she gets freaking fatally wounded by the goddamn yeah. things that are falling around. Like I'm telling you, this is a classic like Star Trek. Where yeah, you get hit with a photon torpedo because like the things just explode and things fall off and you get shaken all around. Yeah. And she's, yeah, she's going to die. But uh, while that's going on, Simon and Jessica are underneath inside the planet trying to convince these guys, hey, we got to get out of here, your planet. And they basically are like, nope, you know, our this is our religion. 
Yeah, if, this is if, our if gun. It's going to, if it's going to die, then who are we to survive and yeah, live somewhere else? We if our should God die. Is going to die. We need to die with our God. And everybody, as we as they talk about, it, it's like this: if our, our planet dies, we perish. And then everybody in the we perish. In front of, yeah. We perish. We like, perish. A bunch they're, of goddamn lunatics. Yep, they're all with it. And Jessica wants to force them out. And then you get the prime directive of Code Eight Nine One Two, forbidding the violation of indigenous religious beliefs in service of a rescue. So yep. they can't do it. Uh, so they have to pretty so much. Now we have it. to convince them. Yeah, they're going to try to convince them. Now we go back to Earth and, you know, before where uh, Simon does go or both of them go to get their jobs. And Simon goes and he wants to be in a pit crew. He loves cars. We know that. Yeah. And he goes and he wants to be in the pit crew. And he's trying to talk to this lady about it. And I do think that there was a little bit of a snafu uh, with with the deal because he's trying to tell this lady, this you know, hey, you know what? Uh, this is all for me. But there's something I should tell you before we go any further. And then the, the bubble switches to the lady i have a sheet i used to street race a lot and well that that should be simon saying it yeah. and they messed up they completely messed up because then she talks to herself hey kids stop i was like it's yeah if i excluded anybody you know for that, i don't uh, think i want to work for you you're yeah, obviously it's crazy like, this lady. woman is crazy but he does say no no it's beyond that and, and it's weird too because at this point he's got a full smile it's like boost up van ones turn out it's full of explosives a muslim the cops like made a, assumptions like a, some levity going on when you yeah. tell then he gets upset then he gets upset and it's like hey uh you know what if you look me up you're gonna see the word uh terrorist it's something and, and he has like a really cliched line i can move pretty damn fast but i can't outrun that but also you had jessica go and she's gonna be a waitress she goes to a place and the big thing for her is that the guy talking says like why did you have four a four-year gap on your resume was Ron, that you for school goddamn business huh, guy? And, and she's like listen you may have heard that i used a human cat litter that may or may not be true but I witnessed a crime, a serious one that triggered what agoraphobia. And panic. <laughs> and then, but I've been working on my anxiety. I'm much better now. Oh, and the guy's like, oh, good, you know, but it gets pretty demanding here. And it might be you might not be able to handle the stress. And I get the idea that what Tim Seeley is doing as well is like showing you that their perfect job and their perfect co-workers are themselves and being the Green Lanterns, uh, because I don't think either of them are getting these jobs yeah. Uh, yeah, the way that goes but yeah well, the thing is i like the idea of them getting jobs just because i like to add the drama the thing where they do have to freaking balance their daily lives being, and yeah, but also then, being uh, a superhero again though you it would be worse than the flash then because really they are going off and on we'd have an issue if you're gonna have an issue where jessica is just sitting there you know waiting tables while simon's on the pit crew you know the whole thing is just going to be a setup for them to have to leave at the well, most th- inopportune one thing about time these characters that i love i'm not just in it for the super heroics of it i like yeah. to see their day-to-day i want to see some well super heroics i haven't seen barely any i'm telling you i I, we have one every bit of drama is only simon being angry and jessica being anxious i don't know where the drama or the super heroics have been because most of the time they're just doing the same thing at a different location i just this book to me has had the one of the worst pacings of anything happening and this issue just continued it that we did nothing i I mean after this issue i thought okay i guess tim seeley knows what he's doing but other than that I'll, i'll never think of this issue ever again 
I will never think, oh, that was a great issue or whatever, because it's I'll, so. I'll think about it next time the ne- the next issue comes out. No, I, I barely will. I bet you that I'll even forget how. In two weeks, I'll be like, okay, I remember Britney Spears was dying. Eh, it's basic, and that's the cliffhanger. The yeah. cliffhanger of this first issue is that the Britney Spears of space is dying out with her purple blood. Oh God, not the Britney singing, Spears of space. Singing a goddamn tune. You know, won't you welcome me to the shore? Won't you help me hold open the door? That's what she sang as she dies out. But yeah, I just wanted to show her the beauty, uh, you know, and and her music. And that's when Simon and Jessica are like, oh, shit. But yeah, I just it didn't really do anything for me at all. Uh, and the but, thing is, too, because when that, that Ungaran ship got damaged, Simon did have to go out to see, make sure that they were okay, leaving Jessica behind as yeah. the planet's surface was falling yeah, down yeah, on the mole people. Down. And she's, you know, using all like, – we get back to the willpower aspect because – actually, it's not even the willpower aspect. It's just the amount of weight that a construct can hold before, like, it'll collapse on Yeah, there's on that. You. But and again like, – you know, she is holding the entire, almost the entire weight of the planet yeah. above these people, trying to keep them safe. As Simon has left her high and dry. Yeah. Well, and and then it's it's even extended because Simon wanted to go and see if anybody survived or whatever. And you get the all communications are offline. So now he has to go into and even goes and tries to scan. And the ring tells him that he can't scan it because the neutrons from the sun are interfering. So it just extends it. So he has to keep getting further and further from Jessica. Again, I I found it very forced. Plus, you see where these people, I don't know what type of aliens these are, but to me, this ship is in open space now with shit falling apart all over. I don't know how they're surviving anyway, but that's just me. I don't know these aliens. Uh, But yeah, and it, it just to me was nothing. But what did you give it? I gave this issue a 7 out of 10 because I really enjoyed the art. And I, I was giving it the benefit of the doubt to get us into a new art because it is just setting up new, something new that Tim Seeley's starting off with. And I want to give him, like, you know, the proper introduction, not an introduction, but the, like, you know, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt right away because I don't know how he's going to write the freaking Green Lantern book. And this, you know, this is a lot of catch up because he is starting out fresh here, but he has to, you know, make sure that he, like, you know, gets people in because it is a jumping on point with a new writer a lot of times. So he has to freaking remind people about what's been going on with this book. And I like seeing Jessica and Simon in space, like, you know, out there doing sector stuff. Yeah, I give it a six. I actually was going to go five, five at one point because it just did nothing for me. It bored me. I was actually bored throughout the whole issue. Uh, the whole thing with this, you know, in space deal is just something that was just forced in there. It didn't even feel like anything important to me. Uh, it's, they're saving people who miraculously nobody knew about yesterday. They yeah. just found them out just to make it an emergency now, uh, and have it happen to, you know, where you have to snap your finger in an emergency going on and it just it bored me and the stuff with the you know uh uh sarah or sarah saying that with with simon just threw me off because she's been very nice throughout the whole deal and he's just there and because he doesn't pick up after himself one time she knows her brother and now she's gonna kick him out first off i don't ever think she'd kick him out and then you get the force deal of them pretty much it doesn't look like they're employable Everywhere they go, Simon's just going to say, hey, you know what? I was known as a terrorist. He's not getting a job. And then you have uh, Jessica who's going to say, hey, I have a lot of anxiety and things like that. And they're, no, 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 you you can't deal with this. And I I don't think they will ever get jobs. My my biggest problem with the issue itself, though, was the inclusion of the Sangaran pop singer because – that was the most forced bit of it all because no. it really did not feel needed at all. No, I mean, like I said, you have a planet with these aliens who, like I 
said, you didn't know they were alive uh, a day ago. Now you have to save them. When you get there, they don't want to be saved. Yeah. Uh, it's like, okay, we, we get it. I don't even know how or why they would change their mind either. So I'm wondering if, if Jessica is just going to have to get the hell out of there and let them die. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, don't think she's going to let them die, though. No, I don't. She, they they might even break they protocol started, and force them out. I don't think they would. They, it started to the point where it looked like she was getting through to the one guy a little bit, but yeah. we'll see. But, yeah, now we're going to go off to another issue that I didn't really like. I didn't like a lot of issues this week. There were some pretty good ones, and then there was these issues that just, to me, just kind of stalled and did nothing. This issue that we're just about to talk about kind of seems like a new creative team jumped in because it's a lot of catch-up and a lot of fucking things it thrown at you. It feel almost the, like that. And but the it's thing is, weird. Not, not only just that, it's because of the fact that we are throwing characters in. Like Dante showed Dante. up. I, once I, I tried saw to him, commit. I, I tried to. About, yeah. well, we have not seen him, what, since nope. the first arc? Nope, and all it is, and this is Green Arrow, but when we do, yeah, Dante, we have not seen him since the first arc when the Inferno went down. The only reason it's thrown in is because Shadow was there and kind yeah. of helped betray them when the Inferno went down. And, and it's is, just at the time, nonsense. Dante did seem like he was like a kind of a unique character because we didn't see a lot of the burn at that point because yeah. right now he comes back. We have seen so many burn throughout this entire series. Now, yeah, now and where has he been? Red suit. Where has he been? I don't know. Green Arrow number 33, written by Ben Percy, art by Jamal Campbell and D. Ron Bennett. The hard-traveling hero story is done, so Ben Percy moves this book forward, right? Not so fast, Eric. This issue feels like a lot of catch-up to the previous 32 issues of the series, but instead of being a good jumping-on point for new readers, it just feels like a jumbled mess. The art is good, but the book continues being a whole bunch of nothing. To me, Eric Shea. Just that thing, too, though, like a good jumping-on point. I don't think this is a good jumping-on point. No, it is. That's what I said. I forgot who Dante was. No, it's not a good place. It's not a good point for anybody. And really, it starts off. And finally, I read it again. Now I get the idea of what's going yeah, on. I got it. I got it, too. But it's still the whole motivation it's behind so, Buzz oh, yeah. Mill. I'm like, yeah. what kind of eco guy are you where if this tree is going to be freaking chopped down, I'm going to be the one to do it. I'm like, yeah. You but you see what he's doing. You see what he's doing. Is this all you do is chop but, down trees but that's in the, the freaking thing. protection of the planet? You see what he's doing when he chops it down. Because at first, I was completely confused. He has yeah, put that C- Yeah, he put the CEO up there. At one point when I first read it, I, I'll admit, I was tired and on fucking, you know, that medicine for my allergies, allergy medicine. I'm looking at it. I'm thinking that sawmill. I prescribed friggin' heroin for allergy. Uh, yeah, I thought sawmill was going to cut down this tree. And in the meantime, this other guy up on top he was having a protest <laughs> by strapping himself on which was not the case but really sawmill this guy he's a big dude you ain't bringing down that huge tree with a guy this must have been like we get to the scene where he is cutting down the biggest tree in star city or seattle going on nobody tells us the actual six months that he's been doing this with this I chainsaw saying, the police are there oh come on he is no way this is ever yeah. going to come down because no. i look where he's at look now how big this thing it's a taking a fucking a goddamn week just imagine how many t- fucking you know going around the merry-go-round that he'd have to go around this thing to cut down this tree it's not going to happen. They make it seem like it's this big guy. He's going to do it in two seconds. No, there's no Paul Bunyan here. It's a guy with a chainsaw. But, yeah, you have the whole deal where it's being, you know, on the news. And they're like, oh, look at this. This guy, it's the biggest treat. Big Red, we call it. And this guy, he calls himself Sawmill. He ain't too happy about this, you know, development where it seems that since it's become Star City, 
all of the rich people, all you know, the corporations, they do own the city and, and work through this. So they are really going through and tearing down, you know, the parks and things like that to just make it so. Now, it, it's almost to me as like these things that were always never allowed to be touched. Now the corporation is free reign so they could do and whatever. And now progress can finally happen. Yeah, Jim. so Sawmill's like, listen, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get the CEO of this corporation. I'm going to strap him. I'm going to chain him up to this tree. I'm going to cut the tree I'm down. I'm going to hook this chainsaw up so I look yeah. like Ash from the yep. freaking Evil Dead yeah. films. And then I'm going to cut the tree down. Now what I'm doing is I'm protesting, but also I'm working for $40 an hour. I am yeah. going to do your work for you. I'm going to cut it down so we, it's a win-win for all of us here. The problem is he really he doesn't realize that the guy who would pay him is there strapped on that tree. Yeah. <laughs> That's the corporation head. Just but the even then, is that the whole idea, like, his, like you know, he claims the tree is a totem of what the city used yeah. to be, the last bastion of Seattle. And if Big Red's going down, the bastard real estate developer is going down with it. So yeah, he's yeah. Kill the, the whole. That's the idea it's of so this off. guy. Who seems to be all about like preserving the freaking, you know, the nature and shit like that yep. of what the city cutting it down himself. I'm like, you are just going against everything you believe in and yeah. just to murder a guy. And it just feels like the oddest yeah, freaking he combination have stra- of things. He should have chained character. himself to the tree and just said, you know, that classic, you know, if it's coming down, you're going to have to go through me. In the and meantime, his name is already Sawmill. So I'm, yeah, it's my idea is my mind. I don't he, know. This is what he does. All he does is yeah. go and chop down trees. He chops down trees. That's all he's got, Eric. And, and this is something, this is almost like Brody, who's wanted to surf the tsunami, Eric. He always yeah. wanted to surf the tidal wave. Now he gets to come cut down the biggest tree though he wants to make sure he doesn't get in trouble so he's yelling that it's all uh you know for the city in the meantime people i the art's okay i I like it at points but when this guy is is on the tree and he yells please somebody help me i think the color scheme is a little off because i thought why is a policeman yelling because it has that same look as the police that are in the wearing a gray suit and the police wear gray and black yeah it just seemed very odd but yeah you have ollie and uh emmy show up and shoot arrows through this guy through his arms he's like they are, are vicious arrows into his arms one through his goddamn shin bone yeah and that's right. Is it? He's back. Green Arrow. And he's there. And they're like, hey, good to have you home, big bro. And and that, that's what Emmy says. And he's like, yeah, it doesn't really feel like home right now. Instead of but, fighting the man, I'm yeah, saving him. I'm saving the man. But, yeah, they go and they take uh, – they take Sawmill. The police get Sawmill. And also you see that the police have been kind of almost like privatized even where they do. They have these detectives there. I don't know why the detectives are there, but they're there. They're hanging out. There's the guy, the CEO is like, oh, man, thank you. I'm going to repay you. I'll write a check to you all. Oh, this is going to be great. And then Oliver's like, hey, can you guys do me a favor? Leave that guy up there for a few hours. I think he just wants to see him shit his pants up there. Yeah. Uh, but then you have this little thing with the detectives. Like the one guy's like, hate that self-righteous SJW bastard. And then, hey, I used to feel the same way. But now that these overlords are coming down and they're making us our, their own private security force, I think we need Green Arrow. And like, okay, I get it. But as they go off, I, I do like the whole deal where it just looks like they have shot zip lines. Him and Emmy and just are going to woo right away. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. Uh, but yeah, Middle then you park to shot arrows into the sky and are swinging away. Yeah, I'm like, just swinging away. Like, it's like all Spider-Man about it. Yeah, that it's never Spider-Man. Made sense either. That's what it looked like. But yeah, then we go to Star Tower in Star City and you see Moria or Mora and you have Moira. the whole deal. Moria. I, I can't say it. I'm telling you. Moira. But Moira. yeah. Yeah. Whatever. It's his mom. It's Green Arrow's mom. And we had her in, what, five issues ago that just showed up? I don't know up. how long it's been. They freaking revealed her It was her right before the hard-traveling hero. And I'm like, ugh. 
Yeah. I just that's how you know she's been just hanging around and you have the ninth circle finally saying listen you and broderick you guys have fucked up now why she's fucked up because she hasn't been seen except for one panel it seems through the whole deal but but her and broderick this whole star city it's coming down the the ninth circle is bringing it down all because of that uh that satellite that well, oliver brought down they were supposed to like the whole idea of making seattle star city it's like making this corporate entity that would spread across america yeah so we like you know the like the uh, not the inferno the freaking ninth circle would be able to take control of the entire country based on yeah. these new kind of cities. But since that satellite was taken down by Green Lantern and Green Arrow, they can't get the data mining that they would before. Yeah, that was it. Have that, the that's their whole plan was cities. just that so satellite. All the plans are shut down. Yeah, it's just that satellite that was just going to collect data. And yeah. since that's done, they didn't have backups. I what, mean, it's, it's, it's just ridiculous. fucking worm guy, Dionysus, from the freaking Bane Conquest deal. He'll take yeah. care of all of that for you. They it. don't even need that. The, the shit should have had backups. Uh, why would you have this? That This is your whole plan. Your entire plan is based on this satellite that's gathering evidence, and all the evidence is destroyed because it got blown up on a satellite because the actual – it was hard evidence you know, going to that on those drones. But nothing was backed up. They don't have anything, and they say, you know what? You're done. We're shutting you down, and the Ninth Circle always collects its dues. Now, the problem is I don't know that uh, you know Ben Percy realizes, but from everyone I've heard and read reviews and things like that, Nobody likes this Ninth Circle. You, you no. got to get rid of them. They, they're, it's just they're not a great villain. They just kind of just st- like Black Hole in my mind, where they just keep hanging yeah, they just around, keep showing doing up, issue after issue, and I don't like them because they're not interesting. Yeah. No, they're not interesting at all. And now, hopefully, this this may be one where they just back off. Like I don't think they're ever going to get shut down. I really uh, thought they were going to back off after we got done with the. Inferno well, that's what I think this is. They they want to kill her, and you know Broderick, they're going to kill as well. I'm sure, but. I just think then they say, well, you know what? I guess uh, Green Arrow wins this. Star City is his. And they'll just back off until, you know, whenever they want to pull him out again. But you go then and Oliver has a welcome back party. Emma Goat says, hey, there's a welcome back party. You should go to Fife's house, Henry's house. And when he gets his there. His new pad, which is an awesome yeah. goddamn complex. He gets paid like. tons he's of money. Really well, for himself. well, he is. He's getting tons of money. He still seems to be working at, you know, Queen Industries yeah. for Broderick. The, oh, even though Broderick seems to be on the outs i don't know who they have that's going to take over queen industries i'm sure there was some kind of contract there but now that like broderick is out ever since i think he got burned yeah like uh I think Fife is says free reign. Like he doesn't have a boss there to tell he him may no not. or you're fired. I'm telling you, I I'm not even so sure that the fucking fight he's not going to end up running the goddamn place yeah. because there's not going to be anybody to head the damn corporation if what goes on in this happens. Uh, because yeah, he goes and there's Dinah, and I'm like, I I thought you guys broke up. I mean, she was leaving, uh, she was about to leave, and then she did go, and he says, hey, I want to thank you. You you know, you did a lot. You got rid of the auctioneer. You, you got all this. The weird thing Wendy about it, you life. save Wendy. And the weird thing about it is because it was so little bit of panel space with it, it really doesn't hit home that they really did a lot. You know what I mean? Because every issue in that Hard Traveling Heroes, you would get maybe two pages of Dinah and Emiko. I didn't hear him thanking Emiko either. She was right yeah. there with her. But yeah, then they make love. There you go. Well, that's gonna, the thing. She that's cuts how he his hair. When he can't thank his sister like that. Yeah, yeah, well, he ends up, they cut his, you know, Dinah gives him a haircut, trims his fucking beard, and then they fuck. That, that's basically what happens. The weird and, part is, though, they really force in the whole idea that that Gotham tie-in happened during this whole well, that, hard it's wrong. before he came it's back. It's complete wrong. And, like, you, I'm surprised he didn't come back with that goddamn, like, 
hair long enough to be braided down in front of him because, yeah, he needs a haircut. He does not look like the freaking Oliver no, Queen that well, we saw in those the metal The problem is, is when they say it, they're like, hey, you know, thank you for saving my city. Y- you know, you saved my city. I'm going to save yours. And it's a little uh, later in the deal. It's I wrong. It's completely off. They didn't it, win. No, they didn't win. What this should have been should have been don't go with this goddamn hair and all that shit. Go with that because in Hard Traveling Heroes that he just came back from – he did go to Gotham and ended up saving a little bit where he stopped, you know, that the whole kind of uh, the Court of Owls that kind of yeah. wasn't whatever. Just go with that. That was issue 29. Instead, she says, you saved my city. I, I'm going to save yours and says, see issue 32, the last issue. It doesn't make sense. They didn't no. win. They didn't win. And if that is the case at this point, it doesn't even make sense in the whole time. Because really, if this is what's going on in this this is, if you don't know what we're talking about, it was the metal tie-in with the Gotham Resistance. If what they are saying is, she, okay, and you're assuming then that metal is done by this point, yeah, right? you have to at that point. There is more that was saved by these characters than yeah. Gotham. You know what I mean? This is more than, this would be, hey, you know what? You saved the world. You saved the multiverse. If we have the freaking dark multiverse trying to plunge this world into the freaking dark multiverse, I think the the uh, the ninth circle would have backed off a bit because yeah. the bigger shit. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't like, make sense. I, Don't I throw this in. We're doing a lot of the shit we want to because well, the world's we, going to hell right we, now. We said this before. There's times where they just end up, you know, throwing these things to make it seem like a connected universe. But this just throws everything. It doesn't make yeah. sense. It, it's just a stupid way to shout out to that fucking Gotham Last resistance. Issue, it didn't make sense yeah i'm saying if this was oh a new arc i'm gonna jump on Ooh, what's this they're talking about you'll go back and you didn't save shit they left they fucking skedaddled they had to fucking if it wasn't for dr fate they'd be dead but yeah you go from this and then you get dante who shows up when they have the whole bit when they're freaking you know she's cutting his hair and all of a sudden they start making love why did they break Henry's ta- like glass table there? What happened? There? Why did the I table thought that fall they were think that they were supposed to show that they're rough because even I, later he's like, man, you know that hurt. Oh, that it was supposed to hurt. No, no, I, that, I, not I that dildo that up my ass. Now rich to a degree, you don't have to like fuck all over. How do you think I got so rich? I don't care. Oliver doesn't care. He never he never so respected Henry. Henry. He doesn't give a shit. It's very odd because I looked at that too and at first I wanted to convince myself that it was just water. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, that's glass. Then then they're, are they going to lay on that glass and fucking know. cut themselves? Like, they're cutters? Freaking, like, Black Canary's not wearing any shoes so all this is going to be terrible. That's She's what I mean. Stay freaking it's John McClane. She's John McClane here. I actually thought that it was supposed to be just a visual of boy they can't keep away from each other uh it's just odd but yeah then I, I we just go i don't know why the table because the table's on the other side for where they are I, he would have yeah. gone the opposite direction and never I hit that know. table he, he, he kicked it but yeah you go off to japan and there is shadow and she gets attacked by these ninjas she fights them off and then dante shows up and i'm like really when he showed up I, Dante's in this book still. I mean, this guy went down with the Inferno, which was like supposed to be the Ninth Circle's almost like coffers. They had all of their wealth and everything was gathered. It was their, in like, this freaking money. Ba- it was their fucking money bin. Yeah, like it was Uncle their Scrooge. bank. Yeah, it was. It was a huge bank, and it was in the ocean. It was just this huge Death Star in the ocean, but it got sunk, and Shadow helped do that. But in the meantime, we we said back then, like, okay, it's weird. You go back and listen to the podcast when that happened. We even thought that. Boy, 
Thank God, because we don't like the burned, and we didn't like the Ninth Circle. Thank God they're gone. I I remember, too, that was one of the first times that we actually talked to Juan Ferreira because we said that Venus de Milo (laughs) that was in in the Inferno looked all fucking mangled and stuff, and he said he rushed to do it. Rocky Dennis de Milo. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's just all of a sudden Dante shows up, and I wonder if Ben Percy thinks that this is a cool callback to the earlier deal. All it means to me is that Uh, we're getting more more of this nonsense that doesn't go away like this is a guy that shouldn't be alive in story wise even he's not that interesting but he goes to shadow he's just says a listen burned guy in a red suit that's his only character characteristic yep. is his yeah. red suit yeah and he comes and uh, gets the uh, Mora Queen's uh, head. He says, go kill her. And that's where you're going to go. You know, I want you to get the mother of all tasks and go kill her. And that's what the Ninth Circle said before. You know, we always claim our debts and things like that. So they're going to go off and do that. In the meantime, she is there still at the Star Tower, goes to see Broderick. He's in the back to tank. Yeah. It's not working for him. And he's pissed. He's like, you know what? Because he did get burned up by Oliver and he's there and trying the to heal. Is, I don't think we seen anything of that until right now from when he freaking dropped that freaking that thing of fire on top of him and it yeah it seen before well face. if you remember now it's everything but his face well that's the problem is we saw before that when uh the mayor showed up at his residence or at the queen industries at that one point he just had a hand wrap Remember yeah. when he? It seemed like, and we even said then, like, what the fuck happened? Like and, and he should have been burned. burned. With his goddamn hand. And remember, that's when he, uh, Dominie, Mayor Dominie's like, "Hey, what happened to your hand? Don't worry about that." And that was it. It's it. now all of a sudden he's burned from basically neck to toe here and he's just uh, you know mangled up and he's doing this back to tank it's not working she's like listen we need to talk it's time for your acupuncture again making it seem like she has always been around but we've we haven't seen her and and she's giving it to him it seems to me that she might have killed freaking broad no i think she did yeah i think that she's killing him now and i think that he's done I think that having and him it's such show up with this burn. a way for this character we've had all along just to be killed no, by believe me. Moira He'll Queen be back in 10 issues. And <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah, and this is like she's going to end up, you know, Shadow's going to come to kill her. In the meantime, she's like, you know what? You're done. I voted you out. You're off the island. And boom, stabs him. And, ah, he's yelling, but then you go. And, and I'm telling you, this thing is so jumbled together because then we go off and Emiko shows up to talk to Kate Spencer, who is the attorney that is uh, doing Oliver's case. Now, yeah. she shows up, and this is the weirdest part of this, too, because she shows up. And it's like, hey, Kate. Come on, I'm in your car. She's like, what the hell are you doing in my car? Hey, let's go for a ride. I want to show you something. We're going to go. And as they're going, like, where is Oliver? And then it's almost like Emiko's, like, catching up with friends and thinking. And all you see is them, Oliver taking Dinah from behind. And I'm like, Emiko, you can't think of that. It's the weirdest panel think there where it, you I mean, see them. Think of it. Just so weird. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, basically but no, the saying. The idea now, I'm telling you, I could have justified this entire thing, this hard-traveling hero in my head just because, like Oliver left, he jumped bail. But in my mind, even though there, there would be check-ins that would have had to happen since it's a comic yeah. book universe, I could say to myself, 
Nobody knew he was gone. No, Oliver they Queen all got know. Out of he party. should be in jail Anybody right now. He was still in his freaking Star City. Yep. But now it makes it like, you know, Kate points out, you know, the public already hates him. When he skipped town, he only made things worse. It's going yeah. to be impossible to get a He should address. be in jail. So he should be in jail. Yeah, yeah he no should be in jail. Oliver Queen should be doing nope. anything but riding in prison right now, nope, waiting right for now. his trial. Waiting for his trial. That may happen six months from now, but he would be in jail now. But they, and I'm Emiko, pretty sure that Diggle put up the bail money for him, so that bail money's gone. Yeah, to, gone. And there, Emiko shows up uh, to what we find out then is uh, – what's her Wendy name? Poole's uh, Wendy Poole's Wendy Poole's. I was going to call her Holly. Wendy Poole's house. And they go up and like, Kate, there probably won't have to be a trial. What are you talking about? Not a trial. And they open to like, oh, my God, Wendy Poole's still alive. Now, I've seen Wendy Poole now and again. Uh, that girl on that couch did not look like – I'm telling uh, you, I could have sworn that Wendy Poole had long blonde hair. That's what I thought too. Looks like fucking I'd have to look, but even so, job. yeah, she's there and you have Kate's – Spencer, like, right away knows that Wendy Poole, she's alive. And then you get it, like, it's almost like a kick in the teeth. After all of this, they saved Wendy. They took her back to this house. They put her with her dad. And then all of a sudden, the dad's like, nope, she's not going to testify because she, she, she'll she get killed. I understand this, but there's also witness protection. There's also, you're dealing with a lot of things here where they can make her testify. I mean, she is alive. And really, to me, all you need to do is get her the hell out and have a, you know, a video thing, or whatever it can be, but she's just not going to testify. And then it's almost like cut and dry. Okay. She's not going to testify. Well, oh, well. She won't testify. She doesn't seem like they're going to let anybody know that she's still yeah, alive. Yeah, well, that's what she wants to know. The dad says you can't let them. These are bad people. They will come and kill her then. Yeah, that might be the case at the point, but it's going to be at the try. You know what I mean? It's not like they they, it's just weird to me that, that there Look, isn't I've anything seen a, I've seen better. I've seen movie and TVs where people go to testify and it's put in witness protection on stuff and they're whacked off, Jim. Oh, they're I know off. that. But it just to me, if this is the case, the, the Ninth Circle is going to find out she's alive somehow. I, it anyway, just I'm is so you, If it's me, if I'm Wendy Poole and I was going to get put in a slave auction and shit like that and had to deal with freaking subterranean goddamn Nosferatu no. people, I get brought back and you're like, all right, now that you're back and safe, you got to go out in the public and tell people, about, no. fuck you, I'm out. I'm no, I know that. Out. But Queen, then if guy. I was Emiko right there, I'd be like, okay, you're going back, bitch. <laughs> I just – I fucking risk my life to save you, and now you're, you're just uh, – no. But again, I'm it's selfish. just – to no me, it's just a forced thing, though. It's just a forced way that we have to have this because really it's been all leading up to this trial, and then Ben Percy has written himself out of the trial. And, and but he so wants to have because it. I think we've written ourselves more into the trial because now we have to have it. No, and now like, we have to. That's what I'm saying, though. Saying, you know, Oliver can get five years for manslaughter. No. I'm like, no, what, what, this is fucked up. Yeah, well, that's if they plea bargain, but she doesn't want him to do that. So, like I said, when you when you get Wendy Poole, all of a sudden you, you don't you're not going to have a trial. And Ben Percy wants this trial. The whole arc is based on this trial, so he has to have some Trump reason why. Yeah, he has to have some reason why the trial has to happen. So the trial is going to happen because Wendy Poole won't talk. And even to the point where she seems to be completely insane and seems to have changed her look. But, and maybe yeah. that's supposed to be that they dyed her hair or something like that to kind of stay, uh, you know, I undercover. Know. I think people just forgot what Wendy Poole looked like. Or yeah. I forgot what Wendy Poole looked like because yeah, we have not I, seen I her in a too. dog's age. Yeah, well, we saw her last issue. 
is yeah, when I, we I saw. I can't even remember what she looked. I she can't might have either. Like this it's when issue. they when when uh, Black Canary put her leather jacket on her after they saved her, and they were in that panel without any backgrounds. But you have that here where they're, they're going to have to have a trial. You you have the scene where we already talked about where Oliver is talking to Dinah, and she's like, "Listen, you saved Gotham." It says, "See Green Arrow number thirty-two. It doesn't make any sense." But uh, yes, yes, you did. Batman couldn't have done it without you. No, no, Batman wasn't there. Uh, well, that's why. Uh, that's like I'm saying this makes it seem like they are talking at metal in general but they do point out that number 32 it seems off uh but they're gonna go and that's where oliver has a talk with kate spencer her attorney at the graveyard and they just go and yell at why each is other that tombstone still up oliver queen everybody knows that he's still alive why is yeah. that tombstone still in know. the graveyard i don't they could say I oliver don't. queen don't know i don't know but he's there and he's like listen i don't want you to force wendy to talk she can't go through that because of me okay he's that's a good thing he wants to be a good guy and then that's when kate's like listen you're fucked you ran we, we posted bail you ran and he's like i didn't run i told you I, all this stuff and he's like I, I don't care what you're talking about because you, what are you some su- superhero you're just a rich party boy and basically she says we're, we're done and what the best thing that we could do to hope to do would be to request a plea bargain in volatile but she can't do that it's so funny like listen that's the best thing can't do that though because I got a kid. I got bills I to pay, and I, I bet on you. And I'm fucked. So listen, I'm gonna come and we're gonna talk a little cross examination tomorrow. I just everything that uh, Oliver's just gonna keep saying when he pulls alive. <laughs> that's all I would say. But yeah, they're there, and she I just goes on too because we're having this whole rendezvous in the cemetery where Oliver just wants to kick the shit out of his uh, tombstone. Which he does. He, he kicks over Who his tombstone. Who brought those five to six goddamn lanterns that are just sitting on the ground that are illuminating the area? I don't know, Emiko. I don't know. I don't know because you know at least two of the three people in these tombs—they're not dead. No. Because then he's and then he's just slamming tombstones I can't around. Even tell you that the father's still going to be yeah, dead. I t- that's why I said I don't know either. Because at one point I really thought it was getting towards the fact that he might be alive still. But we'll see. Uh, but yeah, then he says hell yeah for no reason whatsoever. I don't know if if uh, Ben Percy's trying to grab onto that kite man magic. Uh, but yeah, and then his mother shows up and she's like, hey, listen, not everybody's gone. I'm right here and he's like mother but how and then you see her gravestone and that stuff and i'm just like oh jesus christ and i guess the thing is too the the whole thought like you know robert queen's tomb is that supposed to be right there as well? Because yeah, like, it is. is this, because this, his this, gravestone is right next to theirs. There's the three. I'm going to say you because see. you see that big monument in the background, which yeah. I have to imagine would that's be that's when his he went tomb, down into it. That one. A, point. I thought it was supposed to be a tomb that you go inside of where. Oh, no, he did. Was. Maybe that's on the other side. But you and do you have, have a Robert two Queen stones for freaking you know his son and his wife. And you got this and, big well, monument for Robert Queen in my mind. His is there too. They have the three. Oliver okay. kicked over the one. Uh, and his is on oh, the other gotcha. side yeah, real yeah. little. So it's just nonsense. It's complete nonsense. <laughs> but yeah, she shows up and yeah, looking a little too much like Black Canary for my taste. But she's like, I'm right here. And just you enough get, for my taste. Yeah. And you, yeah. Ooh. And you get the idea that she's <laughs> going to just be there to try to, you know, trick him into doing whatever yeah. or whatever. So we'll see what's going on. But Mommy's here, Ollie. You can come to me. I, I liked, not, not the, I did, like I did. Only good things, obviously. Yeah. I did like the art enough 
Uh, I don't, I don't know. Decision. I didn't like it as much as him. completely was um, that weird fight scene with Shadow and the ninjas where they would go black yeah. and white for some reason during yeah. certain action scenes. I thought I don't that was know. an odd choice. But some of it, that, I didn't I like the, the way. Art. I didn't like the way Amico looked throughout. I, I thought that she looked off, but uh, other than that, it looked okay. But this issue was nothing. It's a bunch of garbage, and I, I'm not interested in any of the characters anymore, including Green Arrow. I, the thing just kind of you keep going in circles for this whole thing. If we're gonna have a trial, just get to the goddamn trial let's see that let's get to something more interesting uh, the ninth circle needs to die they need to go down uh i was laughing too is because you have them yelling about how this star city has been a disaster that goddamn transatlantic uh, or trans-pacific railway that, that to me was more of a disaster but they don't bring that up but yeah at the end i gave it a five five i really didn't like it that's what do you want what did you give it there I'm thinking first. I'm sorry. I thought okay. you were going to say something to lead into it. But, no, um, no. No, the thing is, I like the art in this issue, and I'm really just happy to be back in Seattle because of how much I hated the hard-traveling heroes. Uh, the biggest thing, you know, Dante coming back, you know, it's, it's an odd thing just to have these characters show up out of nowhere. Like, Moira showed up the la- like the, before the yeah. last arc, and now she just, like, you know, second appearance now, and then she just kills Broderick almost off-panel, it seems like, because you don't even see what's going on. Yeah. It's very odd stuff, but... I am happy that we're back in Seattle and going towards progression. And the idea, though, that we will have Shadow versus Moira Queen, so we have the mothers of Emiko and Oliver fighting to kill each other. That concept kind of does intrigue me, but I would give it a 6 out of 10, I think. Yeah, my my guess is there's not going to be a fight. She's going to come in and either decide to kill her and kill her, or she's not. She's just going to say, I'm not going to do it. I don't see that. put a wedge fighting. in freaking Oliver and Emiko's relationship as well. Yeah, I, I don't really see it. I don't think that they would go either way. You know, unless Oliver all of a sudden stops and, and tries to kill Shadow, then that would. But if they just, if these two fight, I don't think that that would affect Emiko. And, uh, because for the most part, Emiko seems to be, you know, off of Shadow anyway. And, and yeah. I think that she's not a good person anyway. So we'll see. But. The next issue on the last of the section of the green section is another one that I didn't like. Justice League number 31, written by Brian Hitch, art by Fernando Passerin, Andy Owens, Eau Claire Albert, Brad Anderson, Richard Starkings, and Comic Crafts Jimmy. And I forgot to, I forgot to write a little blurb, so I'll do it. The legacy, uh, let's say, the legacy arc ends and while i hope that it would end on a high note brian hitch goes back to his old nonsense and we get nothing here except convoluted explanations and hokey dialogue i don't know what's going on with these kids and thinking that they are being sent back to a future that will not happen with promises that it will really throw me off i and like the, the art idea and the- of them going getting sent back to the freaking future doesn't make uh, sense to me how did they yeah, just summon the I goddamn know. forever stones I like the art enough, but even that couldn't save me from giving this a the lowest score I have in this arc. Eric, there is my made-up little blurb there because, yeah, this was a disappointment to me. It, it really was. I have been I'm pretty really much— I was really hoping freaking Brian Hitch would be able to end this thing yeah. on a bang, but it really turned into a yeah. whimper. Yeah, I was I was championing this whole deal, and you can see as my scores went at the beginning when you had the stuff with the kids and you were going, you know, a lot of character work with them. I was going between an eight and an eight five with a couple yeah. issues. The minute that it became these slugfest issues, started going down and down. And the the worst part is, why couldn't we have started off okay and ended great? Instead of like starting off pretty good and ending up like this, because this is just a very, I'll give them one thing. 
I will maybe give them some kudos that maybe they just told him it had to end. Uh, Brian Hitch is one of these guys who does seem like he'd like a 10-issue arc. Right. And he's off the book. Now, he does have a couple issues that are metal tied. I don't know. He had that with JLA in the New 52, and that that didn't make sense either. No, well, that's what I'm saying, though. When they said, like, hey, listen, not only did he get the word that he's off the book, but he also got the word that you're going to be off the book and your last two issues are going to be tie-ins to metal. So that's kind of maybe that kind of caused some problems because I would have liked some more explanation here. And things end very odd. uh, Basically, if you want me to say, Hippolyta goes from being the biggest bad that the universe has ever seen to being a a doting mother who doesn't want her daughter to die and then even goes even worse than this where it's like she wants to be the good guy. And it doesn't – a lot of this stuff just doesn't make sense. We wanted to see who Hunter's father was. The biggest bad of the universe, as you were saying, I'm sorry, we have the darkness like here – who is the thing that destroyed the world, but yeah. Sovereign is worse. And yeah, now the Sovereign whole idea is worse. Sovereign, all right, I'm going to take this on. I'm just like, you know, I, I freaking destroyed the world because you were out of it kind of thing. But now that I see you're okay here, I'm just going to be the good guy now. Yeah, and, yeah, Farewell, yeah. daughter. Just out of nowhere, and you find out. We'll just go down a checklist here. You find out that Hunter's father is actually the darkness. So he's he Anakin is, Skywalker. Was yeah, he's Anakin conception. Skywalker is basically what he is. And it just, okay, you know, this this isn't great. I, I actually thought that it was going to turn around and end up being Batman. Uh, but it, it was Batman not. Batman has nothing to do no, with this Nothing to do because, because Brian Hitch, I guess, d- couldn't fuck around with a future of Batman having a kid. You know, he already has Damien. They're not going to throw him in here. And for some reason, he didn't want to fuck around and say, like, maybe he could have even played along. And it could have been like a Helena, you know, or, or, you know, Catwoman and him had a kid later. You could you could have done that. But he didn't seem to want to do it. Couldn't do that because Baz didn't have a kid either. But we had Baz in the story. Yeah, but he was just there, so he had to die. It just really is nothing, and it starts off, and it's just a full-out brawl, and it's the parents versus the kids, including uh, and this, at that I'm point. You, this brawl is the worst, too, because yeah. the, everybody is infected with the darkness, and because of that, we have the darkness chanting things over and over yeah. again for every freaking individual member yep. of the and Justice just, League, it's and then over they the have top. to repeat it. So you just have this freaking repeating dialogue over and over. It's and a repeating so dialogue. And the problem with me is that most of it is not interesting anyway, though I like Barry and Cruz. That little bit I did like because Barry, okay, it makes sense to me that he's like, well, you know, he's as the, only the one darkness. He has this background that would yeah. not really allow anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that where when they're fighting, the darkness is feeding into the fears and the angers and of the Justice League and the hate and basically is uh, convincing Barry side. that, and convincing Barry that, listen, if I have you, Cruz, that means I don't go with iris and that infuriates I want me iris. i want kids with iris yeah, and the only way i can now. have iris is by killing you which doesn't make sense either no. but we'll see you know the deal but as this is going on it's just not that interesting it really isn't it's just this back and forth but that's where we have the little bit and you have hippolyta basically about to get killed by wonder woman she's about to kill him and, and hunter jumps in and really takes the blow uh you know on his back there and then that's where the darkness 
continues that whole thing of like, don't hurt him, no, because that's where Wonder Woman's like, you abandoned once, will die by my hand as well? And they're like, no, not him. He must come to us, be us. So you have the darkness where they basically, it's explained from Apollota as this goes on, that the darkness infected Wonder Woman, then got her pregnant with Hunter to be the embodiment the, the of itself. The embodiment of the darkness. But what she did was she had him realize that she was infected and then gave him she, up. She fought off the yeah. darkness for when she, like, you know, when she was giving birth and, get, like, fought the darkness off enough to give yes. him up so that, you know, he could be loved. Yes. Now, here's the thing that I asked you. Why wasn't he still the darkness? Because that know. was basically how he was born. Also, you get this thrown in deal that at that point Wonder Woman realized what is happening to her and killed herself. She committed suicide. And that was never brought up. It wasn't that Hunter Hunter did say you abandoned me, but made it seem like she was bad and was against them at some point. But it doesn't yeah. seem like that was the case now. That the abandon was just she left. Why didn't Hunter think that Wonder Woman died in battle? Why would why is he gone? Because it seemed to happen when he was a baby. Yeah. There's no way that Clark wouldn't have raised him in this future because Clark did and not say, listen, your mother was a hero. Your mother loved you and gave herself up so that you could be saved. Why didn't Clark ever say I that? Because th- it doesn't make any sense. It makes no that's sense. That's the weirdest part about this issue as well, because one of my least like uh, interesting, like the least interesting character in my mind of these kids for the like, I, I can't Here. say least, but something Are you going to say cube was serenity Dory okay serenity okay and we do get some bits with her which i think are really yeah, cool i like this that issue. yeah and i like that because as they're going i actually uh jason and jenny the uh the green lantern or the lanterns uh to me they were the most underdeveloped though i like them but yeah i think dory was a little off but you find out even then that Mara was infected, and it was almost like one of those that you have in classic, you know, your horror movies, Eric, Mr. Eric Shea over there, oh. where if I'm there and my wife becomes a zombie, we've already agreed with each other. You know, if one of us turns, you kill me. I want you to kill me. And that seems to be what happened. She, Mara was infected by the darkness. She was not coming back, so he had to kill her. And Aquaman now, killed her. Yeah, and Aquaman killed her to save her. And then basically it was between because Mara was going to kill Dory. Dory was just a baby and all so, dory ever knew like i like of this was that aquaman killed her her yes. father killed her mother and that's when he cursed her fa- she cursed yes. her father and, out of the, the rage that she felt for it and the worst part of this would be that you could get the idea maybe that hey i didn't want to and this is aquaman i didn't want my daughter to know that her mother went crazy with the darkness but it seemed like the darkness has pretty much taken over the whole world so this wouldn't be something that Aquaman should have kept from her like listen your mom tried to fight it she couldn't unfortunately it seemed like he's like it was better for you not to know I don't know why also I just want to know why didn't Aquaman get infected why, why did everybody else but Aquaman didn't? He did get cursed by Dory, but we never get any sort of idea why he wasn't infected and why he isn't now. The darkness is infecting everyone. Batman shows up. Why didn't he get infected after the darkness was already going to town on everyone? No idea. It, it just seems like this darkness is just going to infect who Brian Hitch needs to infect and who has the kids and, and they want See, to do the that. Thing is, for some reason, I never thought about the whole darkness infecting Aquaman. Uh, for some reason, my mind I just skipped over because I was enjoying the backstory of why Aquaman yeah, is Yeah, I liked the way it he enough, is. but why so wasn't he ever infected? I'm just kind of angry. Like, there's ne- my favorite part of the book away. <laughs> there's never anything explained about God it. I mean, it. and why not now? 
I mean, I, it doesn't make sense. Uh, also, well, you me, have. We're, we're going to go to the freaking. Let's go to the checklist of shit that's not explained. Like, yeah. you know, we have that oh, Aquaman you know, took Cyborg's armor and integrated it with himself so he would not need freaking water to yeah, survive. Yeah, because he was. He was but banished. then we have the Black Lantern Ring. Black Lantern yeah. Ring, or the Dark Ring, as I call it, never explained. And it, it works completely no. different than anything you've ever fucking yep. seen. Because at one point, it is freaking absorbing the heat vision of yeah. Superman. I'm like, Superman I, I shooting the heat vision here. at him, and it goes off and goes into the ring. And what is that? That doesn't make sense. It looks no. cool. If it was explained, it'd be fine. Or and it, that freaking, whole, you know, what's Jason lights freaking, out? Uh, oh, God damn it. Now I can't remember the freaking name. Jason, Jason and Jenny. Jesse? Jenny, I believe. Jenny, Jason okay. and Jenny. One, they yes. just go like one goes freaking black light and one goes yeah. white light. And like I, it hurts freaking the possessed Jessica. I'm like, I don't know what you're doing now. Besides for I know that they're like freaking they were resurrecting Simon. It's Simon just crazy. Bad, I don't know why freaking Jason has to go Black Lantern. Well, here's the thing. They kind of say it in that because at one point the the two Lantern kids are holding off uh, Jessica. And it's funny because you had the moment or, you, you know, you have the whole thing with Cruz and uh, Flash at Barry. Yeah. And I like that. It's like, you know what? If you survive, if you're the kids, then I'm not with Iris. And I want to be with Iris. And the, the darkness is saying, if you want to be with Iris, kill these kids. Okay? It doesn't make sense. But being infected by that, you're going with that. All Jessica's like, hey, I'm not supposed to be with Barry. And it's after that. And it's like, ooh, that doesn't hit as hard as that. No. It's like, listen, I'm not supposed to be with Barry. Why do I have kids? And then if I, if I did have children, they wouldn't be you. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. That's that's crazy. But at this point, Jason, the, the boy, he's like, he's about to go black ring. But you never see it. He just says, what are we going to do, Jenny? I don't think I can hold it in anymore. I'm too afraid. She goes, the black light. Hang on. I'm like, we didn't get any setup for that to be like he no. is more of a black lantern like this seems like he has been holding it back this whole time every time he gets emotional whatever the black light comes out and it can't because if he does that jessica's gonna die now out of the out of nowhere she's like hey is simon dead there and they go and check and he is and then they do a thing where it seems like you know, the white lantern light, I don't think, is what brings him back. It's the combo of death and life and the I, it, circle it of it, It doesn't make any sense seems. to me because I know the white lantern light is the thing that like, brings people back from the dead. Because that's they say black and white, death and life, rebirth, and then he comes to life. So yeah, I think it's a question. Like, they don't even know, know what you're talking about. Yeah, I have. A, but basically, it seems like that's what they have done. Jessica gets, gets knocked back by yellow, white, and black. It seems like this whole thing just explodes See, I, on I her. I think it was green, white, and black. Yeah, really? That's that's That looks like yellow to me, but it is kind of a greenish tinge, but it is green, white, and black there, or yellow, white, and black, whichever you, it was. I don't know what's going on with these two yeah. kids. I don't oh, I know. tell you. I was really hoping well, because to get some we kind never of explanation. Had it. it wasn't likely, yeah. but why, you know, because Jessica's a Green Lantern, and she has fucking a ki- like uh, twins with Barry, uh, Barry Allen. Why would she have kids that just can go through the spectrum of the goddamn? Well, then that like, seemed to be understand. something that infected them, or that happened because even we had that. Be- told you they mentioned that lights out and things like that at the beginning. It was never explained. It, it pains me because I really like this arc up until the last half of last issue so and this it was issue. Out, it could have been and boy, really good, yeah, you had a lot of things just happening because they need to happen now. Yeah, but even at the point where you had Aquaman and Dory talking, and Aquaman's just laying there like looks like he's about to die and they're like listen 
It was your mom. I had to kill her. It was you or her. And what, Dad? Oh, my goodness gracious. Now he has a hook on his hand, and she's holding the hook. But then Mara drives the goddamn trident right through him, but yet nothing comes about from that. He's fine then later. It just seems very weird. You also have Cube talking to Cyborg, his dad, and that's a little wonky with the whole deal because – legitimately cyborg can replay all of the future because it was downloaded from cube into him and that's how he tries and they get the idea batman shows up then out of nowhere he has the solar flare fucking staff he's and superman all this time before was fighting cyborg ripped his arm off and did some stuff basically saying you know hey you must have killed lois and john you went to my house you must have killed him and he's going on and on like that but what ends up happening and especially it starts with cube is him saying listen dad just look look at me you ended up having me and it's so funny that he's like listen i know i was an accident <laughs> he made me laugh so that's much that's the best part too because you never see anything about a mother for cube there. no but he says you had me you had for me yeah it was an accident but i felt the love you had for me for mom but we don't know what the mom was. you don't ever get to know that but he's basically like listen just think Think of what we had. Think of the memories that I have showed you of what See, didn't happen yet, but you will. The part was the, the first time they joined, it was an yeah. accident. Yeah, well, he just says, you know, it was an accident and you have it. I think that he was not supposed to, or without the mom, uh, it was an accident, the the deal maybe that, you know, she died. I don't I don't know. Oh, no, we're, so ne- like, we're never going to find I remember out. it. The day I was born, the first time we joined, it was an accident, but I felt the love you had yeah, for me. Yeah, but the first time, the first time they joined is him looking at the little baby. Mm-hmm. He's there touching the baby there. I mean, it wasn't an accident that he's sitting there looking at a baby. I, I just think he wasn't supposed to be bored. I, I, how can you explain what he is anyway? I mean, I, he, I don't know. I can't explain can't. it because I'm looking at that baby. The baby doesn't look fucked no, up. You know, you no. look at Cube. Cube looks fucked up. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, you have that. And he just begs him like, think of it. Think of us, you know, think of the family, whatever. And then you have to get you really have to rush to the end where all of a sudden the twins become indigo lanterns where everybody's going to have compassion. And now that's what they get. They are flooded with compassion and love with no hate that ends up dissipating the the darkness. No no hate, only love. I'm like, well, now you're talking about Star Sapphire shit. What do you want here? Yeah, I know. I know, but yeah, then you have that, all of the darkness goes into a ball, and, and oh, that's the darkness, yep, it's pure aggression and hatred, boy, the, you know, these humans, they we all have this hate, and it's going to happen, and basically, Aquaman and Hippolyta are going to go and boom tube to nowhere, that's what they say, we're going to boom tube to nowhere yep. forever, and they're going to take Goodbye this ball, forever. yep, they're going to take a thing, and they're went back to his home it, planet. it's crazy, like, okay, there they go. And that's where Aquaman's like, listen, maybe I'll see you later. Maybe we'll see you in the future. Hopefully things will be a little better. Uh, but, yeah, we got to go. And, and, and Apollo no, and Aquaman are gone. The thing is, like, when they go the whole thing, like, the whole idea now, like, we've gotten the darkness away. The darkness will never come. And we have fundamentally changed how the future is going to work. So yeah, even when Hunter the kids go be. away, they're like, oh, you're going to go to a better place now. And, and, like, since you're already here, you know, alternate timelines, you guys will be fine. I'm like – that doesn't work at all because if they go back to the future from where they are now, they will never have been born. So they, they're just paradoxes that go someplace yeah. where 
Nobody knows who they are because they were never supposed to be born. Like, there's no way that Hunter can ever be born because there's no, no Hunter darkness can't. to fucking impregnate Hunter can't. You don't think that, you know, Cruz won't. The Lanterns won't. The only one that has some possibilities, the only couple would be Dory. But the, but the the chances of that lining up, exactly, that's yeah. not. Especially and you now have, that the world is safe and fine. There's no way in my uh, mind for the stuff they've even encountered now that can work out. Yeah, and, too and much Q. pressure added to Jessica and Barry's relationship. But for the to have like yeah i don't know it's kind of forced now we don't even know each other now we gotta have kids Get the yeah fuck and the the issue being is why do they have to go back why, why? they don't they don't have to go back and it's funny because then you have a scene in amnesty bay one week later and they're like hey you know what argus is cleaning up steve it's so funny steve's off cleaning up like, hey argus is cleaning up this has been a great week that we have but we have to go back and i'm like, why why do you have to go back i don't All even know them- how they go back well, all of them are sitting there laughing, and there's just Batman. He And uh, if you look at the art, Batman has full clenched fist. I don't yeah. know why he's so angry, except that he does that. Why didn't he invite because Damien to hang out here? all kids are very good, like, well-behaved kids, unlike his. Yeah, and it's weird because you all, yeah, really, and you also have Hunter, who did, you know, he... You would think that maybe he could go and hang out with John and Damien because we said he's he's not going to happen. He can't. He his dad is the darkness. Like I'm and telling so, you, he should just fade away at this yeah. point because there's no way he can exist. Like all of them should because they have just prevented the future yeah. from ever happening. There is no place for them to go because their timeline doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what. Well, we'll never see. But yeah, they're all going to say their goodbyes. goodbye forever, legacy kids. Yeah, they're all going to say goodbye. That's where Barry tries to you know say and and the best. Is too is that one week later uh jason the lantern god damn it he grew eric he's like seven foot now he's standing between Je- these were little little kids he is bigger than barry now he's humongous so something changed i don't know what's going on because that's where barry says hey of course you guys won't cease to exist you already do exist alternate timelines divergent futures it's all good no it's not and, barry and, and i'm looking i'm like well when did jason get taller than barry he's huge there uh, and yeah, they're like hey part. I guess he hit it quick, and they're like, "Okay, I think he's lying. He just wants to get rid of him. He yeah. needs to get if if now Iris shows up. Iris, telling you, if Iris shows up in Amnesty Bay, he's got some splaining to do. He doesn't want to do that. He got to get them skedaddling. In my mind, he's the one that has pushed them into going back. But like you said, they're all saying goodbye. You have Hunter say to Wonder Woman, like, "Hey, if if I'm there, she's like, if I'm there when you go back, give me a chance." He's like, "Yeah, you'll be there. I won't." And he's no. like, oh, one day I'm blessed to be your son. Remember how proud I feel right now. And they're gonna go and, and they're gonna go off. How do they go off? I don't like know. all of this time, they're doing this, and you have what appears to be Dory doing a spell, but then you have the stones that go, and I don't know what's going on. I, I'm like, well, what just happened? <laughs> I just I have you, no I, idea. Honestly, I'm looking at what's going on right here. It looks like they might have just gone into the ocean. Yeah, I it, to me. It is even weird with the art there. Even like that could be like the ocean has disappeared there, and there's a forest. I, I don't know what's going on there, but yeah, they're gone. They're dead. And it's so funny. Flash is like there. I want a Flash to be like, "Yep, I gotta call Iris right now. I gotta I gotta talk to her." But yeah, you have Batman there. So what about us? That'll Do we think the future faster than our old dad? Yeah. Fuck you, Nora. <laughs> yes, he's like, "Do you think the future will be better, different?" And I wanted them all to be like. Listen, 
you have your sons here. Yeah. You know? And even Superman has John, like whatever. But he's like, oh, and there's Superman. It's out there waiting for us. Let's go out and find out. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I mean, you really, you dropped the ball. I I had, it I actually, I don't. It completely apart for the end here. It fell apart. It did. And I, I don't feel like a fool for telling people how good it was because I it was. legitimately, I thought it was good. I really and liked the character. Each issue, I think, I think maybe the second issue I liked more than the first, but but after that, it just went down in quality. And so the yeah. final one just completely Once just you got away from the it. kids and just started fighting, one and actually it was when Sovereign showed up. And yeah. when once she showed it was done. And yeah, this is this is not good. It's not good and at all. Again, tying this back into with the kindred, because we at the one point we had this whole thing where they talk about how, you know, this was what the kindred had in plan for like yeah. in store for Wonder Woman. This was her purpose to be this freaking the the uh the birth mother of the darkness. I'm like what does the kitchen yeah. have to do with any of this? Yeah, yeah, and, and really, you, you end up, and I was just going to say, like, nobody even made a hero's choice, but they did. Uh, Hippolyta and Aquaman did. The problem is, for the most part, we thought of them as bad guys throughout this. Yeah, they, they had a turn at the end, so we didn't care. Like, no. oh, you know, that fucking monstrosity of fucking Aquaman, get the hell out of here. I, I would have liked it at points, too, where all through this, not once did Dory go, you know what, Dad? Curse over. And now he's like, God damn it, I've wanted to have a drink of water this whole goddamn time, and then starts drinking water. Also, we saw he was banished from water, but somehow he was near the water in Amnesty Bay and even seemed to come out of it. So it's all a bunch of nonsense. It's all a bunch of nonsense. The guy, all he wanted was a drink of water. She wouldn't even give him that. But I I actually gave it a 6 out of 10. I probably went a little bit high. I did like the art, though. And the art was okay. I'm sorry. I, I still, still like the guy. Like Superman's fat yeah. jerk off face. I still I like the part like you said I did like the Aquaman and Dory part until it's it kind of fell apart a little yeah that uh, but I also did like the Barry and Cruz that Barry's part with the darkness really made sense to me that was the one that would be like well, yeah, but holy he's shit yeah. the only one that has any stake in yeah. this who has outside stuff that's yep. going on so that's it why it would have been good if Batman this. Batman did nothing but yeah, yeah. Uh, 6 out of 10 but I, I could even go as low as a 5.1 if I really you know got really angry what would you give it well I'm saying I wasn't a fan of the art as much as you were but it, yeah, it's not it. bad art altogether but you know i'd have to give it a 4.5 out of 10 because everything yeah. was just rushed to a conclusion where even these characters leaving doesn't make sense and it like doesn't. it's just them leaving out of the story in the end like the idea of these characters was my favorite part and by the end they don't even make sense to me and nothing was no. explained i know but that's it we're gonna go off to the next section of mail song always just makes me very mellowed out just ready even keel ready to go ready whenever to get i take my song. bubble baths and light my candles i always really listen to that do. song to relax 
Do you like this voice now? I'm going to use this voice throughout this. You know, whole I hate thing. that voice. This is my. It's not exactly my NPR voice, but it's, it's getting close. close. It's getting close, Eric. And this first one, this first mail, is from Luke Hollywood. It's the oh, Hollywood, Hollywood kid himself. Hollywood kid. It's the Hollywood kid himself, Eric, who wants to say. What's up, Jim, Eric, Reggie, Chris, Brandon, Trevitt, Josh, Jeremy, Andy, and everyone else in the Get Fresh crew? Whoopity whoop. Whoop whoop. So, so I had an extra stop to make on my weekly comic run this Wednesday. Normally, I stop by my two favorite comic book shops of all time, Dublin City Comics and The Big Bang. Eric, have you been why to two? either? Have you been to either in Dublin? Of course I've never Eric. been to either. But, I just want to know why two. I don't, like, everybody always talks about their loyalty to their comic book shops. Like, yeah, I go to two every week because one can't satiate my needs. What he does is he goes into Dublin City Comics and they go, oh, here he is. Now I'll get back to my normal voice. He goes into Dublin City Comics. Oh, there he is. The normal. big Marvel fan, yeah. Yar? And then he's like, yep. Yar. He's like, I love that Marvel. Give me my Marvel books. And then he walks out, goes next door to the Big Bang. Oh, there's the big DC fan he is. He just doesn't want to upset people. The Big Bang is the DC like one different personas at different That's what he does. Shops. Yep, that's what he does. I know he does this. But this week I had an extra place to check out. It's because he had some image books to get. <laughs> yeah, last some week independent on, titles he wanted to pick up. Yes, last week on Friday the 13th, Dublin City Comics had an extra spooky seven-year anniversary. So, And to celebrate, they opened up a brand-new shop about five minutes away. Okay, I was like, wait a second. He already goes to Dublin City Comics. <laughs> they had another shop. The surprise opening was actually a big hit on social media. I think I even saw an article about it on Bleeding Cool. All that. Oh. So I. So what you're telling me it was false? Yeah, they got oh, everything the, wrong. Is what you're telling no, me? Let's not get into that, Eric. I don't want no, that can of worms open, and I don't want that can of worms open again. Uh, Brett's listening. He'll send me a message. He'll be pissed. Although those guys aren't really my cup of tea. This new shop specializes in vintage and pre-owned stock, so they have a lot of older figures and comics for sale. They even have cool display cabinets for the figures all around the shop. You know who else has uh, vintage comics? Your, your old guy Tony and Twink, those, those guys, because they haven't Tony gotten a Tony doesn't have fu- a shop anymore. No, no, Twink does, and why it's vintage is because he hasn't had a new fucking comic in that shop in three years. I Eric, wouldn't know that because I haven't gone back. Yeah, just I have. That. I look in. Goddamn Gimli-looking motherfucker just sitting there. No comics, just fucking looking miserable, waiting for Eric Shea to come and work. Eric, they may have had some He-Man figures, but they all look the same to me. He's he's an attorney of racist, is what that is. They all I'm look sure the they same. have Masters of the Universe classic figures, which are the current figures that they're putting oh. out. Oh, I don't know. This is vintage, Eric. So I couldn't tell you who oh, you're not, they you had. Vintage, no, I bet mind. you they had Trap Jaw. They had some recent issues going cheap in the back issues boxes and a few more from the New 52 that I was able to check out since I haven't been reading comics all my life, like some people. And I didn't really start reading DC till the DC YOU came around. At the end of the day, it's a pretty cool shop, you son of a bitch, to check out. <laughs> it might almost be as cool as the Golden Age 1942. And I've got know. a gig helping out there on Fridays. So so I thought oh, nice. I'd have you guys give a shout out to Dublin City Comics. That's awesome. Yeah, if you're if you're there in Belfast, possibly Andrew, go over to Dublin City Comics. I don't know how far that is because I'm a moron there, eh? yeah. and maybe they'll give me an extra discount or something. I, I would love to say that you'd be like, hey, listen, uh, can you listen to the Weird Sci- Science uh, Comics podcast because they mention like I don't want anything to do with that. No, <laughs> it was it fucking was, get out of town. Yeah. I would recommend the podcast to all the customers we get, but then they. 
they might fire me for giving the customers too much nonsense. Don't worry, I'm not putting you guys on blast. Much love to Jim Eric and the Get Fresh crew. And in the immortal words of Wrong Turn, no evil escape my sights. Is, is that, wait a minute, here I we go. It's too good. Brightest day and brightest night. No evil escape my sight. No warthards, evil mites. Beware of my power, green's light. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> there you go. Go ahead, because I think we forgot that for the green section this week. Uh, we did. You are correct. So we do have it now. P.S. I'm glad you guys like the sound of Green Lantern, Kyle Rayner, Volume 1. It's still my book of the week, even though it came out two weeks ago. This wow. is now his book of the week, three weeks running. It's that good. This week I picked up The Flash, chance. The Flash by Mark Wade, book three, and I highly recommend that as well. I heard that's awesome. It's got a nice two-parter guest starring Star- Starfire and Nightwing with sexy Dick Grayson Mullet. And it also mm features the first appearance of Impulse. With all this talk of Connor Kent coming back in Detective Comics, maybe we'll see Impulse make an appearance coming up to Doomsday Clock. A guy's got a dream, right? I what just they love do to is get somehow like you know you erase Connor Kent from the continuity right now. You gotta erase that whole bar tour thing because that yeah. really fucks up the yeah, impulse you do. that you want. And that's actually yeah, that actually is kind of a way I, I hope that they do set things up uh you know right. They the have a chance about that to is do they it. left Solstice in the future on the goddamn prison planet. Yeah. Yes, they, they brought did. Bartor back. Yep, Bartor came back. I just Solstice love to Jim. get. I just love to get she, the Flash family again. Love. Evil Mina doesn't count, Eric. No. You're a boy in lick slip. XO, 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 and that Man is the end of mail section number three. And thanks, we're Luke. gonna go off to more books. Yes, thanks, Luke. And he is a Hollywood kid, Eric, and you're aware of that. But we're gonna go back Hollywood to the books. Kid. Who is the guy whose songs all seem so long? Who's the guy who can carry a tune? Who is the guy who's butchering good songs? Everyone knows it's Reggie. And Reggie's voice is so low. And Reggie sings so damn slow. And he sings in monotone. Now it is time for Reggie. Hey, Reggie. Very good. That, uh, that's the new one, huh? Tell Mike to go screw him. <laughs> tell him to go. Uh, he uh, said uh, that. Did, the, did someone ever tell Mike that he has a good voice? That he has a. I mean, I thought everyone knew the joke was he also sings ridiculously too. No, no he he uh, he has he, told he himself. Thinks he's got a, he thinks he's got a good voice. Oh. He does. Oh, Reggie's you throwing don't, shade. Don't I thought voice. this was on last week's episode. I don't think you were listening. <laughs> you have now heard. Enough. I thought that you have heard it by now. But I, t- I told uh, Mike that I would play it at the beginning of your deal. We'll have to discuss if that will continue from now on. That's him and Pete from NYC. That, that is a Very tribute. Oh, it, Pete, see, that's a tribute. Lyrics. It's all about love, he, he says. But, right. yeah, we're, we're here with Reggie. We were with Reggie earlier. And I was not in a very good mood with that drown book, Reggie. You're here to to lift my spirits. Oh yeah, this book lift is them high. You up. Yes. Well, uh, they, I liked them a little more than the drowned. I'll tell you that. But uh, what is the first one, Reggie? It is Aquaman number twenty nine, written by Dan Abnett, art by Stepan Sedgic. Thank you for being a friend. Traveled underground to take some things. Andine is cool, 
You're a pal and a confidant. I'm not ashamed to say. I was bored down here so many days till you came through and eventually remembered my name. And if you threw a party, invited everyone you knew, you would see through me and I'd scare all your guests with the horror of my open face. Thank you for being a friend. Uh, yes, <laughs> that open face scared the Christ. shit out of me. I, I'm telling you, uh, yeah, at one point that you see that open face, and I'm like, okay, and then the profile, I'm like, oh shit, and then comes like, a waggle. And oh my god, it made very me Beetle sick. Juice. It's very Beetlejuice, I thought. Yes, I like it, it is. It is. Uh, I I don't mind this issue uh, as much as I thought I would. The problem I have with this, and I can't see why anybody. I see these reviews, and Reggie, you are about at the spot where I would be uh not to spoil anything not have spoilers yeah. but a lot of people are going gaga for this issue and i read it i'm like why does this have aquaman on the cover i, I, I think you don't aquaman get any is not even in, yeah that's my issue, biggest problem this, this issue is definitely a setup uh, you know from way back in the double shipping because yeah, it would have worked yeah. much better that way where it's basically we're just concluding the three loose ends that we left from the yep. last issue, you know, yeah. Volko. And it seems Un like we've been doing that for the last two issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think you're Aquaman right. Aquaman is like put in the background of everything else going on. No, but but it's yeah. always it's always like a setup, and then and then we close it out the next issue. Then another setup, and we and close it close out. It and that's essentially yeah. what we got here. Uh, but it was nice to get some closure on a couple. Yeah, of you things. got I some love, closure. I really like the idea of the Volko thing, the comedy thing. Yeah, it's kind of fun. was my favorite part of the whole book. It was okay. Uh, but yeah, you're right though. I do think that maybe, and if, if you are right on about it still being when he was doing double shipping books, he was writing it for that pacing, uh, probably coming up in, in the next month or so, shit should get really good then because he should be done with that. You say you know? that, but he's also writing Titans, which is a monthly book the same That's way. That's true. That is true. Stop it, Eric. You're upsetting me because I oh, do okay. want to like this. All I want to do is like this no, book I, as much as everybody is, else. That's what I, it seems I, to be. I'm enjoying this book not as much as I could be just because Aquaman is put in the background, but the, the setup that Dan Adams is giving us, I'm enjoying for the most part, and yeah. I really like the cliffhanger to yeah. this issue. Yeah, I, I just... Do, I, it, I, like this overall story it does look like it's leaning toward what we've wanted which is for aquaman to go on his dry get, land yeah. walk about leave mara in charge yeah and leave mara or whoever and yeah, i imagine uh, that the way the long conversation between aquaman and dolphin that's pretty much how it is with jim and eric at work i assume right eric is dolphin <laughs> and, that, and that's just jim <laughs> yes, like maybe I I wish, just, he's would... like working through all of his problems by himself while eric's just like He's just drawing pictures. He's drawing pictures. Uh, actually, it's more uh, other people talk to me and Eric. Well, me and Eric are both dolphin, and then I hand Eric a a, a note that throws shade at the people talking. It's yeah. usually what happens. That's that's about what we do. Uh, but yeah, it's one of those like Aquaman is there and. You have Dan Abnett can't have Dolphin not talk, so instead of talking, she's using her bioluminescence to, to do it. But it's still, they're playing charades. And it's one of those, like, huh. Yeah, like Aquaman says, it is very cliche, but it made me laugh because it's exactly right. Of You know, for somebody who doesn't talk a lot, you sure know what to say. I'm like, oh, God, here we go. But, yeah, she basically tells him that he should be a superhero. You're a hero. Be a hero. You don't have to be a king. Just save people, just like the other members of the Justice League. That's all you really get with, with Aquaman, yeah. this whole yeah. issue. And you have Volko. And the only thing I don't like about Volko and Undine while they're going down, 
I would wish that, or I would think, you're going down and you have these ghosts, right? You have these these specters that are the guards of the Atlantean treasury. Yeah, these phantasms. You go down. I'm telling you if you're like, oh, uh, Johnny Franklin? And if it's not him, you don't get a second chance. I mean, he is just throwing out names. So I can only think that they're like, they're zombies, they're unknowing, they have to stop. The minute you say their name, they pop out of it because I'd be offended if I was no face. Because yeah. at, at the last second, uh, you know, no? Yeah, yeah, it's me. And like, what? It'd be like me yelling to my wife 800 names. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, Tanya? And she's like, oh, thank God you remembered me. Oh, yeah, it just freed seemed me weird. From my spell. Well, you know, this is. Uh... Crazy, it's loosey, part loosey, of the underwater ghost rules. We can't yes, really it is say under- it. And it's yeah, really Jim, underwater ghost rules. You don't rules. understand the underwater supernatural. I, I guess I don't. I don't understand the underwater ghost rules because from there, then this ghost of Null starts to name the others, which saves them. I know, but but also, really weird the other thing I want to know is at the point when they don't know who these ghosts are. And it was really, to me, this ghost, it was almost like spelled out that it was 500 years old, but this ghost actually knew Volko and Orm. So why yeah. is he that freaking fell? He's all apart like he is as if it well, was that's somebody. The thing is, in my mind, Volko used to come down and hang out and talk to him. They yeah, used to play no. games and shit like that. It's been a while since Volko has been down uh... there and like, you know, his face has deteriorated more, I guess. I no, I don't. I, no, he never said. He no. He says that. They knew each other in life. Yeah, he, he, they said because he's like, hey, let's talk about the old times. No, no, I want to talk about the new. I, I was there for the old times. So I don't think that that holds water, Eric, in the Aquaman book. Nice. I don't think that. I do not think that he was playing with the ghost. He was. Uh, he knew this guy, and it doesn't make sense of what we had heard before, but. Who knows? But yeah, well, that's, the way I took it was that Volko used to come down here and like get to know the ghost. He knows the game. He played. He came down here and played it before, and he became friends with Null to a degree, and they played ghostly games. Okay, so if that's what you're saying, I don't know why a ghost would deteriorate. Then it's a ghost. Uh, the well, way they why were would saying a ghost it, deteriorate in the first place. I don't ever. know. I think that they actually became that and accepted it way after the time that they had died. Is what I was going with before. But yeah, uh, the way they were talking about games, I don't see any goddamn games down there. Uh, I'm telling you. Me and Reggie both, it seemed to spell out that they knew each other in life and that well, he had been down the there. The thing is, the games they used to play, it wasn't like you didn't need pieces. Like, I spy with my little yeah, eyes that, something no. wet. <laughs> no, I don't think that was the case. But, you know, it just is something so that he knew what it was. But it just didn't make sense to me. And it just, whatever. But you have that, and then you have Mara and... uh uh, Garth ups up above, and even that is everything seemed just really quickly trying to resolve. Oh, but it does Garth resolve and the Mara stuff. stuff is padded out to yeah, get us to yeah. our resolution really quick without having to really do anything. You know, but it does. Even the it, stuff where he talks about the woman that he loved that died during yeah, his time yeah. in the silent school. It's stuff we knew already from, I'm guessing, the I think it was the Titans book where he was talking about, oh, yeah, I was part of the uh, silent school and they had me do something. I lost control and she yeah. died. So it's kind of a rehash from what we already saw if in the Titans If you're reading book. that. If you're and, reading and also, the Titans. totally irrelevant to this book. I mean, yeah, it really yeah. doesn't matter at all. Just no. be like, you're a guy that knows magic. You don't like to use magic. But on this case... You're going to use your magic. Well, it's yeah. one of these things since Dan Abner is writing both of them. Yeah, it's something that's what he's it is. doing with Garth right now where he has a chance to, in another book to freaking, like, you know, 
like flesh out the character a little bit more for something he set up in another title. Yeah, yeah. But if you're not that's reading nice that, him, it's just drawn in. You're just panning it out. You're panning out my Aquaman book with nonsense. Yeah, that's what he's doing. And even that, it's it's funny because Dan Abbott even throws it in there with Garth saying it. It's like, these guys should be the be-all, end-all of Atlantean magic. Garth was a kid who quit because he did something too much, but yet he's there holding his own with magic against him. Oh, it it seems ridiculous. Anakin Skywalker of the Silent yeah, Anakin Sky- exactly. And the other thing so about good. it is, it wasn't even like Corm uh, Rath said, hey, I want you to capture them. I mean, no, they, they, he said annihilate them. They should have just been able to just, boom, dead. But it's so padded out. And then in the meantime, he grabs one of these guys' medallions that lets you go into uh, through the crown of, of thorns, and they don't even seem to react to it. This is a big thing. You should yeah. be really uh, you know, aware of this thing and not once through the, oh, shit. I'm stuck. I can't get back all, in. All, all and, of a sudden, these silent school freaking magisters or whatever it is, they, they act like Cyborg Superman with the Oblivion Stone just hanging yeah, off his freaking just hanging. neck. I'm like, you get rid of that. Shit could go wrong. And I'm like, all of a sudden, when he realizes he's lost his medallion that allows him, he is fucked. It's yeah. like he could, it doesn't seem he's like he screwed, but he, he doesn't seem to get back in. Nothing really goes with that. And then you have that little caveat then that Mara, he gives it to Mara. Uh, you know, Garth gives it to Mara. And it's like, this will get you in there. You can go and save Aquaman, whatever. But it's kind of damaged, so I'm not – so obviously she's going to get in and they're going to have to figure out a better way out because – and even if that is the case, she only has one. She can't have a – so it, well, all it is is to if, set if up. If she goes in and deposes Coram Wrath and yeah, Volko's yeah. got his proper magic shit, they'll just take down the Crown yeah, of Thorns Yeah, so anyway, that's what I'm so. saying. It's just I, I don't, don't know, know the why they threw that out. That this is that's what I'm saying. That's my whole so point is why they threw that here. To build tension. You ever heard of building tension? Think about well, the tension. She, she puts you her hand through like it. It goes through. Panels. Now you're building tension right now, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> but even, the tension is she goes you're to put her hand in. on sand, and everybody knows sand's not a good foundation. That's right. You can't build a house on sand. Listen, this isn't my first rodeo, my friend. They go to put. She goes to put her hand through the the crown of thorns, and it goes through the tension. Going. Go there you go. Yeah, but, but yeah. Then, boy, woo, I was, my, my, I was <laughs> oh my god, my those three or four panels, I was fucking on the edge of my seat. <laughs> yes, I happen? was. But yeah, then you have Noel and uh, you have Volko and Undine, and Noel liked liked uh, uh, Volko so much that he's going to take him down. He trusts him. He think, and he really gave him Volko. Some gossip. Yeah, there's, yeah. but there's no reason to trust Volko. He's and there's there is the thing like, hey. Who's king these days? That blowhard Orm, and that's kind of it. That is a comical deal. Yeah. Uh, yep. But they go in, and then you see them. The, he leads them to the, the what's it called? The trident. The trident's there. Obviously, that's going to be the big thing that they're going to do. But even that, even them walking towards the, you know, very into padded. the treasury, it's so padded yeah. out. The whole issue I is I mean, the so thing is, my, my favorite out. part of it is that part, and essentially, I could tell you the joke in one sentence, you know what I mean? Like, you know, uh, Volko remembers his name and the two of them buddy up for the rest of the thing. But I, yeah. I did like that, you know what I mean? But you're right where it's just like, if if the rest of the book had been super, you know, action, a lot of good stories. Yeah, it would have been good. We could have taken that as kind of like the comic relief. Yep, then but you get a really good, good part. There. Then you get, you do have Aquaman deciding like, listen, I get it now, Dolphin. You don't want me to be King Aquaman. You just want me to be Aquaman, and I can do that. And he says it. He's like, then you have Aquaman. He looks sexy. Biggest bulge I've ever seen in an Atlantean. Did you know that Atlanteans were well hung? Because he's got a humongous bulge there. Uh, That's just me. Yes, that's what I'm saying. But the biggest part of this 
issue to me is when Crush goes and he is going to tell Cormrath yeah, that Aquaman is in fact alive. And this is also it, it's a very well laid out scene to scene because this is where Aquaman basically says to Dolphin, "We have a bonus here. They think I'm dead. I, I can do whatever. We're gonna go. We're gonna surprise the hell out of him. I'm and alive." It was a great I'm progression Aquaman. too because when he yeah. says that, I'm just thinking to myself the entire time, "Oh shit, Crush is gonna ruin everything." And yeah, we, yeah. We turn and it goes and right the crush there. Going up to Merc, the freaking and it's you know, Merc. Saying, I have the worst person. And, like, the whole idea that it's Merc too was just yeah. great because we've yep. had all this like yep. questions about what it's like, really. Like, what Good. Merck knows and what Mark doesn't know at this point. Yeah, and I'm yep. telling you, this cliffhanger from the scene of Aquaman is probably one of the best. And even, I mean, go to where uh, Volko and Undine see the trident. Then you go to Aquaman declaring that, okay, I'm going to be Aquaman. And then you get Crush going and Merc, and you see that when he says to uh, Merc, awesome listen, I want to go to Coram Wrath. I know that Aquaman is alive. And then Merc doesn't say anything. He's, and Crush is like, what? And then Merc's like, of course he is, and then just runs him through. I, I would not attack him that Rips way. Rips his he, tongue out of the way. He I goes, like he, he he shoves his hand. In, the, the reaction well, of – just through his face. It doesn't uh, matter really. Still. I'm telling you, Crush, in a reaction, even after he's dead, is going to bite down and, and fucking he is – Merc is not going to have an arm anymore. That's all I can think of. I mean, he's this is some, to it. He's going to go in that lockjaw deal and it's going to go. But yeah, and he says that as he kills Crush, you, you're telling no one about it and he has a, like a kind of a gritty smile on his face. And I was like, okay, you know what? That's pretty goddamn good. The way that that, that ended great. was really good and that really did affect my score because up until Might then well. I was getting bored. I was getting really bored until that progression so we end up like you said reggie it is padding it does tie a lot of things in but that in basically four issues conclusion for all the parts coming to where they need to be yeah and for it in four pages hope it could put you in a good mood you know looks like things are about to turn around to the next issue yep and in four pages you just tied up three big things so i really did like it so what did you give it though reggie well, you know, uh, the, my favorite thing overall was the comic relief, and it wasn't relief because there wasn't really a lot of tension built in the rest of the book except for that four panels. <laughs> yes. Mara went to the crown of thorns. The ending was great. I definitely liked a little confirmation that Merc was on the side yeah. of Aquaman the whole time. I knew something had to be uh, up so- there. But since really mo- this issue just sort of th- – this issue and the last issue could have easily been one been issue. Been one issue. You know? It could have I mean, the, the fact they're just setting it up in one and then closing it in the next one – it really is tiresome, and frankly, on a money side of it, I don't like it either. You know what I mean? I, I, yeah, it's three now bucks it's three ninety nine. Now it's now it's six bucks for what should have been one comic. Yeah, uh, I ended up, and also because Stephen Sedgwick, we don't have to say anymore, his artwork is great, but that's yeah. no longer, uh, you know, being redeeming. It doesn't any shock these you. Days. Yeah, yeah, so I give it a six out of ten. Yeah, I actually I'm gonna go a little higher. I'm actually this is one of my more positive books. I'm just gonna give it a Dan Abnett seven because of the art and go. those last pages. But up until those last pages, I was like a five five. That's how many, much those last bunch of pages in the cliffhanger got me. But I'll go seven out of ten. What do you give it, Eric Shea? I'm kind of I'm like right there with you because I love the art, but the whole thing where Dolphin and Aquaman are kind of talking but not talking at the same time. Yeah. I was getting very annoyed with the book, but once we got back and you saw the progression of each of these individual stories, and it just kept building up bigger and bigger until that freaking finale. It just made me so happy by the end that I had to go a seven out of ten as well. All right, Look and now that. we have the next book of Reggie, the last book that Reggie will be with us on this week. What is it, Reginald? 
It is Harley Quinn number 30, written by Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor, art by John Timms, Alex Sinclair, with Jeremiah Skipper. Would you like to make good on a scare in your campaign to be city mayor and find out how much better your polling will fare after attempted homicide? When Harley kills, all the voters all cheer, even and then they fart and drink a beer. And even if Poison Ivy extends Central Park, so all the junkies and rats become ferns and bark, Harley is still well-liked, and what is worse, this song will get a closing verse. Would you like to see what's in store Would when you help Harley sin even the score, even though she tried to kill you before? This is the end of a classic run, na 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 na, and it's a lot of fun, na 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 na. But it feels to me like it's just done. No, no, no. You son of yes. a bitch, Reggie. This is how I started the freaking podcast with that song. Yeah, well, yeah. That I is I how. Uh, yes. Here we go. It's Harley. Uh, and we're telling one story well, still like that we Harley like. Quinn. Anyway. Yeah, uh, and it's I actually this is the opposite uh, problem I had with the Aquaman book we just talked about. I think that by a halfway, I was actually still kind of down with it. You had uh, you know Scarecrow kind of yelling at at the mayor and all they, all these things, and with Harley going by the end though, it became so wordy, uh, and I just got bored by the end. Why, but why did the last issue happen? I, I, why there was I, no reason that whole thing had ended with. Harley Quinn beating down the mayor and you know yep. her other her other contender, and then we open up and it ended up it's a good thing. Everything yeah, is fine. Yeah, everything. Then that's well, the whole point of this. Is, there seem to be happen. no repercussions of the freaking media, or like not even repercussions, but even talk about you know Poison Ivy making out with Harley Quinn right there on stage where the media yeah, seemed to yeah, go we nuts, had and that. that's how we ended the last issue. It, it seems like dropped the whole thing. It's it's something happened here. I'm telling you, a, a, I, either like they just decided. Uh, you know, a couple of months ago, they were going to quit the book, and they were like, "All right, we better wrap this up real quick." And yeah. Some well, I'm still going to go. I'm still going to go with my theory that Harley will win, and then she will appoint that other candidate yep. that they stress in here that he's a good guy, and then she will quit, and he'll become the mayor. I said that five issues ago, or whenever this goddamn thing started, and I still think that that's what's going to happen. So when that does happen, all of this will be nonsense. It won't matter anyway. And it seems that all Pamiani and Connor want to have in this is that Harley, the worse she is, the more people like her. And that's yeah, how it's like all Brewster's going down. millions. Yeah, that's just all it is. But and then even, you know, the, the, big, the big, you know, I guess, to-do of this book, supposedly, besides the ending with the which we'll get to, I guess, yeah. is when she asked, she asked Poison Ivy, you know, she kept her ear to the street. People want more green spaces. Can you yes. extend Central yeah, Park? Yeah, she heard that when she was a, a homeless person. She heard they wanted more parks. Do the thing that you do every time you hold Gotham City hostage. Yeah. That's what she asked her to do. Yeah. And uh, people are complaining about it. There's a whole, I think, little scene, you know, where they're getting the, into the call center. People are saying it broke up my sewer pipe or, you know, yeah. I'm... I'm on the subway and I can't go and you know her numbers numbers still go up and and I understand what you're saying Jim that it's definitely supposed to show that she can do no wrong yeah but it just ends up being like why are we why are we reading pages yeah why are we reading this I agree what I mean like just say what happened you know the weirdest thing too. Is weren't you expecting, but where they had the scene where all the call centers, so you get it. What? Oh my God, this is going down. And then she says that I'll be like, okay, what's going on? Well, you know, people are pretty pissed at you. Come on, no, don't give me this. Give me the numbers. And you're expecting them to be zero. 
You're right, expecting right. her to say, well, you know, you're at zero. Nobody uh, – and she's just tied now. <laughs> and I don't understand that because as we freaking pointed out, everybody to like the south, east, and west was against her now. And yeah. freaking, I don't even remember what they said about the north, but there's no way the numbers should the be The north are just point. mad. It yeah. seemed like the north – the you know, the north were just wanting actual physical violence against her. The others think, were just not going to vote. supposed to be – a longer thing where Poison Ivy was going to do that, piss everyone off, and then the rest of the issue was supposed to be them cleaning up the mess. Cleaning it up. That's what I thought it was going to be. But because they're because they're out of here in four issues, they were like, "Ah, let's just wrap it up." You know, make yeah. I really okay thought that what was going to happen, and and really, even Harley doesn't really say. At one point, Ivy says, "Hey, I went a little out of, I got a little out of hand." Not that I care, but I do think at one point Harley and the gang were going to be like, "Oh God, we got to stop this," and then they go to stop the issue that they caused because Ivy caused it. And it would have been one of those where, oh, look at Harley, she's getting her hands dirty, cleaning up the city, and she. Couldn't do any wrong again, but this is just everybody hates her. Nobody wants to vote for her. Tied, and I don't Until understand that. For. Yeah, and then you have the whole thing with Mason, where that's fine and dandy, but it all, all the stuff. And Reggie, you're right. Last issue and all of this issue doesn't matter because by the end, all they do is kidnap Mason, give a video yeah. of like, there he is. If you don't, you know, stop, we're gonna kill him. And then she, the she drops He's out. Dead. Yeah, then she drops And out. they kidnap Aggie. They kidnap yeah, Aggie. Aggie, too. No, they, they seem to leave him. They him on the ground. Yeah, oh, they don't even care. That was fucked up. And then you put in Harley Sin for no reason where she has, I have information. We're going to do this. But all of it is nonsense. Uh, you have really Madame Macabre talk to her son, Mason, and, hey, uh, you know, I'm worried about you and this Harley. Oh, okay. Well, there's yeah. this long conversation between Harley and Mason on the park bench yeah. is all setting up Frank Thierry's run that I've yeah, read about. Like, yeah, and that's, yeah. Whatever yeah. the fuck else they say. Well, I'll tell paper, you. But, that's where know, I that, started that's getting what, bored. That's what that's about. I started but, getting uh, so bored then. It got so – that page hit me with more words than the goddamn encyclopedia. And, yeah, if that's what's setting that up, I'm not looking forward to that. I really am not. And you even uh, get that whole – connect with Terra. Remember, the, remember well, that great yeah. Starfire? Yeah. Fucking yeah, you have that. But you also have the whole thing of that's where Harley's parents live again. So I don't want to see right. them again. I, I don't need to see that. I, I don't even want to meet Mason's jerk-off friends. No, I don't either. He, he's a scumbag. I, I hate to say and you then you also have what seems to hey, me which is a very that's big shit fucking man hey, mason hey hey you're hey. going to meet my friends hey <laughs> you're going to meet him right hey the, the thing is i get worried because with frank tier coming in and you really spelling it out you looked into it and that's going to set up the next arc and how frank tier is going it does seem that red tools done he barely is in this issue and all he is is jealous of mason how about if that girl going- of the future huh yeah, if they're going down, yeah, really, if they're going down to, uh, hey, don't worry about her, we're going down to Florida. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah, no, no. Out with Mason over there. <laughs> we're gonna do that, and you even have the whole thing of of Ivy, where we saw when she walked in, and Mason and Harley were asleep in the bed, and she kind of had that, you know, little bit of a. Yeah. Well, at least she's happy. I thought she I, exactly. I thought she seemed fine with it. Here it seems like she's getting a little perturbed about yeah, it. Yeah, she seems a little perturbed. But if this is what's gonna go on, we're just gonna end up having them, like Reggie said, go down to Florida and get away from this whole thing. And I, I get it. I think hey, that Frank Ivy, Thierry love may, the Everglades. Come on. 
maybe down. Frank Terry's whole deal is, listen, Pamian and Connor, this is their New York was their scene. I got to do something different. We'll go down to Florida. Now we're going to have Cy Borgman down there and some fucking retirement home down there probably and all that stuff. And it's just not that interesting. And this really is not an interesting issue. Uh, and the last two have been down for me. And even though it is pretty much one story, they're not doing anything. It's just kind of no, going with really- it. Goddamn drawn out story that now is setting a stage for the next run. It's uh, it's not not it's not fun. It's not and a is fun there, time. Especially when you freaking start the issue out because it was really exciting to have Scarecrow in here. Especially yeah, in my mind, this is a better Scarecrow than we have in the Batwoman book right now. And we start this issue out. Okay, I did my job. It didn't work out, but I did my job. I'm out. Yeah, and then oh, what the big. It. The big he scene the in this. You know, he wanted to get paid, and then he scares yeah. the mayor, and he and he scares the mayor. The mayor and is that that's a, being dominated by Harvey? Yeah, so that's not that, that big a deal. Play later, I guess. I don't. Know I what. guess, but even then, it's not like is that a big revelation that he's upset that he thinks no. Harley is taking him? Oh, you know, is going to become the mayor and dominate? You know, it doesn't really do anything for me at all. No. And. I don't know. Anything else to say? You do have Harley Sin stepping up and saying, listen, the mayor was involved with my father getting me into Arkham to shut me up and not being around. And, you know, that. But there's other people Which we as well. Knew already. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, we did. That we already yeah, we knew it. Uh, uh, and uh, I guess, does it? Does Harley care? I mean, to me, I feel like like Harley's has her own reasons to get And, and she has a list of all this stuff. All it well, is is she's going to release Sin it. seems to have a hard copy of this. Actually, yeah, she's just going to release situation in what way where Jim thinks she's That'll still going to be elected. Later, I, guess, yeah. I, I I think after she saves Mason, she's going to get this information to the Roberts who's the other candidate and he's going right. to yeah. use the Well, either way, I think that this win. Roberts will be mayor. That that's either Harley will win and give it to him or she's going to stay out and give it to this Roberts, but he's the one who's going to be mayor. Yeah. It's yeah. you know, it's pretty much spelled out here. Even in this issue, she's like, oh, I love oh, that Oh, it's a guy. good I'm guy. Yeah, he's he a does. great guy. He's a great guy. And, yeah, you even have Mason start a little thing in Harley's mind of what are you going to do if you win? Are you going to be able to do this? And she's like, I'll take a couple weeks. I'll get my shit together, and then I'll be mayor. But I don't think she'd be it's able like to. Obviously, every crazy woman always says, oh, I'm going to get my shit together. It's only going to take a couple weeks. <laughs> yes, yeah. And the shit together is kicking you out of the goddamn house. That's that's getting the shit together. But, yeah, uh, anything else to say, Reggie? Why well, I saw my stuff out on the lawn <laughs> yes if you um, have a lawn no not really i really have nothing i'm not even i mean it's john tim's on art so yeah the art's good love the uh, there you go. nice yeah. stuff love the way uh, scarecrow looks yeah no, I, I do, do too. like that i think this scarecrow design is probably better than i've seen in most of the mainstream yeah. well there's uh, only one thing i yeah, have like, one big problem with the art and it's kind of art and lettering i do think that a meatball sub burp would not be green i think it'd be red that, that's I, just it would definitely be right. That's just me. I agree. Yeah. yeah, it shouldn't look like uh, puke. It should look yes. more like. And it looked like sauce. it would be like she was eating puke. a salad. I don't need a salad burp. I I want a meatball sub burp, and that did not look like it. But other than that, I thought the art was great. But what did you give it, Reggie? Uh, I really have nothing, not, no <laughs> more to add to it. Just to say, I gave it a six out of ten. It was yeah. sort of a down book, but it wasn't like breaking my heart. But you know, whatever. There it is. Yeah, I, I, I'll I, tell you, this is kind of what I've been saying and I keep will continue saying in this podcast tonight is that it didn't infuriate me. I did nope. get bored a little, but it didn't get me mad. It didn't go against nope. anything. It didn't it didn't get me excited, though. But yeah, so and I love the art. So I'm actually going to go positive. I'm going to go with you as a six out of ten uh, only because, you know, it's Harley and I'll go with it. What would you give it, Eric? Well, let's make it all even like that because I'll give it a six out of ten as yeah. well because I, I love the art in this issue, but like 
everything I was excited for in the last issue going forward, this kind of got rid of in this issue itself. So I'm like, well, I guess all my excitement was for not because where we're going now, it's not something I really care about. Now we just like, okay, we did all this stuff to get ready for the uh, like mayoral race. And now Harley's out and just gets to be a freaking, you know, oh, I got to go save Mason, who I don't yeah. care about. Yes, yeah. I I agree. Well, I agree. Yeah, I like the art as well. I just want to say we uh, in a, a little bit we're going to go to a mail section, Reggie, and this is going to be a little bit – it's going to be an odd uh, prelude because all new Dave has a mail, and I did want to ask you because he uh, just kind of discovered Constantine. Uh, he ended up looking up uh, heroes from England. And obviously Constantine came up and sure. he wanted to know and he said after your positive reviews on the site for the new run, uh, you know, Tim Seeley's deal, which we'll be getting mm -hmm. next week. Do you have any favorite Hellblazer traits that you can recommend? Do you, do you have anything that you oh, can recommend? Oh, gosh, I, I don't remember the um, – Not exact trait, but yeah, I, I'm putting I mean, you on I mean, the, the spot. Best, the best but, run, and I haven't even read every single last issue of it, is definitely the Ennis and uh, – was that McLean run on, okay. in Vertigo? That was Hellblazer. But I think that my favorite trade in there is a trade that is all like uh, sort of stories outside of arcs. You okay. know what I mean? Like all one-offs. Yeah. And they're, they're a lot of fun. I believe it's like the third or the fourth trade. I'll try to get at all new Dave and yeah. pin it down. But that is yeah, my favorite. Yeah, because he has that. And I really don't have any. You know, I couldn't help him. So I did want to throw that out there. But thank you for joining us, Reggie. Bless you. Bless you. I, uh, me and Reggie had a little side bet that I won't discuss that I believe I pretty much won, Reginald. Oosh. So there you go. But we're going to go off to me and Eric talking about Batwoman now. Who, Eric? I haven't done that yet, so I'm going to pull the freaking sandwich card. Sandwich card, Eric. We are back. Uh, Reggie is oh, gone no. now. Reggie's out of here. And we are done talking Harley Quinn. Uh, can and we now go back we, to talking Harley Quinn? Now we get – no. No, we're going to talk about Batwoman now. Eric, there you go. All right, talk about Batwoman. Batwoman Bat number eight. Uh, the problem with uh, Batwoman is neither me or you review it. Dan does on the site. He did like this issue that, more that than before. That can't be the only no. thing that's going on. Now, Dan is punch drunk. I think that he is being beaten down by this book. He is looking for any reason. I, I see what he's going with because it does change it up a bit. Hooey. It's not good. Batwoman number eight, written by Marguerite Benet, art by Fernando Blanco, John Rauch, and D. Ron Bennett. Batwoman continues this month with some good old scarecrow action, Eric. And while that oh, does make this issue action. a tiny bit better than what we've gotten so far, uh, this book still has a long ways before becoming a must-read, in my opinion. The art is good. I did like the art a lot. Uh, yeah. The story's mediocre, is what I said, and you already told me you're checking out. You, you don't even want to be involved with this. I read this issue, and I'm like, how the fuck am I going to talk about this? Because well, I can't tell you anything that's going on. I'm telling you, things happen in this book. I'm like, did I read the last three issues? What the fuck's going well, on? Well, what happened is I read it, and I thought that goddamn Scarecrow then infected me with the fear toxin, and the fear is that this book is never going to be canceled because <laughs> this is nonsense. It really is. It starts off with Kate under the influence of of scarecrow's toxin and it's just all over the place and really all this was at the beginning especially it seemed to be something where they want to have fernando blanco to have like free reign to have some fun but you still the the weird thing 
about this is why in other books you'll have these characters show up. Or you, even when earlier in the podcast we talked about Green Arrow and you had that Dante who showed up and we're like, oh, my God, we thought that guy was gone issues sure. ago. Why in this book is it the thing about rose bushes and goddamn foxes? <laughs> I don't need this, this to keep happening. Is, the lost I, year I is nonsense. Lose it again. I'm telling yeah. you, this whole idea that we have to deal with all this shit on Cordiano with freaking rabied foxes and rose bushes. I'm like, yeah. Why? I'm telling you, at least you brought Scarecrow and a recognizable character that we could have yeah. that one face. But that's the most interesting part of this book. But we got to keep stopping to go back to the lost year. And yeah. even the freaking Scarecrow parts, because he's not actually being Scarecrow as like, you know, the legitimate. He's scarecrow the needle. Lead. Like, we, like the Scarecrow we're seeing in Harley Quinn right now. We talk about with Reggie. That's the Scarecrow I'm kind of interested in. This guy who's, work, who's known as yeah. the needle for the many arms the of needle. death who just works on fucking bubonic plagues and all this other shit. I'm like, yeah, I, I didn't scarecrow. even know what was going on. I, I really didn't know what was going on because you have Scarecrow there and he's being funded as the needle with a little side research on plagues and he's dealing with you know my presence here to see with their eyes and speak with their voices merely formality i'm dealing with the twins and you know that's what fatima says but even that it's going on yeah i I don't know what's going on then he's he's full out animal researcher eric i somebody's got to get in and help these animals i just you have bird flu you have anthrax you have all this stuff that is so not scarecrow and then he's just walking around with a syringe with goddamn fucking you know green shit i'm like i don't know what's going on because we we have the freaking you know i don't consider harley quinn a part of the regular universe like i said that's the harley quinn verse that we're doing or the connerville freaking and palmiati verse even though frank thierry's taking over the book but yeah that is the scarecrow now we jump to this scarecrow here in this book where he should be the the, normal he's the arkham asylum yeah and it's not the game that's the problem this should be the full-out regular scarecrow and it's like uh, Marguerite Benet wants to make him more of a realistic character. Like this would be the Scarecrow in like the Nolan universe, even That's where he, like, and, and I don't like. Needles, it. So now he's got needle fingers. Like yeah, I don't Kruger. like it. And, and what really threw me off as well is that you have the whole thing where Kate is being infected. It opens up. She's in this middle of this fucking you know fear dream. Then you stop that to go and talk to Crane and Fatima about this research that do, they're doing. You know they're in the, the beneath the Sahara. Era, all this stuff going on and then we go back to kate in the lost year but even that is some of the dreams that she was having and it threw me the completely off because yeah, of that. because Be- at the one point we got to kill these goddamn foxes so they yeah. don't infect their other foxes on the yeah. island and then you know dark versions of his sister mother and freaking father and, come and out now and start they're, attacking they're, her family as she likes to think of them yeah and they're riding on fucking skeletal horses she's actually with herself being batwoman next to herself kind of pushing off and it did throw me off because i thought okay we did you you tell me that we're going to the lost year I'm not thinking this is continuing this fear dream, but it is. And she's yeah. yelling out for her mom, Beth, her dad, and all that. And all the shit's going on about you killed us. And it's just nonsense. These foxes grow and the thing huge. Is maybe there's something, an aspect of a story that I don't remember or never read where, like, I could see, you know, the evil Jacob Kane being the freaking military man, yeah. the colony guy, like, attacking, like, her father as she likes to see you have freaking, you know, Alice attacking, you know, her sister Beth as, you know, the the person that she would become. Yeah. But her mother's just the oddest one because I, I can't put my finger on it because I don't know this version yeah. where she's a black widow spider with a sack over her head with the bullet, which I can understand the sack and the bullet because, you know, she was executed. What's with the black widow spider body? I don't know. I don't know. 
And it just goes on and on. And then you see her dad. He's shooting at her. And they, all these animals are getting huge. Then she tries to kill it. Then it's and a, then a, a skeleton. And then a giant bat shows up because that's what she is. She is yeah. taking on the insignia of a bat. And she has to, to kill the bat before it takes her over. Yep. And then you even after that, you have zombie versions of her family that are dissipating into rose petals. <laughs> like, uh. what's going on? And then that's where you do wake up in the now where she is in her... The laboratory, the laboratory cell, cell number one next four, to three, Colony eight. Prime. Where, why, if you're going to have this cell, why is there a clear room or a clear wall between them with, with that they can talk through? Why They're would not you? Why would privacy you, for these cells? No, and why would you have that though? And why would you put them? You so have to have more. Kate wakes up, freaking Colony Prime's got his pants off, just sitting on the freaking oh, crapper. He's stuff, just Kate? there. <laughs> the best is, it appears if this is cell number one thousand four hundred thirty-eight, maybe you should have used some other cells for these two. It's almost like they have. Hey, listen, we only have two prisoners right now don't really want to mess up the west wing let's put them together so they can talk and kind of work things out uh i do think that marguerite benet does a good job of one thing where she has the the suit and the cow on and i thought right away this is ridiculous like why didn't they take it off and they do explain that that she does have a shock she has a thing this has been in batman as well where they try to explain why you wouldn't be able to do that but in the meantime you have this whole thing where i don't know if kate is that concerned but she starts dropping julia's name and stuff it's off you, you don't say that at all even though they wouldn't be able to tie it together or whatever it made me like why did you do that but in the meantime she has set up that this suit has this whole thing where the sun poisoning yeah, Julia, and dehydration Julia upgraded her suit a bit yes and it has a thing where it can get the radiation from the sun to, with the electromagnetic panels and and yeah, even then she's like to me what's going on with this i don't suit? know I don't know, but at this point, she actually says tuxedo, and so that's good. That is yeah, Julia's code name. Code name. Awesome. But then all the, afterwards, she's like, "Man, Julia wasn't fooling around. These are people like these people will be able to figure out shit." But it, it's nothing. But it, it just threw me off when she said that. But yeah, she's gathered up the electromagnetic radiation of the sun and it's and then she presses the button and it shoots out a fucking shock that opens up the doors it, it goes after everything yes yeah. it just the destroys freak, everything know, the, the door sensor that blows yeah. out the doors the locks i'm looking at this thing it looks like she has been struck by like her she yeah. is propelled off the ground oh, yeah. and back she's I'm off like, the ground yeah and fuck. then it breaks down the 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 plexiglass, you know, security glass between her and Colony Prime. But I, I even – we didn't even say – with Colony Prime in the cell next to it, it's very funny because Kate just comes to and he yells, Colony Prime! He just yells at her. Uh, but, yeah, even then they're like, you know, what's going on? And he has the whole thing like, you were yelling for your father and all this. But it, it's just everything in this. I just don't know what's going on. I really don't. And basically Kate was trying to find them. They ended up tracking Colony Prime's freaking helmet he says and all this stuff but they want to get the hell out and then all of a sudden a skull grenade comes in they say oh no the thing blows up and then they're both in a fear toxin dream of their own design she's seeing what appears to be because the whole background becomes a cityscape then where they believe the thing they're like i'm seeing skeleton like horses you see that no that's all you kate yeah, and that's he's not even seeing this the city. Yeah. She he says he's actually seeing and it's weird because he kind of points out that hey, I'm seeing this video game that I used to play with oh, when I was homesick. And it's like 
are we going to get more of this of story? Like, yeah, it's almost like this was something that he was made to do. Like, being sick was when he got beat up by his dad. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. And you do see, like you said, you see some of these robots. You see these skeletons. And they do kind of work out this pretty well. Like, hey, what do you see? Oh, I see these things. Oh, I don't. You go and attack you what you see. I'll attack what I see. It's not a uniform fear where they're yes, both seeing yes. the same thing. They're so both you, seeing it's nice a different that they actually thing. point that out. Yeah. But I, I thought that was a pretty cool deal. When we first see Prime here, I thought, like, the fuck did Colony Prime come from? I don't remember him in this book. And <laughs> no. then, like, you know, apparently he was captured as well. Like, we saw the rest of those yeah. Colony soldiers killed in the last issue. But yeah. it's just such a, such a disjointed book. And we spend half the thing in these goddamn fear dreams. And then we get out with this convoluted goddamn radiation electromagnetic blast. Yeah. And as soon as we get out, back to fear dream. Like, God yeah, damn, back to I fear dream book. because of the skele- or the uh, you know the skull grenade. Yeah. And they go, and that's where, well like, a okay. Bomb at this point. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're like, you you know, what you see, you attack. What I see, I'll attack, and we'll figure this out. And that's where Scarecrow comes in. And it's like, hey, remember, don't say I didn't warn you, Batwoman, because if this is Wonderland, there's only one rule. Don't lose your head. And then he is the Arkham Asylum. He is the Arkham Asylum Scarecrow. Yeah, he is. He's huge. He's got the, you know, the needle fingers. He's got the freaking rebreather things on the side of his face. Yeah, yeah. It's completely that. And it's it's a quick read. Thank God, because it it really doesn't do it, anything. That's for the me. thing is, it's a quick. I like read the art I though. I, I like the art. I might as well have been in Wonderland reading this because I didn't understand what the hell was going on. It's just, it's this whole series is so disjointed and like focusing so much on this lost year that's not interesting. And no. even when you think it was over before when we left Coriana. It's still dealing with the lost year, and I'm just so sick of it. I'm telling yeah. you, all these many hands of death, they need to fucking get their arms lopped off and just go away because I don't care about the knife, the fist. I don't even remember half of what the hell they are. I, might be even that a, sounds like a, a night out on the town there. <laughs> what it sounds like is that goddamn Outsiders world Jeff Lemire did for the Green Arrow yeah. run where we had the yeah, big and different does. clans, and now it's just the many hands of death is, that are just doing the same thing. But now they're just making the scarecrow terrible in my mind because he's not yeah. an interesting. And well, we have and fucking yeah. Batwoman who finally gets a chance to have her own book again, and it is not interesting at all. We've said it all along. At the beginning, she was going off to, f- to search out some more Monster Men stuff, and we thought, oh, no, that's and the worst thing. I want that now. No, I really do. I say this all the time. Possible. Yeah, because this this is nonsense. Uh, I do like the art. So I, I know – I don't know, but I'm I'm guessing an FU5 is coming our way from you. I can't because of the art, but it's a 5-1. I'm not going to go any higher than that. What would you give it? I don't want to give it an FU5 because for some reason it's still too high. I always want to go down to a 4 just because I don't want li- okay. it. It doesn't infuriate me. It's just there's nothing going on in this well, book. And, and again – when when I know that the little you know I've talked to Dan and read his reviews, I'm telling you, you don't have knife in an issue where they fight and he he's happy and he yeah. he is a fan. He's a huge Batwoman fan, and this that shows you how he just wants to love this book. So he, he did like this issue because it was at least something different. I just it was very quick and it, it really didn't it didn't and get, I can see you know, too maybe you like the thing too with the art because they tried to go for a more stylized feel of the way you saw everything with the yeah. like the fear state like the fear dream state because it almost is a callback to what we had in the like the New Fifty Two Batwoman that's like, a, uh, it reminds series. me a lot of the New Fifty Two Batwoman that that's why I actually liked it, it. oh I know but that's did. why I like the art it did remind me a lot of that New Fifty Two Batman which I think was one of the better looking books uh, at the beginning of that run. And so uh, I gave it that, but yeah, there's not a lot going. On. There's not a lot going on Did here. Did I say and four out of ten? 
You, I thought you said four, yes. Are you yeah, going to okay. go a little higher because of the art? Are you going to go four no. or five? Can I, do we hear a four or five? Do I hear a we four do six? Not. I am sticking to a four. Do I hear a three eight? You hear Is the that words possible? Out of my mouth. <laughs> do you hear the words? So we're going to move on. That was a quick one, Eric. We're going to move on now to more mail. Just hit that goddamn toilet button, You want man. me to hit the toilet so book. now we can flush it now? Yeah. There you go, Eric. I don't know. I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep it, Eric. <laughs> oh, it makes me so happy hearing those, but we're going to go off to some more mail. I'm going to see if before this last mail section, I want to see if you have been paying attention. What is Wrong Turn talking about here? All they talk about is funny shit, and they curse a lot, and it's very funny, and it's awesome. What well, is Jim, that? Eric? He'll be talking about the one and only South Park. That would be South Park. What is he talking about now? I love how the shark comes down from the sky and eating people and killing people. And this guy freaking used his chainsaw and went through the shark's mouth and split his body open. Was freaking awesome. I like it. What is that, Eric? That is Sharknado, Jim. That would be Sharknado. And killing people. What is that, Eric? <laughs> that is just wrong turn is what that is. And killing people. Is, is and that killing the, people. Is that like the uh, serial killer 101, possibly? Though I, I I'll tell people before we go on, wrong turn's too afraid to do anything today or yesterday. We're at work. And Eric started yelling at wrong turn. I what did it, what was the yelling? What did it start off? Because he was saying something. Was he just being annoying? He and was you just told fucking him, saying shit. He was just trying to be annoying. He was and trying said, to be annoying, and this, you told him you keep this shit up. The thing was, it started out because he had been annoying all day, yeah. and then he was saying shit that he didn't under he did not understand. And when I called him out on this, he's like. I don't care. And I said, God damn it. If you keep yeah, coming uh, up to me with this shit yeah. like this, I'm going to bash your fucking brains in. Yeah. And then he said, yeah, I'd like to see that or something. So no, no, everything's no. going. See, that's not even that. I don't think so. The, yeah. least, the thing that really set me off is though, because he said this afterwards. I don't think so, bud. Buddy. Oh, yeah. Oh. Now, the best is, is that you're standing there and then I walk over. <laughs> 
are you going to let him say that? I, <laughs> I started goading you in. I'm like, he thinks that he's a tough guy over there. Look, he's over there. He thinks that he fucking, you, he got the best of you. You're like, and I said, go over and fucking act like you're going at him and see what he does. And you're like, fuck yeah. You go over. And he had some glass in his hand. So you're he's doing this stuff. And you go over there and you're like, and, and then I sneak over and I'm peeking over this piece of equipment because I wanted to see his face. And he had that red face, half smile, not knowing what the hell was going on. Because you're like, know what yeah, because I, you're like, I yeah, yeah. you want to do something? Said- then put that glass down. Let's go. And he's like, no, I'm not putting it down. And he would not put that. That glass that was the last thing. Like a, a shield. Yeah. yeah, he thought that that was the last step. That that was all that was going to protect him. And I, I I was so proud that I got you so riled up to and go all over there. All you had to do was fucking put that piece of glass yeah, and down, you and around. then called me out because I would I wouldn't do shit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You want to? But deal because with that. he wouldn't put that piece of glass down, oh, you looked like the biggest pussy ever on yep. turn. Yeah. And, For all and the just, shit you like to talk about how it, tough you are. Oh you yeah. He always kid. says how tough he is. And yeah, the one time that I really got mad and went at him, he fucking ran away, and then you did, <laughs> and he, he wouldn't put that glass down. But he did not I, know I, what to do. No, I do want to mention to people because we had talked about it especially on the patreon deal so the people will listen to that with wrong turn uh about this whole goddamn cheesesteak thing so uh, this whole thing went the whole week about him and these cheesesteaks and he's never had one we're in an area that uh, i even said to him, like, i tried to say to him like had it i said it would be like you were in buffalo and never threw a dildo down on the field that's what it's i said actually i said to him listen you know or listen you're a woman from buffalo and you haven't blown a guy for a kiko alonso jersey it's just that's not yeah. it shouldn't be no i said it's like being in buffalo and never having a chicken wing yeah, yeah. you know what i mean and he's like oh and he, his head's fucking swimming around he doesn't know what's going on his eyes start crossing but on friday yesterday from when we're recording now uh i'm about to go to lunch and he comes up to me yeah because this is last night is when he went to this goddamn terror behind the walls and ate his cheesesteak yeah. but he comes up to me and goes yeah can't wait for tonight and I, I was being nice i'm like i know you've been waiting for it for so long and really on the downside of this or the other side of this he has been like a little kid waiting oh, for yeah, it's like christmas, christmas it is he has been and it's kind of it is kind of neat to see how excited he has been getting if he wasn't just a complete and utter asshole but I, he says yeah i can't wait and i'm like i know you've been waiting for this so long he's like yeah can't wait i get to eat my favorite food the cheesesteak oh you son of I'm a like, bitch what I said, what are you talking about? It's my favorite sandwich, the cheesesteak. What? We, we just we you yelled at you. We yelled at you for three hours fish. about this. So I, I turned around then, and he followed me. I tried to go back to you. I, I want to listen to this bullshit, but you were talking to the other fucking asshole that pisses out the goddamn back. So I just went to lunch, and I forgot all about it. And then I went said to you like an hour later after lunch, I realized. I'm like, yeah, he's fucking wrong. Turns yelling screaming about the goddamn cheesesteak, how it's his favorite. You're like, I know. He's been telling me all He came day. up to me, son of a bitch. You know what the best thing is? The best thing I ever heard uh, ever was earlier today, me and Tanya, I got back from food shopping and me and Tanya are putting things away. And I think I mentioned the terror behind the walls and I'm like, oh, yeah. you And she's like, oh, wrong turn was going to that, right? I'm like, yep, you just called him wrong turn because she doesn't – she hates it. She thinks, oh, she said – and she's like, oh, I can't help it. So I said, yeah, I know. But this is a male section. <laughs> this oh, is the last male section of the night. I thought this and was the new podcast, Wrong Turn no, Explains It All. This is called Wrong Turn. It's This is the new Jim and Eric have issues, and we always have issues with Wrong Turn. That is one of the podcasts that I actually want to expand and have as a regular podcast with you, Eric. But you told me no. No, you said, said no. That. I know. 
I think it'd be pretty good. We were trying to think of different names, and we were going to have one, uh, Jim and Eric fail at life. That, yeah. that would be a good one. Fucked up shit happens to Jim and Eric. Let me Jim know. and Eric has issues with everything. Everything, Eric. Everything. All new Dave is this male section. He says, hi, Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the entire GFC. Beep, boop, beedy, bop, beedy, boop, beedy, boop. I think it's time for this, Eric. Get Fresh Crew. Woo-hoo. Not played oh, him in a while. And this one. Get Fresh Crew. Oh, oh, oh. Ship. Uh, I've been waiting. I've been wanting to add to my pull list, so I did a little research and came across something that shocked me. There is a working class antihero born in Liverpool who's also a drunkard. Uh, Do you know this person? I did not know that. Oh, I thought it was Toby, a Uh, hero I can look up to and aspire to be, and he's DC. No, I don't think so either. How about Steven Gerrard? How about him? I'm not a fan of horror, so I've always steered clear of the Hellblazer comics. How about Paul McCartney? Is that who he's talking about? Uh, And generally, remain ignorant of John Constantine's history. I don't know what I'm now. I'm getting tired there. He was a number two. He was number two on my internet search of English superheroes. Do you think number one was Manchester Black? I think it was Captain Britain. Okay, probably was. So I checked out his origins, a daunting prospect with any comic book character. And I'm intrigued enough to put in my put my hands in my pocket. After reading Reggie's mostly positive reviews on the site, I'll make my way to my local comic shop in Liverpool today and jump in on the latest arc. Have you guys any opinions or favorite Hellblazer trades you can recommend? And in an aside, obviously people who have been listening to this had heard me ask Reggie before this because he would be the guy to talk about. But he said, yeah, he said, Garth Ennis's run is the one to go, I believe, is what he said earlier. That's so, right. yeah. Um, I know if you were looking at something more recently, Eric did enjoy the trade that would be when Constantine went and made out with himself from Earth 2. It was the right? first series of Constantine in the New 52. Yeah. And he did go to Earth 2, correct? Sure did. Okay. Yeah. That, that actually, you did like that, though, right? I really enjoyed it. Yeah, so that might be something to check out as well. And then he says, looking forward to the podcast. So everyone has a good week. All new Dave. And that's you, the Dave. end of the mail sections because we have a different thing going on right now. We're going to go off and listen to Jeremy's Crossover Corner, followed by Vermilion's Vision, and then possibly some other stuff that hasn't been verified. But it All might right. be Ryan, Ryan might Mystery be on spot. talking about some stuff as well. So this is going to be a anti-Jim and Eric, you know, no me and you talking nonsense and wrong turn. So everybody gets a reprieve so from like that. it's like regular life. No, what they can listen to is uh, people who know what they're talking about now, Eric, and not us gabbing on about nonsense. So we'll go off to that, but we will be back with more books after them. Standing there, and I thought I was only dreaming. Yeah, I kissed you then, then once again.
Thompson twins there, uh, the music of my youth. Uh, quite an appropriate track that uh, for this uh, for this issue of the Wild Storm. This issue of the Wild Storm, uh, which is issue eight, uh, is written of course by Warren Ellis and is drawn uh, by John Davis Hunt with colours by Steve Bucciolato. And to be absolutely honest with you, I do feel a little bit um, I feel a little bit guilty actually. Uh, about the fact that I do not give Mr. Bucciolato as much credit as I probably should. He does do some phenomenal stuff. Uh, Davis Hunt quite rightly gets a lot of accolades, but Bucciolato's colours are, are nicely subtle, and we'll uh, talk a little bit more about that in a moment. Uh, Letters are by Simon Boland. The title is, of course, published by DC Comics, and the cover price is $3.99. Uh, we'll start this section... Uh, as we always do with a the paragraph that I put up on the website uh, and then we'll talk about how amazing this issue is sorry did I give that away uh, I guess I did every so often I forget I forget how vast and positively bubbling with potential the Wildstorm universe is Warren Ellis though Warren Ellis does not forget as can be seen from the really quite outrageous turn this issue takes about halfway through. With the exception of one or two moments here and there, the series so far has concentrated on delineating the nature of three major players in the Wildstorm universe, I.O., Skywatch, and the Halo Corporation. Up to now, it has been a series steeped in early 21st century obsessions with technology, power, and the clandestine activities of organizations rich in both. This issue, however, Ellis reminds us that, as intriguing and fascinating as those organizations are, they are not the sum total of the Wildstorm universe. Far from it. The Doctor is in, ladies and gentlemen, and she will see you now. And she will. Uh, but before we get to her, uh, we do need to just spend a little bit of time in the company of Jacob Marlowe. Before we get to that, though, I have got to talk about this cover. Now, this cover is of a series of strange uh, mushroom-like objects. Uh, they're, actually, no, they're not. They're, they're kind of like eggs on stalks, if that makes sense. They're, they're sort of... Uh, we later find out that they are actually Caribbean uh, spaceships. What's interesting about them is you've got this kind of, as I said, there's this sort of egg shape. 
underneath it, there are these sort of electrical cables that look like kind of tendrils, and they're all sort of bunched uh, together like the trunk of a tree. So it's almost as if, uh, and they're, they're embedded within the ground of what looks like some alien world. Um, so it looks like they're kind of growing out of the out of the ground. It's it's a phenomenal sort of image because there's about uh, what do we got? We've got at least seven of these. Uh, there's one major one kind of in the foreground, which obviously kind of occupies the uh, the centre of the of the cover. Uh, but there are others behind uh, that one. Now it it. it it conjures up in my mind a variety of things. It, it, it suggests to me that this technology is in some way grown. Um, I, I, uh, I, I mean, I don't know. It, it does. It, it's obviously metallic, uh, or possibly ceramic, maybe, or some kind of plastic. I don't know. But it's 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 kind of an ochre, kind of orangey red color uh, with some sort of alien markings on it uh it's clearly artificial but it does have this kind of organic quality to it in the background the background is a glorious kind of uh sky with a large looks like a moon kind of sort of hazy in the background really is a phenomenal image i want i would like a poster of that I'm not sure where I'd put it, actually. <laughs> I don't know where I'd put the poster of that. I'm not sure where I could get away with a poster like that, but it is a beautiful piece of artwork. Uh, we open the uh, the issue, and uh, we we have the kind of the, the promised conversation between Angie and uh, Jacob. What's really kind of interesting about it, the details are, are, are so important in this uh, in this issue. Angie still has bloody hands. Um, she, because if you remember from last issue, uh, she was bleeding copiously uh, from her side, and uh, she still has her blood on her hands. Marlowe is kind of talking to her about his people. I don't know whether he uses the. I don't think he uses the word carabim, uh, but he says that his people are a cooperative clade species. A clade, I think I'm saying that right, is a common ancestor species and all its linear subspecies. This is exactly what he's saying. I am I am not telling you this, Jacob Marlowe is. Uh, and he kind of says, basically, that uh, where he comes from, uh, rather than uh, Homo sapiens uh, killing off sort of Neanderthal man, they, they kind of coexisted together. Uh, so, so his his planet's version of uh, of Neanderthals and Homo sapiens and other hominids is that the right word? I think it probably is. Existed and um, evolved and developed together. Whereas, obviously, on Earth that was not the case. So uh, he then talks about how thousands of years ago um, a Caribbean expedition was sent. You get this this wonderful kind of image of, of this thing floating in space, and, and it, it's what we saw on the cover, but as opposed to it being sort of um, planted into the ground, as it were, it's just floating in space, and 
it's it's very much kind of it's bottom heart it's very much kind of like a jellyfish it's it's sort of tendrils are kind of floating behind it there is then a sort of gratuitously beautiful picture of angie in the bottom left hand corner angie's not in this very much as as long uh, standing listeners to the podcast will know i am an angie fan I, I have a huge soft spot for her i may in fact be in love with her just a little bit uh davis hunt despite the fact uh that this is not an angie issue particularly nevertheless gives us a truly beautiful angie speaker in the bottom left hand corner of page two uh sorry page one sorry so thank you for that john davis hunt Marlowe goes on to sort of talk about how um Essentially, the, the Caribbean, from what he says, um, sort of take it upon themselves to to help other civilizations get past what uh, what he calls the Guyan bottleneck. Now, I, I looked this up. I did a bit of research. Oh, yes, I did. Warren Ellis pushed me to Wikipedia. Uh, there you go. The Guyan bottleneck is an attempt to answer Fermi's paradox. Fermi's paradox is this idea that the universe is capable of producing life on thousands if not hundreds of thousands of planets why has no representative of that alien life come uh, to visit us why has why is there no evidence of that alien life uh, visible or detectable from earth and uh, the Gaian bottleneck is is a way of kind of uh, trying to address that by basically pointing out uh, that while it might be relatively straightforward for for planets to produce life, uh, it's less easy for them to uh, sustain it. So, so there's this idea that eventually a civilization gets advanced enough to destroy itself or to produce technology that's capable of destroying itself, but not advanced enough to stop itself from doing that. As they get more technologically advanced, they become more dangerous to themselves. Um, and and so basically he kind of says, well, we, from what Marlowe is saying here, it would seem that the Caribbean kind of send out these uh, these expeditions to, to find out what's going on with these uh, other worlds and to, as far as Marlowe is concerned, anyway, try and kind of shepherd them through uh, past that Guyan bottleneck. The first thing to say is that that's all real science. That that's that's all real scientific theory. So uh, Ellis is kind of this is one of the things I really like about Ellis, and uh, he's one of a number of writers actually who really do bring in a lot of sort of uh, real world philosophy, real world science, technology, and, and really do kind of do interesting things with it, take it seriously. Uh, Grant Morrison is another one who who does that. When we turn over the over the page, we get three page wide panels, one above the other. It's like a, a almost like a triptych, I want to say, of the Caribbean probe. Or, I'm going to call it a probe actually, because it because it kind of it, it feels like it looks like a probe to me. Uh, this expeditionary probe. There we go. Just floating around uh, in the skies, or in one case above uh, above an alien kind of space station or whatever but but just floating around these kind of these ruined civilizations you've got three just examples here of sort of ruined alien planets and 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 there's a there's a wonderful kind of 
decayed beauty to it. Um, I mean, the the the, the bottom panel is just, is just phenomenal. Uh, it's kind of in space, and and the, the sort of probe is kind of looking at this. Uh, well, we we don't know exactly what it is. It, it's presumably some kind of space station, and there's been like a huge chunk kind of taken out of it. Uh, and it's obviously kind of derelict, and, and it just it just looks phenomenal. The middle section of this page uh, kind of shows a uh, presumably a survivor of uh, this civilization. It's sort of some kind of uh, sort of avian quadruped creature. Uh, it has. Uh, well, I want to say oxygen tanks, but who knows what it breathes? But, but they're strapped to its back. It's dressed in kind of rags. It's it's walking away on sort of some kind of weird stilt thing, uh, stilt kind of form of locomotion. It, it, it's just amazing. I I I'd be absolutely honest with you. There's so much kind of creativity and inventiveness just in this page alone. I I, I think something else as well that, that that does need to be said at this point is that yeah you know wildstorm kind of started off as a superhero comic you know it's a wildcat storm watch uh, we're very much kind of rooted um in uh, the superhero genre back in the 90s uh with sort of a, a, with sort of sci-fi trappings and sci-fi kind of um, ideas kind of working in the background. I, I think what Ellis is doing here is he's really pushing the sci-fi element to the to the fore and the superhero element way, way back. And uh, it, it's such a fantastic, uh, fascinating series as, as a result. Uh, you know, you, you, you get the sense that you're really kind of dealing with um, a sort of quite... Uh, epic universe. And when I say the word universe, I mean, I mean, one of the things about this issue is that it has expanded um, the Wildstorm universe immeasurably. It, it's kind of made it a phenomenally large thing. You know, the, the, you're, you're, you're kind of aware now that this is this is kind of potentially vast, you know. Sorry, I'm kind of waffling a bit. It it, it really is just a just a, a phenomenal uh, page. Um, and then of course they come to Earth, and and you see them. You 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 see the Caravim ship uh, hit Earth's atmosphere. You see, um, you know the the kind of heat flare as it comes through the atmosphere. It lands in something that looks remarkably like, I want to say, Mayan civilization, possibly. And basically, this is when Marlow says, uh, our expedition went bad, you could say. Our vehicle got scuttled. What's interesting about this um, is there's lots of passive voice uh, description here. And anybody who knows anything about language will tell you that the, the passive voice is a fantastic way uh, of avoiding uh, questions of causality uh, and avoiding questions of, uh, of responsibility. So when he says, you know, our vehicle got scuttled, got scuttled, who did that? Who made that decision uh, to scuttle a vehicle, uh, uh, to scuttle a ship? It's the the whole point of scuttling a ship is that you uh, you deliberately sink it to avoid uh, to avoid it being used by your enemies. 
Um, so is that what's going on there? Don't know. Um, it's very clear, and, and, and as the conversation goes on, I, I won't. I'm, I'm aware of the fact I've gone on long enough already on this, but as, as the conversation goes on, it's very obvious that Marlowe's holding stuff back, and that is actually confirmed because Kanisha kind of uh, comes in to see him. I don't see much of Kanisha, to be honest with you. She's pretty hot, actually. <laughs> no, Angie's the one for me. I'm sorry. Uh, yes, there we go. Kanisha, you can take your alien charms elsewhere. And she kind of says, what did you tell her? And Marlowe says, everything. And uh, Kanisha says, you didn't tell her what the expedition was for. Uh, so it says, it's right there. You know, the purpose of the ex- expedition Marlowe hasn't told her that. She hasn't told he hasn't told her about uh, or us for that matter uh, about why the expedition failed. Uh, he, crucially, he hasn't told us who else was on board. He also hasn't explained how come uh, he's lived so long. Okay, so the, 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 there's there's all sorts of you know interesting stuff going on here. Uh, Marlowe comes across as as being reasonably trustworthy here, bearing in mind we we. We've just found out that he has lied. He he says to Kanisha, you know, I like Angie. I can use her, and she flat out terrifies me. So so there's this kind of there's this sort of interesting kind of tension between the fact I think he does kind of see her as somebody who they can get along with and um, and help, and that she can help them. But at the same time, she's she represents something that's quite. Uh, challenging or terrifying uh, for them, which is kind of interesting. Right, we move on uh, to uh, the title page uh, where we've got Jackie King and Mitch. And I've got to be honest with you, I am I feel a great deal of sympathy for Mitch uh, for a variety of reasons. He keeps screwing up, and um, do you know what? I, I kind of I kind of like that. I appreciate that. Poor Mitch. After after coming late with Jackie's coffee from last uh, issue. Uh, Jackie now berates him uh, for not using the correct affirmative phrase of the week. That is actually the actually the the language that she uses. Now this is Ellis uh, gloriously taking the piss out of corporate culture, and um, thank goodness for that. Um, affirmative phrase of the week. I put, uh, Jackie says I posted it on on the board. It wasn't sure, was it? Uh, and he says, don't, please. What do you say? Mitch, bring me food. Yo-ho, boss. Right? That's that's what they are meant to say to one another, you know, as, as, as an affirmative. Yo-ho. Oh, dear. What's great about this, uh, firstly, uh, somebody else comes in, Teresa, uh, who's been working on um, on some research for, for Jackie. And, and she uses it without any problem whatsoever. And, and Mitch just looks so uh, forlorn. He looks just absolutely uh, beaten by by this kind of forced jollity, this this, this, this kind of uh, bureaucratic cheeriness. It's great. Um, anyway, Teresa comes in and they've worked out who Cole Cash is. Now, interestingly... Um, we, oh, sorry, they've identified Cole Cash, I should say, who's a former IO operative, and um, he's meant to be dead, and uh, obviously he isn't. He's working for somebody. Uh, Jackie thinks it's Skywatch, 
Which is kind of interesting because, as they say, you know, Skywatch already has a ground division, but it, I guess it doesn't have a, a cat in that sense. Um, so they're, they're kind of saying, well, we need to sort of check up on Skywatch. And uh, Jackie kind of finds Mitch and says, I, I want you to form a working group. Oh, gosh. It's like being back at work. I want you to form a working group. Uh, great. Uh, she says, set up an event-shielded room, ergap it, pen and paper only. I want to spread the possibilities for hacking the Skywatch database. And Mitch looks looks really quite freaked out by this. And he says, isn't that against the treaty? Uh, and Jackie King says, event-shielded room. And if we get caught by Craven or by all, we're just wargaming. Isn't it also pretty much impossible? That's why you're forming a working group, to find out. And And, and she kind of leaves him. And he's just kind of slumped against the wall and he looks absolutely uh he's very very unhappy let's put it that way and and his the final panel is of him going yo ho and it's just it's just so funny it's so so funny uh anyway then we get to i guess really the meat of this issue which is uh, our introduction to the Doctor, and I just I just want to take a little bit of time here. This is in Amsterdam. This opening panel of Amsterdam is just gorgeous. The the colours, it's it's sort of a, a an autumnal kind of scene. Uh, there's leaves falling uh, on the ground, being blown by the wind. Uh, the colours are so beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Um, and the detail on on the on the background, the, the landscape, uh, the bridge across uh, the canal. Um, the the paving stones, everything is just so fantastic. It's lovely. Um, anyway, uh, we we see this you know, rather attractive ginger-haired girl uh, who's wearing a hat. She's wearing it very attractively. Did I mention that? I, I gotta be honest with you. Davis Hunt draws people really well, and uh, he draws beautiful women incredibly well uh this girl is just is just fab uh, every girl pretty much that he draws you kind of feel a a pang in your chest when you see see them it really is an amazing amazing thing anyway this girl's called evie um and uh she is with a guy called bram i have no idea uh whether these two people are relevant or not uh, we've never seen them before, and I'm guessing they're not, actually. This is a uh, a very clever way uh, of Warren, from Warren Ellis, of, of introducing uh, the character called the Doctor. Now, the Doctor is a long-standing character in the Wildstorm universe. It was a member, originally a member of the Authority. Uh, Earth has always had a Doctor. Uh, and I think just before we get into this, yes, there is a kind of it, there's a kind of homage to Doctor Who here, I guess. Except, except the Doctor here is a role that is passed from person to person, um, so it's not the same person like like Doctor is in in Doctor Who. Uh, nor is the Doctor an alien. Uh, the Doctor is a protector of Earth and um a healer really i suppose of of earth and this doctor is uh shen li min uh who again in stormwatch uh where she originally was introduced uh, she was a character called swift uh who had wings she she was kind of a scout 
sort of aerial scout for Stormwatch. Uh, it's very good at kind of subterfuge and what have you. Um, but during the course of uh, sort of the way the, the Wildstorm universe kind of developed uh, in the noughties, if you can call it that, she becomes the Doctor. And uh, it's as the Doctor that she appears here. This is clever, and I'll tell you why it's clever. Because having been introduced to Evie, Evie now goes into a flashback. She, she, she's retelling her experience with, uh, with Shen. And so when you, when you actually see Shen for the first time, well, actually, actually you don't see Shen. Uh, you, see her, uh, you see her from behind. Uh, as a kind of a shadowy sort of but clearly feminine character there are four other people there are four other people in the room one of them is evie who's this uh, attractive ginger haired girl there's a girl next to her there's a man uh on the other side of the room uh in the foreground and there's a girl behind him when you are when you first read this your attention is pretty much uh solely on Evie because she's the character she's the viewpoint character she's the character that we've been introduced to and it's only after about two or three pages that you realize that one of the other people in the room we've seen before and it is Jenny Sparks and this this scene as much as it is about the doctor it's also about what Jenny is up to and who Jenny is. Now, we, before we get to that, we we get this kind of scene where um, Shen drops a uh, a pill or something in into uh, Evie's hand. She takes it, and it's like a kind of psychedelic experience. And and we see that we then see see Shen from the front. Uh, she's got a kind of uh, I, I wish I was up on kind of alternative hairdo so I could tell you exactly what this is. It's kind of it's kind of like the left hand side of her head is shaved, uh, the top is grown out, and it's sort of flopping down the right hand side of her head. I don't know if anybody can tell me what that is. I, I want to call it, it. It's it looks like a kind of a mohawk of some kind, but it, that's probably not the right word for it. Um, she's also got tattoos. Uh, she looks pretty good, you know. Um, she's wearing kind of ripped jeans and and a, a kind of vest top over uh, another vest top. And she starts. And she's closing her eyes and she's saying, "Everything's fine. We're just going to go to a place where I can see you properly." She's got her eyes closed, and you see this from Evie's point of view. And, and Davis Hunt kind of keeps her hands in the foreground of each panel, so 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 you're kind of seeing it from her point of view. And those hands are there as kind of an anchor, uh, if you like, uh, in terms of uh, keeping us focused on 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 the fact that this is actually being seen by somebody else. It, it's a it's a nice piece of of artwork. As the drug kicks in, these wings, which is a nice callback to to who Shen used to be in the in the other Wildstorm universe. Um, these sort of psychedelic wings sprout out of Shen and then they enfold her and um, everybody else and then she kind of just disappears, well not disappears she, she kind of becomes these sort of leaf-like 
crystalline fragments that just kind of disappear and, and sort of drift apart. And then we're into the bleed. And we've seen the bleed before. It's it's what uh, Adriana uh, uses to navigate and teleport and all that kind of stuff. Um, and now we're seeing it again. We, we, we see it with um, from Evie's perspective as this place. And I, I used, <laughs> because I'm a pretentious bugger, I used the word lymphosatic or lymphocytic, I think, uh, in the in the review. Uh, lymphocytes are uh, white blood cells, or a type of white blood cell that is used as a kind of an antibody. And if you look at them under a microscope, Davis Hunt is kind of using a similar, I wouldn't say it's identical, but it's similar kind of design here for these sort of balls of energy and whatever it is that they are that are, that kind of appear in the bleed and and then oh then you you get this uh this liner suddenly appears and it's riding on clouds and it looks like a kind of weird alien version of the titanic and it's got it's got a rows of row of portholes along one side and you see this kind of weird spindly fingered aliens with with two thumbs per hand and and they've got sort of like weird mouthless faces it's just it's just it just looks amazing absolutely amazing and then they arrive and where they arrive is in sort of like a uh, and again like i said at the start uh, butelato's colors here are really important they they really really matter because uh the bleed it, the way it's coloured, it's kind of a, a rosy to sort of deep scarlet. Um, the, there's an element of danger to the bleed, uh, and, and, it, and it, it comes across in the in the colouring really well. Where uh, they end up here um, is is sort of more uh, more gentle, more pastoral in in terms of colours. So it's a green and yellow. Um, and it's it's sort of very uh, relaxing, very beautiful, and basically you you kind of see her, you see Shen uh, meet Evie, and this is what she says: she says, "I am the Doctor. I have always been the Doctor. I've been here since the beginning of human time. Here for you. I'm here to heal you." And she puts her hand inside her chest, and that's it. Evie wakes up, and she's been healed of whatever it is that 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 she was suffering from the only person who didn't wake up is jenny and so what happens now is that and again this is again this is kind of freaky and and, and i'll be honest with you the fact that it's davis hunt doing this makes it freakier because uh davis hunt uh, uh his artwork is is very um it's very imaginative, very creative, but it's very grounded in reality. His his figures are real, uh, his backgrounds are real. There's a there's a kind of very um, there's a, solid, a solidity uh, to his work. Um, when when they come out of the trance, uh, Jenny's still asleep, and so this is a bit of a concern for Shen because that shouldn't shouldn't happen. So she decides to go into Shen's mind, and the way she does that is she opens up a trap door in Jenny's forehead. And, and as, as kind of naff as that sounds, it's it just works really well here. It's like this surreal kind of uh, thing. So, um, so, so she kind of goes into her memories. And this, again, it, it's so good. You, you get uh, Shen just kind of walking through this tunnel 
to kind of, I guess, the core, if that's right, of uh, of who Jenny is, I- embedded in the tunnel, uh, not separate from it, um, not next to it, but actually kind of embedded within the tunnel walls, are these vestiges of her past, of of her past selves, the the places that she's been. So so you get sort of like an old like late nineteenth century high street. You you get a a train in the wild west. It looks like you get a, a field. Uh, looks like sort of seventeenth century maybe, with a hand plow. You get some kind of female Robin Hood type character in a tree. You get um, you get a um, a cave woman uh, in a cave, oddly enough, uh, and then it leads you to presumably the the kind of very birth of Jenny Sparks. This is fascinating, and I, I uh, I'd, I'd like to know what you think about this because because you you get this machine uh, that Shen sees. And it it's shaped like a heart. It's it's got um, you can see the different sort of chambers and uh, there's various kind of conduits and cables kind of coming off it. And what's interesting is it's very obviously uh, similar technology to the technology we just saw with the ship uh, earlier on this issue. Inside this heart, attached to a kind of what looks like a, 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 I mean, one of the interesting things about this is, is it all seems very low tech. Well, when I say low tech, obviously it's, it's it's advanced technology, but at the same time, there's a kind of a low tech aesthetic aesthetic to it, um, in the sense that the umbilical cord that is connecting to the baby in the heart is it, it looks like it's made out of sort of metal um, links, metal tubing. Um, it, it's not what you would expect from kind of like a high-tech birthing chamber, you know. And also, the other interesting thing about this is that there is fire within the chamber itself. So th- th- this child is kind of this this womb that it's in is there's this fire inside. There's something molten happening there, and uh, there are shadowy figures, cowled figures. Around this uh, this artifact, and one of them turns to Shen, and it's a demonite. We've we've seen this before. We've seen this before. Not the same one. But we've seen demonites before, and it is a demonite. And it says to her, "Hello, Doctor." And then Shen and Jenny wake up, and they have this kind of weird conversation. Well, basically, it's fairly clear that Jenny just wanted to check the doctor out, um, and Jenny just gets out. Uh, she gets away by doing that thing where she uh, basically transports herself into uh, a video of London. She she says, "Open the open the tube on your phone. Search for a live stream video in London." Okay, now what? And then she's like there. <laughs> she's like in the image, and she's disappeared from from Amsterdam, and she's there in the image on uh, Shen's phone. And then she goes. She says bye from the phone, and off and off she is. Off she goes, which which is which is pretty cool. Um, so 
Then Shen decides, right, this is great. Uh, I'm going to need a consultation, uh, which is the word she uses, and she ends up in the hospital. Now, the hospital is the place where all the previous doctors on from, from Earth who've had that role go, and they talk to one another. And uh, so she consults, uh, she consults with them. And... Um, they the basically this is what they get um and the 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 comic ends with this uh she okay you you've basically got a what looks like a kind of i want to say he's tibetan uh he's probably actually no it's more like uh an andes tribesman uh, but I could be wrong there. I'm not very good on my ethnography, really. Um, he's presumably quite an older doctor from, from further back. Um, then there's a guy who looks like he's sort of late 19th, early 20th century uh, uh, with a moustache and uh, round glasses. Uh, and then there's a woman who looks like she's kind of, I want to say, restoration period or early 17th century, maybe. Uh, but 17th century is what she looks like. Um, so, uh, Shen kind of consults with these uh, ex-doctors. Uh, I'm assuming that this is like a... Uh, well, I don't know whether it's an afterlife or whether whether these are kind of the Earth's memories of the doctors. I don't know. Uh, it's not properly explained. And, of course, that's part of the wonderful thing about it is you don't get an explanation, but you just... You just kind of accept it and go with it. The older guy, the the um, the, the doctor in the suit, uh, who looks like he's British or possibly American, he says, those are demon. They're not from around here. Honestly, I thought they were all dead. Uh, and Shen goes, I was getting to those, but I was more interested in the woman. And the, uh, the Andes guy says, oh, it's one of them. You're lucky. We don't get to see them often, let alone interact. What is she? Well, those have been around almost as long as us. They're not as continuous as doctors. They tend only to appear when things are about to get bad. So the fact that she showed up in Amsterdam to sit in on one of my healing sessions is probably a bad omen. Did you heal her? No. The dose seemed to hit her unusually hard, but she also hid from me. It felt like she was just trying to watch me, check me out. Answer the question, you old farts. What is she? And uh, the woman uh, from the 17th century says, how to put it, she is techne, a spirit of the mechanical arts and crafts, a living speculation on the technologies of her time. It's always been our position that they get deployed as a planetary defense mechanism. And the, the guy in the in the suit says, if she was checking you out, Shen, and assumed she had very specific tactical reasons for doing so. These things can get distracted by the world in ways we don't, but they are otherwise extremely strategic. And Shen says, so she's trouble. No, she's a sign of trouble. I saw one of them back in my day. Joan Silver, the alchemist. What's this one called? And then finally, we find out this is Jenny May Sparks. So that is that is how the issue ends. And I said in the introduction that one of the things I really like about this issue is how it with 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 such skill, both Davis Hunt and Ellis have just expanded our understanding of the Wildstorm universe. Have expanded uh, our 
our knowledge of it and our conception of it, actually, is probably a better way of putting it, uh, immeasurably. They, they've done a fantastic job. And so now you've got you've got Shen as a doctor, you've got uh, you've got a, a Jenny Sparks on the scene, uh, you've you've got some kind of sense that something bad is going to happen, something something bad is on its way, uh, and a sense of of things expanding, but also of uh, characters coming into contact with one another that presumably at some point are going to work work together at a later point. Um, it's it's great stuff. It really really is. Um, I, I'm still. This is one of those rare comics that is taking its own sweet time to tell this story and i love it um i i love the fact that it's a slow burn i love the fact that ellis clearly has a plan he clearly knows what he's doing here and i'm just very happy to trust him and uh, john davis hunt and steve bucciolato uh and just let them get on with, with telling the story they want to tell me. I I am absolutely thrilled and made up with the direction this this series is taking. It is just great. It's absolutely great. You, you've got such big fundamental concepts that they're playing with here. Uh, the notion of kind of a planetary defense system manifesting itself as a as a young woman. You've got the the whole role of the doctor, which is a similar thing actually, but it, it but the but the focus is different. Um, so 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 you, and they kind of acknowledge that in that conversation. It it's just really good. And and Davis Hunt's uh, artwork throughout this has just been phenomenal. It's just so good. I I, I said I can't remember who I was speaking to actually. Uh, I want to say it was Andrew in Belfast, but I, I could be wrong. Uh, but there is something kind of really European about Davis Hunt's artwork at, at times. There's a kind of Mobius-like quality uh, to some of it. And um, I think that really comes through in, in the alien stuff that's been going on uh, this issue. I, I, I love it. I just love this this uh, series so much. Uh, each issue is is in it in very different ways. Each issue is just a delight. I think you know last last issue what was it? We had John Colt, didn't we? Last issue, um, which was great. There's some nice action uh, again. You know the Wildstorm universe expands us that little bit more. Here it just expands like massively, uh, and there's there's that real kind of sense of cosmic wonder uh, at the start. And then there's there's a kind of more sort of mystical kind of wonder going on uh, at the end. It's it's great. It's really really good. Really good stuff. Uh, I can't recommend this enough. If you're not reading this, um, sort yourself out. If you are at all kind of interested in uh, in big kind of sci-fi concepts, um, if you're interested in superheroics, if you're interested in uh, in kind of spy and espionage stuff. I mean, I mean that's what's so wonderful about this 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 book. It, it has so many different layers to it. You've got to be buying this book. It's it's one of the best books on the market at the moment. It, it's just phenomenal. I get this a nine point eight. It is such a good book. Uh, art, uh, dialogue, plotting, pacing, the, the the sheer kind of fecundity. That's a good word of uh, of Ellis. And Davis Hunt's imagination is 
just a delight to see. It is just so good. There's nothing like this out there at the moment. It's it's just fantastic. And um, yeah, you need to you need to be reading it. You really do. I think the trade of the first issue, uh, the first um, six issues, is either out or or will be out soon. And um, you know, I, again, I recommend that you pick that up. I, I did say in my review actually that I think this issue is not a bad place to to, to start. To be honest with you, you're probably better with with last issue actually uh, with issue seven. But this isn't bad either actually because you you're introduced to to two quite significant characters here in in in, in terms of um, Jenny and uh, and Shen, and you've also got quite a bit of uh, exposition as well. Uh, from Jacob, so there's, there's, there's plenty to, to get your teeth stuck into here, but it will give you that sense of wonder. Uh, it is fantastic. If you are not reading The Wildstorm, you need to be. It's as simple as that. Is that okay? Uh, right, we're going to head off to a bit of a musical interlude, and then we'll be back to talk about uh, Wonder Woman and Conan, issue two. How exciting. See you in a minute. to uh, Wonder Woman Conan, issue two, uh, written by Gail Simone, with art by Aaron Lepresti and Matt Ryan, with colours by Wendy Broom, letters by Saida Tomafonte, and published, of course, by uh, both Dark Horse Comics and DC Comics, uh, with a cover price of $3.99. Last month's opening instalment of this series was big on action, a characterization of Conan that foregrounded his grim humor and mercenary streak, and a Wonder Woman who, divorced from her familiar milieu and suffering amnesia, was cloaked in mystery. There was much to enjoy, and I must admit, I liked it a great deal. Left with a number of issues to explore, not least the precise nature of this version of Wonder Woman, and the intriguing question of how she would get on with a hero like Conan, I awaited the arrival of this second issue with a fair amount of anticipation and impatience. Was it worth the wait? Let's find 
out. I must confess, uh, I was a little disappointed uh, in this issue. It's got a fantastic uh, Derek Robertson uh, cover, more of which uh, in a moment. Um, we start off with um, another flashback. If you remember last uh, time, uh, last issue opened with a flashback of the young Conan and a girl called Yana, uh, who he uh, was meeting at a uh, sort of a, a meeting of the tribal chiefs uh, in Samaria. And uh, this is the first time he'd met her. And uh, he is kind of drawn to her. I think there's an element of kind of uh, attraction uh, there, if you like. Uh, but there's also a sense that, that, you know, there's a confidence about her. And I think both uh, Simone and Lepresti kind of get that across very well. Um, there's a confidence about her that he finds uh, sort of very, uh, very appealing and uh, very welcoming. And so they end up uh, at the start of this issue uh, kind of going off a bit uh, from the main meeting. Uh, Yana kind of gives Conan a little bit of a lesson, I suppose, in, in the sense of how big the world is, how different the world is. Um, the, there's kind of a number of sort of issues of sexual politics at play, I guess. Um, and, and it feels a little bit kind of odd to talk about uh, this in, in those terms. Uh, but but it, it's fairly clear that there is. And I, I, I think one of the things that you have to kind of uh, address, I suppose, is the fact that sort of Wonder Woman is is fairly obviously kind of a feminist icon for, for a variety of reasons. I, I'm not suggesting that that's all there is to the character, but I, I think, you know, she clearly represents a kind of, uh, a kind of womanhood um, that is actually impossible. Actually, I, I, I was, was was talking to uh, a colleague of uh, of mine at work, friend of mine at work, and uh, weirdly enough, we went to the same university actually, and we, we we were kind of talking about this. She'd seen the Wonder Woman movie. I still haven't seen it actually, but um, we were kind of talking about it, and and uh, one of us, I can't remember if it was her or me, really, uh, made the point that. Um, Wonder Woman, because she comes from a, a completely uh, female society, is vastly different, radically different from any other woman on the face of the planet um, because she has never had to kind of, uh, for good or ill, sort of process the, the, the kind of implications of having a father um of, of of sort of that whole sort of male female kind of dynamic within the, the sort of uh parental relationship and what have you she's never really had to had to come to terms with that and so she's just very confident in in kind of who she is as a woman because that is all she's known and I, and I think that there's there's a kind of it's kind of touching on on that or, or issues associated with that in in this uh, opening uh, because Yana and Conan go exploring um I, I mean Lepresti's art is great I I, I like Lepresti and I, I like his artwork here a great deal I I, I do think that he has opted uh, and possibly this is at the behest of the writer I don't know but I think he's opted for a a fairly kind of uh, gentle um, look to Samaria. This is meant to be Samaria where this is taking place. There are mountains in the background, uh, it is true, uh, but they're, they're kind of where they're walking, where Conan and, and Yana are walking. 
is much more kind of uh, bucolic and sort of hilly. Uh, it, it's a lot more sort of gentle in, in terms of the landscape. That doesn't mean it's not dangerous. Indeed, they, they do kind of encounter a, a sort of a large cat. Yana sort of handily produces a sling and deals with the cat quite easily. So and and then they go they go exploring and um, Yana takes him uh, to this is you know Yana takes the young Conan to a chasm. Um, as she's doing that, um, she is uh, explaining she's explaining all about her tribe and 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 this is where I I guess it, it gets kind of interesting um, because Conan knows enough about sort of human relationships to know that. Um, you know that you need to you need a man a man and a woman you know to sort of uh to to produce uh children and uh she kind of just says well basically we we only allow women into the tribe if we want to if you want to mate we kind of we kind of get men from nearby tribes which obviously kind of you know suggests uh well well for, from from what um from what she's saying and the way she's talking about it uh, that doesn't seem to be a kind of a coercive relationship. That that's that's presumably the the men are quite up for that. I suppose they might be. Um, and she says something about uh, measures are taken to ensure that only girl children result. Uh, what those measures mean, uh, what those measures might be, I have no idea. You see, I I remember, and I could be misremembering actually because it's a long time ago. I, I remember. Uh, in the Perez Wonder Woman run, uh, Perez had sort of the, the, the two tribes of Amazons going, uh, one in, on Themyscira and one uh, somewhere in North Africa. And their, um, their, their kind of city uh, was surrounded by kind of like a mystical sandstorm that you, you, it was very difficult to penetrate. And this, this, is, this, is, the, uh, this is the tribe where Artemis uh, comes from, if I if memory serves me correctly, um, and I do distinctly remember that they captured um, men uh, and sort of sort of kept them as breeding stock, and it was a, a much less pleasant experience than what Yana is is kind of sort of you know intimating here. Anyway, uh, she she takes them to this chasm, um, and she's obviously you know very confident. Uh, she's very sure of herself. Uh, Conan, on the other hand, isn't uh, because because this is all new to him, and, that, and this this kind of the notion that um, you know that, that women could be kind of independent and what have you is 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 kind of uh, very unusual for him. Um, so she kind of gives this uh, she kind of gives this speech because he kind of says, "Are you going to become the chieftain of your tribe then?" And she says. Well, maybe. And then she says, or, or perhaps I shall be a bloodthirsty pirate, scourge of the Zingaran coast. Or perhaps I'll be a horse mistress of the Hyrcanian steppes. Hundreds shall fall to my blade. And and it's it's almost like uh, Simone is kind of making a point here that this girl is not going to be uh, sort of restricted by uh, by certain kind of roles that are sort of prepared for her. Uh, and of course, the interesting thing here is 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 that she's kind of using elements from uh, Conan's uh, Conan's character and what Conan has gone through. As Conan went through uh, a phase uh, of being a pirate, uh, and 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 so there's like a nice little kind of echo that that, that Simone is kind of saying, look. 
you know, girls can can go off on adventures and do all these different things, just like just like boys can. I, I, and it's quite nicely done. I mean, I mean, I, I got to be honest with you, I, I'm not what you would call a feminist. Um, I, I, I'm all for equality in a, in a range of kind of issues, but, but, but I, I mean, I don't want to get into into politics particularly. And I, one of the things I was a little bit concerned about, because I know that I know a little bit of sort of Gail Simone's background, is that the politics would become, or the feminist politics would become just a little bit too too heavy handed. But but this is pretty good. I like this. Um, and um, yeah, I, I mean, you, you know, there's nothing particularly objectionable about any of this. And, and Yana kind of comes across as as being very uh, a very warm, very engaging character. So yeah, I, mean, I really I really like this. Um, uh, towards the end uh, of this section, uh, she slips and falls, and uh, we kind of leave it there with her kind of about to fall into the uh, the chasm, and then we we uh, we get a glimpse of these two crows uh and then we when we turn the page over we're back in the present and we get a glimpse of them again and they're speaking to each other and it's these corvidae uh who we met last issue um who are well we're not entirely sure what they are um they they are obviously sort of supernatural entities of some kind they take the form of crows and what have you uh we don't know exactly uh, what their plan is. We do know uh, from what they say during the course of this issue that they appear to be involved in some kind of wager or bet. And um, they are they are betting on how successful, I suppose, uh, Conan and Diana are going to be. Um, now, if they're present at the very start of, of this whole kind of um, story when Conan is a young man... Uh, then that would suggest that they've been kind of a, a fixture sort of in and out during the course of uh, of Conan's life, which is kind of interesting. Uh, anyway, we then get what I can only describe as the, the issue's first problem. And it is this. Uh, Tyus, uh, the, the little kid who last issue uh, showed Conan uh, where, the, uh, where the secret entrance to the arena was, because, of course, uh, every everywhere in uh, in a prehistoric fantasy setting must have a secret entrance. Uh, so so he he finds he he's come to rescue them basically. He, uh, Diana and Conan are still in in jail. They're chained together. Uh, Lepresti does a great job here. Diana is I mean she's seen better days, but damn she looks good. She, she looks really good. And Conan looks all kind of grim and you know muscular and. Conan-esque, as you would expect. Uh, so Tyus kind of comes uh, to to sort of rescue them, and then the very next page, that that rescue attempt is failed, or, or foiled, I should say, because uh, Delos the slaver appears with his goons, and he stops Tyus in his tracks. It's all kind of done very very quickly, very perfunctorily, and and to be absolutely honest. I'm beginning to wonder what the heck of the, the point of that was in, in terms of Tyus coming to try and rescue them. Because nothing really comes of it, um, other than you get a brief moment of, of sort of hope, I guess. But then it's like, well, you know, it's uh, it's over and done with. It, it, it's over very quickly. Um, 
there, there's some nice stuff where sort of you know uh, Diana says to for, for Delos to call her by her name, call me Wonder Woman, which is interesting. I, it, it's interesting because she doesn't know who she is, um, and she uh, obviously the Wonder Woman identity is is more important to her, or at least she she's remembered it more uh, than the Diana. Uh, the name Diana, which is which is kind of interesting. Uh, so Delos, uh, we go back to the arena. Uh, Delos introduces uh, Conan and Wonder Woman. There's a really nice double page spread here. They both look great uh, as they come into the arena. It's it's really good. Um, and um, uh, Wonder Woman's got a sword, uh, as does Conan, and of course they 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 have to fight one another. The whole problem with this, I guess, is is that to me, and I said this in the review, uh, to me this all seems like uh, it's a thing that you have to do in a crossover. You have to have a fight uh, between the two main characters. That's fine. I don't mind that. This though, just sit. I'm I'm really struggling to see what the point of this this scene is. Um, well, actually, no, that's a little bit unfair because because there are a couple of things that happen in it that are important. But it, I mean, it, it, it's nicely done, but it's also just a little bit anticlimactic for reasons that we'll uh, I'll get to in a minute. Um, Conan and Conan is really reluctant to fight Diana. Diana's a little less reluctant <laughs> to fight Conan, but it's cool. Uh, they do have a, a an interesting conversation. The, the the most important aspect. Okay, no, actually, no, no. Let me say this. Conan says, It is not in my nature to allow myself to be slaughtered, chieftain's daughter. Uh, and she says, I don't I don't see what your nature has to do with it. I'm more interested in your sword arm than your sophistry. I really hate it when when <laughs> look, I like I like a good, complex, intelligent sounding word like the like the next man. But but sometimes I just think writers just need to need to to, to pare it back a bit. Um, I don't like Diana really using the word sophistry there. It just doesn't doesn't seem right. Uh, Cohen says, "What is it this prancing mouthpiece has over you?" That's not too bad. What is it of yours that he holds? And then she says, "What what does he hold? My memory, Athena, curse your hide. He holds my memory." Now that's really interesting, uh, but we don't really get anywhere with that this 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 issue, which is which is kind of a shame. They fight. Um, they um, Conan punches Diana in the face. Uh, it goes back to the crowd uh, where Kian, if you remember, Kian is the person who uh, who kind of persuaded Conan to come to the arena in the first place. He's the guy that uh, uh, that Conan rescued last issue. Uh, he's now looking quite glum because, of course, he's never going to get his money back <laughs> now, and it's he's not very happy about it. Um, so he goes. He, then he goes back to the arena. I mean, the, the pacing on this is, isn't bad actually. The pacing on this is not is not bad. Um, uh, there's a nice callback here actually. He says, "You you remind me of a redhead. You know, I know she never listens either," which is a nice callback to Red Sonia. Uh, who, of course, Simone wrote quite a bit of uh, not so long ago, and she goes, "Don't blame, mm, don't blame your problems with women on us, Lion Mane." Oh. Okay, and then we go back to uh, the Corviday make an appearance, and this time they make they make their appearance in their human guise, uh, and they they do look 
pretty sexy. Um, and as is often the case, a, uh, a Harvey Weinstein type character uh, comes over. Uh, he's rich and fat um, and uh, decides that he would like to have a bit of company. And he goes over to um, to the Corviday. He makes the terrible mistake of putting his hand on one of their shoulders and she sort of half transforms into the crow. Her kind of um, her face kind of elongates into a crow's beak, uh, which snaps, which uh, takes his fingers off. Uh, and then, of course, they, that means their kind of their cover, if you like, is blown, and they have to kind of revert to their to their crow uh, shape. They, they they keep on making these these kind of um, kind of sly comments about being hungry, and it's clear that they quite like the taste of human flesh. So there we go. He says. Uh, Conan, we're back, sorry, we're back to the uh, arena again. Uh, so, because all this is going on while while the fight's taking place. Like I said, you, you get these kind of, it's not just the fight, you get these cutaways to the crowd and, and back again. And, and it is like, it is paced reasonably well, to be fair. Um, Conan says, I don't want to kill you, but neither do I want to die, Yana. And of course, and that's actually, <laughs> I shouldn't realize this actually, but that is quite clever uh, because because Wonder Woman stops and says, die, Yana, what? And it, and it's like that begins to unlock her memory um, that that might be her name. She recognizes uh, that sound, the, the sound of die and Yana together. Uh, and it's at that moment, of course, that uh, Conan sucker punches her and uh, knocks her out. And here again, I have a problem because uh, Conan is standing over her. Uh, Delos tells her to, tells him to kill her, um, and Conan refuses. Now here's the problem: we have a we have a narrator in this issue, uh, presumably the same one as, as last issue. Not entirely sure who it is. Uh, I have one or two suspicions actually, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, and the narrator tells us this, like all slavers, Delos valued human lives by their measure in gold, fair enough, and losing two magnificent attractions was a bitter entry in the loss column. Uh, and it's at that point that he says, well, a new champion arises, kill her and be done, O victorious one. Now, there's a couple of things here. One is that, uh, does he really want Conan to kill Wonder Woman. Uh, Wonder Woman had been a star attraction by virtue of the fact that she's a woman, she's an incredibly good warrior, incredibly good fighter. Does he really want Conan to kill her? Or is, isn't there a way of uh, kind of keeping them both in his stable, as it were? You know, I, I, I don't know. Um, in any case, Conan won't do it. And, and so rather than do what I would expect him to do, which is to either uh, either capture, recapture Conan uh, and Diana both and kind of at least get one more bout out of them. You know what I'm saying? Because th this is quite a, this has been a very dramatic fight. There's been lots of people at the arena, presumably making lots of money for him. Rather than do that, he takes them both and he puts them on a ship. He puts them on a smuggler's ship. Now, the thing about that is, okay, Delos apparently has some kind of, uh, either it's his ship that he controls or owns, uh, or at least he's a, a, a part investor in this ship. 
you've got two star. I mean, the, the narration says you've got two star attractions here. Why would you then get rid of both of them and put them to work on a smuggler's ship? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Other than um, keeping the plot going, keeping the plot moving forward. Except actually it isn't moving forward. And I'll tell you why. Because Diana needs to go back. Diana needs to go back to Delos. She makes that very clear. She's already said that Delos holds her memory. Well, that's fine. But moving, getting away from Delos isn't going to help her do that. And she actually says, I need to get back. Now, look, th this issue is not without its charm. I, I, I you know, Lepresti's art is really good. And I, I do like uh the the kind of growing sort of friendship between and it is a friendship you can kind of see it between conan and, and diana it's it's pretty good and, and there's a hint of romance there just a hint uh it's not laid on too thick but the, for example conan wakes up and he's been holding her hand <laughs> while while he's been asleep which is kind of touching in a, in a sort of sort of uh kind of romantic sort of embarrassing way and i and i like that um the problem is is this this ship section is just not not done terribly well oh sorry i, I should point out the reason he's holding her hand is because he's remembering rescuing yana from from the fall that she had earlier so so he kind of reaches out to her and 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 grabs her by the hand and pulls her up and what have you um or at least she we the last time we see her is 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 he's reaching for her hand so that does kind of kind of make sense but it's 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 also kind of funny uh we we see time passing to uh we're not entirely sure how how many days have gone here um uh, but diana says you know we have to go back so this is all this all how can i say this? this renders this section um just a little bit pointless so 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 you're kind of taking us away from from which is look that's that's fine up to a point i mean lots of quest narratives do that and, and i and i get that but but this we've only just left Delos. We've only just seen uh, or heard, sorry, that uh, he has something of Diana's. He he has her memory in some way. Don't know what that means, or but but at least she does. She knows that she has to go back, and yet we're moving further and further away. So unless something something else happens, something else that kind of that matters to these two characters. Um, if we keep on going further away, the, the story is going to become less and less uh, purposeful, if you see what I mean. Uh, anyway, um, there is a problem with having Diana on board the ship um, because, fairly, you know, there's long-standing... Um, there's long-standing superstitions about having women on board ships, um, and uh, you know about how it's bad luck. And then you've got the whole thing with men wanting to, you know, have their way, as it were, with uh, with women on board, which is exactly what the men do. And and, and I said in my um, in in my review on the site that there's something horribly so predictable about this. Um, I, I don't necessarily blame Simone for going down this route. Um, she has ultimate. She has ultimately to get 
uh, Diana and Conan off this ship. Which, to, to be honest with you, I just wouldn't have put them on there in the first place, if I'm being absolutely blunt. But hey, never mind. So she has them basically kind of... They're about to... Uh, well, they do fight. They they, they fight with these uh, sailors. And in the middle of the fight, from out of nowhere, a Zingaran patrol um, boat kind of crashes into the boat that Conan and uh, Diana are on. And again, the problem with it, it it's a little bit, it's not quite as bad as the... Uh, as, as, as either the escape thing uh, earlier on in the issue or the resolution to the arena fight. But it's pretty close. It, it, it's like, you know, there's no sign of this uh, Zingaran patrol at all in any of the uh, of, of the panels because we're, we're focusing just on, um, on, on this fighting going on on deck. So when it sort of emerges from nowhere, it, it just seems very convenient, um, and uh, which is a... Yeah, is is again a bit of a problem. Um, so then they they get off the boat. Uh, in fact, Diana actually leaps off the boat. Um, and uh, there is a, again, there's there's some nice dialogue here. She says, "Do you trust me, Sumerian?" And uh, Conan goes, "Nope, not even a little." And she says, "I'm sorry to hear that." And I remembered my name. It's Diana. And she leaps off the boat. And of course, she's still chained to Conan. Uh, this, by the way, this does raise interesting questions. The the chain between them looks to be about maybe six feet long, maybe seven feet long. They've been on the boat for for several days at this point. You know what I'm going to say? What happens when they go to the loo? That's what I want to know. Actually, no. Do you know what? I don't want to know, actually. But it raises the question all the same. Anyway, leaving that aside for one moment, um, they dive into the water. We do know that the water is already shark-infested. If we didn't know that because of what happens in this issue, we certainly know it because of the cover. Because the cover is essentially uh, a version of the final page. Now, this is something that absolutely does my head in with comics. I don't know why people do it. I, I just don't. If you have a cover, do you know what? Conan and Diana, they fight in this issue. Conan and Diana get on a boat this issue. Conan and Diana fight sailors in this issue. There's a ton of things that, that could have, that, that they could have put in. Uh, as as a as a cover image, and instead they choose the one image that they end the bloody comic with. What on earth is going on? It's all right. I'm I'm calm now. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it's a very nice image. It is a very very nice, lovely image. Um, and obviously they're going to have some difficulty dealing with the sharks. So there we go. Um, this issue I gave um, I gave a 6.52 on the site. Now last issue I think I gave an 8.52. Um, that 8.5 was probably a little bit over the top. Uh, it was a really good issue, though. I, I really thought Simone did a fantastic job with the characterization. I think she's still doing a fantastic job with the characterization now. It's just that the story isn't as interesting. Um, the whole sort of final third of the book is, to my mind, mostly pointless. We get a kind of 
predictable sort of hackneyed you know bad men try and do something unpleasant to diana they have a fight um the only the only thing that saves that really is the um is the relationship between conan and diana um and and that is pretty cool as indeed it was last issue and it's continuing to be now there's a nice there's camaraderie beginning to to kind of develop between them and it is it's nice to see um I, i just i just don't know where we're going with with this in terms of the actual story um i'd like to know more about the corviday it looks like we might get that actually because uh, the next issue is the dance of wicked crows so i'm assuming that that is a reference to them what i don't want them to be is just a couple of sort of minor deities mucking about with conan and diana's life just for the sheer hell of it i am hoping that it's more than that i suspect it is because you have got a diana here who's lost her memory and is only sort of beginning to get it back um so i'm I'm kind of intrigued to know what's going on there the problem is though is that we are quite literally moving away from the answer to that we're not moving towards it we're moving away from it and that is a problem i know we're going to get there eventually but if we have two issues of kind of uh for want of a better phrase faffing around i'm not entirely sure whether um non-brits would would (laughs) would recognize would recognize that phrase but faffing about is is like you know, just messing around, um, prevaricating is a good word to use, um, sort of making a lot of fuss but not really making much progress with what you're trying to do. That's faffing around. And if if they if it's a lot of faffing around, I, I won't be too happy. But anyway, um, that's it for me. Thank you very much for um, for listening. Uh, I shall be very delighted to hand you back to the wonderful gentleman in the Weird Science Multimedia Complex, or as Jim likes to call it, uh, his room. Speak to you later. Bye-bye. What's up, everyone? Josh here, welcoming you guys back to another installment of Vermillion's Visions. Uh, So you guys know how I do things. You you guys know what the deal is here. I'm going to be bringing you guys a little bit of of a review, a recap of usually about the first issue or so, uh, but a little bit of a review of a trade, um, usually a volume one, um, and I try to keep it away from from DC and Marvel. Uh, try to keep it away from those big two and to some of these other companies. Uh, you know how I like to do things. Just uh, get into those those other books that some people might not have checked out or have heard a lot about, but don't really know what's going on with it, and uh, just give you guys an idea of some other some other series that you might want to check out if you get a chance. Uh, so this week, um, it's going to be a, another image book. I've been doing a lot of lot of image, um, and this week it's going to be Old Guard Volume One by Greg Rucka with art by Leandro Fernandez. Um, and this is the first five issues of the Old Guard series. Um, so coming into this one, you know, I hadn't really heard a whole lot about this book. You know, I had heard that you know it was good. It was uh, 
it was a good Greg Rucka book to read if you like Greg Rucka. Granted, I haven't really read a whole lot of Rucka before. Um, I've read a little bit about the first trade, well, the first two trades, technically, I guess, of his Wonder Woman run in Rebirth, and uh, you know that was okay. I liked it. Uh, I liked it enough, but um, I never got around to finishing finishing his run in Rebirth or his old Wonder Woman stuff or. You know, much Greg Rucka before, so I hadn't heard a whole lot about this book coming into it, but I decided to, you know, go ahead and give it a shot. Uh, So I'm just going to jump right in here. Our story in this one revolves around a team of of people who are, they're essentially immortal. Uh, So the leader of the team and the oldest of all of them is Andy, Uh, and Andy's been alive for thousands of years, Uh, and she's the only girl in the group currently. Uh, but besides her, there's also there's Joe, Nikki, and Booker. Uh, so they have no idea why or how they heal whenever they die, but they do. Um, they've also learned over the centuries that they aren't they're not truly immortal. Um, there have been others that have died, you know, they've died plenty of these gruesome, nasty deaths and then healed fine. Um, and then had a relatively average death and not come back, uh, just kind of out of nowhere. Um, they really don't know much about what makes them keep on ticking and then, you know, suddenly not keep on ticking anymore. They don't really understand it, but they've kind of just learned to deal with it and uh, keep living their lives. Uh, so when another one of these immortal people, you know, pops up, all of the immortal people that are alive at the time have dreams of this new one every night, you know, without fail until they meet this person and then the dreams stop. So obviously there's some kind of, you know, some mystical shit going on here. I, I guess if you want to call it mystical, um, don't re- like I said, we you know, there's not really an explanation for it as of right now. Um, so yeah, there's obviously something kind of mystical or I don't think you can explain the dream stopping, starting and stopping like that um, in a scientific way. So I would assume there's something mystical going on here. Uh, but, you know, I'll just let you know right now that it doesn't get explained in this first trade at all. Uh, but the first issue starts out with some narration from Andy about how she is basically sick and tired of being alive. Uh, and this is all coming while she's in the middle of a one night stand, by the way. Uh, so she wakes up in the morning and leaves without getting this guy's name because, as she says, uh, it saves her the trouble of having to forget his name. Uh, so she goes and meets up with her team. Um, you know, like I said before, uh, her team, Joe, Nikki, and Booker. And Booker tells them about um, a job offer they have uh, from someone that they've worked for in the past. I think it was like eight years ago that they worked for this guy before. Uh, his name's Copley. Uh, Andy tells them no because you know in this day and age they can't do repeat jobs uh the world is too small now with the internet and smartphones and everything and everybody having a camera on them at all times and social media uh so and but andy you know she does eventually finally agree to meet with this copley guy when she finds out that this this job involves saving kids uh so copley needs them to infiltrate an armed camp in africa and save um, 17 girls uh, from a school that um, that was there doing charity work um, in North Africa. This school was there doing charity work um, when an armed militia came in and, and took these 17 girls and captured them. 
Uh, so, but before we get on to that, uh, we go to Afghanistan and see some Marines searching for this guy in Afghanistan. Um, Niall Freeman uh, is one of the Marines, and she's going around asking asking the local women if they've seen this guy, uh, but she doesn't really seem to be getting anywhere. Uh, eventually, they do get some information, and when they storm a building, um, he jumps out and starts and uh, starts shooting at them. Uh, so they actually shoot him and they hit him in in the in the stomach area. Uh, but they need him alive, you know. They their job was to bring this guy in alive. Uh, so Niall goes over to put some pressure on the wound. She's trying to get some help, and she's looking around, you know, trying to get some somebody to come over there and help her. And this, while she's distracted, this guy pulls out a knife and slices her across the throat. Um, but going back to to our team, to Andy and the team, uh, they get to this camp in in North Africa, and they they hit it hard and fast. They storm in there, um, and then there's this giant group of people uh, waiting for them, and this this group actually gets the first shots in, uh, but the team's wounds heal because that's what they do. They heal like it's nothing, and then they absolutely go to fucking town on these guys. I mean, I guess in hundreds of years, you get you get pretty damn good at fighting, uh, but it doesn't matter anyway because it all turns out to be a big setup. There were never any girls captured, and there was a camera in this room the entire time that recorded the whole thing and uploaded it to to an off-site server. Basically, they were set up, and this group of people were sent there to die, and now their secret could very easily be exposed to the world. Um, so that's not good. They don't want they don't want that shit to happen. That's they don't want to have to deal with that. They don't need that. Uh, but moving back to Afghanistan, uh, two girls named Stacy Ann and Dizzy, um, and Dizzy is actually the girl. Uh, so when when Niall got her throat slice, she she said Dizzy, and Dizzy was the one that like ran over to her. Um, but they are walking through through their their camp, arguing about you know how big of a cut does it take to make a lot of blood, and, and Dizzy saying, "Look, I know it wasn't a small cut. I held her in my arms as she died." Uh, but then they walk into the med bay to see Niall. Uh, sitting up and perfectly healed from that gaping neck wound that she had. So it looks like Andy and the gang have someone else that they need to track down because Niall must be like them. Um, and that's actually where the first issue ends, is with Niall sitting up in bed being like, hey, I, I feel perfectly fine. So the next four issues, uh, they all center on figuring out who set them up and why while also finding Niall and incorporating her into the team. Obviously, this Copley fella had something to do with the setup, but why? You know, is there a traitor inside of the team? Spoiler, there is. Uh, but anyway, you know, I, I really enjoy the story that Greg Rucka is telling with this book. Uh, sure, it, it, it kind of drug at a couple points, but, you know, the this, this story isn't always, you know, going going full steam ahead. But overall, the story is pretty cool. Uh, the place where it loses a lot for me is in the art. There are times where the art will look decent. Still not great, but decent. Uh, but then there will be a lot of times where I, I can't even really tell what's happening. And it's mainly in the, those big fight scenes. But, you know, not only are the, the the pencils not crisp and clear on what's going on sometimes, but the, the colors seemed real washed out and very dull to me throughout, throughout the entire thing, uh, which doesn't help help the art anyway, especially when the panels get crowded with that, with that wash, with those washed out colors. 
Um, so the art is where, you know, this book kind of loses a lot for me. And don't get me wrong, like, I hate, I hate saying bad things about art because this is still a thousand, a million times better than anything I could ever do. Uh, but it was just something that kind of threw me out of the book because, like I said, I, I think the story and the characters are really cool and have a lot of potential moving forward, but the art just throws me off. And, you know, I, I say uh, potential moving forward, but I'd honestly like to see more stories moving back, like it, like earlier in Andy's days. What has she been doing over the past few millennia? How did this team come together? What were some of their missions? You know, more stuff in the past, because I'm sure there are some great stories there. Like... Like, you know, in the in the X-Men Origins Wolverine movie, how they glossed over the fact that Wolverine and Sabretooth fought through every big war by putting those wars in a 60-second montage, uh, when those would have been the most interesting stories to tell. But, you know, unlike Origins, the story that Greg, Russa, Greg Rucka does tell, instead of the ones in the past, isn't complete dog shit. Uh, but still, those I think those those past stories would have been pretty cool. Uh, other than the fact that it drug a bit at times and got a little bit dialogue heavy, I think the only you know big complaint I have with the story itself is how little explanation we got of how or why these people are basically immortal and why some suddenly aren't immortal anymore out of nowhere. You know, I can accept that they don't die and heal like it's nothing. You know, I've seen healing factors and basically immortal people in comics before. I just like like an explanation. I'd like to know why. Um, so I didn't actually have a score written down here in my notes because I kept, you know, kind of going back and forth in my head. So I figured I'd, I'd wait until I actually sat down and talked about it. Um, and after doing that, I think I think I'm gonna have to go with around a, a, a seven five for this trade as a whole. You know, like I said, I, I like the story. I think it's a real, really interesting setup to the story and the characters. Um, and like I said, there's a lot of potential for other stories with these characters, uh, but it did drag a little bit at times. Um, and you know, like I said, I I would have liked to see more explanation of why they're immortal. And the but the main thing is the art. You know, I I can look past you know the the few kind of slower moments in the book. Um, I don't I don't mind those per se. There were just a couple too many of them in my opinion, but. And I can and I can even look past the you know not getting the explanation yet you know this this could be more of a slow burn when it comes to explanations but when it comes down to it the art really just threw me out threw me out of this story um, and I know that's been a big you know conversation point especially on this podcast in the past with people mailing in and things um, you know can you would you rather have fantastic art and not a very good story or a great story and not very good art. And I think when it comes down to it, I'd rather have that that really interesting story that really pulls me in and have subpar art, um, which is kind of what we get here. Um, like I said, I really love the story. It's not my favorite story that I've ever read, but I do really, really enjoy it. Um, and it is that art that throws me off a little bit. So I think if it was the other way around, my score would be a lot lower uh, but sitting where it, where it's at with that right now, I would I'd have to go right around a 7.5, 7.5 out of 10. So, yeah, I think that's that's what I'm gonna stick with. I'll stick with like a 7.5. Um, like I said, if you don't like the art threw me off. So if you don't 
if you if art isn't something that you really really need to have you know just beautiful art in a comic i think i think this is a really good one to check out i think uh it's really well written um the pacing can get a little off like i said at times but it's still a a really good story with some really cool characters um and it and it has a lot of potential moving forward past this first trade um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much where I'm going to end this one. 7.5 out of 10 for The Old Guard. Um, but that brings us to the end here. I want to thank everybody uh, for tuning in this week and checking me out. Um, I know I've been ge- I've been hearing a lot that the, the cellar dweller, whoever, whoever the cellar dweller may be, and I kind of sound alike. Um, I am not the cellar dweller. Sorry to inform you. I... I'm not at liberty to reveal the cellar dweller's identity. Uh, I'm not going. I cannot confirm or deny if I even know the cellar dweller's identity. So, um, like I said, that brings us to the end. Uh, if you guys want, you should definitely go on and check out Weird Science on the Patreon. Um, like I said, I've been really, really digging all the all the shows these past couple weeks. I think they've been. You know, ever since the Patreon started, the shows have been great, but I think they just keep keep improving more and more. So uh, definitely, if you guys want some more great content from from Jim and Eric and everybody, uh, definitely go on and check them out on Patreon. Um, but like I said, yeah, that pretty much brings us to the end here. You can find me on Twitter at Vermillionaire3, uh, but that wraps it up. So I'm going to send it on back to Jim and Eric. I Jim, how are uh, you doing, my always friend? Always terrible. We have three more books here to do, and I would love to say I thought that the actual issues that we had, and the you know by name recognition and, and the, such, we had a pretty strong podcast. Uh, yeah, you know, at the beginning, uh, because basically the last section of books usually are ones where like, oh, you know what we don't like, and these are all all of these are books that at points we have really enjoyed. And it just, I don't know, it just doesn't come out that way. It, it always, something always ends up coming and screwing us out of enjoyment because these last three books, I, I do like some better than others. Uh, but yeah, it seems that again, these books, everything this week for the most part seems to just be the theme is let's just fucking pad some shit out and we'll we'll see you in two weeks because the ebbs i and just flows of comics uh, it's just, i don't know if it's maybe the twice uh, uh twice shipping a month is doing oh, we've been this. talking about I, that for a while but even like you know these the books that we're talking about here they're all monthly titles yeah i know I know that's that's what doesn't make sense but even <laughs> so i think that it's with everyone now that's what we thought like 
we get mad now, but you've always had you always have these padded issues no matter what. But yeah, yeah. it's just in general as a week to me, the week kind of just seems like okay, you know, everything's gonna tread water until we get going, and this is gonna continue here. With what book are we starting with, Eric Shea? Titans number 16, written by Dan Abnett with art by Brett Booth, Norm Ratmond, Andrew Dollhouse, and Josh Reed. The Titans are in the fight of their lives against the powered-up Simon, and they may be letting their emotions get the better of them after watching Wally West die in the previous issue. Too bad that their emotions are the thing that the villains actually want to open the door to some great evil locked away, and after giving Bumblebee back her memories, it's enough to open the rift, and we see that the big bad is actually a version of Donna Troy calling herself Troya. Yeah, yeah, which we were talking about before we started recording that Troy is, a, you know, it's a character that's been around. It's been that's what Donna like, Troy has been called. It's been yeah. an Earth-1 character. It was actually just recently in the Grant Morrison Wonder Woman Earth-1. It was actually in uh, – she was actually in the Legend of Wonder Woman uh, comic that I really liked. A lot of times, though, in these other versions, she's just another Amazon that just happens to be around. It doesn't even tie into really being Donna Troy or whatnot. And with the way people are playing this throughout this whole, you know, rebirth deal and how we've had the, you know, in, in different books, I, I don't know what they're going with at the well, end honestly, of this. Honestly, even this one, Titans is one of the hardest because of what we had with Titans Hunt with them all, yeah. like, forgetting their time as so the I'm Teen saying, Titans. I don't know what they're playing And then jumping in with. with Wally West and finding out, you know, oh, we had 10 years taken away from us on top of this. So, and Donna Troy, the whole thing, that even, doesn't even make sense because we only got Donna Troy, like, you know, at the end of, a, uh, I'm sorry, the beginning of the DCYU, I think it is. So yeah. it's right at the end of the New 52 is where she was introduced and created, it seemed like. Well, this is why and- we've already had problems because when she found out that she was just, uh, you know, pretty much made of clay and all that yeah, which stuff. Which was a freaking annual of Titans here. Yeah, it still seemed like, what? You know, we, we haven't had enough of her to even go, but it, this whole Titans thing we are now on issue 16 crazy nothing's happened in this book i'm telling you nothing happens in this book every month i i want to have something happen and nothing does they just stand around constantly talking and then fighting and then getting back to it but yeah even at the end of this one yeah you have troya show up at the end you did get a little progression of the attack but basically it oh, just sorry, turns the, the fight just keeps going on it like, just you keeps have a going on fight and then you get to a, a cliffhanger that's interesting and then that's that seems to be the formula for the series so far yeah. and they're lucky as hell they have an awesome art team and that i care about these yeah i love the art I would have checked out if it wasn't for those. I, I'm checking. I, I've checked out even to the point where they keep thinking to themselves. And even uh, during this, Lilith keeps thinking, oh, I knew that I was the, the you know, guy or the woman I who was, was going to betray bad, them yeah. all. I was the bad. And it really doesn't end up being anything. All of this time of all these things really doesn't mean anything. And what ends up happening is what we have based what appears or seems to me eight issues at least of them trying to get Bumblebee's memories back just comes to Simon that and then the throwaway bit and it really uh, that actually yeah, upset and just saying me that issue. basically that is the key to getting their big bad back when they, you know we have spent this whole series trying to get these memories back and not, not and, only that the whole way they spelled it out the memory engram I believe is what they call yeah. it but the whole thing is like it was a physical thing they needed to get so they can give Karen her memories back but now it's just Simon and your memories are back. Ba-bam. Thinner. Yeah, <laughs> memories. <laughs> Remember. But yeah, Where's it just. Carrie Wooler dancing around yeah, in sex. Yeah, oh, I, I, I wouldn't mind that. But yeah, even, but yeah, it's just all of this time we've been trying to do this. 
And yet it's now, and even the whole thing with, oh, who's going to be the one that betrays him? Who is the, you know, the mole? Who's doing this? Really doesn't end up being anybody and really matter, really, uh, because well, the at the it, end, it, it's it just emotions. It went different ways because we had the whole thing about who was the traitor. Oh, it's Dick yeah. Grayson. Oh, but Dick Grayson, he was, he knew he was the traitor. He was trying yeah. to do this on purpose. But you also but thought, Lilith also thought it bed. was, and you say, had, we, yeah. We had the big bad who was going to bring destruction. It was going to be Clay. And Lilith Clay is Omen. So like, oh, my God, it's going to be me. Which you we said right away. About, it was going to be Donna Clay, Troy. We've already, we've already determined that Donna Troy was made of Clay. Yeah, so it seemed like we her. were one of the few that thought that it was going to be some version of Donna Troy or at least Donna well, even going I'm nuts you, at that I point. I wouldn't have said the door opens and Troy walks out, especially for this timeline because we no. don't know anything about this Donna Troy except for that she was made uh, out of Clay. That's yeah. the only thing we really know about her because her timeline doesn't make sense in yeah. Rebirth. And and you have this whole thing where it starts where you do have a I don't know if it's forced in for the you know new fifty two Wally West he kind of gets a you know a shout out to go and go over to Wally he just starts running he, like he you know, he hears Wally and it's almost like he can feel the, like the yeah. original Wally it's West the speed death. forces yelling yeah. out to him so he goes off to get and do he doesn't know that he's going to save Wally at this point but he's just going there but even that it seems like you have Simon and all these like oh our plan's working great we're the ones who had wally die and i'm like i i don't get that i really didn't get that what you were doing did this because they're feeding off this this portal that they want to open is fed by emotions and the best way to do these emotions is to have people dying of the titans and yes they get upset that wally is dead and donna troy gets angry she's going all ham on everyone you have all this yeah and but yet nothing matches up and we're we're too far well, that, into the story of, for it just things, to go though, here that is a problem because you know the whole idea is that we have you know Simon is somehow powered up. I think he's somehow still possessed because him being powered up like this, it doesn't make a lot of sense yeah. to me. He brings out Mr. Twister and the key, yeah. who we saw the, the key, key in the freaking annual before Again, when he told Donna Troy like, that he was, she was made yeah. of clay. So we have these characters who seem to be emissaries for this great evil that yep. is locked away in another dimension. And the way to break the door down to get there is for these negative emotions to come negative out. Emotions, strong emotions. Yes. So now that while he's dead, they thought, oh my God, the Titans are going to fight us. We have freaking Malcolm and we have Gnark under our possession and they're gone fighting their friends. So there's all this emotion. The door's not budging, though. They can't get the door open. And for some reason, after all these things, just giving Karen her memories back and make her think, oh my God. Malcolm's my husband, and I have a, do- yeah. a baby. Oh, my God, I've been a jerk. Bust the it's just, door wide yeah, open. Yeah, and even there, like, Narc's there. He's doing nothing. Yeah. He's there, and even Mal at this point, he's kind of just window dressing and only there so that when Bumblebee gets her memories back, she's upset. Wouldn't this have been better served that if they wanted to do this, at the very beginning, Simon just goes off, he, he, Mr. Twister and the key come with him. They don't steal memories. Just grab that baby. And you're going to have a lot of upset enough and to well, add that I think. Too, it seems that Simon brought Mr. Twister here, but in the last issue, it seemed that Mr. Twister, because we saw the feathers for the teleportation, yeah. yep. was the one who brought Simon here. Yeah, it's just crazy. It really is. And like you God said, it's damn just it. a now long battle. Go it's from just, what just I want a long battle. It's just and them the battling is, and nothing I was happens. Because it is a long battle where it just is like it is filler for what we get with this battle. It because is. It really means nothing for like it is battle cliffhanger. That is the formula. The battle's yeah. not interesting because no. you just have the characters, like you said, going ham on each other. Yeah. But. I'm still worried about Wally West's death. You know, that's the big thing here. Now, and, and the, we see them getting all emotional, all yeah. these bad guys and their friends who are possessed. 
while Wally's just laying there dead. Like the whole new, like the introduction of uh, Kid Flash into this book. Yeah. I thought that was cool because that's a new aspect of the book. We you would think that's with. how he's going to help bring back Wally. So. Obviously, he the, speed, the speed force or whatever. Yeah. I think that's cool. I want to see more of that. We don't get anything but with Kid Flash except for he shows up. That's it. Nope. And we're yeah, done that's it. it. He shows up, sees Wally, and kneels down and like holds his hand while everybody fights and yells at each other and says, hey, I don't want to hurt you, but I'm going to if I have to and all this going on. And yes, at the end, you get – Bumblebee gets her memories back, and it's such a lackluster way of ending everything that's led up to it with just Simon saying, okay, you have him back. There you go. You have him because we want the anguish of you realizing how much of a bitch you've been to your husband. Well, in the meantime, he's all fucked up and, and beating up the Titans. So yeah. I, it's like nothing. I want Karen and Mal to be out of this book, actually, if you ask me. I she was, like Bumblebee. I, think she I was thought cool she was character. not now that she has her memories. I, I'm telling is, you, the I reason I liked her was when she had this book because I think yeah, I didn't she hear is. something where. Hasbro is now suing DC because they have the rights to the okay. Bumblebee name. Well, here's the thing. She's getting out of the book anyway. She has a kid, and she's yeah. going to have her husband. This is the anguish that she's done. This This is the perfect exit for her to say, listen, guys, i got to go deal with my family. I've missed out on these three weeks or however long, you know, you would think months, whatever it would be. But, uh, you know, that would be her way out. Narc, I like, uh, but he's not going to be in this either. He was just thrown in because they wanted to have this Titans hunt deal. They brought the cave boy back today. Yeah, they wanted to have this Titans hunt connection where they keep, you know, Dan Abnett keeps throwing it out there. It was not a great book. I know you liked it more than me, but nothing happened. Yeah, have Hawk and Dub freaking ding and dong or whatever. I don't ding know dong what's daddy. going on. Yeah, yeah, ding dong daddy. He was there. But yeah, there's really not a lot to talk about. I love the art. The art's great. It's so good. It's great, but there's nothing but to the I've story. I've seen enough battles in the series yeah. so far because that's all we get over and over again. Yeah, this. Just that I'm getting bored with the whole thing. Daddy, Brett Booth, you draw a hell of a battle. You have uh, interesting awesome. panel layouts, but. Yeah. Uh, you you got to find a writer who has more no, substance well, to the story. No, well, this is so what we want. Stuff. We we want to have at at this point in the series, sixteen issues in, we really are desperately in the need of just having a couple issues of nothing going on but the Titans kind of getting along together, kind of have some character development of things like that. Instead of that's just it's it's like you're either at zero or a hundred. I mean, this book goes from we talk for two panels and then fight for seventeen. And then it just goes back, and nothing seems to happen. And, and whatever even, happens isn't even the Titans, you know, of their doing. They're always being manipulated, yeah. always being pushed to the next thing. Like, even so, most of the issues, at least, you have something for each character. Roy really didn't need to be in this, except for the point where Simon's like, I guess I'm going to have to. Or, I, yeah, it is Simon. Like, And Mr. Twister, like, maybe we have to kill him. He doesn't yeah. do anything other than that in this whole issue. It's just nonsense. But we get to the end, though, where we finally, you know, Karen gets her memories back. It opens the doorway, and we have a narration from Omen. It's here, finally, and I curse myself for being so stupid. I've known what it was all along. Simon was right. He told me straight that one of us was going to betray the rest of the team. And he's like, he told me to my face it was me. And it is. It's no. no. Yeah, it's no. <laughs> and then you have Troy. I was like, home again at last. And the thing is... Obviously, because then you have Roy's like, Donna, she's me. Well, obviously, one of them isn't. 
Uh, unless it's another, you know, now we're adding timelines in and we're adding I, other I continuities in. The only thing I could think of is that the whole point, they've been pushing this Clay thing as the whole, like, yeah. the, the bringer of the fucking doom and gloom and whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's all about Clay. And the thing is, I have to imagine, though, because of the Mr. Twister connection, what we've had from Titans Hunt leading into this. It somehow has to be the antithesis. Yeah. But if it's not that, like casting an illusion or something, but if it's not that, like, are we going back to Dark Angel stuff where it's just it, it's somebody who looks like Donna Troy from another world and there's I, call I'm, Troy I'm guessing here? it's I don't that. Know. I'm telling you, I'm guessing it's that because of the portal and the coming in. And I, I don't know. What is she even this, holding? She's uh, you holding know, the mask. That it's mask. A, she mask takes off holding. the mask. And but it's her, and she's like home again at last. So I, I don't know what they're playing with. We're gonna actually, you know, obviously we're gonna have to wait till next month. Uh, that doesn't get me that excited though, because of the way this book has run. I imagine that we'll find out what this Troy is really up to, if it's antithesis, if it is Troy from another world. I'm guessing we'll find out that in Titans number nine twenty. <laughs> I'm telling you, we'll never find out, and when we do, it'll just be thrown in at the end of an issue. And you said. I understand the concept of comics. You do have, you know, you have a beginning, you have a middle section, you have a cliffhanger. But this book, every issue, like you said, is, you know, they're together at the beginning, a extended fight scene cliffhanger. It seems yeah. like that's all there is, and it's getting boring to me. It's getting really, really boring. Uh, I had a guy on Twitter and asked me because he said, hey, I dropped the Titans uh, book because it wasn't doing much. It wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. How is this? Should I jump on them? No. If that's why you dropped off of it, no. Don't get on now because you, now what I'll tell you, you, you might be able to because not much has happened since. You'd go, okay, I, I get it. You know, I'm telling you, just, the one thing I am excited for because while this Troya just showing up, it does. It, like right now, it doesn't do anything for me. This is the idea of Troya being the freaking big bad. Yeah. Just me hoping that we do some work on Donna Troy herself to make her yeah. continuity make sense. Do something to make everything make sense for Donna Troy to be here. Her freaking like what she's been up to. Give me a goddamn arc just about Donna Troy. Make it make sense to me. I'd be happy with that. And the only thing I could say I might be happy about this whole thing is that Troya being here might lead to that. Yeah, maybe, maybe, but we'll see. What did know. you give it? What did you I give it? I'm telling you, I maybe went a little bit high because uh, I do love the art, and I'm telling you, yeah. uh, the Kid Flash in this issue, it really makes me excited because that's something I didn't think about, and I think that'd be cool for I want to see Wally and Kid Flash hang yeah, out like more. Yeah. But, like, we are finally past this whole Clay bit where we finally see that Clay is Troya, the big bad, so at least we got somewhere. I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. I feel like I'm trying to justify myself. That's well, fine. The art I, 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 I'm going to give it a 6, and it's it's all for art. It really is. It's going to kind of go hand-in-hand hand with the next book as well uh, because, yeah, there's just not a lot going on. It, it is one of those that it's kind of like a, I don't know, we, we used to have the joke, the Dan Abnett 7. Yeah. It's like the Dan Abnett 6 now because not yeah. much is happening. It is not offensive. Uh, maybe a little that, you know, things that you thought were really important get thrown out out of nowhere, like, you know, Bumblebee getting her memories back just because they want more anguish when you could have had that from step one. Uh, but other than that, it, it doesn't offend me. It just it's not that exciting. I, I, I can't say I'm going to look forward to it. Shit, but fucking Carrie get her memories back. Oh, my God, that's the goddamn thing that breaks the doorway down. She's a very emotional person, Eric. She ended up getting those memories back, and and she lost her goddamn mind. Oh my I guess God, but I'm that a opened it up. Mother, I haven't seen my baby yeah. since she was born. Yeah, that baby. But yeah, we're going to move on to the next book, and that is Trinity number 14. Written by Rob Williams, art by V. Ken Marion, Sandu Fleuret, 
Dine Ribeiro or oh, Dan yeah. Dini? I, I don't know. I don't. It's D I N E I Dini Ribeiro. <laughs> Steve wants. I don't know why I'm held up on that goddamn name. Uh, Rob Williams uses this issue to get things into place for the finale. And while I can't say enough about the Ken Marion's art, the story fell a bit flat. We do get to see Cersei's uh, selfish plan, but it's not really a shock that she's in it for herself. And did I mention that I love the art, Eric? I, I do yeah. love the art. I really, I really think that V Ken should go off. Stop, you know, stop wasting time drawing me and you, and go off and be on a team book, like I'm even like you. a JLA. Teen, Tit- teen Titans. Yeah, Teen mind. Titans would be great. Uh, even like a Justice League. He really is good with these multiple characters. I think that. His Wonder Woman in this book is awesome. I, oh, I really, really like his Wonder Woman. And he, he does – he seems to be having fun with these, like, creeped-out versions of, of Superman and stuff like that. But, yeah, the, the problem I have with it is not a lot happens. This is another one of those issues where it, this one, at least I see that pieces of the puzzle are being put into place. But see, to do that, it seems rushed and a little you, forced. You see that. You see pieces of the puzzle being put into place. I see pieces of the puzzle being taken away because well, now it seems that the whole lead up to this story, everything we had, it doesn't make sense well, that anymore is, because but we, we saw the I'm telling you, we've gotten past that before. I know I'm you're saying, saying that, the prophecy and stuff. We saw the prophecy on the wall. When we first saw the Pandora pits, we saw freaking Lex, Roz, and Cersei freaking carved on the wall. We then later yeah. saw freaking Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman being fucking executed in another cave painting. But now – all this stuff, because as soon as we move the uh, the Pandora pits from where they were to this Himalayas or fucking wherever we are that freaking Cersei has yeah. them now, things have completely changed. Oh, the they whole have. I actually think now. that it works out. I'm going to explain to you, Eric, that it might work out because when they have this beginning, you do get a kind of an origin story of pits Cersei. and yeah. Cersei and that she had lost her soul. She's been searching for this. I do think there was a prophecy. I think that that prophecy has been ditched by Cersei herself, mainly because Lex left. I mean, yeah. that right away. But I, I mean, do think that now there is a prophecy. I do believe that if she had Lex with her and you had Raish and her, they could have this whole prophecy of an army coming. By that beginning, it's Rob Williams showing us that she doesn't care about that prophecy anyway. All she's doing is try to help herself, and I do think that the pits can do that. It's not going to do exactly what they the prophecy was. The whole prophecy was an army that would take over the world. I think that this issue points out that that's not even her concern anymore. She's in it to see if she can get her soul back. That's it. And oh, she I thinks know. that yeah, if she can throw thing, that though, in. Like, in order to open these Pandora pits, you need the Trinity. It seemed like a whole idea of having the Trinity as sacrifices as the Dark Trinity, if you want to call them that. Like not the outlaws, but they actually like Lex Luthor, Rachel Ghul, and Cersei yeah. are the ones who are sacrificing them. They can open the gateways to hell, which Cersei yeah, wants. Yeah, I don't to think she wants that back. now. I don't. Yeah, but I don't think that she wants that full-out prophecy of getting this army from hell, and that's the actual real prophecy. Well, right now, it seems like they already have an army from hell. Well, that's the thing is she's already gotten one of the trinities in there, and they are out fighting. But it seems like she just points out, "I'm going to try to open every portal to get my soul back," and that this is the way you throw the actual trinity. That power will open up, and she could see if her soul is. I don't think that this is anything to do with that original prophecy. She fooled Raish into. The 
you know, helping her up until this point with that. And I do think that maybe something got wonky along the way where Lex was supposed to be involved and nobody told Rob Williams that Lex is a good guy at the moment. So you couldn't do that. But and I, I thought that it was okay. Too, it did, like when uh, was it Rob Williams who got him out? Because I either think Colin Bunn started the story. Yeah, he off started he it, but then he Lex, just like, had that. That was just going to be a regular story. And from I actually heard from Colin Bunn himself said he didn't think this was going to continue and was never told it was going to continue. So it was picked up. Who knows how long ago that story was I'm written just saying, and done. It just feels from where we started to where we are now that something was lost in translation yeah. and it's not. No, I think it was Lex. I think it was all Lex. They even had a chance because they had Jason Blood and they didn't get him involved either. He kind of went off and, and helped out, you know, and, and got and out of there. And became a gigantic demon that was unbound. Yeah. Yeah, but from then, Rob Williams picked it up fully, and we're going with this. But, yeah, it really is just Cersei trying to find a way to get her soul back. And it nothing to do with that full-out prophecy anymore. She's just going to do what she's got to do. But what she needs is the power of the Trinity, and that's where she has Dead Man in Superman fighting along with Jason Todd and uh, Bizarro. And, you know, they have Jason Todd. He is kind of contained at this point. Uh, Superman and Bizarro are are ripping through Wonder Woman and Batman. And then Batman basically says, I got to go off and figure out where these guys are from. I don't know. She got knocked out at one point, I thought. But, yeah, she's out for the the count. I do see, and I told you that V. Ken definitely put you back in this issue. At one point, you see your sorry ass running. And it's funny. This one woman is in front of you. You look about to knock her off. Knock her over into the demons to get the hell out of there. That's how I roll. Yes. And actually... I, I don't know if you think so as well, but later I believe you were hiding behind a car as well. <laughs> it looked like you all pointed out. But they're wondering where Constantine is while this is going on, and then Batman's like, I got to figure out science. Actually, Wonder Woman says, you got to figure out something. You're the world's greatest detective. And I like this line a lot where Batman's like, magic isn't my – he's like, you know, magic isn't my thing. I don't know. Yeah. And she says, listen – if it's your IQ against magic, I know where my money's at. And then if they had the extra panel, it's on the magic. Eric, she she just didn't want to upset him though. No, she she wants him to go, and they're gonna go off to the Batcave with Jason Todd to figure it out. In the meantime, it looks like Batman has some other ideas. But you have left is Superman and Bizarro. Wonder Woman draws a, a pretty much legitimately draws a line in the sand and says, yeah. you know, you cross this, you're done. Gotham's under my protection. I think Wonder Woman looks incredible in this I, i'm saying wonder woman in my mind looks the best out of yeah. any character in this and i love yeah, weekends are but wonder yeah. woman is the standout just character looks just so looks so good amazing. especially when she says so swears diana themiscara just looks great and uh I while think the best looking panel for her is when she hits superman and says enough really i i, I like it the whole time when i'm time. hiding behind I the car really there. really like it. i okay i didn't get to that i'm still i'm still looking at you pushing that woman out of the way you're about to push <laughs> but yeah it's just when bizarro then is first in this book then this is bizarro you have superman there and bizarro wonder woman draws the line bizarro says the pits shall have their feast on all the mortal souls of this world all yes right. There's Bizarro that we the Bizarro. There's no Bizarro talk anymore. And the problem is, is I heard some people and some people argued with me and said, well, listen, a demonized version of Bizarro might say that. The problem is when we first saw Bizarro before he hit the pits, he was talking nonsense. So it didn't work. We even tried to go with it because when we first saw Bizarro, he was possessed. We then went to a flashback where before he was possessed. And he we could have gone with the whole thing, but they had Bizarro talk there, and he was doing the backwards talk. Yeah. I'm like, you goddamn it. Yeah, and when this started and had this, where Bizarro says about the pits, I'm like, 
Okay, Rob. Rob actually got a note, or he realized. I'm like, this is good. You know, I'll forgive him if he yeah. goes full out. Yeah, you know, and uh, Bizarro gets back to that. But in the meantime, the Batmobile shows up. Ow, Batman presses does that some mean things. No hurt. I'm like, okay, yeah. it's fucking wrong turn. Yep, that, that's what he is. Bizarro talk is wrong turn. Uh, he uh, Batman signals the Batmobile, and it looks awesome. He jumps in with Jason Todd. Jason Todd's talking some shit to him. Batman's going to get a little sample of where Jason – he's trying to figure out where you know Cersei is and where these pits are. In the meantime, he's also going to plan – it looks like he wants to kill them at the end, but I believe he's just saying the demon Yeah, version, I'm telling you, it's obviously. one of those things where you have to kill them to save them. Yes, you yeah, kill yeah. them to drive the demon out, then you can the bring them back The demon goes out and then like bring that. them back. That's what I think as well. Then we go off to Cersei and Constantine. Constantine's just there bleeding out like we left him, and there's Zatanna. And it was weird because I really swear that Zatanna had come out of those pits already, demonized. But she maybe was. She, she was with Deadman. Yeah. I could have sworn. Yeah. I'm sorry. Why is Deadman so a freaking too. demon? But like Zatanna was in the pits She's as well. Not. She, she just seems the- to be just hovering and, and catatonic at this point. And there's Cersei shows up and basically like, listen, you told me that dead men possessing Superman would get me what I want. I think that you're a liar. You know, I said I'd heal you if you aided me. Now, we already realized. And to me, I never thought that she was going to. At one point, she he was bleeding out. She told Ray, throw him out there with the animan and we'll just go with that. What the animan? I don't know. They're outside. They're guarding the place. Like, everybody's uh, just like, it's all kind of willy-nilly, this whole story. Yeah. I'm telling you, nothing comes together in the end of any of these. Yeah, so while this is going on, he is bleeding out. Constantine, like he does, he starts talking shit and says, you know what? I know what's going on. Basically, you're getting old, you're getting ugly, you don't got a soul. I know what it's like to lose a soul, and you, you're hurting. You know, don't give me this goddamn prophecy Mumbo jumbo, I know what you're doing. This is all for you. And Cersei's just like, how insightful and reaches into his fucking wound and like goes and like, oh, it's too bad you'll be dead soon. And all of a sudden the blood starts pulling up into him and he's not bleeding out anymore. He's actually regaining his blood. And she says impossible. And I wanna slap fucking Constantine right in his goddamn face because he's healing because Zatanna isn't catatonic. She's actually fought through this and is actually healing Constantine. Why would he bring this up? Why would he say this? Because there's Zatanna. There's no way. Cersei doesn't seem to be able to figure it out herself. And he's like, hey, you know, it's magic, isn't it? Yeah, that's what she does. He throws her right under the goddamn bus. Hey, puts things in reverse. She's not catatonic, but I'm saying she's aware of everything around her. She just can't fucking move. she can't and move. because Constantine points us out, then freaking, you know, uh, Cersei, she stabs it. Uh, she puts a knife right in the knife fucking Zatanna's guts. Yep, and then puts her into the pit. There you yeah. go. You fucked her. Why did you say that? I like it. It's like, yeah, you know what? She saved me. Zatanna, right over there. You know. She's there. She's in the magician cut right behind you. Yeah, that's her. Oh, no, no. Don't touch her. I'm like, really? It's 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 past that point, Constantine. Why did you say anything? The next thing you know, if she had the power right now to be able to do that, I do think that Constantine and Zatanna could have brought Cersei down. Yep. But no, no, it doesn't happen because then she just buries her in the pits. She comes out as a demon. Looks awesome. I mean, looks hideous, but looks yeah. awesome. Heads off uh, to Gotham and then ends up pulling dead men out of Superman. I don't 
really get what's really going on there because to me you already have captured superman with dead men bring dead men back to the pits through the portal and then get him out of there well, I'm but telling you, this, this whole thing is weird because she opens up a portal she comes out and it seems it starts acting like a fucking black hole so yeah it pulls dead man out of superman it pulls yep. the demon out of dead man so all everybody's just getting sucked into this portal so yep. they can all just become like yeah shot right into the freaking pits so the thing can be done with yeah yeah and that's what happens and it's it's weird because yeah dead man goes him first and you don't even know what happens to him but you have superman and wonder woman getting pulled in and then that's where she ends up like snapping her fingers the portal closes and satana says just one left the one with no powers obviously batman and we go to the bat cave and that's where you know jason todd is tied up uh and he's like hey you know what you think science is going to save you all this evil you know you know what you have your nightmares it kind of has a weird feel like metal, metal is involved it. but it, it isn't the nightmare aspect. but it does have a weird feel towards that uh and then there's batman just has a syringe and that's it's funny because jason's talking all sorts of shit until he sees that syringe yeah. hey What's up what, that syringe what are you doing guy? with that and that's when bizarro comes busting in and he's demon bizarro am not here and your soul shall not be eaten i'm used Son of a bitch! Why did you go that far? You you had it going well, but yeah, Batman just pulls out a fucking pulls big out ass a fucking big gun. ass yeah ray gun. Shoots him. Yep, shoots him. He goes down, and then that's where Demon Jason Todd is like, "Wait, don't!" And then you see him about to like go in with the syringe and a Batman, and then you get Raish with a little. All of a sudden, you haven't seen Raish, but you get a narration. He's like, "You know what? All good in this world shall be lost. All the heroes will fall into darkness." And he's just looking into the pits, realizing that he's been played like a sucker, yeah. like a goddamn fiddle. And he's like, "You know what? Luther refused you. Then the Trinity sacrifice falls apart. You." talk of dark trinities magical trinities riddles inventions and he realized he's been duped and he's like now this isn't going to work and then calls out cersei and says you know i want the truth i want to know what's going to happen here what are you trying to do and that's where cersei's like just basically like you know what yeah there is a prophecy here a truth unavoidable would you like to hear it and then pushes him in the pit and she says i'm alone but soon i shall be whole again the world shall be my sacrifice so yeah i i, is that the I can go with it I can go with that's her prophecy telling him there. I can go with the whole fact that the prophecy was mumbo jumbo and she just went with it. I, if it turns around at the end that we see that she went down in this place and fucking a chisel and hammer and chiseled out those releases. Like, see, look at these cave paintings. Look at them. The Maybe is, that was the case. It's so weird because that was in one location and then she took. I know the she they, they moved the location. Pits. Yeah, but maybe she went. Maybe she fucking faked the evidence. I told you if I was going to be an archaeologist like i wanted to you know damn well i would have faked some evidence so i could go with her it's just the whole thing too she's a cheater these these dark trinity characters were fucking you know they were talked to in their dreams they were all summoned to this place by cersei maybe i I don't know we'll see we'll see if it all adds up from where we started in this book it just kind of like all right cullen bun did this well i gotta take this over well, it did. It was with, disjointed. So it seemed like it there. wasn't even going to go. Then it was another issue. Then it waited three months to get back. Yeah. And it was disjointed. So things obviously had changed. So I don't know. But I actually, uh, you probably think I, I'm freaking ridiculous. I like the art so much. And well, like even like the Titans and stuff, I'm going seven. What would you give it? I'm telling you, just because none of the story really adds up to me, even Zatanna not being a demon, even though we had this whole thing where her and Dead Man were hovering over the pits, like they had come out of the pits because they were swallowed yeah. by Red Hood. Now that she's fine, until she's not, and like we have to do this whole thing, like I don't understand that what any of this stuff is going on because people get in the pits, they're demons, 
and then they go and possess people. But I, I just don't understand what the story's trying to do anymore. Besides, for now telling me Cersei just wants her soul back. That's all we're worrying about now. Yeah. So because yeah. of this, and I because and like even though I love the art uh, so much, the Trinity. This this you whole don't thing have to apologize like to V Ken anymore. He's just ain't gonna put you in a book anymore, Eric. Oh, You're gonna break his heart. Ken, but I, I give it a five point five out of ten. All right. Uh, the one thing I do have to say. It's weird, like of any book in in the whole rebirth, Trinity has had this weird disjointed deal throughout its whole existence. Nice it stop. really, it, it really is an odd book to follow. But like even that first arc with Mongo and Poison Ivy, that was a fucking hard arc to follow because yeah. nothing made sense. Yep, I agree. I agree, Eric. But we're gonna finish off the podcast with another book that I think goes nowhere. It really is. I need and it's a more hard of book these for me books. To follow as well. I need more of these. I need more I from to, these books recently. I I, this week, DC's like, all right, we're gonna put out a bunch of books just to make Eric look fucking retarded. Yeah, I actually just, and not even that. I think it's like we're just gonna throw out a lot of books, and everybody sat there and like, listen, there something hit. There, there is a new villain called Writer's Block, and oh, no. he had it. He was at the DC office and fucking spread his goddamn block virus well, and nobody could come up with something in DC came around but he was also paired up with Deadline he was at Deadline and also the other uh, villain of the trio Cliffhanger okay. uh, so basically they all sat and said listen can we take a week off I, we don't have shit going on writer's block just attacked us and DC's like oh no, oh, no. <laughs> you guys don't have get you met a week our off Deadline dun, yeah, have, dun, you dun. Met, have you met the full out villain of this whole thing the editor, boom, boom, boom. There you go. And it's just, it is Super Sons. If you are playing at home, you would realize that's the last book we have. Super Sons number nine, written by Peter J. Tomasi, art by Jorge Jimenez, Carmine D.G. DeMonico, Alejandro Sanchez, Ivan Placenci, and Rob Lee. The Planet of Capes comes to an end with a rushed ending that has me wondering if I even like this book anymore. The art is great, but I, like I said in my review, the charm of Damien and John can only go so far. And that, that ship has sailed. I need some better stories. I need some substance to this book. You can't have them hamming for the camera constantly and me get all gaga because they're cute little kids and, and going with these jokes because it's nonsense. This book has a – it's flawed. It really is, and it's really being exposed. We're on issue number nine, and I even talked to the guy on the site, and he had kind of – Mike N, and he said, uh, you know, I like this book. There is a – he thinks there's a lot going on. I just I think that everything that we've got, we had Kid Amazo and Cracklow. These are both unfor forgettable stories and really nothing that I enjoyed. And yeah, I have bits and pieces of this where I'll be like, okay, this is going on. I kind of liked it. I liked when they first got to this, you know, Yagers Gaster girl, what Gardas? I guess it is Yagardas maybe. Yeah. But this living planet, I did like Deadline and, and Big Shot or Hardline and Big Shot. Uh, now you got me with the deadline. But uh, I did like them, but now this almost ends up almost like a Titans-esque type thing that we talked about at the beginning of the section where all of a sudden you're just throwing out shit and then it's over. And yeah, it's like you have this huge threat. You have Damien and John fighting a planet, a planet, Eric, that actually can make clay constructs and basically it's just shoved aside at the last second and then everything's fine. And then it's almost like, hey, we should look into that later. And I'm no, telling you, no. man, you're talking about how great the art is. I think the art is great for the first two pages, and then it 
is gone because well, I think Carmine the, Di Giamatico yeah, comes the, in. Carmine Di Giamatico does come in. in I still mind. like it. I still really like it, but no, it's not Jorge Jimenez. Uh, obviously, something happened with him that he couldn't continue. I still like it. I, I like Carmine Di Giamatico's art, and I actually thought it looked okay because for the most part, it's these clay fucking things going on and stuff like that, but I, I still did like it. Uh, it's not as good as Jorge Jimenez. The, no, the first couple Jorge. pages look great, but yeah, you you go and you have them fighting Yagardis and he's talking trash and basically th- there's nothing to this. I'm telling you, when did when did freaking Crackwell of our world wind up in this world? We didn't know. Sworn- he he we thought that he might have been there at one point, but it was never shown. Now what I didn't I thought know, they beat him up and he was arrested or taken away. No, they just beat him up and went through that portal at that one point. Well, I, what I happened forget to him what at happened at the end of that thing because didn't they set, take him away to be arrested? Yeah, I didn't think they took him away. I think that they just got stuffed through. I I don't know. Because I can't it was remember. after the fact, like all of the Teen Titans had left then. Yeah, maybe and they were maybe that's what happened. Clay, and that's when they got pulled into the portal. Yeah, they were in that other deal. Maybe you're right. I, so don't I just know don't how know why Crackwell of our world, who we have gotten taken care of, telling you, all, I, all even the Agardis. You you explain why he's there. I still don't like it. Because he's just there, he tells his, you know, his backstory of himself, and also with him in this, he just keeps saying, like, I did this, I did, oh, it wasn't me, but it was the other me, and I did that, I'm like, I really don't care, and I, I don't care one bit. you're doing this whole thing, for one, uh, at one point I'm telling you, when they talk about, oh, it's the crack all of our world, I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense, so this has to be some kind of ruse, but it's yeah. never a ruse, well, and, and all and, of a sudden, crack all realizes, well, I wanted to be this big shot who did this magic, but it didn't work out until the crack well of your world gave me the clay and I did all this. And now I'm here, though, and these people with a like, hard line of dead big shot. shot. They're actually clay constructs that were created. And so that's what's funny. Real. He even kind of says like they're clay constructs that I made, but he does he he means his other ver- it's just nonsense. But what really is the whole deal is Yagardas, the living planet, says, Okay, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna open a portal and allow you guys to go home, Damien and John, because I'm gonna follow and eat your world. Hey yeah. Cracklow, come and help me do this. Oh, okay, I will. And then you have the whole thing where these where Hardline and and uh, Big Shot, they ended up like, oh, my God, we're just clay. I thought we had memories. And there's a, a hokey, you know, oh, that makes you better because we give you memories. But you don't think it didn't make any I'm sense. Telling you, but- I like John's dialogue in this week because he is like almost trying to emulate his father. Superman he is. Give the hope to everybody. His, and his that's where, you know. I actually really like in this well, book. Well, and they the say, what should I we like. do? Do your best. And that's what Cracklow then says with a little wink, and we realize that he is a good guy because at one point he's with the Agardas, and he's kind of, okay, master, okay. And you get the idea, oh, God damn it, because he's like, I'm going to go back, and I'm going to be the biggest thing that anybody – that seems to be his whole thing. Yeah. And you know, he's almost like Abracadabra where he wants to be known and th- this whole thing. But, wh- but while this goes on – uh, I, it's, you like the John, that is good, but it's weird too because Yagardis shows up and he's like, get the man child. I'm like, why is John the man child? I don't want to know why. Like, <laughs> like is it just because he's taller than the other yeah, people? Yeah, that I, seemed, man it child. seemed like, really I don't odd. understand. I'm like, he's not playing with his He-Man figures there on this Fuck fucking you, Saturday man. night. <laughs> but yeah, you even have like, and that's where John's like, my name is not Manchild. My name is Superboy. Yeah, and that, then they start a fighting. This a bit of dialogue. I'm talking about when John monologue yeah. talking about hope. Best part of the book. Don't yeah, open your mouth other than that, John. Keep and quiet. And then Damien says, 
Aim for Yagardis's head. That'll loosen. I'm like, well, what? All and then he has like, is that big head and yeah. these tendrils. Yeah, yeah. That'll loosen. You know, they're like, big head, up. but also, he's also the fucking planet. Yeah. And then, the, the, you know, then you have Cracklaw and he says, like, listen, keep the super one down. He is their only true power. The feisty one considers himself the master planner, little threat alone. And he's like, and the other two, they're just memories soon to be forgotten. I'm like, I don't even. And then you see Yagardis looks like he's been fucking beat to shit. I don't even know what's going on. And like, hey, I'll lead you to their world and feed uh, to feed and find your stolen clay so you may conquer countless more. So he makes this portal. It's all through this but really of all this i don't know why he why, just i guess he had this turn portals? this is what i'm asking like why magician. didn't he just why didn't he just go and open a portal and just all of them go through you know what i mean like but what happens is they end up subduing Yagardis while john spell. and damien go through that and they're going to they can only do this this cracklow ends up being this crazy powerful magician even though he's not even from this world he does this where he subdues Ugardus that is now going to be underneath dormant beneath the planet even though he is the planet and Cracklow is going to go with Hardline and Big Shot and they are going to go and create an army so that when he rises again they can fight him <laughs> and John and Damien are, are in their own world you know case closed there you go because they tricked him with this goddamn fucking portal and it's just it is complete and utter nonsense it really <laughs> is Back to Metropolis hours later where they talk about their adventures to Superman who's getting ready for work. Yeah, and he's getting ready for work, and there is the continuation of the Damien's the short one, which I like. I actually like. And this is where I think that we go back to Jorge Jimenez again. Uh, it is definitely his art at the end. Oh, yeah. So, it does yeah. get better again at the end. I was going to say that, but I wasn't going to scroll to the end because I, I thought it got yeah. better, but I couldn't yeah, it remember. Yeah, does. it does. And they're, they're eating uh, breakfast. Uh, it looks like they're having pancakes or yeah. whatever. And, uh, you know, you have Superman who he can't just drink a goddamn cup of coffee he's got to heat it up with the heat vision but also he says listen well, damien Jim, just like you he likes hot coffee he likes it hot i do like it hot but uh there's where damien's Some like hey hot. can i get a cup of coffee too super dad he's like now nah, i heard it stunts your growth and you need all the help you can get and he says, like, john, okay. he like freaking he throws john, yeah. Like, john oh yeah he throws him on the bus but i'm like i thought it was okay but i gotta be like this, this it's the one joke we just keep going also while they're eating you have uh, them, like that's uh, my Superman. joke to go to with you. I don't even use it as much as this book. Yeah, Superman's like, hey, listen, uh, Damien, you know, both of you, do the dishes when you're done. He's like, I don't do dishes. You will now. And then they go off, and Damien picks up a piece of what they're eating, and I have no idea what it is now. I'm telling it, you, it's it, got to be a pancake with syrup all over it. It doesn't look like that, though. It looks really weird. Uh, but they're looking at that and like, hey, uh, John's like, you think of what I'm thinking. And he's like, yeah. And then they start going, and they're like, yeah, one, you give good speeches, and two, I hope you're they're all okay. And I'm like, okay, that was okay ending. And the thing but, is, we go off, and we see this freaking, you know, yeah, Batman we see Superman them doing symbol it. being made, and I think they're yeah, doing like something, the composite but no, it's back thing. in the other dimension. So what were they doing? Did they go off to fight some more crime? Yeah, I, I don't know. They're doing that, but yeah, you go back to this other world, and you have, I don't know how they're getting that bat kind of deal from Robin, but you, you're no, going with you, it. you never yeah. see that bat symbol anywhere. No, that's what I'm saying. They're kind of going with told it. Them. I don't know why they're going with it, but they go with it, and yeah, maybe Cracklaw did tell them, but they're, they're making this army, and they're gathering this thing with these little kids that have been made of clay, and they're going to train them to fight Cracklaw. I'm looking, and you do get like almost a Wonder Woman. You almost 
almost get a Superman. You almost, you know what I mean. Even one little kid on the the right look side looks like the Vulcan. Flash a little uh, at the beginning. Maybe that's like a Black Lightning type deal. You you kind of get the V on. It's just like, are they going with the Black Vulcan Superman? Yeah, maybe. Character? But I, I'm telling you, it does look like they're little amalgams of them, and I think they look awesome. I think that looks cool, awesome. Cracklow is going to go through them like a hot knife through butter. Oh, yeah. They are all, done. Cracklow, fucking out. Uh, not Cracklow. No, yeah, you guard us. Yeah, they they're dead. They because are completely it's their, dead. It's his clay. He's just going to fucking consume them. Yeah, and it's like you have Cracklaw giving. And that's what threw me off. You have Cracklaw giving the final deal of kind of like what's a villain, what's a hero. It's okay. I I don't want to see them again. I, I think that these, these kids there look great. I think they look cool. I have a feeling we're going to get something in an annual or a one-shot where we do go back. I hope we don't. You even have a weird thing where when Superman is talking to John and Damien, and hey, Dad, did you find out about Crackle? Yeah, I looked through the things. I looked through, you know, the Justice League fucking files. Database, I didn't see yeah. anything. Yeah, I didn't. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And then, hey, I talked to Constantine. It's such a weird ending. Uh, but yeah, the whole bat symbol threw me off. <laughs> like, where did they see that? But yeah, it just, to me, this book this issue especially it's just it just finished to finish you know this arc ended just because it had to end and, and it, it went on way too long and it was the not interesting, interesting part we had was fucking two issues ago and just when the teen titans and them were working together to take no. down crack yeah and there's a lot villains. of things that john and damien can do this was not fun it really no. wasn't and before that kid amazo wasn't fun so nope. why are you getting two of the most fun characters that you can grab and get peter tomasi who we love we really like him what and is Jorge he doing Menace. yeah what is he doing but uh i give it a 5.5 i i really didn't like it i i told you i did like the art i even like carmen d giamonico's art it, it couldn't it save me from liking this book i read it the first time I actually had to stop and read it again, thinking, the fuck just happened? Like, yeah. that was how bad it was. Well, that even I thought, Crackle like, being there from our world doesn't make any sense, it seems like, from where we left him yeah. off in this arc. I could be wrong, but I'm well, pretty no, sure I'm not. No, I think you're right. And the problem is because this issue, this this was only like four-issue arc. It's yeah. I, I, It seems like it was 15. It just <laughs> kept going. At one point when they went to Yagardas, I actually thought that we were starting a new story. We just continued this Crackle nonsense. Uh, what would you give it? 4.9 out of 10. 4.9 out of 10, Eric Shea. What do you give your book of the week, Eric? My book of the week is Superman number 33, which was not on this podcast. Yeah, mine was too. Mine is Superman. Again, we're not trying to push the Patreon, but uh, you know, I will. If you want to yeah. go re hear our review and how much we did like that, go over to, to our patreon.com slash weird science and you can listen to that among other shows. Check it out. I, I'll mention again, I usually try to mention that when you go and sign up, you are not charged immediately. So you can kind of go and see how things are. And then by the end of the month, before the next month start, you can decide if it was worth it and if you want to continue with that but that being said eric you want to hear what we're going to talk about next week of course I listen do, to Jim. these books eric we have action comics number 990 we're getting close to that thousand oh, yeah. uh we have that so you're looking forward to that you like that action comics there eric Shea? thing is you like I, that? i'm not really looking that forward to it because it's just this jarell freaking mr ross yeah. stuff and it's really going nowhere unless yeah, we deal more with the agents of oz I That's the only part I care about right now. Well, we also have a Batgirl number 16. We have Batman Beyond number 13, which I believe is the Bernard Chang full-out issue written and is. art. We have Batman the Merciless 
number one, Eric, and that's by Peter J. Tomasi. The Merciless. The Merciless. Blue Beetle Which number one 14. Is that? is that the Wonder Woman one? I don't know. I believe I'm that's looking. The, the, the Hades looking. I mean, uh, the Ares looking one. Yeah, no, it, it does look like it. Yeah, it Ares. does. I'm, look, I'm trying to squint to see the cover it does. We have uh, Christopher, Christopher Sabella's first issue of Blue Beetle. So right. I'm looking forward I'm looking to that. Forward to see that. how that is. Uh, we have the no DC. No more Justice League 3001 nonsense. Nope. We have the DC House of Horror, number one, Eric. We're going to have to discuss that, see who's doing that, and see if we're going to put it on the podcast. We'll, we'll discuss that later, but I think we will put it on there. Detective Comics, number 967. We'll see more of the uh, Tim Drake of Tomorrow possibly killing Adam Batwoman. Dunning, that was my book I don't think it's going to happen. Week, so I, I'm all about that uh, whole thing. Something tells me he's not going to kill Batwoman. I don't know what it is, Eric. I just have a hunch. Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, number 31. That continues that nonsense with Sinestro, right? I, I'm telling you, that book goes nowhere. It, I, that's I'm another even trying one. to remember what happened. I know Superman yeah. showed up, and then and, it wasn't and freaking remember, Parallax. Uh, and Parallax then, oh, was yeah, in we had Superman. Freaking, uh, we had fucking Hector Hammond at the end. With the Croatoa. That is true. We are laughing. Uh, Eric, we have Hellblazer number 15. I'll get some Uh, fucking magical dwarves, man. I'm just going to start yelling about that right now. Uh, fucking here we go a new version of the gin eric i'll say it now i'll repeat myself ad nauseum next week we have uh just league of america number 17 more of the crisis in the microverse the panic possibly in the, microverse? At the end uh, i think it's crisis in the microverse now i think it's set right. that at the other i don't know nightwing the new order number three so we always like that Love so that that's book. good we have suicide squad number 28 teen titans number 13 the flash number 33 eric shea the commodity challenge number 10 that's greg poxish you uh the rough and ready show number one get the hell out of here i believe jeremy's going to be doing that so he'll probably have his own audio review so it'll be on there he's looking forward to the rough and ready show rough and readier and wonder woman number 33 hopefully we'll see some more of that sexy jason doing more of his sexy stuff eric shea the podcast is over congratulations you made it through the podcast once again uh what was your highlight of the week what was your favorite part of the podcast eric you saying Eric Shea nonstop, you keep, it's like your trigger word this week. You didn't stop I saying always say Eric that. Shea all night. I always say that. Every time I, I probably mention your name twice in everything of all. I, you have to listen to the podcast to hear how much I say that. Every For some almost, reason, I don't know why it really stood out to me this week. You must this not episode. listen because every, uh, every time I do a blurb for the thing, I always mention your name. I mention it every time, every <laughs> single time. But yeah, that so that is your that's your big thing. All you're like saying that for. You're only saying that because you want that to be in the title of the episode. It's yeah. going to be a, a episode 146 DC Comics Batman and Eric Shea. And we better have that new freaking intro, the Eric Shea intro. No, I lost that. I couldn't find it, so we won't have that. But I will also tell you, for everybody listening, uh, stick around because after the party's over, oh, that's right. there is more. That's that's when actually the party's over, Eric, and that's when the fun really begins because Andy and Abby are going to have their – time for this, the after party. This, uh, this day in Superman history that's coming up, and yes, that is the after party. I usually forget to mention it because by this point, I have checked out, and I'm already like half <laughs> off the chair running downstairs. All I have to do is hit the stop button. But yeah, I do want to mention, you know, stick around for that. They have an extra long episode. I think it's cool as hell. So yeah, stick around. But what else do we say at the end? Eric Shea. 
Everybody have a great week. Eric. Keep it weird, and we'll Shea. see you in seven. Eric Shea. Oh, there he goes. Now, what you've been waiting for. In association with Weird Science. This week in Superman history. Welcome everyone to another episode of This Week in Superman History. I am your host, Lori Andy, and joining me is my new co-host, Lady Abby. Hello. Coming from the land of Cleve, first the homeland of Superman. But uh, Lady Abby here is a Marvel fan, so yes. I still still forgive her though. So anyways, she's excited. We're going to probably go with a different format next week and uh, start our own little new shit. But right now, we're discussing Action Comics. Number 853 from October, October 2007. So it's 10 years ago this day. Well, not this exact day. But uh, yeah, it's written by Kurt Busiek. Art and cover by Brad Walker and John Livesay. Livesay. The Countdown Tie-In Trilogy continues with the Kryptonite Man on the Loose. Mr. Action, which is also Jimmy Olsen. This is when Jimmy Olsen got superpowers. And they don't really explain it yet how he did. But he basically can do anything between like... Beast Boy, or the Human Torch, or Mr. Plastic, and it's very interesting, and we all love Jimmy Olsen, because he is Superman's pal, right? Sure. Okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, the going price at the time was two ninety nine, so not far from today. That's pretty good for 10 years ago. Uh, and we'll jump in right now by describing the cover, which is kind of a ridiculous image. We have a, what did you say, he looks like Namor, he's green like the hawk, and he's kind of grappling Superman by his breasts, and his face is catching him off guard. I'm not a big fan of the art, but... Um, the face Superman is making looks like when he opens his breasts. I, I think so. For sure. I think so. And it's kryptonite, so it's kind of like a... Probably like erotic asphyxiation. Yeah, right? for yeah. sure. He's into that. Yeah, and uh, in the forefront, there's two fists, which is Action Man or Action Kid, or what is it again? What did I say it was? Mr. Action! And he's flying into the action. He's very... Yeah. Actionated. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's jump into it, though, with page one where we open up at the Metropolis Zoo. We're still trying to figure out how we're going to read this off. I want Abby to play Jimmy Olsen. But, uh, I'll read Jimmy Olsen. It is a lot of dialogue. I will, I will attempt to read Jimmy Olsen. I apologize. Olsen, that way. My little boy voice is not as good as my manly voice. That's so true. I guess we'll see how Actually, it goes. Maybe you should listen, man. There we go. Right. Okay, well, we're at the Metropolis Zoo, and there's a guy... In an orange suit, I'm guessing he like works at the zoo. He's like, I still can't believe it. They, they're dead. They're all dead. Every primate we had, every ape, monkey, lemur, all of them, we found them like that in their cages and their enclosures. This morning, the staff vets said it was like they've been baked. Kryptonium radiation. Who could do such an uh, awful thing? Who? How we go to Strikers Island, the maximum security correctional facility? And it sounds like there's a like a guy just barking and yelling. That's him, right? Is that's like a him. Clean ape? Yeah, yeah. He's going and then and then someone's yelling, "What on earth?" And then we go to the next page. The monkey, the lab monkey. We tested the apparatus on. It must have been drawn to me. Sense the similarity in the kryptonite. Yeah, kryptonite radiation within us both. Ree, ree, ree. There's, there's like an alarm going off, I think. But is that what that is? I, it's going, like, wee, wee. 
If only I could lure him closer. I could tap the power inside of him, add it to my own, and overcome the damping device. Yeah, it's definitely a damping device. We don't know what the damping device is, but that's, <laughs> well, that's what it is. <laughs> he said it's there. But how? Free Crick! And then, what is that? A... Well, that'll do. I'll have to study you, monkey. Learn why the kryptonite barrage gave the two of us such different abilities. But for now, time is short. Come here. That's the sound effect. And then we go to part two, even though this was... This was... Two pages, two, two pages. Two pages. No, we're in part two. The signal. Hey, sometimes and I want to take this two pages. Yeah, yeah, sometimes <laughs> I... Okay. But uh, part two, we've got like this awesome looking... Like, I love this art, but there's like this alien guy being arrested, and he's handcuffed, and he's got like this this big... He looks like you said, like the Attack of Mars... Mars Attacks Mars type attack guys. Type he's got these big eyeballs, and, like a weird um, bondage, cage like cage mouth? mouthpiece. It like in front of a furnace type of opening. Yeah, like yeah, you're right. Like an oven. Mouth. His mouth is just a weird Freddy Krueger oven, and then like you can see all his veins and his body parts, and he's like invisible. Well, he's clear, the but skin yeah, skin clear. is clear, but he's shaped like a kind of like a weird penis. <laughs> yeah, not <laughs> to say that. <laughs> and uh, he's being arrested. He's looking really wide-eyed uh, over, and like here at the top of these buildings, we can see what's his name, Captain Amazing. We just. We just went over this, didn't we? We oh, did. Well, <laughs> Captain Amazo. Mr. Action! <laughs> Close enough. You yeah, know Mr. what? Mr. Action. It's the same concept. I know you guys remember all this, guys. I'm, you're going to hate me, but Jimmy Olsen was Mr. Action for a minute. Where he, We don't know yet how he got these mysterious powers, but he's taking over for Superman while he's out in space doing his shit. And now we can see him up at the top of this roof, and he's looking down, and there's this guy going up. Look! Look at him! Mr. Action, down here! Look down here! All right, all right, Mr. Exahoozies, move it along. You're, you're you're done here. Yee! Me really saw him. So Jimmy also, really, before we even start, he's like he's keeled over, like he's on his knee, like he's got his hands on his knees. It looks like he's about to puke on all the fans, mm -hmm. and he's, and uh, he's thinking to himself. And the old bubble letters that we don't see in comics anymore, and. Uh, he has a homemade suit. Yeah, he's got a homemade suit. It's kind of loose. Kinda it's not like very first flattering. Suit. Yeah, it looks like this first. Yeah, exactly. I'd say yep. so. Yep. Even even lamer. Uh huh. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> because, you know, it's it, it's him. So there you go. <laughs> All right. I did it. I really did it. I beat a real, actual, honest to gosh supervillain. A weird, super grosso kind of supervillain, but a real one. The man. Really long, long name. Yeah, for, that's what. Uh, if you're gonna pick a villain name, you're gonna pick Exomorphic, really. But it took that? us a while to describe him. <laughs> that was, yeah. So, and he looked I mean, very Exomorphic. I if guess. You know. <laughs> His exoskeleton was on the morphic, morphic side. Yeah, for sure. You gotta end it with man because man. every other generic. Could have been a woman. Yeah, this is kind of sexist. Um. <laughs> right. That could have been a, a woman. Sure. Uh, the Exomorphic man on some crazy rampage. Look at him cheering down there. Some hot girls, too. I've always, <laughs> I've only been at this a week or two, but I guess Mr. Action's really going places. Yes. It's more than I thought. And all right, so I beat that guy more due to luck than anything else. But I beat him. I won. Man, cow hair. Worst thing about being a superhero. wonder how Batman deals with it. Well, 
Oh, now I remember you said that. I'm like, well, Superman doesn't do that. But yeah, Batman does have a howl. He does, and makeup. Yeah, he does wear eye makeup. He's like emo-ish, kind of. He is. Um, I mean, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now I know why there's so much Batman shooting Hot Topic. Done. All right. Exactly. Um, I wish. Nope. No stretchy arm. I wish I knew why my powers kept deserting me. They're always there when I need them. Weird, unpredictable, but there. But other times, it's like they never existed at all. And that's not the only weird thing about being Mr. Action. No. Yeah. What well, that? <laughs> his I'm, outfit. I'm, <laughs> his villains. His uh. Exomorphic man's kind his, of fucking weird. His yeah. name. His name. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Well. It's like a bad pickup line. Hey. You, yeah, you called me that one. I'm Mr. Action. Yeah. No, no, no. You uh, better pick up lines than that. Mr. Fraction. Of there the you go. Action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Done. Are you ready for a fraction of action? <laughs> Just a fraction. No. Just a fraction. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to the comic. <laughs> I know things. I know who Robin really is, who all the Robins were. I know yeah, Wonder exactly. Woman is really Diana Prince of the Department of Metahuman Affairs. I know the locations I, I, of at least seven of Lex Luthor's hidden lairs <laughs> under the streets of Metropolis. At least seven. Only seven of the <laughs> Only know, six seven. million, right? But that's like a lot to know anyways. I mean, yeah, he seems like a really good person to kidnap. Is that what's going to happen? <laughs> uh, don't give it away. <laughs> I'm disgusting. I haven't even finished it yet. Yeah, so. You gave it away. There we go. <laughs> Hashtag spoiler alert. Um, but I don't know how I know any of that or so many other things. Like, why? Whenever I think about Superman... I get the image of Lois and Clark. That's, that's weird. Why is he? Why does he do that? I mean, he's like 16, so you should know the answer to that. <laughs> he's pretty hot. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they're his friends too. But, and for that matter, where the heck do superheroes keep their clothes when they go into action? What mm. happens if they finish the fight somewhere else? How do they clean their outfits? These are all real questions <laughs> to, yeah, that I really appreciate right now. Clean it like. <laughs> Okay. These are like real, real, real life things that are happening right now. Okay, we're over in Baker Lane right now. Oh, Baker Line, sorry. Oh yeah, Baker yeah, Line. Yeah, Baker Line. It's a neighborhood in the metropolis. Well, he's out of his suit now, so I guess the thought bubbles have traveled into a separate location. Well, he answered his now. own questions. Now he knows how he changed no. his outfit and how he cleaned it. Yeah, exactly. Home. You know, internalized all of this. So we can figure it out. Yeah. What about subways? Do all super guys fly, or have cool cars? Do some just schlep around like ordinary... Hey! Hey, Gina! Jimmy, what's new? <laughs> Joel, glamorous life of news photographer... <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> All front page photos and Pulitzer Prizes. Big snore. But look, Chihuahuas is playing at the Rivoli this Saturday. Yeah, there's a pretty big venue in Metropolis if you read comics. Yeah, I don't read Superman comics. I'm bad. So I read good comics, but... Uh, who played there twice? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Really? And uh, so, sorry, did the, uh, so did the... So did the... So did the... What are they called? Chihuahuas. Chihuahuas. Yeah, the Chihuahuas played there with David Bowie. I'm, I'm assuming that's how you say it. I could be totally it, wrong. It could be... Chihuahuas? No, Chihuahuas. That's got to be Chihuahuas. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck Chihuahuas. They never shut up. Fuck Chihuahuas. <laughs> They're playing at the Rivoli this Saturday, and I was wondering if you... Uh, uh, Jimmy, no offense, but, um, why do you smell like Chinese food? 
<laughs> why is that fucked up? Like, I like Chinese food. Right. And when I'm at the mall and I, I smell Chinese food, I get kind of turned on. That's what I'm saying, yeah. for sure. Like, Chinese food is a big turn on. Mm. Like, this bitch doesn't understand real food. She's a bitch, Jimmy. Just fuck Well, she's her. a redhead, so we yeah, all know how that ends up Mary in comments. <laughs> yeah. Cold-hearted, selfish bitch. Don't. Those garbage cans. Um, about that. Oh, look. Uh, a puppy? Gordon, you got a puppy? <laughs> hey, Gina. Did you know I'm really Mr. Action? Hey, Gina, I just beat the es- exomorphic man. No, exomorphic really. Man. Hmm. Something tells me she'd still be more interested by the dog. That's absolutely true as a female. I can completely confirm that this is a fact. <laughs> so they're finally writing to a female point of view like you've been bitching about. Yeah, before. right. Oh, sure. Let's have that conversation with you. Okay. Oh, what's his name? Isn't he cute? Oh, he loves me. The little poochie-woochie. I'm beat. I can grumble more about the ironies of life. Now we're at tomorrow. We're overlooking uh, Metropolis. And they're at the Daily Planet. And it sounds like a TV or something is going over. He goes, of justice. Minutes ago, as a league returned from a, a drurious all-night space mission, says Clark Kent as he yawns. He says, what's up, Perry? And Perry says, another job for you and Olsen, Kent. Down at City Hall. Myers go on the record about his Hazaraguin. Hazaraguin. That's a really long. Hazaraguin. That's a really long word that has lots of letters in it. Um, (laughs) Hazaraguin. Gardner. 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 If you're not reading this comic with us, this just looks like a bunch of letters all thrown together. You could just say Gardner. Um, Set it up with his assistant and... And an update on the kryptonite man's daring escape. We go to the Strikers Island, where authorities are still baffled. The walls were breached from outside using massive torque, but surveillance cameras were corrupted, as if by radioactive... Huh? I hadn't heard. Jimmy, I forgot. I've got an urgent interview. Let's do the city hall thing this afternoon, okay? Uh, sure. Late this afternoon. Uh... Well, that was convenient. It was, as Superman just somehow gets beyond Jimmy Olsen's suspicion once again, as, or excuse me, Clark Kent gets beyond Jimmy Olsen's suspicions once comic again. books together, uh, man. Like, you don't understand characters? You read these comics. I don't, and right. I know what's going on. Clark Kent what's the name of the main villain, or the main superhero in this comic right now? Action Man. Mr. Action! Mr. Action. Oh, my God! <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So I love these comics. They're forgettable. For, no, I mean, I meant... Uh, Great, that's perfect. The Admiral of Tomorrow. Remember this whole thing. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> okay. So I just want to say really quick, the <laughs> difference between Jimmy... All right. <laughs> go ahead. Clark Kent and Superman, it's hard to... Because, you know, I love them both equally, and, and they're both really special to me. And that's why I get them mixed up sometimes, okay? Like, I, I don't see the glasses like you do. I see just one beautiful man. Trying to do his best as a journalist and as a superhero, you know. And Jimmy Olsen's just trying to follow that lead, and he, and even though he has no actual idea that his best friend Clark Kent is Superman. I mean, if he doesn't, if he hasn't figured it out by now, he's retarded. Yeah. Just so you know, like he's the only thing Clark Kent has different in his outfit when he's Superman is the fucking glasses. Yeah. Like, well. Hello. You know, <laughs> it's called denial, and that's a very powerful. Uh, you I know. mean, I guess unless Jimmy Olsen is like secretly in love with him, he wouldn't understand. You know, he would. You know, 
Only be maybe Jimmy Olsen is secretly in love with him. You, I mean, you saw he was heartbroken right there when he ditched him on the date. And fucking thing. We're gonna it's go to thing. city hall together it's this afternoon. Yeah, late this afternoon. Okay. Anyways, the Avenue of Tomorrow. It looks like just another. Okay, and now the narration starts, <laughs> and we're like seven pages into the book, and now narration comes out of nowhere. I don't know who's narrating, but... Oh, they're not doing a good job. No, the Avenue of Tomorrow. It looks like just another Metropolis street at first, until tourists notice the signs and realize where they are. It's the city's red mecca. Oh, no, excuse me. That's a, it's the city's <laughs> R&D mecca. <laughs> that looked like an E. Home to the nation's brightest minds. It's almost advanced... It's most advanced labs, most cutting-edge firms. But if those tourists could see behind those signs today, specifically... Into the Rider Tech facilities. Oh, please! Now this guy is being held up by that's 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 Kryptonite Man, right? But you say he looks like who? Um, he looks like She-Hulk. Yeah. Sure. He definitely does. He has like this like V that's like on his chest. It's like purple. Purple. That doesn't so help. Yeah. it definitely reminds me of the She-Hulk with her, you know. Bikini line Did you ever have like a butch stuff. cut like that though? Well, no, it's but a, he's got, I like, mean, in classic comic book fashion, all the bitches have to have super long hair, yeah. big ass titties. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, so he's halfway there. Okay, so. Uh, no need to beg, you stuttering moron. I don't intend to harm you. I've eradicated you. No, I've irradiated, I've irradiated you. Irradiated. I've irradiated you, but I can reabsorb it later. But when I finished you, you'll feel ill for a while. But it feels <laughs> kind of like dirty talk right now. <laughs> yeah. Definitely like... At first I irradiated you, and I'm going to reabsorb it later. Yeah. And when I'm finished, yeah. you'll feel a little ill. Yeah, mm-hmm. it sounds pretty familiar. It, it, it's pretty good. <laughs> and uh, you're going to feel ill for a while. But, uh, that's only the need to make you feel secure. What? <laughs> You. While I avail myself of your equipment. Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh huh. This is super. Let me read this one more time. <laughs> <laughs> I've irradiated you. I can reabsorb it later. And when I'm finished, you'll feel ill for a while, but only. <laughs> it's only so I need you to feel secure while I avail myself of your equipment. Mm-hmm. I think we're this already is, getting. <laughs> this is his dirty talk this, right now. This and the guy. Look at him. He's, he's, we already had this conversation. He's putting on an O face for the, sure. Oh, that's no, an O face. No more, says no, the guy. No, no more. He's being held by his shirt and he looks pretty, you know. That's him playing hard to get. That's fine. And, ugh, he's the last of them, I think. Stash them somewhere, monkey. And there's a green monkey and he's assisting. So he's had multiple partners right now, is what <laughs> yeah, I'm saying. <laughs> see the other body. He's, he's all. He's the last look of them. He's in the fetal position. There's another doctor. Like. <laughs> So we're in these labs, I forgot, we're in the riot, Rider Tech labs, and there's bodies everywhere. All these doctors are in the fetal position, passed on the floor. And the She-Hawk in a butch cut is <laughs> just doing, he's, he's irradiating him and absorbing it. Irradiating. Yes. Like the opposite of radiate, don't you know, is irradiate. That is that is the opposite of radiate. Is that already like, don't water your plants? Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> piff. That was the last of them, I think, he says, and stash them somewhere, monkey. And like I said, he's being assisted by a green monkey. Oh, Kind of looks like a beast boy being a monkey, but it's not. It's I just mean, a green monkey. And uh, he says... Ape. I think they prefer the term ape. That is, I think, the socially acceptable term. But that might actually... Ape, but because that's more generic and then more general, you can't be very specific and say monkey. Well, is that a chimpanzee? Because it kind of looks like a chimpanzee. Um, like I said, if you don't know, you have to use a broader terminology. Uh, okay, it We're looks being like a politically correct right now, so. uh, primate. 
There you go. Yeah. Perfect. So it's a green primate. Uh-huh. And he says, uh, you're curious. I doubt you can understand. Though at that, you'd be a little different from man... Excuse me. Though at that, you'd be a little different from many of my actual human colleagues. Still, it's fairly interesting. In the 1930s, scientists po- postulated the existence of rotomagnetic spectrum fully in- independent of electromagnetic. Can they throw any more letters together <laughs> to form a sentence? Right. Like, okay, so whoever the writer is, can we like call them out right now? Yeah. I need to have a conversation. I'm looking with them. through the dictionary for all the different words I need to have a conversation with them, please. Including names. Please. Including names. Please. Well, who was it? it was it was um? We need to have a conversation. I think it was Stanley. This is like making up words again. Yeah, are you done? Are you done? Excelsior is an amazing word. I need to drop it. Like Excelsior. just drop it. Just drop it. It's Greek for ripping off other people. Let it work. go. Okay. <laughs> so. Or Latin, excuse it's me. It's better than no, Chihuahua. <laughs> like, Chihuahuas. <laughs> well, That's how you spell it. They open for Bowie. Okay. So in the 1930s, <laughs> the scientists postulated the existence of the radiomagnetic spectrum fully independent of the electromagnetic. But benighted fools save it up benign. as a myth. Benign. But it's T-E-D. Benign. Okay, well, the well, benign, benign fools gave it up as a myth. It was Thaddeus Savannah. What is with the... Okay, so it was Thaddeus Savannah. Thaddeus is a nice name. I don't know about the last one, but Thaddeus is a good name. But who? Is just, I mean, I would never name like anybody. bullshit either. names. All right, so who... It was Thaddeus Savannah who was visionary enough to prove them wrong more than he used, to, used it, creating the internet of private... The opposite of the internet is the internet. <laughs> it's a German version. We got this, guys. All right, it's called the internet. The internet. Internet. Oh yes. Okay. So creating the internet, a private, undetectable, worldwide data network exclusive to superhuman criminal community. Of course, quite clever, actually. Savannah, maybe a first-rate mind. In any case, I was slipped the information in prison. So if you could like talk about this whole entire page and like tell me what exactly happened, I can't I, tell you what I, the fuck happened. I have happened. absolutely right, so no idea what's occurring right she-hawk now. After She-Hawk had molested all the scientists in the room, there's an ape. And you see him there. He's like hanging up. Is that between his legs? When he's going, yeah, he's so been, this ape is like yep. humping his legs. Mm-hmm. He's fucking with some machinery. He's kind of like doing some weird technical I mean, shit in this laboratory. Nice, Go ahead. What's going on? So, yeah, he's, 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 he's fucking with all the machinery in the laboratory, and there's mirrors everywhere, and it's a reflecting light, and, and I can't tell you what is going on. But he's, he is tell, he's talking about it. You can't tell me what's going on in no, a comic was, book with pictures? That's okay. All right. Okay. So, well, he's, saying, well, he's, he's, he's doing this, but he's talking about something. That's what I, I'm saying. <laughs> it makes no sense. <laughs> But that's why Superman's God awesome. Damn it! No. Okay, go ahead. Let's finish so. it. Let's finish it before I give my review. My so, go ahead. He's doing all the equipment stuff. He goes, oh, they're quite clever, actually. Savani may be the first great man. In any cases, I was slipped with the information in prison, and now, period, period, period. And then here's Jimmy Olsen. He's outside. Listen. He's outside. And he's thinking to himself, huh? Maybe that wasn't such a good idea after all. I just figured the kryptonite man used the work on the avenue of tomorrow, so maybe he'd come back for revenge or something. But I guess... And now the guy's like stumbling, it looks like another dude in a lab coat who wasn't raped by the She-Hawk, and he's, he's stumbling through this alleyway and he's like, Hey, hey, hmm? I need help, my lab, my colleagues. What's, 
What's going on, guy? K- kryptonite man. He's he's river tech. He's a rider tech. He has at least seven hostages, maybe more. Others won't know soundproof. I'll check it out. See what I can do. Send the cops in after me. Though it could be Harry. Who? Wait. Not all. And then inside the internet. Which has been activated by Kryptonite Man. That's what he was doing. He, okay, see, I told you I knew what was going on. <laughs> he was changing all the equipment around so that he could activate the internet that the guy in the 1930s invented. I told you that. If you read the comics, you know. Right. right you know, that, now they're inside the internet. <laughs> and there's like a bunch of different people there's that, that looks like Ghost Rider, but I'm it's interested not. in this broad in the yeah, corner. Yeah. She looks interesting. She's, she's, she looks, looks like someone I'd fuck with, for sure. Yeah, yeah she's in the highest chair. Uh-huh. And there's all these other chairs. Uh, so they're in the internet, and there's like these one, two, three, four, four figures, and they're all looking down at uh, Kryptonite Man, and and they're they're like thinking, and they're like, hmm, they look like boss guys and stuff. And like 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 Abby said, there's like this woman at the top, kind of looks like what, like a rogue outfit almost. Pretty you know? much like a again She Hulk, it's green and yeah, a lot of purple and green going yep, on. Yep, I was just saying. And uh, <laughs> now the the narrator just says. STTP colon backslash backslash. It's a website. R- it's the internet. Oh. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so they're in the internet, and they're typing in the address, apparently. And if you guys want to go there, it's STTP colon backslash backslash. That stands for security, just a fun fact. Backalley.crm backslash. I'm totally about to look this up in my phone. VIP. Dash sweet da- uh, backslash conference. Oh, they're having a conference on right. the internet. Conference. Okay. So like they could have just used fucking Skype, but or all right. Aim. Well, this yeah. was written in 2001 again. Yeah, whatever. All right. So present, and I don't. I, okay, these are Doctor Cyber, mm-hmm. Calculator with an eight, uh, Tobia Wales and. <laughs> Atomic Skull, which I okay, Atomic Skull. Those are all yeah. great names, you know oh, what? Well, Atomic Skull is actually he's, he's, he's a, plus, a good Superman a, villain. He's, he's okay. He's okay. <laughs> Don't judge. I have, a there's, plus for naming. There's a Kingpin ripoff. You know there. what? Yep, that's pretty great. Yeah. All right, let's let's go with it. I'm gonna go. That's probably not calculator. Calculator's gotta be the guy. Gotta be that guy. The, the guy that looks like a nerd. Tie, yeah. 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 That, I'm assuming. So which one's the woman? Do you think? So let's go with uh, stereotypes. Yay! Yeah. So Kryptonite Man looks up to them and he goes, Thank you for agreeing to meet with me, gentlemen, and lady, of course. Mm. I'll be brief. I have no desire to rule the world, command a mob, or any other such pursuit. All I want is wealth and power, due to one of my intellect. One of my intellect. That doesn't sound very intelligent. One, just one, though. One, just one. (laughs) I got shit to spare. (laughs) As such, I need a secure laboratory, which is why I raped all these people and left them on the floor. And somewhere private, so I can do that raping and leaving them on the floor. That's not what it says. (laughs) And funding that will allow me to pursue my what researches I choose. In return, I offer whoever funds me the first opportunity at anything I create. Okay, can I say Ghost Rider right now? Yeah, that's definitely Atomic Skull. Looks a lot like Ghost Rider now. Definitely Ghost Rider. Now, if you see other images of of Atomic Skull, you'll see he doesn't always look like Ghost Rider. Okay, but right now, right now he looks exactly like like Ghost Ghost Rider. Only first opportunity, why not all ownership, says Ghost Rider. Mm. Atomic Skull. I'm not a flunky skull. This would be a part... Wait. 
Okay. He's not a funky skull. Stop I'm to say that. Stop. <laughs> okay. Stop. Can I? Can I? Let me. Let me. Okay. He just said that. Like, okay. All I'm right. not a flunky, <laughs> comma, skull. This would be a partnership, nothing less. Furthermore, if multiple partners wish to sponsor my work, that would be fine too. I can see possibilities on what you propose, Kryptonite Man. Yes, I may know several major crime figures who would be interested in such an arrangement as well. Perhaps we should. Crack! And then there comes Action. What's his name? Mr. Action. Mr. Action. Crack! As he said. Ugh! Man! Magnetic locks. I could have broken my shoulder. Not like a little super strength wouldn't have come in handy right there. But oh no! Huh? Ugh! And now, like, I think what I've gathered is that Jimmy Olsen's Mr. Action powers are like, you can't pick yeah. how they go, yeah. kind of? I don't know. Yes, that's what I've gathered so far. But, I, like, in the like, uh, next context, few panels, that might please. change. I don't know. I, I guess we're going to figure it out. It's great writing, though. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. 110% for writing right now. Let me tell you, that's not my part. That's oh, okay, good. I'm sorry. Ah, superhero. My cop. Oh, that's the good-looking kind of woman who looks more squarey now, but... Ah, superhero. My colleagues, I will consider your proposal, Dr. Abernath Nappy. Another name they just had to fucking make up right there. Mm-hmm. And get back to you. You should remain free. Consider it perhaps a test of your ingenuity. 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 You! You! That meaning could have meant millions to me. Clotted billions, maybe. Monkey, kill him. Monkey? What kind of crazy... Point. Ha! Just call me Atlas Olsen. Er, Smith Atlas Smith. Oh, so now I get the super string. I'll call you dead, you middling... Yipe! What? Yipe? What is... What? Yeep! Yeep? Is that how you say it? Yeah, when, you, when you're Jimmy Olsen, you go, Yeep! Is he yips? Yes. Okay. He's known for that if you... Like yip, I said. Yip, 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 Okay. Yipe! Ha! Huh. Turtle power. And maybe Superman be in trouble, pal. But K-radiation doesn't affect humans anywhere near as bad, so... Ah, you idiots! I'm not inert. I'm not some inert rock. I can hit you with such intense radiation you cook in the ludicrous shell. But why should I when my K-power makes me strong enough to beat you to a ragged, soggy pop? Ah! <laughs> What's still alive? Fuh. No matter, I'll just put a little more muscle into it. And now... There's... I don't think we're describing enough of the panels. Okay, so, well, tell like, what's going on. What happens? Because I feel like they would be really lost right now. <laughs> you know, the dialogue is so great. You know exactly what's going on. Okay, so, they're punching each other. Um, they're basically punching each other. <laughs> and, uh, you I know, think if you've read enough Mr. comments... <laughs> they're probably punching each other right Mr. now. <laughs> 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 Mr. Uh, Kryp- Kryptonite is... Uh, uh, going crazy with his um, shoe hulk attire mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. basically just chest punching um, Mr. Uh, Mr. Mr. Uh, action? Mr. Action. I got there it. There you go. <laughs> Mr. Action. Right now. See, you know, you're, you're learning. He can page learn. 17, he I can found learn. out who Mr. Action is. <laughs> and when the comic is over, he'll learn what it is. Um, he's basically like bunching the crap out of him. He's got all this like veiny stuff going on right now. So. He looks worried up for sure. Uh, for sure. Well, well he's, I he's, mean, he's, he's, he, he has kryptonite. Yeah, he's using his radiation so to. That's Oops. kind of a thing. But uh, yeah, so that's what's going on right now. In case you can't tell by the amazing dialogue. Yes. So now he's about to he's about to like punch Mister Action or Jimmy Olsen, you know, down to the ground and just beat the shit out of him. And then and, and then. The floor 
He pounded me clear through the floor. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> You're right, dude. This dude is a fucking freak. And I thought Mr. Exo's skeleton melaton man was fucking oh weird. Oh my god, so alright. <laughs> he pounded me through the clear through the floor. I'd be dead if it hadn't suddenly gone invulnerable. That's yeah. a great power. Is yeah. invulnerable. I didn't realize Especially that that was an sex. actual power. Yeah. And I really appreciate that invulnerable is a power. I've, I've got to fight back with, huh, flame breath out of nowhere. Yeah, I don't know. The fuck you like? You want to describe this panel? Oh He's my vomiting God. flame he said, all over him. Huh, flame breath? <laughs> Jeez, thanks for nothing, powers. It's just ticking him off. Yeah, right. and, and then he's literally throwing up. He's literally throwing up. Yeah, throwing up flames, flames. all over him. And that's that's worse than that's you know like a money any other right flamethrower ever. And did you, <laughs> you didn't even read it? Why? I'm sorry. I said why you? <laughs> you missed it. And then I say maybe I'm going down, but this <laughs> the going cop. Down, yeah, he's going down. He's you know. Uh, pounding through the floor and going down, but the cops will be here any minute. Any minute. Because now we go outside and that weedy-looking guy must have reached them long ago, said Jimmy Olsen, which, you know, I was going to lie, but I'll take care This man's suffering from radiation poisoning. Someone call an ambulance now. So the guy who was supposed to go find the police, you know, because Jimmy just rushed into action, not realizing the guy who was fainting while talking no to him. shit. What? Collapsed on the ground. A kid? Running into action, not like he's, deciphering everything that's age. happening. No, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's like 16. At least his maturity is like 16. Mm. Okay. Well, well. <laughs> just because that's the way you did it when you were 21 does not mean that's the way every other. I passed on the sidewalk w- long before I was 21. Oh, valid. <laughs> so the guy is suffering from radiation poisoning, and he's collapsed. And there's a bearded guy going, "Hey, you know, someone help him out." But no one's called the cops, so Jimmy Olsen's kind of fucked. And now Radiation Man's holding him up kind of like the same position that he's holding up all the lab guys, if you know what I mean. Mm. And he says, well, not so much of a challenge anymore, after all, Mr. Super whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's, have it, uh, let's have a look at you. And he pulls off his mask. No, I don't recognize him either. He goes, oh, I'm sorry, the monkey went, what? And he said, no, I don't recognize him either. I thought superheroes were supposed to be wealthy, jet-setting young... <laughs> Everyone can be Batman yeah, and Iron Man, all right? Does that mean you're attractive, though, if you're wealthy? Or yeah, so? I mean, I don't yeah. recognize him. He must be a poor. Okay. He's basically just tying up Jimmy, and he's and, he, and Jimmy's like, oh, my power's no good. And then, on the other hand, I wouldn't recognize Tom Cruise if he bit me. Then you don't, then what the fuck are you talking about? You don't recognize, if you don't recognize Tom Cruise... I mean, he does look taller in the movies, because literally, like, in the movies, if he's tall, if he's shorter than somebody... They make him wear shoes. Yeah, they give him like taller shoes, yeah, like heels. Yeah, they give him heels so that he can be taller. So maybe. Yeah, but I can understand. That's Tom Cruise's like, face. I thought you were t- taller than. If this guy can't recognize Tom Cruise, Saladin. if he bit him, <laughs> <laughs> he played a vampire in Interview of the Vampire. So that was not what, Tom Cruise. Yes, it was. It was Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. Was it? Yeah, yeah I said Brad Pitt. Like, yeah. Well, you didn't say I could. Brad Pitt was the the fucking main. Of that movie. He was kind of the, you know, actually, I think he was the bottom of that movie. He, well, Because I mean, Tom Cruise kept coming back, and he'd be like, no, not again. You remember enough, that? Remember fair that? enough. Yeah, that happened. On the other hand, I wouldn't recognize Tom Cruise if he bit me. It's not as if I pay attention to a celebrity, obviously. 
Still, this moron's bound to be worth something to somebody, and he's bounding him right now with well, some you? rope. And did you know, I just yeah. call it, or did I fucking yeah. call it? I mean, God damn it! Why am I so good at this? And if nobody will ransom him, he's still useful. If only as a lab experiment. No need to be wasteful. Experience? Experiment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'll just Jimmy here really quick. Hey. What is with this guy? One minute he's all like, I can you, and the next he's tucking me away into a, for a rainy day. Wait here, you. Not that I'm complaining, of course, because somebody's going to pay ransom for Mr. Action, right? There's no sign of the cops. I'm pretty well dead, unless... There, I'll let you do some Jimmy here. Yay. Oh, <laughs> crap. That's the worst password you can come up with, is crap. My signal watch it must have broken when I... Went, oh, was it? When I went through the floor, when he got pounded through the floor. Oh, yeah. His ass hurt after uh-huh. that. Looks like I'm in this alone. No calling Superman. Okay. But other superheroes can't do that when they've been captured. Yeah. Only Lois Lane can do that. Uh-huh. I'm in trouble. Superman. We, we both agree, Lady Abby and Lord Andy agree that Lois Lane is just a fucking crazy, selfish bitch. She's no, just going for the story. I and she, I'm so glad she She endangers it. millions of people's lives. I really hate her as, as a female yeah. character. Like, I hate like her. Like, she's a strong, like, independent woman, her. but she's just a... It's, it, she's, she's a selfish bitch. I, and I, she's career-bound, like, you know. I mean... She, and she's a horrible she's totally father and mother. She's about to be a career... Like, I'm okay with you being career-bound or whatever... Fine, but if you're a fucking cunt, like go away. Right, <laughs> like, right. And if just, you're just, just like go. abuse your relationship with Jesus. Superman while fucking just ignoring Clark Kent, you know. And you know that the same fucking person. Don't tell me yeah, they're not. No, don't she's just taking don't tell of me that. She's you don't getting paid know. for dates on There's both no ends. Way. That's what I'm saying. She's and she's a just whore. she's she's not just a whore, but she's like she's playing both sides. Like, and they're both two good people. She is the biggest guys. manipulator out of any of like, the comic book series. Like, she's, she could be she could be a supervillain. I don't yeah. know if there's oh a series God. for it or whatever. I, I think they've done but it. But I feel like she could definitely, could definitely, definitely be, oh, yeah. be a badass supervillain. Mm-hmm. But, you know, with this you know, outfit and everything. She like, Fox News. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> but she's not blonde. But we uh, could, we okay. could change yeah, it. We, we, you know. She's the type of bitch who's blonde. She goes, she'd, die, she'd bleach her hair. Oh, yeah. For the job, right? For sure. Oh, yeah. And then once she goes, you know, into her supervillain form, it could definitely be blonde. I could see it. Oh, yeah. For sure. That's like how you know the difference. Yep. Like, oh, that's good Lois. And then the blonde Lois is... Wait, well, they're both evil, but... <laughs> you know. The blonde Lois is the official, yes, official she, organized. She, she throws up fire too. Yes. Yeah, yes, and then you know the the brunette is you know a little bit low key. Turn this panel over. Looks like I'm in this alone. No calling Superman. Okay, but other superheroes can't do that when they've been captured. So do what do they do aside from talk to themselves? Escape? I could elastic. My way out of these bonds, but <sighs> nope, stupid powers. Hey, wait, maybe I can call Superman. The watch may be broken, but I built the signal device in it once. I should be able to do it again, especially since that big green blowhard locked me in this closet full of electronics. Yeah, I mean, big yeah. green blowhard yeah. through the floor. Again, more very uh, good writing here. Yeah. You know what, class mm-hmm. A. Mm-hmm. Especially since this big green blowhard locked me in a closet full of electronics equipment. Can't reach what's on the shelves, but maybe using that broom as a lever. Sounded that guy. Yes! 
Okay, we're in business here. Now we flash to Metro County Hospital, and there's a doctor overlooking a dude in a bed, and there's another doctor there, and then another doctor, and they're all holding clipboards. And he says, it's a light case of radiation poisoning. Oh, the dude in the bed is the dude that was on the street. Okay. It's a light case of radiation poisoning. I left him enough to make a mooji and pass out due to exertion. I think you cancel later. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It was only a thousand dollars a day. Crazy weird superpowers. Yeah. You know. Wait, like what? Mr. Incredible, whatever. You mean Mr. Action? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Fraction? Yeah. It's a light case of radiation poisoning enough to make a mooji and pass out due to exertion. 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 That's the word. That's how you say it. But there's no sign of any burns, and the exposure is so even. Even stranger scans indicate that it's kryptonite radiation, of all things. We can treat it, but... Hmm? Tap, tap. Excuse me. And now Superman's outside the hospital window, and he's saying, I heard you say kryptonite radiation, because I just happened to be in the neighborhood. (laughs) (laughs) I need to know where this man's been today, and I need to know quickly. Lives could depend on it. We weren't able to take a history, Superman, but he was found on the Avenue of Tomorrow, and his ID says he works at Rider Tech. Thanks. Take good care of him. I'll be back as soon as I can manage. Uh, sure. I mean, he's at a hospital. I hope they would take care of him. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> that's kind of their job. Yeah. Like, okay, thanks, Superman. <laughs> well, I don't know if you've ever been to Metropolis Public I'm not Hospital. Recently. It's it's like you wait in the yard ER for like seven hours. Yeah. Like, Superman got me here, but then I died waiting in the waiting room. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Uh, okay. So now we're back in the lavatory, and uh, Kryptonite Man is now, you know, straddling somebody else, I think. Mm. And he's going, blast it. I need the components to reconnect the internet before we leave. But I seem to have destroyed the rig I built. Good job. I need to work on controlling my temper. <laughs> yeah. No shit. I, I agree with the monkey. What? <laughs> Who? Why don't you just surrender before it gets any worse? You! You're a fool, Superman. You took me by surprise before, but this time... I'll burn you right out of the air! And he's shooting green rays looking things at Superman. And Superman goes, huh, sorry to disappoint you, but I do think ahead from time to time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sorry, he's no bad This guy. is really weird, choppy writing. No uh, shit. We're not, we're not retarded when we're reading this. It's just, it's written in like half I mean, sentences. And, maybe okay. slightly intoxicated, but well, not enough to be retarded. Exactly. So. I'm sorry to disappoint you, but I do think ahead from time to time, period. I stopped by Star Labs and borrowed a radiation-proof spray polymer. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your local Sears? Yeah. Um, that? We sell that, don't we? Yeah, yeah we okay. sell that over at the Marine store as well. It's, it's Marine grade. Yeah. And you know what? It's it's kind of you know expensive, it but costs, it's, yeah. it's, totally, it's, it's totally worth the price. And Especially you can just grab it off salt, the shelf. You, we always water. have it in stock, and mm-hmm. you know what? It's perfect. It is. It's it is. An extremely convenient for your superhero needs. And next time, I'm going to call on one of our other branches and ask them if they have any radiation-proof spray polymer. Yeah, for sure. And they'll be like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For you. <laughs> like, who doesn't have that in stock is the real question. Yeah, seriously. Like you said before, because <laughs> I went there and I was really pissed off. And yeah, like, they didn't have it in stock. Well, maybe the Home Depot. Well, it seems to be working for Superman, yes. regardless. <laughs> He goes, thank goodness I went to the local marine store and picked up my radiation-proof spray polymer that they're working on, because it seems to be working for me fine. Bah! Then I'll beat you senseless like last, like the last one. Okay. The last one? 
I can hear pulses of the men you captured, Doctor. They need medical attention, so I'll make this quick. Quick? All you'll do quickly is die, you ridiculous, puffed-up, muscle-headed... Okay, so like I said earlier, I, I'm not describing these panels because they're punching each other back mm. and forth. And now the monkey is running out. But again, there's a bunch of noises. A lot of noises. A lot of noises. Like this big one here goes, BASH! I don't think so. Ugh! And Superman just crashes him through a wall. It's really big bash. It's like half the page. It is a big bash. It's well, it's not even a bash. It's, at least it's a 20, big cash. It's, it's a big cash. It's B-K-S-H-H. They can't even do sound effects right. Nope. It's a It's a quarter of the page, and they took a lot of time, and they, yeah... Bakish. It sounds very uh like Jewish. a French dish. Or, or a French. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say Jewish Bakish. 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 Hey, stop acting like such a Bakish. <laughs> Alright. Calm down, Doctor Abernathy. Oh every doctor in this fucking book has a ridiculous is there any Doctor Smith's, any Doctor Jones's, anything. No, no. just calm down, Doctor Abernathy. I mean, that was my name. That's actually my real name. It's not Abby, it's Abernathy. Abernathy? That's, that's on my birth certificate right now. You know, suddenly found you a little less attractive. <laughs> I know, right? Are you a that's, doctor, though? That's, that's, nope. Okay, good. Not at so all. I, I, I just, quickly make up for it. I just but. have my, uh, my BS. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. You know. I have my BS. I, I'm very good at BS. You are very good at BS. Mm-hmm. Just like up. how you said you enjoyed watching Man of Steel, and I knew you're, you had your BS on for sure. Because I mean, no, I enjoyed watching. I didn't even enjoy it watching that. You with enjoy you. watching it, so I'm that's not why. After enjoy you it. pointed out everything, I, I was mean, like, yeah, yeah, okay, this movie does kind of bite, but I mean, I loved it. Harvey, it was great. Harvey, it was a great Henry, Henry Cavill is a fantastic actor. He deserves like nine Oscars, ten Grammys, three Golden Globes. He should have got them all, but. Sure. The guy's just a fantastic it was a great actor. cinematic. Yeah. Adventure. And it didn't drag on at all. Like nope. they edited it just perfect. Nope. Just down. Yeah, everything and all Lois right. Lane never just showed up out of nowhere. Nope. Not, not three, four not, times. Not like, six like times we all put, yeah, six times oh, It's a great movie. You're and I don't know why you don't like ten out of ten. For sure. Ten out of ten. Man of Steel probably is Man the greatest greatest superhero movie of all time. I mean, it's almost as good as X Men Three. Yeah, yeah, yeah babe. You yeah. know what? That was great. It was great. It, it was really great. makes me it's... hot when you lie to me to my face about <laughs> okay, how much you enjoy so, Man of Steel. So good. Then I know you really love me. Yeah. Yes. Oh, <laughs> and she hasn't even seen Suicide Suicide Squad yet. So yes, I have uh, actually. Oh, and it was did? a horrible movie. It was very horrible. The best part, the best part about that whole movie was the soundtrack. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, because, you know, I really enjoy hearing songs it. from, like, 1990s just being replayed one more time. Why and, not? Oh, my God. 90s baby. All about that life. Mm. Mm. <laughs> he sets on his drink <laughs> solemnly. <laughs> Calm down, Dr. Abernathy. <laughs> it won't help but cause any even more damage. The technology squad is standing by. They'll dampen all your powers, return you, strike, return you to strikers. If you want to catch a break with the judge, just start over. You I'd offer know. To <laughs> I'm, I'm Superman's talking right now, and he's, and he's, as you can see, he's cuffing Doctor Kryptonite from behind, oh, and he's saying, again, "Calm down, Mister Abernathy, Doctor Abernathy. Tell me something, Superman. That anti-rad polymer. That wouldn't be works of Fionis Potter, right? Because that'd be another fucked-up name that you'd make me have to say out loud. You mean Potter? Fionis Potter." Penis Potter. He's a penis Phineas, Potter. Phineas! Phineas! Have you never watched this show? Phineas and Ferb? Holy crap. Is it on cable? It's a thing! Is it on cable? Yes. No, okay, it's a thing. Phineas and Ferb. Phineas 
Potter, which is apparently a super generic game, aka from the Harry Potter series, but okay. Let's I, go with Phineas Potter. Harry Potter's like the Twilight stuff, right? <laughs> Potter's sloppy adult brain has since we were in grad school together. I'm guessing he built this new plastic. I'm reading it word for word. This <laughs> makes so no smooth. sense. Hey, without spin. once considering this melting point. Oh, oh, and now he's like getting all glowing and he's starting to melt uh, Superman's polymer ether suit that he got at the local marine store off. Mm-hmm. And now we have Jimmy Olsen down there at the bottom. He's taking to himself. He's tied up and he's just getting kind of hot. Don't know what K-Man's doing, thumping around out there like that. But whatever <laughs> it was, it gave me the time to finish. You know what I mean. <laughs> oh, yeah. I hope it works. There's only so much you can manage with your hands tied behind your back. But, well... Here goes nothing! If you want to catch... If you want to catch a break with the judge, I... How about I break your skull instead, you spit-curled oaf? Where is he? Come on. The news said he was back from space. He should be able to hear it. Come on, pal. Need your help here. Maybe I've got the frequency wrong. If I crank it up again. Come on, Superman. Hear the signal. Come on. Hear the... Crush! Hey, all right. Glad you could make it. Oh, what is it? It's crypto. Huh? Talk, yeah. Huh? Dude. Crypto. Oh my goodness! This is I told you you love this book. Is this is how it fucking ends. That's how it ends. The dog saves the dog the fucking jumps in and goes. Oh yeah, I told god, you you love this comic. So Your score just went up. Oh my god! See, guys, I know so how to get to the room. You know how she mentioned earlier how she liked the puppy. Oh my god! The fact that the yeah, dog saves. Just... You know what? The horrible writing, the uh, okay art. The, uh, you know, everything else is totally made up for the fact that the dog yeah. saves the day. Um, you know, she didn't know okay, she so, a dog named Crypto, like, but no, but, like, um, the fact that Superman wasn't in this comic, like, except for, like, three panels, mm. really excites me as well, because, you know, Superman, and, um, it, <laughs> it ends with a dog Ooh. that saves the day yeah, when... Saves. A 16-year-old boy can't even save the day, but and that makes me really happy. <laughs> it's a rescue dog. That is literally <laughs> that is with the little little collar yeah, on the rum that's like, inside of his uh, mm-hmm. thing. The Saint Bernard. Save too. a kryptonite dog when you. Because mm-hmm. he's he's pretty great. Yeah. That was like a super process. Okay. Like, okay. So all right. Nowhere. So really quick. All right. <clears throat> now that you're. You've, you've got to be part of the whole magic of Superman history. The magic. And you've got to take part of something so powerful and, and brilliant right. writing. And it's you know amazing it's art. And we weren't confused at all in what was going on because it was just perfectly crystal clear. Perfect. It was like anything Zack Snyder's ever done. Yeah. And uh, what would you, what, what's, your, what's, your, uh, what's your score here? I remember. Now, she always gets mad because the last We're not four gonna comics do I did point twos. And I, she pointed that out to me. And, um, yeah, you know, everyone else that. is as big a fan as I am of the show. Mm, she's a um, so, as far as art goes, it was okay. I mean, it wasn't bad. It was, yeah. it was okay. It was 
you know, generic comic book style. Right. Um, so that's about a five as far as art goes. Writing was like a two because nobody knew what the fuck was going on. Yeah, I mean, I dare you guys to read this issue um, at home, but we're not, I mean, we are intoxicated, but this issue made uh, absolutely no sense. It's just not even, it, it, it's just, no. Like, <laughs> But that's what so, I, so I'm going with a nine. Like, that yeah. was like a two, yeah, right. So, um, it's, but it ended really well, um, because that was a super plot twist. It ended with a dog again, like yep, they alluded Crypto to. Can hear the Superman watch. As they alluded to in, you know, Z-Z. earlier the comic mm-hmm. with the female Gina and the uh, the puppy. That he just can't win against the puppy, right. Mr. Invincible, Credible, whatever. I didn't even notice that until now. Can't yeah, even, now, now yeah, yeah. The puppy saved the day. And so the puppy saved the day. So that's like you know a nine. Like it is mm. like the only other ten would be a puppy with a super you know. Dick. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Except no, that's <laughs> fucking weird. What the fuck is this? that okay? <laughs> that's what you're going with it. All right. No. I read her eyes were wrong. What right is there. wrong with you? <laughs> That's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Yep. I, I no. Anyways, <laughs> everyone loves dogs. Um, apparently, yeah. some people love dogs more than others. Um, That's what I thought. Doggy style meant. Oh, no, no one explained it to me. Not. <laughs> That's why it was so hard to find that shit on the internet. When I was like, no, that's the, that can't be it. That's humans. No, stop. Okay. The, please, no. <laughs> Don't, no. <laughs> so you're going like an eight point two? Is what you're saying. No, I'll go with like a. I'm gonna go with like a, a six point five. Six point. That's 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 actually better than I thought you'd go. That's uh. It's, is it, it all because of the dog? It's because of the dog. Okay. It's it is like the dog is like a ten. Mm. So like as far as averages mm-hmm. go, it's it's like a six. Like I, I'm gonna say, the... like I'm gonna take back my point five just because the writing was so fucking bad. Yeah. We're gonna do a six. A six. A solid right, that's six. fair. We're gonna do a solid six. And you know what? Now that I'm reviewing it with someone else, and I'm not just in my lonesome in, in a dark room recording this by myself. You know, it's pretty dark. Uh, I I don't think I can give such a high score as I normally do. I, I'm gonna go with um the dogs. A five point two. Um. I'm gonna go with a five point eight. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say point two. He was, but, uh, so yeah. 5.8. Okay. Okay. 5.8 and a 6. All right. Solid. All right. Well, since we're already here, let's make a quick shot to the Get Fresh crew. Yes. And Weird Science. And, thank uh, you. thank you for all your love and support on Slack Chat. Yes. And then, uh, we're really excited to say that we'll be coming out with, uh, a much better polished and much amazingly better. Oh, um, polished. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I bought I mean... a bunch of polish. So, <laughs> um, we're coming out with underneath, under the mattress with, uh, and we're going to be discussing mature comics uh, of today mainly because we're trying to, you know, get shit that you can still find in stores right now mm-hmm. and uh, stuff that's a little bit more we'll do risky. Some history. We'll do some uh, under the mattress in history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
But we got some good stuff already planned. If you guys are fans of uh, Sex Criminals, that's coming up for episode number one. Yes. We'll be discussing that. So great. Lady Abby introduced to me. And yes, it is a fantastic comic book. It's a great series. And uh, hopefully we can win you over with that. And then we also have a couple other ones down the road. Was it Saga we're looking into? Saga. Saga is Possibly Unholy Grail, but we're looking for like even edgier shit than that. So yeah, Saga definitely. That's his idea. Yeah. Well, no, it's because I'm paying for it right now. And I'm like, oh, I'm like three issues in. We went to a fantastic comic shop. I've, I've mentioned it before in the mail section. Um, John and Carol's and or Carol and John's in Cleveland, Ohio is awesome. And the guy Great. we talked to today, we said, hey, we're trying to do some good, mature comics that are coming out. And he spent like a half hour of his time to just show us a whole bunch of great titles oh, yeah. that we can get into that are really good. So, well, there's like six other customers in the story. Yeah, like, hey. yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's a Marvel guy, so he won your heart. Oh, no, yeah, absolutely. So, but, um, yeah, so look forward to that. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this ridiculous uh, <laughs> episode, episode number five Thanks, of this week guys. in Superman history. And it's not going away forever, but we are going to go a little hiatus for that. And I'm looking forward to Under the Mattress. Uh, that's going to be some more fun, mm-hmm. I think. And I hope everyone in the Get Fresh crew enjoys it. And thank you Thanks for Thanks for time. having me, Andy. Oh, yes. And do you, want, you want to do the call sign at the end? You know? I'm, I'm wishing hope. everyone... I'm wishing everyone uh, truth, justice, and the American way. Oh, God. Say it slower. <laughs> truth, truth, justice, justice uh, and the... Uh, <laughs> Yes, thank you. Now, what you've been waiting for, in association with Weird Science, this week in Superman history, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's a plane,